This is the 2022 NFL Draft with Brian Broaddus, Bobby Belt, Dave Hellman, and Kyle Yeomans. It's the day of the scouts. Day three of the NFL Draft is upon us, and the Cowboys have plenty of ammo heading into round four. They've got a fourth-round pick at 129, four fifth-round picks and a sixth-round pick. As we sit at the moment, plenty of time for us to talk about potential new Cowboys as we welcome you back to the Star in Frisco and the Ford Center at the Star SWBC Studios. David Hellman, Brian Broaddus, Bobby Belt, I'm Kyle Yeomans, back with you here for day three of the NFL Draft. Cowboys have addressed a ton of their needs to this point. You talk about the three picks they've made. You started with Tyler Smith, offensive line, check, out of the way. Then you took edge rusher Sam Williams out of Ole Miss in the second round. Edge rusher, at least at the moment, addressed. And then wide receiver with Jalen Tolbert in the third. David, you happy with what the Cowboys have done hitting those needs to this point? It's just, you know, for a team that didn't have any musts, they hit all the musts. I'm going to keep harping on that (laughs) because I don't like having my intelligence insulted. The Cowboys had some needs, and uh, we'll see how those picks play out. Tyler Smith. So much potential. Uh, there's going to be plenty of commentary about whether it was a reach or not. The Cowboys feel great about it. And then two guys that we've been talking about this entire time on day two. Two guys, I think, forget the order. I think most people feel good about those prospects, however it is they wound up with them. And, yeah, they check the three biggest boxes on this team's need list. I think as they look at the draft and as they analyze it, it went to perfection for them. You know, And, again, there's going to be a lot of, of hmm, Let's see what happens with with Smith as a guard. If that's the development, if everything that you know that they, they feel like the player can be, then that's that's one of those ones we're going to look back and say, man, maybe next time we need to think about these coaches developing, or maybe a player having all the traits, with the exception of maybe having some technique. But I think if you asked anybody yesterday going in, and I know Bobby and I and Dave, we all talk to people. They were thinking about somehow, some way, defensive end and wide receiver. Maybe even a tight end was thrown in the mix. But whatever order, I think that we might have had it going the other way. Maybe if you look at your grades and your boards and stuff like that. Or, you know, but they got the two guys I think yesterday they absolutely wanted. And, and you mentioned today they've got some, they've got, uh, you know, there's still a lot of names, still a lot of really good names on that board. I think you're going to be hunting a tight end this morning. I think you might be hunting a cornerback, too. And we'll get into that as we uh, mosey on through this day. Yeah, I think yesterday I would have anticipated, like we said, I would have thought the receiver would have come first just because that felt more pressing to me. I felt like you've got Demarcus Lawrence, you've got Chauncey Golston, who they're very, well, you were very higher. high on. You were higher on. I, I was higher, higher on. Tolbert. Yeah, you were higher. And I think there was, I think there were scouts in that room that were higher. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, and I mean, again, I think that's also just kind of a sidebar. I meant to say this yesterday. When we talk about certain players like Sky Moore and we go like, ah, I think they, they, yeah. they think he's a slot. Understand that that's what the collaborative process came to. That does not mean that there are not people in that room who believe I think yeah. Scott. Yeah. There are people yeah. in there I think who think Sky Moore could play outside, sure. but it, yeah. it's not what they came to as a consensus, and that's that's what they're going off of. And so, to that end, yeah, I'm sure there are some people who thought Jalen they like Jalen Tolbert better, but they went with Sam Williams and they played it correctly. Yeah. They, they saw it right. They said that there's a better chance Tolbert gets to 88 than Sam Williams does, and in the end, they were probably right. I kind of have a feeling, though, that that and again, just watching War Room Cam and 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 kind of analyzing maybe that a little bit, 
with Will McClay standing up and Jerry Jones kind of having his arm around stuff like that, that might have been when you talk about Sam Williams. That might have been him. Will and Dan Quinn are very close. They're very close. And Will, they, they, they have the utmost respect for each other. I think that was one of those things that in, in the room you need sponsors. You need somebody to speak up when tags are certain levels. And the discussion I think came up. I watched, you know, watch Will, you know, talk. I watched, you know, how they reaction at Dan. It kind of gave me that vibe that maybe that Will was championing Sam Williams for Dan Quinn. You know, and, and, you know, Dan Quinn's in that room. So, you know, it, you know, with, it, when you, you just need that one guy maybe to kind of push things. But you're right, Bobby. They played it the right way. They ended up with the right players. For them, they did. Yeah. You know, and, but I, I could, I could have, I, I kind of got that feeling that maybe that this was one of those ones like, okay, I know how much you like this defensive end. Let's go. Well, and we talk about it a lot too, I think. And, there's going to be disagreement about Sam Williams. I know a lot of people had him graded as a third-round pick. But but they didn't. That's that's the key. Of course, uh, yes, A. But B, if you, th- if you think a guy at a position like that has the traits to yeah. be a difference maker, that's the guy you take. Right. And, I mean, it's not to, like, discredit Jalen Tolbert's skill set, but you feel better that you can find that later on. Whereas if, if this is the guy that you have identified as the guy that can – Bend the corner and get you know get low, get around the tackle, all that stuff. Then then you take him, you take him where you can. And the most animated reaction I think we've seen from the war room was Stephen when they picked Sam Williams. Stephen was like literally doing this and yeah. like looked real. So you I think Stephen did he, he did one of these whole full on and like then grabbed somebody and like shook him and he was he was excited. See, that's where I think them in, and I, I think there's a lot of trust in this building for what Dan Quinn brings. Up I, I think Dan, down. yeah, I think Dan, everybody Quinn, trusts him. You know, and you, you kind of, you kind of get that feeling that, that when these scouts and these, you know, and, and, and you know, you look at the, the, you know, the family and their reactions and stuff like that, you know, to him, I, I mean, I think w- with what they were able to do with him coming in, those coaches coming from Atlanta, we were all screaming, if this could just be a middle of the pack defense, it would, this team would be out, you know, would have a great chance. It was more than just a middle of pack defense. And, and the reason a lot of it was because all of a sudden you bring guys like Dan Quinn in and, and Witt and AD and those guys and they're, and they're like, they're coaching these guys up. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Curse who in the media were all going, oh, these, this is just another guy. This is just another guy. It's another guy they're going to cut in training camp. It was a waste of time. And then he ends up starting 16 games and only missing three tackles. You know, that's the kind of a value. George Edwards gets a lot of credit for that too, but, I'm just saying though, I think there's, I think there's some coaches and I think the number one rule that I ever learned when I was running a draft at one time was, and being in draft rooms was, know if, what coaches can evaluate. Know the ones that can evaluate. The ones that, that can't say, well thank you, okay, who's, we've got a born in next. You know, you just move on from that. And I think Dan Quinn, I think Dan Quinn and Will McClay pushed that Williams pick. I really, really do. And, you know, I know you've told the story before. Who, who was the coach in Philly who wouldn't talk to you? Oh, Emmett Thomas. Emmett yeah, Thomas. Yeah. So, so, so like, it is not unusual in NFL circles for there to be a little bit of a, we're the coaches, you're the scouts, yeah. and, and maybe not as a whole staff, but like, it's not unusual to have that. That is a unique thing that after year one, I think is, is really special about Dan Quinn, yeah. is that it is 
The front office loves him. The scouts love him. The players love him. Everyone loves Dan Quinn and trusts him completely. Uh, the scouts love Dan Quinn, like the way that he because he with works. Them. Yeah, yeah. And, he and grinds he, with them. He enjoys that stuff. I mean, yeah. we talked last year about how he hit like every pro day. Yeah, he did. He was an active part of this process again. I mean, the reason we were on Sam Williams so early is because he personally worked him out. Yeah. I think that that was the first thing when we were working on the draft show the three, four weeks before, when they were going through the pro days, and then we were starting to see video surface from Oxford of Sam Williams being worked out by Dan Quinn. That's not by accident. No. And Dan Quinn's uh, upbringing is as a defensive line coach. So that was going to be, you knew that. You just, again, you don't send your coach out. Unless you like, like say these teams hunting quarterbacks and stuff like that. Those guys hit all those pro days. But to send a guy to that specific spot, I think is pretty good. It really is something to, to behold. The whole process that you go through and, and having these names start to pop up along the way. You, you see it every single year. And there are guys that certainly stick out. There are others that don't as much. And the scouting department does a fantastic job of picking those names out early on to make sure that they are ready to go. And we are joined now by a member of that scouting department, Mr. Chris Vaughn, joining us here on the Draft Show, 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Chris, how you doing? Good morning. Doing well. How are you guys? Super. This is a treat, man. I mean, we... We see y'all around. We know the work that you do, but y'all are like this, you know, you're seen but not heard in a lot of cases. So it's, right. it's really fun to have you on with us. <laughs> well, thank you for the opportunity. How's the weekend going so far for you guys? Going Feels pretty really, good, right? Going really well. Going really well. Excited about the day. Got a couple more picks and, and, uh, see if we can get them in the boat. What is a day like this like when you have so much ammo in terms of picks? I mean, you, you've got a busy day ahead of you. You've had a great weekend so far, but, there's still a lot of work left to be done. Right. You know, the, the the most interesting thing is there's so many moving parts, you know, because everybody has picks, right? So you're kind of seeing if your guy's still hanging in there, if, you know, who's going to take him, who's coming up, you know. So it's exciting uh, to have the picks. It's exciting to kind of see how it all kind of works together, and, and uh, our guys are doing a great job. So, Chris, you are the Southeast Area Scout, which, again, like – the 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 things that we have to resort to to get information sometimes <laughs> just like well like Chris is there I, mean, I guess the southeast guys here maybe that means they like this guy and in the case of Sam Williams there was there were a lot of indicators that y'all really like this guy at least on our end and so I you know that's your area we would love to hear some of your expertise on first of all what exactly you like about him and I'm also fascinated by the process of like. How do you go from the process of one or two guys are like, yo, this guy's good, to the whole organization is kind of like focused in on a guy? Right. Well, actually, we kind of split the Southeast up. Different organizations break it a couple different ways. Sam Garza is actually uh, the, the, the scout that handles uh, the state of Mississippi. Fortunately, oh, wow. I was able to go in and, and, and do a cross-check on him. So Sam did a great job of setting the table and – you know, giving us a base of, hey, here's, you know, here are the players there. And of course, Sam's name was on there. And, uh, uh, going in, you just saw a guy that had unbelievable talent, great get off, naturally strong, uh, productive in the SEC. Uh, all those things are, of course, intriguing. Those are things we're looking for in the NFL. Um, you know, and, and when you went into the school, you know, he had a lot of guys that, you know, a lot of guys on that staff that, that, that really fought for Sam. Um, you know, I know, Several coaches there. I coached there for a couple of years, so I still know a lot of people in the area, and and, uh, and they love Sam. And so I got a lot of texts last night. Congratulations on getting Sam and hitting them back, and we're excited. So it was it was a interesting um, 
you know, kind of how everything fell and, and the way it worked, but we're excited to have Sam. Chris, I scouted in a different era where they didn't have social media. And, <laughs> and so, you know, and now it, it's with guys like us. We talk about this. Everybody loves to draft. I mean, we, when I, my first comment, they had eight guys covering the whole combine. Right. And so you walked outside and you might bump into a Rick Goslin or Jeff Legwell or something like that. And you'd walk with them and you'd talk with them a little bit. But is it difficult now with people, all, everybody just so focused on the draft and, and trying to keep the noise to a minimum? Because, again, there's people that were been somewhat critical of, you know, the first pick with Smith and all that. And, you know, if you watch him play, it, it just looks like to me little technique issues, not not a full-blown, oh, we got to rebuild this guy and it it's a reach and all that stuff like that. But how much do you guys hear that? Is it, or how do you keep from hearing guys like me and Dave and others talk about these players? Is it, is it something you just accept or is it something you just kind of say, uh, they don't know what the hell they're talking about? <laughs> well, to be honest, you just kind of ignore it. We don't listen to you guys. I mean, I guess that's the, I guess that's the best no, way to no, put it. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, I'm actually happy to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so you know, of, of course, after the you know after the fact, everybody likes to kind of pick up newspaper and sure. see or see, what's a grade, newspaper. what grade yeah. we get. You know, yeah, what people yeah. say. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing that that will and the Jones do a great job of is sitting. The, we do a draft for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So you know, when we when we take guys, where we take guys, it's because for us, not for the Seahawks are not for the Texans or not for because right. everybody has different needs. But for our organization, these guys fit what we need. They fit where, you know, our vision and our philosophy. And we feel like we, we've hit that in these first three picks. Do you feel like, though, like to say, okay, go back to Smith and, you know, and again, there's people, I mean, we were so focused on the other guards. And I'm sure you guys had, you know, Zion Johnson and Green and all that where they needed to be and mm-hmm. all that. But as, as comparison to where those guys were, because we were late. I felt like we were late getting in on. I mean, there were some mock drafts that had, you know, Tom, had him in there. But kind of talk about where you saw him with those guards. I mean, the top guard and, and, and that kind of stuff. Where where did he his strengths over those other guys? Where were they at for you guys? Well, and, and I have to be careful answering that question because I didn't personally uh, sure. evaluate. Sure. Taylor. So, uh, but I do know that that our group, our, mm-hmm. our decision making group. Uh, just fell in love with his physicality, mm-hmm. um, the way he does finish. Um, He's you know, a bully. He, yes, he is. Yeah. You know, um, at, as a former coach, I will say, you know, you've always heard, well, there's some penalties there. Yeah. Well, not all penalties are the same. Right. Right. You're, 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 Putting somebody on their back. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. And, and all of a sudden. Oh, no, you see that. Right. As opposed to getting beat and grabbing a guy. Right, right. Uh, you know, so, uh, just like old DB coach myself, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you get a PI because the coverage is too good. Yeah. <laughs> Referees don't understand. Yeah. You know, so, uh, that's what I would holler anyway. So, um, but, but no, I, you know, I think our, our, our decision makers just saw a guy that was smart, uh, you know, very instinctive, powerful. Yeah. Physical. You know, all the traits to be a really good player and flexibility. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I know, I know we're excited about him. I thought yeah. he, he knocked the interview out, uh, the press conference out. Sure, he did a great job. Yeah. He really did. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we interviewed him yesterday on the radio and I looked at uh, my co-host and I'm like, man, they, they might have got somebody here. You, you know, know, that kind of thing. So, so you yeah. know, and, 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 and we're projecting players. Sure. And so you, so you, you put that on top of the young man that he is and, and you get really, really excited. Okay. Look, run us through real quick too, cause the pandemic hurt scouts. I, I talked to more guys and their families are like, dad, when are you going to get back out on the road? Families right. aren't used to having dad at <laughs> right. home during the pandemic. Right. 
Right. But talk about how nice it was to get back out on the road and, and hit your area, hit your schools, reconnect with those people that are your 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 lifeblood to finding out about these players. Right. Well, you know, being being in person, they're so important just because. You know, a lot of what we do, we're like we're like investigative, you know, reporters, right? Sure. So, uh, a lot of it's not what they say, but how they say it, mm-hmm. uh, what they don't say, and sometimes you can't get that conveyed over a phone call. You know, right. so to so to sit down with a position coach or sit down with a coordinator and talk to them about a player, um, you know. It, a couple different statements can be made, but the way they say it, you know, well, what do you think about Johnny? Oh, I love Johnny. Yeah. What do you think about Johnny? Well, you know, I love Johnny. You know, so th- those are two oh, yeah. examples of how you read. You get the people, reaction. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah. now it gives us context because not very, you know, we can pick up sometimes if there's some issues uh, where coaches aren't telling us there are issues, but it's kind of how they say, how we word questions, mm-hmm. how they respond to try to get to the you know, get to the uh, the facts or get to where we need to go do a little more investigating or, or things like that. So getting back on the road and, and, you know, the great thing about being on the road, I can talk to the janitor. Yeah. I can talk to a secretary. <laughs> You're smart doing that, and, by the way. Right, because they, they know who <laughs> they know the player. Are. They know them. You, yeah. know, yeah. uh, you know, I talk about character all the time. Character is, is yeah. who you are when yeah. you deal with people that can't. That's right. You. You're smart. You know, so, yeah. so those are the things that we that, that we get when we get a chance to get on the road mm-hmm. uh, and, and get in the building. So it's a it's a huge part of the process and glad we were able to get back out there. Chris Vaughn, Southeast Area Scout, joining us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Now, Chris, you being in the South Southeast, you, of course, have a, a guy selected yesterday as well in Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver from South Alabama at the 88th overall pick. Give me your rundown of what you saw from, from Jalen Tolbert and what he brings to the table for this football team. Well, you know, excited about Jalen. I mean, when you watch him on tape, uh, he stretches the field uh, really good, going to attack the ball. Uh, and that was that stood out. Him in contested catch situations was really, really good. Uh, he's, he's quarterback friendly and a great kid. I mean, not a kid, young man. Uh, <laughs> that's the, again, that's the coach of me. Call everybody that's a kid okay. and you go. And these prospects were born in like 2001. I, they, it's I mean, um, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. So I have to, I have to remind myself, these young, these young men, but such a great young man. Um, you know, covering the area, you kind of get to see those guys grow and like the progression that they make. So sometimes, you know, when, when guys kind of evaluate a guy one year in a in a vacuum, you know, it's like, well, okay. But when you see a guy kind of come up, I was, you know, last year they had a really good prospect, yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm I'm evaluating him, and then all of a sudden you see Jalen over there, and you're like, oh, wow, man. they got one coming. Yeah, you know, yeah. so th- that's always exciting to kind of you know see the progression of a guy and like, man, this guy. We were coming. we were talking about that last night. We're like, I love scouts are always like. Yeah, he's cool. You need to be watching this guy. Right. Like, you know, so guy another another on, one is on. when you're sitting there watching tape with uh, with your group and all of a sudden you go somebody goes, Well, who's, who's the number guy? number nine? That's right. Well, that's a sophomore you gotta know about. And that's he always exactly happened right. Florida State, Miami, it was always well who's well that's that Warren Sapp. You'll right. have to know about him in a little it, bit later it, date. Exactly. There's a couple guys like that at Kansas State, one of which that plays in the backfield <laughs> where's number twenty two. I was waiting when we were gonna bring that up. Running yeah. back uh, a couple couple years uh down the road, but hey, there's a pretty good running back coming up. But we'll have to We'll have to have you on to break down Deuce Vaughn's tape one of these days. Well, so you'll get – if I'm here by myself – 
you'll get a realistic breakdown. Oh, okay. My wife happens to be in earshot. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I've got to do what I've got to do to keep a totally understandable. Home, so. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking some time with us. We've got to take a break, but this has been fantastic. Get the yes, kind of thank you for your time, man. Appreciate uh, it. Really do. We are excited for the future and, of course, for the, the rest of the picks today. Good luck on the other side of the building. Thank you very much, fellas. There he goes. Chris Vaughn, scout for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back with more draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And we are back on the DallasCowboys.com side of things. And just like that, this is one of the perks of being in the building is we get special guests after special guests along the way. And we just had a great conversation with Chris Vaughn. And, Dave, you're pretty pumped about our next special guest. Heck, here. yeah. Well, I, I said it when Chris just came on. Like, the, the scouts do all of the grunt work. <laughs> no offense to Will and Steven and all the other big wigs. And it's nice to see them get some shine. What's up, Klein? What's going on, guys? I don't. Grunt work's probably probably a little too much. You know, Is it? Yeah. You guys spend a lot of hours in the off season and yeah, in the regular season. Travel the country. We see beautiful places. You know. Ballot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, embrace the grind. I love it. Absolutely. By the way, a formal introduction. Klein Kubiak joining us here on 105.3 The Fan and I guess DallasCowboys.com side, but. Ice Owls legend, Klein Kubiak. Absolutely. Yes. Now that is way too much. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the navy and white on. You're repping the colors a little bit there. I'm always an owl. You know what I mean? It was just really convenient to get to stick with the same colors when I got here. Yeah. <laughs> just don't have to change your wardrobe. Yeah. What, what's the weekend been like for you? And I mean, three picks through the first two days, and now you've got a, a slew of picks today. Yeah, it's been great. It's, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. I mean, mm. especially when you're picking later in the round, which is the, you know, blessing in disguise. It means you had a good year, but it's been fun. It's been fun to see it unravel. And I think today's going to be exciting because it's, it's kind of a, a, a really random look at what's going on. There's a lot of, a lot of wow factors happening already. We've actually, we've been talking about that on and off. And of course, I mean, media is going to be behind on things. Media is going to be higher on some guys, lower on some guys, all that stuff. But, you as somebody that does this for a living uh and and gets to be inside of these meetings what's kind of your and, and we can get to the Cowboys picks but like the league as a whole what's your impression of just what this draft has been like whether it's been the amount of movement or or maybe some of the names that have gone off the board what's your impression of of what we've seen so far i think it's probably one of the the best you know actual pictures of of how vol- volatile this business is i mean you see scouts on the road all year and, and guys have seventh rounds or first rounds or third rounds. I mean, if 15 people watch the same tape, they're going to have 15 different opinions. And I think this draft has been a really good example of, of just that. I'm just going to ask you how, you know, I've known your father for a long time and, you know, I was with him at Texas A&M way back in the day. <laughs> and, uh, but how much has he influenced you? I mean, you growing up on a football field, when you evaluate players, you have a unique perspective that other scouts might not have. I mean, guys play the game and stuff like that, but it's been your life. When you go out and look at players, is there somebody? Is it? Is it? Does it make? Does it kind of give you a a different, like a different perspective of certain positions and things like that when you evaluate? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really lucky to yeah. have grown up in the you know the background that I've got, and I mean, I grew up in the locker room. Sure know? did. And so, I think the thing that helps me out is is I've been looking at it for a really long time from, you know, the the. the you know, in the locker room perspective or, mm-hmm. or from a coach's perspective. And so when I walk out of a school, you know, we're asked to talk about who these kids are as athletes, but I feel like I've got a good grasp on, hey, who's he going to be when he's in here? And the coaches have to work with him and stuff right. like that. So I just, I'm, I'm really lucky to have the background I've got, but I'm also 
really fortunate with Will and everybody else that gives us the the leash they give us to you know project who these guys are going to be when they get here. Steven uh, talked about in the pre-draft press conference that he's like, man, this is a really deep draft, like rounds three, four, five. That's where, where you're going to see the heart of it. Is, is this an, an exciting opportunity for you guys today, especially having just five picks right and where, like, you know, it seems like everybody's talking about, like, this is the heart of the draft this year. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. Um, you know, it's, it is deep and it's, it's thick in today's rounds, right? And that's the, kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. That's what's going to make it so volatile. I mean, you have to make your money in four, five, six, and seven because um, those are the guys that they play special teams. They round out your roster and something we've done a really good job of in the past and, you know, makes you really excited for today. We joke all – oh, sorry. Brian. No, go ahead. We, go ahead. We joke all the time about OCs, DCs, position coaches lobbying for their guys. I'm just curious. Yeah. What 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 role does a scout play in that? Like you've got your guys you love, you've got your guys from your area. Uh, what what role does your voice play when a guy that you love or a guy that you really did a lot of work on comes up in the conversation? I think you know for us it's it's a perspective of we want to see the best in that player and we see the the upside and who they could be. Um, and I think you're, you're battling for hey, this is you know what we see in him two, three, four years from now. Uh, and how he helps us, and I think you want to you want to fight for the guys that you feel really good and really you know firm on, um, but you also you just want to be a you know a piece of information. That's that's what we do. I mean, we go on the road, we gather everything and anything we can to just make this decision a lot easier for you know Mr. Jones and Stephen and Will and Coach. Um, we're just we're kind of here to help. I mean, we just want to make sure that we have the the best perspective on every single player and decide who's best for the Dallas Cowboys. Is there is there that satisfaction though when you're following along with the sheets and the, and the guy that you really pushed hard for? You know, and maybe the team, maybe the group didn't see it that way, but somebody takes him and you're like going, you write it down, you kind of mental note, kind of make that mental note <laughs> like, okay, I got you here. Yeah. I want to have you re-ask that question when we get back on the radio side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Should be any second now. <laughs> it was like that? Oh, no. oh we are back here on 105 <laughs> through the fan at DallasCowboys.com. We are now joined by Midwest Scout Klein Kubiak here at the Star in Frisco. And Brian, you were just asking a fantastic question. Yeah, Klein, I was going to, you know, when you, we were talking while we were on the dot com side a little bit, but we'll refresh our radio guys. Uh, the, when you, you're following along in the draft and there's a certain player maybe that you've really pushed hard for, maybe the group didn't go with you on that. And now, you know, do you, do you take a little bit of satisfaction of saying, okay, when a guy gets picked, it's, you know, and you know the team. And my team is always the Ravens. I'm like, <laughs> I love when the Ravens pick somebody that I liked because that makes me feel better about, you know, what I did is, and I'm not saying there's a certain team or anything, but do you do get that satisfaction about that when you fought for a guy and, and maybe he went a little earlier than the, maybe the group thought? I think there's satisfaction in, in the confirmation of it, but sure. there's also some disappointment because if you're, you know, you, you should have got guy the guy. You want him here. You yeah. know, you're hoping he falls to wherever you're sitting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you get excited when there's confirmation on what you saw, but the, the tough part about this whole side of the business is we don't really know for another two, three, four years right. whether or not you're right. So you're kind of just hoping and, and hoping that kid turns out. And obviously, unless he, is on our schedule, then yeah, you know, and, and, and worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Klein was right about that guy. We should have probably listened to him. <laughs> Tyler Smith is from Tulsa. He falls into your region, um, and again, I, I just love the idea of you know you you go out and you see him and you're like, uh, okay, we got a guy, and then from there it goes all the way to the point where 
the organization is rallying behind this guy. What what were your early impressions of, of Tyler that made him stand out and made you want to fight for him? Yeah, Tyler was a guy. I mean, he's young, obviously, you know, redshirt sophomore there. So when I went to training camp, you know, you get a whisper, hey, there's a young kid out there, just take a peek. Because you never really know with the young players. And, you know, it didn't take more than a peek to say, hey, <laughs> yeah. we, we probably need to start looking at this kid. But sure. um, it's exciting when you, you know, you watch a guy, you like him. And when you're the first one out there, it, you're not discovering anything. I mean, nobody discovered Tyler Smith. I mean, he played ball, and everybody figured out who he was pretty darn quick. But it is fun when you put that grade on him, and through the process, you get in with the coaches, you get in with other scouts, you start hearing similar things, and it starts to, to make you feel good about what you saw. And, and shoot, now he's ours, so he's yeah. even more excited about it. When, when, when people have talked about, you know, okay, there's some rawness in his game. He's still got to work on some technique, you know, things like that. How much of when you're making that projection of here's here's the ability we think he can reach and, and here's where he's at right now, how much of that projection is about the type of person you find out that he is and, and the, the type of worker that you find out as he is, is? How much of that is part of your projection of his ability to reach it? I think it's a huge part. I mean, it, a lot of people have upside, but not everybody has the, the want to and the you know, the intangibles to get to that upside, right? And that's, I was always told, you know, that potential is just something you haven't reached yet. So if you have guys that just have potential but don't have work ethic, you're going to struggle to get them there. So Tyler's a guy with upside, and he's got a hell of a work ethic too. So that's one of the things we're most excited about. When was the first time that you had a, a conversation with Tyler, and what was that that like? Because we all first had our conversations with him over the last couple of days, and he absolutely lights up a room. I'm sure it was the same for you guys. Yeah, uh, I think probably the combine because um, he was a late declare. Uh, so I think that was the first time we really got our hands on him and got to have a conversation with him there. And it just confirmed everything you were told when you walked in the door at Tulsa. I mean, they raved about the kid. They talk about how much, like you said, he lights up a room. He's just personality through the roof. And, and you saw that immediately. And it's, you know, watching him walk around the facility yesterday and just kind of work the rooms, it's just awesome to see because you get told things at a school yeah. and you love when it comes, you know, to fruition and you find out that everything you're being told is, you know, true. Midwest scout Klein Kubiak joining us on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. I mean, it's been a fantastic weekend so far. What do you expect out of today? You mentioned how exciting it is to have so many picks. Any nervousness in the fact that you've got six selections on the tap? No. I mean, hey, what's to be nervous about? <laughs> Good. That's what, what I like to hear. Done? The haze in the barn. I mean, we, we love the board. We love that we've got options. We've got selections. And, I mean, we're just... Really excited to find out who the next five or six this Dallas is, Cowboys are. Yeah, this is probably a terrible question for your client, but your board's holding together pretty well. I mean, when you look, I'm just looking at how it looks. I mean, I'm not asking for the tags, but do you feel like you got pockets of players everywhere you need to pick? That's a question that's way above my pay grade. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was taking a chance there. <laughs> that's, I, and I, it, that kind of goes back to what I asked you just about the process when it comes to a guy like Tyler, but. I am, I, I'm just fascinated by the, the machinations of how this all works during these three days. Um, I mean, like, what is, what is this weekend like for you? Are you sitting down the hall from the war room to waiting to see if somebody, like, get, get Klein in here. We need to talk about something or like, what, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's exactly how it is, right? I mean, you guys see who's in the war room. The scouts are, are just down the hall and every once in a while you get a text message. Hey, come in. You know, we're talking about two or three and, um, you know, you, you you give your two cents, you answer the questions you're asked, but this weekend, like I said, it's hurry up and wait. I mean, yeah. you've done all the work, you've prepped the board, it's all there, but all you can control is is that clock and, and how quickly everybody else makes their picks. So it's fun for us to watch, but it's also just it's three days of just, I mean, toe-tapping and nervousness because you're 
hoping that your guys or our guys make it to the spot we want them to make it to. Well, how'd you think about the catfish then yesterday? Just like the catfish <laughs> meal yesterday, or as a true Catholic, I love me some catfish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, very well said, Klein Kubiak joining us on one hundred five three The Fan. Thank you so much for taking some yeah, time yeah. with us. This it's was been fun. So man. Good hunting today. Good, Good luck. Absolutely. Have fun uh, throughout the rest of the day, and, and go get us some some badasses again. Go get some more picks. Well said, do what we can. Thanks, guys. Sounds Appreciate good. it. Klein. Thank you very much. Thanks, there man. he goes, Klein Kubiak, Midwest Scout for your Dallas Cowboys and. Man, it, we've had Chris Vaughn in here. We've had Klein Kubiak. We're soon to be joined by Robert Prince, wide receivers coach, here in a couple minutes as well. So we're going to get a chance to talk about Jalen Tolbert coming up. The but. beauty of having an hour of free show is like we got some time to sort of catch our breath and sure. talk to some people. Yeah, this is great. I, and I, and like Dave said, I, I love when we can get the the scouts because they they operate kind of in the shadows for a lot of the fans, think, and it's yeah, cool they when they they get to hear from. Them, I, I think, think most of them prefer it that way. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, but, yeah. But. No, it's 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 I I enjoy that, and I I mean I'm fascinated by their jobs. Anytime I get to talk to them is is my favorite. Anything surprise you there, Brian, of, of of what they've been talking about specifically? No, you know, and it's funny. I was again, I was I was asking her about the board and how it was holding together you tried. and stuff. I tried, <laughs> you, tried. I mean, you know, and again, that's fine. Who are you going to pick? No, I, I was not. Fine. <laughs> what do you think Car- of maybe, <laughs> maybe there's like a big a tight end up there somewhere, not Iowa. Maybe I don't know. Is he names? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your visit there in Iowa State. <laughs> yeah, but no, I you know that that's. With, it's it's always fascinating. It's right, and it's a little. It's a, not a little. It's a lot different from those guys. We've talked about it with Klein and then with Chris. Also, now getting back out and being able to scout again—that was something these guys really, really miss. And you know, the pandemic really robbed them of that opportunity to to go out there and have those interactions with their uh, with their sources, with their with their you know to see the players live too. I think was another thing that those guys really, really miss. Yeah, and and look, I, I think that. You know, this is – Klein kind of said it there that, you know, in a way they're also sort of private investigators. Yeah. yeah. They're not just scouts. And that, and that's the thing where, you know, when a, when fans, you know, get frustrated about a certain pick because it's like, well, I don't, I don't like this or I don't like that. To me, it's like you got to remember these guys, it's not just they're opening a laptop and watching tape. They are doing – deep dives to figure out these projections and get to know these people. And and it is a long – these guys grind for a year. It is a long, arduous process that they are are really digging in on. And, and if it was as simple as, you know, just sitting there and watching it on a laptop, I mean, they wouldn't be on the road away from their families, you know, nine months out of the year basically. And so, I, I mean, I think it is just – it's important to put that context in about – you know, there, there's a little bit of latitude. I think you got to have for the team whenever they go with somebody like I'll, that. I'll never forget. It was a few years ago. We just we all we all loved a guy, and he fell, and mm-hmm. and we were just killing him for it. And they didn't take him, and um, I, like we just we wouldn't shut up about how much we lo- like hated <laughs> that they didn't take this guy. And later, I had a conversation with some of the scouts, and they were like, "Well, did you know this, this, and this?" And I was like, yeah, and you can't uh, know those things. No, that never made it to public knowledge. And they were like, yeah, well, we, we know those things. So yep. maybe give us a break. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay. Good to know. It's a good lesson to learn. Yeah. I mean, not saying that, of course, they're not always right. Sure. I mean, they, sure. it's impossible. It is a very hard job. Uh, they're going to get some stuff wrong, but they're working with a lot clearer picture than we are. Now, let's go ahead and take our our second break here because we do have Robert Prince coming up and we want to get as much of it on the 1053 the fan side of things, but we will of course continue on our coverage on 1053 the fan dallascowboys.com right after this. 
Back on the Internet side, Brian, you you mentioned this in the conversation with Klein a moment ago, but I'm kind of curious. As the former scout in the room, which era would you have rather scouted in? The one that you did? Oh, no, man. Brian would never survive this era. There's no way. No. Yeah, this, this, this era would have killed me. Yeah, for sure. If, I mean, if all yeah. if I mean, you see the way Brian snipes at people on Twitter as a member of the media. Can you <laughs> yeah. imagine if people if were, it was a scout? If, if if Brian Broadus scouted Tyler Smith and people were killing his pick, I I don't know, Can, man. I, I don't know if that would go well for you. You know, this is actually a, a good chance to I think hit on something because obviously it wasn't the same Twitter era, but you you did have the Philadelphia media killing your draft class. Well, the WIP, what, the yeah, the radio station killed our. Picks. What, what did when did you feel like there were things? Not just they're missing the evaluation, they're missing the player. Did you feel like there were things about the projections that you had on those players that it's like the media doesn't know these Look, things that me, I know, and this is why I know these are the guys? Yeah, well, it was. I'll tell you what, it was one of those things too where quickly, you know, we we figured things out though with that media, and, and again, we got a guest coming in here, so we'll we'll talk about that here uh, a little bit uh, a little bit later. Yeah, now pleased to be joined by Robert Prince, wide receivers coach here of the Dallas Cowboys. First off, welcome to Dallas. Say an yes. introduction. Yeah, of hello. Sorts. Nice. nice. Nice to meet you. you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Never didn't got know, I didn't know this room existed right now. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We find people on the football side often don't know that there's this other side of things where we do all this, so we're glad you made it over here. It's good to see you. Yeah. Well, and, and congratulations on the fact that you, you, you have a new receiver to work with. Jalen Tolbert picked yesterday at pick number 88 in the third round. Go ahead and outline that whole process of, of getting to know Jalen and, and, and why he's going to add something to this football team. Yeah, first of all, uh, I like to say that our, our, uh, our scouting department, you know, starting with Will, uh, they do a great job, tremendous job of narrowing down, uh, the guys that I need to look at. So, you know, they kind of weed out the guys that say, hey, RP, you don't need to look at these guys. And, uh, you know, they do a tremendous job. So we had, uh, Jalen as one of the targeted guys. So I got a chance to go out to Mobile and I did a private workout with him and got a chance to meet with him and uh, do a little board work and uh, really like the kid. And, shoot, everybody in the building just loves the kid and, you know, said very many, uh, very good things about the kid and, shoot, how to have to kick him out of the building. And, and then the, the private workout, he did, a, he did a nice job. So When you talk about coaching, you got that there, and every coach has a different way they work these kids out and stuff like that. Is, is it something that you said, okay, maybe I have to do something a little different with this kid? You talk about the board work, but do you kind of work the same way, or do you kind of get an idea as you go through the workout of what you really, really want to see with this kid? Did you The plan that you had to, 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 to make that workout go to get all the things you wanted to see out of him? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So. You know, obviously the tape doesn't lie. Right. So you watch the tape. Oh, he talks crap if you watch tape. <laughs> I got on him last night. It looked like to me he's always talking crap to whoever he's playing against. I like that. Yeah, about you like that, that on the island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, giving a little evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we get a chance to see a lot of the routes on, on tape. Sure. And there's some routes that you don't see. So what's great about a private workout is say, hey, you know what? Let's line you up in this spot. Sure. And, you know, let's let's run this route, and I'll and I'll teach him the route, and you know, we'll work on a route and. You know, that, that's something that we get a chance to do. Do you find the kid that's a coachable? Do you maybe say, man, this kid's coachable? Or have you ever walked away and said, man, I don't know. I don't know if I could reach this kid. You know, do you ever you get those kind of thoughts? I mean, obviously you, you, you thought you reached this kid with the way you were able to coach him up and get the best out of him. Yeah, some guys, uh, they're, they're fast learners, and you, sure. know, you can just say something and they got it immediately. Sometimes it takes a guy, you know, a couple times to, to learn something. But, you know, that's something that you can find out uh, with the workout and, mm-hmm. the, and the board work. 
When, when you look at what you want in a receiver, because obviously, I mean, I think position coaches have, have different things that they like. What are you looking for when you're evaluating receivers and, and looking to bring somebody on like Jalen Tolbert? Uh, well, you know, there is the height, weight, speed that we do have those type of parameters. But then, you know, like we say, the, the tape doesn't lie. We try to look at what they do on tape. Uh, some kids, you know, they might go out there and run a, a 4 3 4 4, but you watch the tape, but they don't play like that. Mm-hmm. You know, on the flip side, there might be a guy that runs four six four seven, but you're like, you know, he plays faster. And we always say, hey, watch the tape. The tape doesn't lie. And, you know, the thing with Jalen is, you know, his speed trans, uh, transition to the field uh, with his deep balls that he caught. And, um, you know, he does have good run-after-catch ability. Um, so, you know, those are the things that we really liked. Talking about Jalen Tolbert with the newest Dallas Cowboy and the newest Dallas Cowboy head or a, a position coach, wide receivers coach, uh, Robert Prince joining us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Now, uh, you, you mentioned Jalen Tolbert and his IQ and, and, and kind of his, his smarts when it comes to the football field. When was the first time you got to notice just how sharp he was because you mentioned the work ethic and how much he lights up a room the the iq part of it just kind of puts it all together right well the uh the south alabama staff did a uh, great job with him and and said you know he is kind of a you know a, a student of the game and really wants to study the game and so uh what i do is i'll, I'll give him like an install meeting so you know i'll mm-hmm. install some plays and then i'll have a, a 12 play cut up of him and then so after the install, we'll, we'll watch the tape. And uh, the thing is, is as soon as the uh, play was on, before the play started, he goes, oh, yeah, I remember this play. This was like in the third quarter. We were down, and, you know, sure, this was my thought process. Or like, hey, during the week, we thought we are going to be able to get, uh, you know, this route on the safety. And, mm-hmm. you know, so he had great recall. And I'm like, okay, you know, that was, that was one thing that was impressive. And then uh, when he took the test, uh, the details that he had on the paper – uh, was tremendous. So huh. just writing down the coaching points. Yeah, when coach, when you when you, you know, when, when you look at traits for receivers, I mean, coaches are all different in traits and stuff like that. When you look at a wide receiver, when you evaluate, are there are there are there two three traits that you look at? And say he has to be able to do this. I guess you know, hands catching is probably number one. But are there a set of traits that that you go through that, that a receiver absolutely has to have to be able to play for you? Yeah. So. Uh, as silly as it might sound, um, you know, the two things that a receiver has to do is, one, he has to have the ability to get open. Right. And then, two, he's got to catch the ball. Right. I mean, as simple as that sounds, uh, you know, those are the, the first two things. Then after that, the, what makes him special? You know, what's his redeeming quality? Is he a great run-after-catch guy? Is he a great contested catch guy? Is he a red zone threat? So those are all the type of things that we'll take into, a, you know, into account. I'm really curious, Robert, and I, I wrote the story when, when you joined the staff and I remember looking at your resume like, oh my god, this guy has coached receivers all over the place at the college and pro level. And it just seems like we're, we're in this mode right now where receivers are coming into the league more prepared than they've ever been. I mean, every single year it seems like there's three, four, five guys that doesn't matter where they're drafted. They, they are, they're ready to, to be contributors and playmakers right away. Just what do you, make of of this evolution of wide receivers to the point where where they're just churning them out the way they are these days you know what i i don't know if i have the answer to that um it seems like the college game you know with all the rpos i mean it's turned into really a a big passing league or passing you know game and uh so i think a lot of these players probably are more ready-made 
when they come into uh, to the NFL. Now, uh, I know you were in uh, your first year in Detroit was 2014, I believe, and and that's when uh, Kellen Moore was also there, still <laughs> as as a quarterback. How, how interesting has that been to now be working with him as a, on the coaching staff together? Yeah, so uh, my my first experience with Kellen is uh, I coached at Boise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, you know I got there Kellen's senior year, and so you know we're watching. I'm watching tape, and I'm, you know I'm learning the offense and. You know, there's a certain play, and uh, there's a certain progression a quarterback's supposed to make, right? He's supposed to look at the like the quick out to the over to the backside in, and so I'm watching this cut up, and then you know the quarterback Kellen, he goes and throws it to the back immediately, and the back gets like 15 yards, and I'm like, well, why is he going there? Like, how did he know to go there? Yeah. And then I mean, just Kellen, he's just a special guy, and his anticipation was uh, phenomenal. I mean, the guy went fifty and three in college, yeah. and you know, two games he lost because the kicker missed the kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're the reason why those Boise receivers are so good now. Uh, you started all that, is what you did. No, it's what no. you're telling right Built now. The foundation. Well, okay, if I could talk. Okay, you, you know, we're new at the program. You come in, you're looking at all the cutups from last season of your current receivers and stuff like that. Just your impressions on, you know, the guys that you currently have right now. We haven't had a chance to really talk to you about this or anything like that, but just kind of some little thumbnail about the guys that you currently have uh, playing receiver for you for the Cowboys. Well, the first thing that impresses me is how hard they want to work. Uh, they want to learn. Uh, they've been doing a great job in meetings. Uh, haven't got a chance to work with them on the field. Uh, we'll start that uh, come next week. Um, but just their um, willingness to to learn and uh, try to get better. So you know, I'm impressed with them that way. Uh, obviously, you know, with, with CD, he's a very special player with the ball in his hands. And mm-hmm. you know, when he was coming out, I'm like, man. You know, when Dallas got him, I'm like, I actually uh, text a couple of the coaches. I'm like, man, you got you guys got a special one right there. Yeah. Um, but the, the room is great. Like I said, they're all willing to work, and uh, you know I'm excited to work with those guys. Now, w- w- there was a video on social media that surfaced. By the way, wide receivers coach Robert Prince joining us on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. But there was a, a, a video of you pitching for Jalen Tolbert inside the draft room, and it, it, it surfaced last night after the pick was made. I, I mean, you were fighting for him. You, you talked about his work ethic, and you had to kick him out of the building and things like that. But what does that feel like for you as a coach when you do fight for a guy and he ultimately ends up being that selection? Well, you know, like I said, it, it all started with the with the scouting department. I mean, they've done more homework than I've ever have done. So for them to narrow down the guys I need to work uh, look at, um, you know, they did a phenomenal job. And then um, when I left that workout in Mobile, I'm like, man, you know, this is a guy I, I have circled. I said I, I I would want to draft this kid, and uh, it just turned out perfect. I mean. Um, Sure, I would have been ready to take him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like you had to sweat that one a little bit? You know what? Uh, my job is to coach these guys. We were trying to get we were trying to get him to where you wanted him. We were, Trust we were trying. Six, like I don't know, we, guys. We were all sitting there going, "Come we on, were, come on." We were cheering for you. Trust me. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a, it was a deep draft. And, uh, like I said, um, those guys in the scouting department, uh, they know what they're doing, yeah. and uh, 
you know, they did a great job. They sure did. And it worked out in your favor, Jalen Tolbert. Now part of this receiving core, and it, we're going to have a lot of fun watching him and watching you coach these guys over the next couple of years. Robert, thank you so much for taking some time and, and getting to talk with us through this weekend. Good luck today. And, and hey, I mean, wide receiver's not out of the question today either. You can maybe get another one at some point along the way. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> thank really you very much. It. Very nice right. to meet you. Thank you, Coach. There he goes. Wide receiver coach Robert Prince here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Another fantastic guest joining us here in the hour of lead-up that we have to the NFL draft that kicks off in about 13 minutes or so. Yeah, he was sweating that pick. Hell yeah! I don't want to put him on the spot with a microphone in front of him, but uh, you know he like he left the war room when they decided on Sam, and he was like, "Oh gosh, yeah, that's a long Come wait, on, that man. Is a long wait right there for sure." I like this. This is this is fun. We 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 get to talk to two scouts. We don't, hear, and that's like really the first any of us have gotten to hear from Robert Prince. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, we're gonna be busy as hell during the fifth round, but hopefully the wonderful Roxanne Medina can bring us some more people, depending on what happens here. Yeah, I that'd mean, be wonderful. That's yeah. If they let's Roxy's say they, the best at doing this, even if they don't make what, so they have six picks. Even if they only make four for some reason, that's still four other scouts and coaches that might have something to say about it. And we have another one on the way, by the way. Joe Philbin is going to join oh, us. Offensive hey, line. Hey, there we go. So we can talk a little bit about Tyler Smith and and what he brings to the table. Apparently, he's eating breakfast and finishing up at the moment. Mm-hmm. You so know, you, you know what really stood out to me about Joe Philbin when I was at Texas A and M is that how tall he is. Yeah, I had no idea he, he was that tall. tall. He's a tall dude. <laughs> I just you see him on TV and stuff like that, and you know you're a little removed just because of the way COVID had been. So when I was actually out there at A and M, I was like, goodness, this man is yeah. much larger than I anticipated. I guess while we have a little bit of time, we can talk about what's happening today in terms of day three as we wait for Joe Philbin. But the Jaguars will start on the clock at pick number one hundred six, followed by. Is it the Texans next? Or? Uh, I believe so. Uh, yeah, it's it's well, no, it's Tampa. It's Tampa on the Bay. Clock. I thought Tampa, Tampa Bay starts this day. Yeah, didn't Tampa wasn't Tampa on the clock yesterday too at the top? Yes, yes they were. Yeah, they took Logan Hall. Uh, yeah. That that's a savvy move there, Brian. Yeah, from, from your you want to be able to sleep the guy on, you dislike. You want to be able to Mike. sleep on your board and really <laughs> get your hands. Around are, are, are we looking at uh, so? I mean, just as a preview of Dallas, and obviously they're down a little ways. Are we thinking tight end is the focus here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking that, and and two. Again, kind of hearing some whispers about potentially uh, cornerbacks as well. Uh, uh, Caleb Evans is a guy, a name from Missouri yeah. that I was hearing about. So Trained out in Frisco with Sauce Gardner. Yeah, so and he's a kid that actually, it's funny, he was a transfer from Tulsa. Yep. So here you go. You maybe, go. maybe a little connection Get here. Caleb Evans, go grab your Chris Paul. We're just going to load up on Tulsa. <laughs> Tulsa heard, time. I've heard say. about LSU's Damone Clark as a possibility in the later half here as well, just because he had he's had the neck fusion, right? He yeah, I neck. mean, he he's going to miss some, like it. Miss probably, some time. He's probably going to be out for six or seven months, if I had to guess. So, but the later you go, the more comfortable I feel with that. Like I said last night, like second round feels awfully early for a guy that's going to miss some yeah. of his rookie season. But would you feel comfortable in the fourth? At 129, at, if you get wiped out of tight end, let's it, say it depends on tight ends it depends on who else is there. Uh, yeah, I mean, fourth is rich. I fourth think feels we, rich we, to me. you've got Micah, you've got Jabril Cox. I mean, it's it'd be nice. I don't know that I'd want to take that gamble in a draft this deep though. Fifth round, you feel good though. Fifth round, I feel good, picks. or maybe I would just maybe the last dart you have if he's there, sixth round. Yeah, I I, I I would just ride this thing to the end. I just think okay. and see. No, and, I, and I, it's it's a different thing, but I mean, just like we've seen, there were there was whispers about 
Leighton's neck being a problem, and that's continued to be a problem into the NFL. So I, I yeah, have no, a little PTSD. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's pick 19. I'm gonna disagree. Uh, I know, he, I'm just saying, I have PTSD about injured linebackers. Jalen, LVE. He's a top 100 player if he's healthy, and they have had terrible Says luck. Says the LSU guy. They have had, I he agree is, with him, he's though. Gr- he's a good player. I, I have, he is. I have him as he player can rush the passer. 292 he's before more the injury. Than he gets credit for You had him as what? I have him as player 292 before the injury. That's ridiculous. And then uh, 293 was Derek Stingley. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just a troll. That was, no, that he's was a good, good player. Their track record with fifth rounders is not that great. Uh, I mean, just, just as an example, and I'm not trying to dog the guy, but like, Simi Fahoko, I mean, he was inactive for most of his rookie season. So if you can get a guy like that with that pick, I think that's a great value. Yeah. Now, as we continue our draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com, we're pleased to be joined by Cowboys offensive line coach Joe Philbin, who has just walked into the room. Joe, how's it going? Great, great. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. How's the weekend been for you so far? you got a new player in the first round with Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. What's it been like throughout this weekend? No, it's been, you know, it's great. He uh, came by yesterday, obviously, and uh, I was fortunate that I went to scout him back in uh, March. I had a private workout with him and spent some time with him in the classroom and those type of things. So uh, as I talked to him on Thursday night, I said, Christmas must have came early for you, Tyler. <laughs> you grow up in Fort Worth, Texas, and you become the first-round draft choice of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that's got, you know unbelievable. So uh, he was really grateful. Uh, he's a great kid. Uh, mom was here. His brother was here. Um, so it just got acclimated a little bit and showed him around a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, really excited about the opportunity to work with him. And I know he's ecstatic about uh, – uh, as he should be about being a member of the Dallas Cowboys. I would imagine it feels a little bit like Christmas came early for you. I mean, yeah. you lose Connor Williams to free agency. Lyle is no longer here. And uh, it's your position group that gets a first-round pick. I mean, what's your feeling knowing you've got a talent like that to work with? Yeah, like I said, uh, excited. Uh, can't wait to get him on the field and get working with him. Uh, we, I took him into the old line room, kind of gave him a lay of the land a little bit. Obviously, we're not talking a lot of football. You know, yesterday sure. wasn't a day for X's and O's or uh, drive blocks or Past sets. It's more about him, you know, welcoming him to the Dallas Cowboy football family. But uh, certainly, you know, when you're a coach, you, you want to coach guys that want to be great. Uh, first and foremost, it doesn't matter if they're a center, a guard, a tackle. They got to have a passion for the game. Uh, obviously, at this level, they have to have a certain uh, degree of talent, or they they wouldn't be here. Uh, in which he has plenty of that. So th- those are really a two good places to start you know a guy that wants to be great a guy that wants to be coached someone that's eager and then someone with you know the athletic traits and skill set that he has so that's uh you know can't wait to get going with him. you have a history though of taking linemen from one position and moving them maybe inside or outside and stuff like that is that something that's just been throughout your career is it something that you know that you've always had that is something you can hang your hat on a little bit i mean uh you know Good football players are good football players. When you know, when I my last college job at Iowa, we had uh, we took three tight ends and moved them uh, to the offensive line. One got drafted in the second round as a center. One got drafted in the second round as a guard. Uh, one ended up winning the Outland Trophy as a tackle. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, I think good football players uh, are good football players at, at all levels. Now you want to obviously find a home for somebody and let right. them you know get their feet underneath them, especially a young player, right? Uh, Tyler just turned what twenty one years. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, he's a young guy uh, with a lot of talent. So you, you know, you want to just uh, you know, obviously 
flexibility is great, uh, but there's also uh, value in a guy, hey, you know what he is and he plays it. So, uh, But he certainly has some flexibility, no doubt about Coach, it. Coach, can I ask you about then, because we don't know much about, like you drafted with Farniak last year yeah. at center and stuff. Can you kind of talk about, I mean, people are always asking about development of some of the backup guys. Ball, another one we didn't see, kind of got redshirted as well. You know, sure. we were thinking maybe needed more strength and stuff like that. Can you kind of give us an update on those, the, the backup guys you're dealing with that uh, we're going to see here this uh, training camp? Yeah. Well, you know, they've uh, both been living here. I mean, we kid Farniak. I mean, I don't think he's left the building, for God's sake. He's <laughs> gotten every free mail that has is, is, uh, been passed out. But, uh, you know, again, the, that that foundation of, okay, they're, they're a young player. You've heard coach talk, oh, well, in between year one and year two is the greatest uh, period of growth and development for an NFL football player. And uh, these guys have been working extremely hard in the off season. Uh, we're at, you know, we're actually getting an opportunity in phase two to step on the field on Monday. And as I said to them, I think we have a 23 minute individual period on Monday where we get to actually work on some football related things. We've been doing a lot of things in the classroom, and you know the way the rules are these days. You know, compared to when I got in the league 20 years ago, you know, uh, every single minute for these young guys is important. So I think they've done taken the the right steps to put them in a position to compete uh, this spring and ultimately when you get pads on a training camp we'll obviously know a lot more but um, yeah really pleased with the things that you know and our strength and conditioning staff does a great great job um, and so we yeah, are looking forward to them getting on the field Monday and, and getting at it right away. Cowboys offensive line coach Joe Philbin joining us here on our NFL draft coverage. Don't worry, he's not going anywhere just yet, but we do have to take a break on the radio side of things. We'll be right back with more Joe Philbin, more NFL draft coverage as the fourth round just about ready to get kicked off on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And we're back on the uh, on the website side of things. So we've got a radio and a website. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we don't actually take breaks. Yeah, yeah these are our going. friends. Uh, we're grateful you came in here to yeah. save us. Well, I don't trying to say. I don't. I don't even carry my cell phone. So you know how old I am. <laughs> I was born before that generation. So. Uh, well, kind of going back to to what you were talking about there with some of the the guys that you have in the building at the moment. You've got a lot of young, a lot of youth on this offensive line now with with Connor Williams' departure, and you still have Tyler Biotish entering your three. Farniak, Josh Ball, Tyler Smith, a part of that. How much uh, does that influence your decision-making as a coach going into an off-season program like that with so much youth around your unit? Yeah. Well, that's why I think the value of everything you do is so important with the way the NFL is structured these days with the, the time and the number of practices and the number of repetitions that, that you get to get these guys ready. Um, but, you know, when you have young guys, the good news is, um, you know, you can kind of bring them up in your own system, in your own way of thinking and how you, how you approach things, and this is the way we do things. So you kind of get them indoctrinated to that. And these guys are, you know, you want a guy that's, Confident, obviously, but somewhat when they're young, you want them to be a little bit of a sponge, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, even when I was up in in Tulsa uh, with Tyler, you know, I think he's going to be an eager learner, you know, somebody that, uh, as I tell the players and I tell the veterans, you know, um, our first meeting this year I put up, and I'm going to be wrong on the date, but I think Tyron Smith's been a Dallas Cowboy for like 4,000 in eight days. And mm-hmm. Matt Farniak has been one for 352 mm-hmm. at that point. That was two Mondays ago. So I had that. That was all I put up on the board. I said, you know, in the offseason program, Joe Philbin's been coaching 40 years. Yeah. So, you know, but if we all think we've got all the answers, you know, now is Matt Farniak with 352 days 
going to improve maybe a little bit more dramatically than Tyron Smith? Sure, the expectation would be that. But if we walk around the building thinking, hey, I got all the answers. I've been doing this 40 years. We're just going to roll the ball out and, and off we go. I think that's a, that's not a good mindset to have as a, a player or a coach in the National Football League. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting to, you know, have your own guys. They've been with you for a while. You know, Terrence Steele, Biotic, Farniak, Ball, all these, uh, Braylon Jones, some of the, some of the young guys, you know, Connor McGovern's still a young guy, right? Cause really his first year wasn't able to practice much. So, you know, just getting them going and, Coach, I, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of us in the media have been really unfair to you about about Steele, and I think you know when you watch with him, and we we, we were thinking like, what the hell? That, you know, this is going to be problems here. They can't play with him at right tackle. You guys go out and win like six straight games with him. Can you? you, you he sounds like the guy you were talking about. First in, last out, wants to be coached, wants to be in the weight room. Is that the type of guy? I mean, that we're dealing with here when you talk about Smiths and guys like that. I think so. Yeah, I know. Uh, and again, you know, Tyler. Uh, you know, all the feedback from the people at Tulsa was, was excellent on him. He's uh, you know, quality human being, team guy, not a selfish guy, hard worker. And you know, Terrence Steele is is, is, like, is like that. You know the First day he stepped there. Remember that was COVID. Yeah. So uh, I mean, the first day we stepped on that field, I mean, he was he was first in line. And this kid has his work capacity, as I like to say, is it's off it's off the chain. And right. uh, you know, um, you know, it's fun to just see anybody. It doesn't matter. As I tell the guys all the time, you know, right now, when the, and I told Tyler this yesterday, once the veterans come in, and you uh, when he comes back after rookie minicamp, and he sits in one of those chairs. I don't really care when you. I don't yeah. care if you're the 24th pick or the 237th. Yeah. You know, ultimately, you got a job to do, and you have to do it, and you have to prove you can do it better than somebody else sitting in one of those chairs. And you know, that's the beauty of uh, football. It's an inexact science. This this whole process is, uh, and uh, it's fun, and, and you see how it all shakes out. But uh, you know, you never want to underestimate people. And, you know, Terrence is, you know. Um, Contributed a lot so far, uh, with a lot more hopefully to come, and uh, still has a lot of things to improve, uh, as we all do. But uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, fun watching him develop. The snapshot on Tyler and talking about coaching is just and and he Tyler talked about it himself at his press conference. He he said a few times like I'm I'm ready for the coaching. I'm eager for the coaching. Yeah. Uh, the like I said, the media snapshot is kind of maybe a guy that needs to refine his technique a little bit. As the person in charge of that, where do you feel about? Uh, where he is and and where he can go in, in this early part of his career. Yeah, again, I said the same thing to him, and I'll say it again. You know, listen, you're going to come in here in a couple of weeks, and all these veterans are going to be here. Uh, Zach Martin's all pro. Tyron Smith's been all pro. They're not perfect either. You're not going to be. And I said, you know, we got to go from step one to step 99. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be, you know, magic. I don't have magic, nor does he. But, you know, one day at a time, let's do the best we can. Let's be all about football when we're in this building and when we're on that field. And then we'll, uh, you know, he'll get better. There's no doubt about it. And he's eager, like you said. And, uh, you know, but everybody has stuff to work on. Zach's not perfect. Tyron's not perfect. Joe Philbin's been doing it 40 years. He's not close to perfect. So we just got to get all the guys together, get them working, and uh, give them a clear vision and go from there. Back on the 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com side of things, our 2022 NFL draft coverage rolls on from the star in Frisco. We're having a fantastic conversation with Cowboys offensive line coach Joe Philbin here inside the SWBC studios. And you're, you're talking about the, the mixing and matching of all of these different guys. And I know uh, you may not be able to tell us an answer here, but I'm going to try it anyways. I'm pulling my best Brian Broaddus out of the, the hat as I can. 
Mike McCarthy said left side for Tyler Smith. Is there any indication on where he could put, be playing as soon as the the rookie mini camps and, and moving forward as in terms of guard and tackle? Sure, left side, just like the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> you got to remember, you know, you got there's a chain of command. Yeah. Right? Yes, there is. You follow the chain of command. You tried, Kyle. Good job. That's okay, I thought I'd throw it out there. Very good. Anything else for Joe Philbin, everybody? I think I'm good. I really appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely. Uh, the insight was incredible, Coach. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me, and uh, you guys have a great weekend. Thank good you. luck Thank the rest of much. the way. Yeah. Joe Philbin joining us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And, man, th- special thanks to Roxanne Medina, by the way, for, for hooking us up with a couple of scouts, a couple of coaches throughout the, the weekend, and, of course, this hour leading into – Round number four of the NFL draft. You're not, not going to hear Rox's name. Not a lot. Said a lot. She prefers it that way. Yeah, yep. I see you. I see. She's going to buy her. I'm going to buy her steak dinner. Is what I'm about to most, do. Yep. She's the most beloved person in this building. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Nobody very says much, no Rox. to her. Uh, seriously. Yeah. She could walk into any office in this building yeah. and be like, I need you to do five minutes on the, and they'll say, I don't wanna. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, I need you to do five yeah. minutes on this podcast yeah. and they'll be down here. That's yep. how it works. She is an MVP for sure. Yeah. And special thanks to all of the scouts, Chris Vaughn, Klein Kubiak, who have joined us. And then we had Robert Prince, wide receivers coach and Joe Philbin from the uh, offensive line side of things joining us today. Oh, and we've got the Las Vegas nonsense back on. We're yeah. actually. We've we got Blue Man Group making this pick? The draft is underway again, so the Blue Man Group is making a pick. <laughs> this is, this is a lot better than the. I, I don't know. The, the, the YOLO bros or whatever was yesterday. Cheeky boyos. Yeah, sure. That whatever Kyle that was. <laughs> we hurt Kyle's feelings. He likes the cheeky boyos. Oh, I think I'm they're sorry. funny. It's okay. I'm sorry. I think they're funny. Actually, I don't think they're making a pick. I think they're opening the third or the fourth round. Oh, is that what it is? Chris Angel did something like that yesterday. Good for them. Yeah. This is terrible radio when you're not describing <laughs> really, what they're doing. Just watching TV. It's sorry. kind of mesmerizing. They're painting with gumballs. They were they had gumballs in a little gumball machine, and then they had a, a canvas, and they basically painted with the gumballs. That's what it was. I will say, <laughs> Casual Raj is back. I, I know. I love Casual Raj. My favorite thing was the the, wonder, the, the, the COVID draft, where yeah, like it's he's like, in his he boxers, sat, and then it went up, and then it was like there's a glass of whiskey next to it. <laughs> like it's just he became more and more just like. Tired. We need to see him like the cat in boxers, white t-shirt, and the then the glass of whiskey next oh, to yeah. the chair. That was the best. Oh man, the Buccaneers on the clock here in a couple of moments. Roger Goodell getting us underway out in Las Vegas. The fourth round is here. Hey, we've made it to the day of the scouts, Brian. It's your favorite day. It is, and uh, there's going to be a lot of. Kyle resetting, who do you like, who is on the board? And there's going to be a lot of, oh, my gosh, who did just take? Maybe not the Cowboys, but maybe somebody else. I've got a lot of... I've got a lot of really, really good names, uh, for these teams. I mean, you know, I, I, I still have, uh, as I just look at guys, uh, you know, Kennard, the, the, the guard from Kentucky, Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina and Winfrey. I want to know what's going on with that Oklahoma defensive lineman there. I mean, that was a guy that I think everybody kind of thought was pretty high up the board. And, yeah. You and, didn't, I, I know DJ Daniel Jeremiah, who again, he talks to a lot of these teams. He gets a lot of this insight too. Daniel Jeremiah has him as like outside of Hal, his highest ranked player left. So DJ was off on that too. Something's amiss. That's interesting because I mean he was one of those guys, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, Dave. That was just off the charts in Mobile. I mean he was he was the game's MVP, most arguably outside of maybe Jermaine Johnson, the most impressive in the practices. So I. 
That's I, the funny like that I I give Brian grief all the time. Like Brian, when a guy like this falls, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I must be dumb. I must be saying something wrong." I'm like, "No, we just don't know something." That's what I. Well, think. that's the that's the problem that you know you that you get into. Like I say, you do your best to try and make these evaluations and just off the tape, you know, Bobby. We all everybody looks at this tape and we just try and you don't know the medical stuff. You don't know the uh, you know maybe some of the background stuff, the character stuff. I mean, uh, you know, Chris and Klein and. They, they did a great job of talking about how they investigate these players, but uh, I, I'm, I'm. It does make you pause because you're thinking like, okay, well, on the tape, this guy is this, but there's going to be a point in time where the tape is good enough. But where's the, you know, and always. Back in the day, the fourth round, Dave, you, what was my favorite saying about the fourth round? This was the criminal the crim- round. The criminal round? The criminal and medical oh, round. The Bengals yeah. will, will take the guy. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They don't care. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, this is when teams kind of say, you know what, the value of the player is too good to pass up here right now. And I think we're going to have some of these guys that's going to fall that way for them. Anybody, anybody stick out in your mind of – the top guys. I, another name was Isaiah Spiller, running back from Texas A&M. I know running back is kind of a devalued position in today's NFL, but I still thought he would be a top three round guy. I, I thought he would go somewhere on day two. And I, I'll tell you this. I'm yeah. I mean, again, just going off of draft boards and grades, I was surprised to see guys like. Tyrion Davis Price and Rashad White go before him. I mean, sure. I thought it was pretty consensus that he was one of the three or four better, best backs. Rashad, uh, Rashad White, um, actually, he was like, I think he was Dane's like lowest rated player who went yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's why I was so excited when he went because I've been feeling like, no, Zachary Carter. Oh, Zachary yeah, Carter yeah. was that, that was my, number two twenty yeah, for him. Zachary Carter was down. low for me too, but um, yeah, most most places have Rashad White as like a fifth round guy. And I was feeling real stupid about it until uh, I don't even remember who took him. Tampa, Tampa made made me feel like a genius. There you go. Appreciate you. They've also got Logan Hall. Tampa's secretly having a good draft, and they're on the clock right now. The, their pick is in some of actually that's the only couple selections they've made. Logan Hall, Luke Gadecki, um, and then White on there as well. Now, if we're looking at the top draft classes so far, Brian, I'm sorry. <laughs> Baltimore, right up at the top of the list. Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ojabo, and Travis Jones. That's the four picks that they made in days one and two. Beasts. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's look around. Who really stands out? I'm, I mean, I know the Giants getting – get, The Jets are getting a lot of credit for what they've done, too. Ahmad Garner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, and Jeremy Ruckert for the Jets. Man, sound like a pretty solid draft. Sound like that might save some jobs there in New York. Giants, right? ha- Giants I think – them getting obviously Thibodeau and Neal at the top, but then Wandell Robinson, which that is like we said yesterday, that's a clear tip off. I think that Tony's out. Yeah, they're pushing Kadarius Tony out. I think, but then they with all their movebacks, they've got two fourths today, three fifths, and a sixth. Wow, lots of mid round picks for NFC East opponents. Speaking of NFC East, Jordan Davis. Nicobe Dean, Cam Jurgens. That's the Philadelphia draft at the moment. And they traded for the wide receiver. He ain't a prospect, but AJ Brown's on that team now, too. Good point. And and we know the Ravens, Brian's favorite team. Mm -hmm. They got three guys that, or they got four guys that I think were in some mocks all in the first round. Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ojabo, Travis Jones. Uh, (laughs) It's incredible. Oh, here's the Buccaneers. I'm going to go root for the Ravens. Oh, we're at Wembley or Munich. That's Bayern Munich. Allianz Arena. Munich. 
all of Deutschland is excited to have the two-time Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing right here at the FC Bayern Stadium in Munich this season. Welcome Tom Brady and his crew. And now let us announce the draft pick. With the 100 picks pick of in this 2022 NFL draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Kate Oten, tight end. Oh, wow. <laughs> Darn. That, that, wow, that, that, that one that, hurts that's the a, Cowboys. That's a gut punch for me right off the jump. Yep. Right, right there. there with you. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Kate Otten out of Washington, a complete tight end, or at least the most complete tight end that's left on the board at the moment. He was my number two tight end. I think he's a top 100 player in this draft. Brian, what do you got on Mr. Ott? Yeah, this is, this is a guy that was a little bit banged up during the season and, and he dealt with the COVID issue as well. But yeah. you watch him play. I mean, it, it was, it was just every time they needed a big play, he was the guy involved, whether it's red zone, first downs, whatever. They play him as a wing. They play him as an edge. They play him in line. He is better than just a get in the way blocker. I mean, he is a guy right here. You see, if you're, if you're watching along with us right there, there's a little seal block. Get him, get that guy, knock him outside, let the ball come up inside. That's the kind of stuff that you can do with him. You know, he, at 245 pounds, he's really a very good athlete, but uh, he catches the ball well. You see him, he's able to get up the field, kind of got a little bit of niftiness to his game. I, I was, I was hoping, Hoping that Dallas was going to get this guy today. If Love he could have, roll. Oh man, if he could have <laughs> fallen all the way to 129, I think he's the pick. I really do. He, I, he's all around solid. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he blocks, he can run routes. He's got that, like, even though, like, I mean, he is a decent athlete. Uh, yeah. but, but even still, even, even where it's not like, you know, oh, you're this like vertical seam, like, mo- you're not Isaiah Likely even sure. or whatever like that. He's, he's just, he's got that almost like that little Jason Witten, like nuanced route running that's like, it's just a little move here or there and it just gets you enough separation. I will say, you look at the way that he was utilized at Washington, it felt like he was underutilized a lot in that offense, Brian. And they've had some pretty good tight ends over the last couple of years. I yeah. mean, they had one we liked a couple of years ago and Hunter Bryant, or not Hunter Bryant, what Will was Disley name? was Brian's a guy. Brian's guy, Will, Will Disley, Disley was yeah. a guy, yeah, that he kind of, I, I, I was, I was, my hope was this guy. I, I drove in. I knew Dave was going to have some breakfast sandwiches for us. I was going to enjoy that. And I was going to enjoy talking about K. Dot and maybe being a Dallas Cowboy. But the, the, yeah, we did. Hey, they're, Dave, they're, thank you for those. They're actually tacos and they're yeah. in the control oh, okay. room. Yeah, but Good see, enough. that's what I'm saying. I, Jasmine told me she was going to tell you. She may have. I was doing TV. I'm right, sorry. Well, when we go to a dot, <laughs> I'll, I'll figure. When it we out. go to a dot com break, go sorry, get you Brian, one. we didn't mean to cut you off. No, no problem at all, though. Uh, but that that yeah, he was a, he was one of those guys that, as a matter of fact. In fact, I was just texting a buddy of mine overseas, and he was asking me who I thought, and I put Otten down as a guy. And as soon as I typed the name, boom, he goes, who's the Texans? Hello, world, coming at you live from Monterrey, Mexico. This is Juan Lopez, defensive lineman for the Houston Texans. And with the 107th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Damian Pierce, running back from Florida. Go Texans, baby! Another Senior Bowl standout, Damian Pierce out of Florida. Dave really likes his running backs from Senior Bowl, and Pierce was one of them. Now, we can talk about Pierce. I will want to go back to Otten at some point just because it has so much Cowboys uh in, implications in that pick, but tell us about Damian Pierce and what he brings to the table. Because out of the running backs that were in Mobile, he was certainly fun to watch. Yeah, he's a guy that's kind of a little bit of a 
uh, he's got some complete back to his game. And I, I was, I was super impressed with him. He's a really a powerful ball carrier. Feet stay really low to the ground when he runs. It's almost like he's shuffling his feet. There's no real knee, high knee or anything like that. But he can be difficult to get to the ground. I think he does a great job of finishing the play. He's a closer at the goal line. He's going to find a way to get in. He, he's an outstanding receiver with the ball, by the way. They throw him the ball in the flat. They throw him those Texas routes underneath. They wheel him up the field. He makes the adjustments there. I, I thought that, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, he, he's kind of got that, like I was talking about, that complete back traits to him. I really like his patience. Like, I mean, he's just willing to wait for things to open up the way that, that he needs them to. It, it always seems like he's, you know, it starts one way and he winds up taking it in a completely different direction based on what he's seeing. And I know, you know how every time a guy gets picked, the Twitter's going to be like, hey, uh, Houston fans, like, check this out. It's going to be the video of him running with his helmet off. No helmet. Like, all over the place. Paging Ed Marinaro. Here's the Browns at 108 as they're taking their time to get to the stage. Here he goes. All right, I think here we go. Thank you. Good morning in With Vegas. the 108th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Perion Winfrey. There he goes. Defensive there tackle, Oklahoma. Perion Winfrey. Oh, we were just knocking off these Senior Bowl guys off the top, and this is you got the MVP on him? of them all. Oh. Absolutely, I've got something on him. He was one of the... The players that I, he was actually my top player on my board left whenever we were getting into the day. Talk about getting in the backfield with, with some force. His first step, his strength, he has great leverage. One of the more athletic interior prospects, I think, in this draft class. We don't know if there's any medical that caused him to slip down the board. I thought he was a early second round player and he dominated every single senior bowl practice we had. If he's healthy, I think the Browns may have gotten the best value out of anybody in this entire draft at the moment. Now, I will say he's on the ground a lot. He plays pretty reckless. He's he's one of those guys that's going to be on the turf. He'll get tripped up. He'll get pancaked. There are times on tape where things lapse for him, but his highlights are as high as anybody's in this entire defensive line class of players. I think you got the player absolutely right. I think the question about him is people he play this at one technique, a head up, or does he gonna play the three? You know, and and, I, and if you watch him play against Cam Jurgens from Nebraska, you wouldn't draft Cam Jurgens. Yeah. So th- this kid's <laughs> got that kind of ability though. He he can he can he can wreck you with the way he plays. I'll steal the word from our producer Caden Gates because I liked it so much. He just he plays with violence. Yeah. Like he's just attacking people, just hitting the hell out of anybody that's in front of him and he tends to get into the backfield i'm surprised it went this late just because he is a guy who like i mean it's not always consistent with him but he does like the whenever any defensive lineman flashes like he does you, you typically see somebody with those traits and and the those flashes go early and people go like we'll figure it out but like even with the inconsistencies we'll figure it out makes me wonder if there's some medical thing there i'm reaching out to some people just trying to figure out if there's something medical. i know he was I know he was banged up around Senior Bowl before it. I know he was dealing with stuff during the draft process, but I don't know if any of it was serious. The, he was Senior Bowl MVP and got all his stuff stolen in Frisco, by the way. Did he really? Yeah, he got stolen out of his car the next day while he was parked in Frisco. He lost his trophy. No Seriously? way. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Surely well, we can get him another one. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And good luck to Perry and Winfrey in, in Cleveland. I, I I like the pick. It's great to talk to at the Combine. I got a chance to catch up with them there and and – 
I think Cleveland has great value. By the way, he was since he was the top player on my board left, Darian Kennard and Daniel Falele are my top two remaining. So both offensive linemen that are still available. Uh on I just heard back on Winfrey. Heard, you know, he had some soft tissue stuff, but there's nothing substantial. Okay. So shouldn't have knocked him down. League just doesn't like him. Guess guess not. Now, I want to go back to tight end. Kate Otten selected with the opening pick here, the fourth round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then it was Damian Pierce to the Texans at 107. The Browns take Perry on Winfrey at pick 108. So going back to Otten, with the Cowboys searching tight end, hunting tight end here in this fourth round, with him going off the board so early, Mm -hmm. it kind of knocks down at least one of their options. Does it kick you into gear to trade up, or does it cause you to sit back and let whatever happens in front of you happen? Well, let's look here. So we got Kohler. We should have just said Klein. Hey, if uh, seriously, yeah, yeah. If, uh, hey, so where's Kohler? Um, uh, you got Kohler. You've got Daniel Bellinger, San Diego State, who's yeah, still on there. There's a lot of people like him a lot. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has Bellinger. I think is like his 80th overall player. Um, yeah, if I had to rank him, I would put I put Kohler at 91 on my stack. And I would put Bellinger at 99 on my stack. Hmm. Is where I'd have him right there. So uh, there's a lot of momentum behind Bellinger heading yeah. into today. Now I do want to take a break real quickly. When we come back, we've got more picks on the way. And the Cowboys, of course, still at pick 129. We got 20 selections, so the Cowboys are on the clock. When we come back with more NFL draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And we're back on the internet side. Sorry, Brian. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, not at all. I mean, I th- to me, I I think there's I think there's actually a, maybe some more love for the Wisconsin tight end in this Ferguson, Ferguson, Ferguson yeah. in this Ferguson, building. Ferguson's a name to know. Bellinger, yeah, might be a little early for them on Isaiah Likely, but yeah. I I know they. I think they. I wonder. All right of him. What do you guys feel? Because I, I mentioned about about cornerback is what I was. Uh, I mentioned the Your Mizzou kid. Yeah, the Mizzou kid. I mean, to me, that's where what I don't. About, the, the tight ends. You think the tight ends will stretch a little bit better than what we got with? Uh, I mentioned that's Evans from Missouri. Yeah. If uh, I don't know, because like I say, I look at that. I look at the fourth round where I have Evans, and now I got all these tight ends in the fourth. I got Bellinger. I got Turner, who I really like from Reno. Mm-hmm. Likely, um, a Maryland kid, a Kwamu. Uh, I like him as a guy. Well, Seattle's picks in here. Let's see what we got. With the one, with the one hundred ninth pick in the twenty twenty two NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Kobe Bryant, defensive back. That's a good Cincinnati. pick, Kobe. It's John, a very good pick. John must not be in the room today. Man, look yes, at that! Like, like John, John is just knocking out of the park. No, uh, good for John. John is not knocking it out of the park. They drafted a running back, fifth, whatever. Fifth John was back. in the room for so that. Running back, sure. really good running back. I hate running backs in the top fifty when you already have hater. running backs on the roster. Yeah, hater. Kobe and you Bryant, need a million other things. Yeah, we talked about leaders on the field with Desmond Ritter in the Cincinnati team early on. This was the defensive leader on the field for that Cincinnati ball club. He, he was, and yes, by the way, he is named after Kobe Bryant, but yes, spelled differently. Spelled differently, yeah. Kobe with a C, not mm-hmm. with a K, and with a Y, and with a Y at the end. Yeah, that's a little bit different. But he was the Jim Thorpe Award winner in 2021, first Bearcat to win a national award. Period. Since 2000, when their punter won the Luke Rosa Award. So, uh, I mean, three interceptions, three forced fumbles. He had 11 pass breakups. Brian, he flew over that, that defense. He was the 
corner opposite of Sauce Gardner, so he saw a lot of action. Yeah, I mean, I remember he did. He does not. It says the four four seven there. I thought initially he did not have very good time speed, but they must have re-got. There must be a redo on that one. So that's good. It was four five four at the combine. That's yeah. his pro day. Pro day time. time. So there you go. So up. good, man. And then when I did the player, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a, it, the time is good. I'm glad he ran better there. Sure. This cat doesn't give up many plays. I think he really does a great job of maintaining his position in the route and is able to track the ball. He's a hard guy to run away from, and I. That's when the four or five speed. I was like, well, what? This doesn't look like that kind of a guy. But especially when he gets his hands on receivers, guys aren't going to get away. His technique is impressive with his ability to play with that off hand and able to stab guys and then knock the ball away when he has to. So he doesn't give quarterbacks much space to throw the football in. Uh, by the way, Perry on Winfrey heard he might not have interviewed well. So, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Some teams didn't like him. I find that surprising. At least it's more than just his tape. Yeah, he seems yeah. like a really. I liked. They they thought he had uh, the word I got was polarizing energy. Hmm. Interesting. What is this like? A. I'm just telling. I would have never. I what do you want me to do, Dave? What do you want me to do? I would have never used that word because I didn't know what polarizing meant. He's a, like he's he's got polarizing big, splits. Yeah. He's yeah, got okay. big Libra energy. We can't draft this guy. He's a Libra. Whatever. Scouting's come a long way. I don't even know what. How about the Ravens? Oh, here's your team. What first rounder? Who's the first? Are they, okay, is this where they're getting Kennard? Kennard. This has got. To, if this is Kennard, Brian's gonna have a stroke. Tariq Woolen. That's my call. With, with the 110th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Daniel Faalele. I knew this was gonna happen. It's the Ravens. It's a massive dude. You want to do it again? Go, no, it's cool, man. <clears throat> Look at the comp. Back here on the 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft. Glad you're with us. Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. The Baltimore Ravens have just now selected another fantastic player at the top of everybody's (laughs) board. Daniel Falele, offensive tackle from Minnesota. Brian, they did it again. I tell you what, yeah, this is the, the comp was Orlando Brown Jr., right? Is that yes, what we're talking about right there? And that's that's the, the one they yeah. traded away. Yeah, this is this is this is the biggest. I believe it's the biggest man on, in the draft. Oh, we just one got of, to see him throw one, a touchdown pass yeah. too. But he's he's six eight. He's three hundred and eighty four pounds, and and he's a starter at right tackle for the Gophers. Or was massive man. He's got. In line with some bigger tackles that we've studied in this draft, like Neil at Alabama, it surprises you how well these guys move for their size, though. So, yeah, he gets away from the line. He opens up and just kind of works back. You need a scooter to get around him. He's so big. I mean, you literally got to get on a scooter and drive around him because he's that, he's this, that massive. Uh, he tends to be a little tall out of his stance. So you'll see him catch some blocks, but, but he's all about maintaining that control. You just can't move him back. You know, he, he's, uh, he's one of those guys. He doesn't play on the ground. He gets pushed in the running game because of his mass. So that, that, you know, I, you could have asked me who the Ravens going to take. That's exactly who I thought they were going to take. Go- so we've, we've already given Jim Nagy at the senior bowl a ton of credit on this show, but the last four pit, four of the first five in the fourth round have been senior bowl players. Here's the Jets at 111. Hello, coming here to you guys from London on the 72nd floor of the Shard. The view from the Shard, and I have with me the 111 pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. My beloved New York Jets select Max Mitchell, tackle, Louisiana Lafayette. Mm. Let's get him, big hoss. 
Oh. Reaction there, Brian. I'm so happy he said okay. Lafayette. Yeah, they yeah. Hate when you do that, he did just, just go to Louisiana. Louisiana. They they want to be Louisiana. Oh, I thought you said yeah. Yeah. the pronunciation. Is no, there no, like no. a law against that? It's not a it's not a law. I thought they it was just, like no a, the like uni- actual no legislature that the said university you do it. prefers that you don't say it. But huh. I, as an LSU grad, really love it. Anyway, by, by the way, five of first six now all. I uh, refer to them goal. as the true Louisiana school. Shut up, Bobby. <laughs> That's how I call, talk about them. First team Sunbelt yeah. 2021. He was second team a year prior. Yeah. He had, he started all over the line. 20, 29 yep. starts at right tackle. He had mm-hmm. seven at left and he started at guard as well, right? Yeah. You know, you're right about this guy. And again, here's the broadest special right here. <laughs> Guy's not too strong. So he's going to end up in the Pro Bowl. It's a good get ready. There, get, get ready. Yeah. The broadest special is you being wrong about a guy. <laughs> no, this is the, this is what happens. I, you know, he doesn't have, you, power. you have this guy. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not, again, he tends to play with straight legs. You see him get pulled and yanked off balances because mm. he doesn't have lower body power. But I thought he did a pretty good job of, you know, of staying in the battle, trying to fight his guy. There's, you know, his feet get real close together as a pass blocker. So you could kind of see people jerk him around. He's 6'6, he's 307. We'll see what happens. Uh, next to the Giants. But yeah, guy didn't have much strength, probably an all pro. Of the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select... Pepper Johnson. Daniel Bellinger. Tight end, San Diego State. Bobby, you were right about him. Well, not quite. I thought he'd go in the third. But yeah, I knew he... I knew that... There were, I had heard about, you know, there's a lot of chatter about Isaiah Likely, and I heard from people that, like, well, Likely's more a media guy, that Bellinger was the one that was going to go higher than a lot of people thought. So now the top two tight end targets potentially for the Cowboys are off the board. This is that run at tight ends that Brian was worried well, about. Yeah, I was I dreading. I, I thought it was going to happen earlier. But so, I did want to say this, though. Uh-huh. I just wonder, and we went through the list of guys that that – that they could like, guys that would make sense. I wonder if Otten was the only one that they would be willing to go up for. Like I can I can, probably I can hear people like pounding their tables like go go get your tight end, go do it. I don't think they like any of the other ones enough to do it. Deal. I don't think they do either. I'm right there with you. No, and now as we look at if the tight ends start going and, and we're talking about not going up, there is some of these corners that look like you know, Dan Quinn type players that are still there. Tariq Woolen, 6'4", 205, speedster. I'd be what excited think, about that. You think they think okay of uh, the Sam Houston State kid, Zion McCollum? I'll tell you, he is a good-looking kid, and he plays he plays really well on tape. He has an identical twin that's supposed to go undrafted. Yeah, and it's funny because he was yeah. – I, I learned that he was getting recruited by Utah. And didn't go. And I was kind of wondering, like, how does this guy end up at, you know, Sam, nothing at Sam Houston, but you wonder if a player like that, I, I thought, I thought really highly of this kid, uh, when he was uh, watching the tape and stuff like that. I, I'm going to say, like I say, the whisper name I keep hearing is the, our Evans. Caleb Evans. Yeah, that's the whisper name I keep hearing. So I would rather M-I-Z. have, I, uh, Z. Uh, yeah, I would rather uh, have, uh, Tyreek Woolen, M I Z Z O U. It's oh, I didn't. I didn't hear what you said. Missouri. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I thought you said N Y C. I was like, what are you talking about? Shout out Danny Sarek, wherever you Mickey are. Mickey Spagnola, Brad Shea, probably. I mean, everybody. She, yeah, I would, well, maybe Scottsdale. I don't know. That's true. Or Glendale. Probably in Glendale. She works with the Cardinals now. For which, those by of the way, who just do not re, know. yeah, random take the uh, the Danny Sarek blow up is one of my favorite things. I'm she's, so I'm so happy she's doing well over there. She she's is. She's awesome. Killing it. Now, 
talking about the options for the Cowboys, because no more Kate Otten, no more Daniel Bellinger. Tight end looking scarce. In terms of their options, do you still have Jake Ferguson? Kohler, Ferguson. Charlie Kohler, Isaiah I don't Lightly. know. Yeah, do they think highly enough of Likely to, to put him in the fourth? I doubt it. I think I, I think they like I think guy. they like him, but it's just it's it's the limitations because he's not he's a seam guy and yep. he's not he's not. Well, Kellen Kellen Moore did go do a workout there, and and it, was he watching the running back, the I quarterback? Say, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that's cool. I, I was talking about likely just there. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was talking I was, about the seam. Okay, I thought you were talking. About I think they're both bit. similar in that guard. They're not blocking tight ends. No, neither one of those light, guys. Light, but I mean, like Kohler at least I think could have more of the frame to do it though at, at some oh, yeah, point I mean, then he's massive yeah six six is it too early is it too early for cole turner i love cole turner and i don't know if any anybody else does that, i have kohler and likely ahead of him but i like sure him. no I, I i i to me when i look at my when i look at my board man i got just too much going on here with my board ah, I, I meant Control to when i got F. in here at nine fifty. hold on no no i'm good i'm good bro. do it we're no, gonna no, live we're gonna on the air it? No, no, I'm cool, bro. No, I, just, I want to glance at it. I'm we just want to see. We just want to see well, how see, hopeless you are. Next time you pull up your scouting reports, I am going to show you how to do Control F. Okay. <laughs> what if I told you it was as easy as pressing the Control button and the and F, F button? You know what, man? There's some things you just got to do in life. Okay, Kohler, Kohler, Kohler's my. Th- okay, all the tight ends are wiped out ahead of him. UCLA's gone. Otten's gone. Woods gone. Rucker's gone. Kohler's my third round guy. Okay. Uh, we just lost. Uh, Bellinger was the top of the fourth round for me. Turner was after Bellinger, so I had Turner likely the Maryland kid, and then I, I, I okay, I'm sorry, I kept Weidemeyer there. I, I watched the tape. I, you can tell me he's an idiot. That. That. You know, you can tell me he's a bum and an idiot and all that. All I know is he's catching the ball against Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, and all these other places. I'm sorry if he's a bad dude, I'll wear it. I'll wear it. The tape. Bad dude, I think is testing. Brian, your just... vertical is better than Jalen Weidermeyer's. Yeah. But oh, you watch the, the tape, the guy makes plays. <laughs> so did Tease Tabor. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select Percy Butler, defensive back uh-huh. from the Louisiana. ULL having a little run here. How about that? Good Percy Butler. Little brother. Oh. Kind of uh, safety, right? Is what we're talking about yeah. here. We talked about him on the show the other day. It was a tell me more guy. Tell me more. All right, do it, Bob. What do we got? How do we? How do I find it? Right here. Okay, go for I mean, it. we're gonna do it right now. Okay, okay I'm gonna give the scouting report that I've yeah, got. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Second team all Sun Belt. Yeah. I mean, combined for his name. 105 tackles. He had three interceptions over his final two seasons. He was a free safety, and he was about as steady of a free safety player. He was not one of those boom or bust guys. He's not going to make the extra highlight play. He may cause a turnover here and there, but you see him against good competition at times. They played Texas. They played uh-huh. Iowa State, and there are multiple times throughout that. He Everybody has a needs tabbed. I can't. I can't just search a whole thing. Oh, look. Tab, so you got to click the tab and oh, look. search. Percy you know. Butler's on my notes here. Let's there see what go. he's going to say. X Excellent time speed, but you always don't so see him. So we're stuck pl- waiting 50 seconds. No, for Brian if, to get if there Kyle would just today. carry the thing carry a little further, and Bobby, are you guys? You guys, the Giants at okay. 114. Dane Belton, defensive back. Uh, oh, there's another safety. Another tell me more. I did a good Flying job off the to tell me more. You did. Year. You definitely did. Your tell me more is getting picked in the third and fourth round. One of only seven hey. Power Five Look. defenders with at least five interceptions this season. Dane 
Belton. Yeah, how about that? Zoom. Iowa. He's always or around Iowa, the football. Yeah, he's always solid finisher. There's are snaps where he's uh, lunging or going low to make a tackle. That's the only thing I really kind of saw about him. They'll use him in coverage. He's got pretty good awareness. What's going around him? His strength is his ability to see the field and react. Uh, I have him, uh, I've seen him come off man in order to make the play. You talk about the turnovers and stuff. This guy has that ability to create those things. Tell me more back to back guys for David Hellman coming off the board here. Shout out Percy Dane Butler Burler. too. I could tell you about that. I just that. went down Dane's board and I was like, I guess I need to know more about this guy. He's, he's got a fourth or fifth round grade on Dane Belton. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. He's, he's going ahead of uh, his got too. I think he's got a fourth yeah. round. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select Damari Mathis, defensive back, Pittsburgh. Three in a row, bro. We've done all, we did all these guys on the show. You were top-notch, my friend. I, I, I'm not anything it, but lucky, maybe. Damari Mathis out of Pittsburgh. Brian, senior bowl guy. Look at the timings. He had a four three nine. I mean, you talk about fantastic speed. He is one of those guys. Missed all of 2020 with a uh, shoulder injury that he suffered off the field, which was kind of interesting. But he had a hyper-extended knee in the ACC title game, which I think knocked his draft stock enough. Yeah. He did participate throughout the Senior Bowl week, but still a guy that I think is good value here for the Broncos at pick 115. Yeah, this guy flips corners, flips sides as a corner. I yeah. thought he might be just a boundary guy, but he plays both sides. He'll walk down in the slot as well. He's a square player as a press man guy. At the snap of the ball, he'll like turn and then open and then, but his, you could see him where he's running. He's, he's flying with this guy. He doesn't struggle to run with the receiver. He's super physical in the way he plays. He's always battling the receiver even after the play. He's a good tackler. He's not afraid to play off a block and get in on a tackle, wraps up in space. He, I mean, I wouldn't say that the, there's not much of a backpedal due to the way he bails, but I wouldn't say that's going to be a problem. I think this guy's got some pretty quick feet. Denver, by the way, back-to-back picks here in the fourth round, and they haven't necessarily traded out of any of them. The Cowboys last night during their post-second, third-round draft press conference talked about if they were to trade up, it would be teams that have two picks in front of them. And there were five teams on that list that had multiple picks in front of them, the Broncos being one of them, and then you had the Jets that were in front. They've already made one of those selections uh, the other teams were the Browns made one, the Ravens made one, and the Patriots who have made one. So all of their options starting to fly off the board in that regard as well. I'm not saying I think they're going to trade up now that they're tied. No, I don't think the they're board. going to either. No, I was just I was going to laugh. I think he's made his peace with it by now, but it's it's fun watching Mike McCarthy kind of adjust to working for oh, sure. Jerry Jones. Yeah. where Jerry just sat up there and was like, yeah, we might trade, and these are the places we're looking at. And Mike McCarthy's eyes bug, like bugged out of his head. He was like, we're just saying this in a press conference? Okay, sure. Why not? Makes it interesting for sure. A little more of a – do you think Ted Thompson would ever do that? Heck no. <laughs> no. My God. Way. Teddy and I, I mean, Teddy would, he, Teddy hated even talking to the media. So like you weren't going to get anything out. And then, and Mike, you know, and, and Jerry even said this about Mike the other day. He's like, listen, he, I know he didn't have much of an opportunity to do personnel with the Packers. He's not wrong about that. So a little, you know, I, I, as much as I think too, by the way, that, uh, you know, the guys like Evans and stuff like that are, 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 excuse me, Mathis is going off the board. It is surprising though. There's kind of that pocket of guys you mentioned, the Woolen, McCollum, you know, uh, Armor Davis is another one from Alabama that, uh, I kind of liked. Uh, so that there, there's some of these corners. I think teams are going to start picking these guys off here in a little bit. 
I'm looking at I'm still Castro Fields, another one from Penn State was a guy. I don't want to pigeonhole tight end here. I really don't because I think at this point, if you don't have your guys on the board, don't force anything. But we talked about likely at, at Coastal Carolina. We talked about Charlie Kohler at Iowa State, even Cole Turner from Nevada. Have we talked enough about Jake Ferguson? No, that's 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 where I think I I, I think that Jake Ferguson is in this mix. I, I really he, do. Should, he's my top rated tight end. Ferguson left. likely I think are you know I mean they brought in they brought in Weidemeyer. They talked to Weidemeyer probably to find out if how much he really hates football. You know whatever. You know that kind of thing. Was that a was that a thing? No, I, I mean he, the t- they're probably the asking him like, why do you not care? Why do you not care about working out? Yeah, why do you not care? Like, why are you a lazy guy? You know permit. that's that's what they probably asked him. I mean, I'm sure somebody point blank asked him, why are you so lazy, dude? Wow, you know, if man, a tight end if a tight end is going to be the pick at 129, I would bet on Ferguson or Kohler. Yeah, here's the Broncos at 116 with the 116th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Denver Broncos select Iyuma Owazarike, defensive tackle, Iowa State. That's a name I thought the Cowboys may have looked at maybe in the fifth. I don't know if I would have seen them even have him in the conversation here in the fourth, but we do need to take another break. We'll continue breaking down day three of the NFL draft. We are just getting started. Twelve selections till the Cowboys are on the board at pick 129. When we come back on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And Yema Owazarike, defensive tackle, kind of another tweener guy, a little bit light. But, hey, he's 315. He could still play in the middle. Yeah. Good player out of the Big 12. Yeah, he is. He's super active as a defensive tackle. He's always working towards the ball. He's got initial quickness, upper body strength to be a really good inside player for a long time. Once he gets going, he could be hard to stop. It doesn't matter whether it's a lineman or a running back. He's likely to bust through and make a play. Uh, he's strong enough to bring a ball carrier down with one hand. I saw that in the uh, Baylor game. Uh, powerful player. He makes him disruptive. He finds ways to get in the opponent's backfield. The inconsistent pad level, I think, gets him. Sometimes he's a little bit too tall, needs to establish a little bit of base, can get wild with his pursuit. But I'll tell you what, this guy's a really good football player for like a big guy. First team, all Big 12 this past year. He was fourth in the Big 12. He had nine sacks. And here's the fun thing. We don't have Dane Brugler here for day three, but I want to try this out. We have his reports. Yeah, give one a whirl. Let's give one a whirl. Heckma Harrison did a fantastic job with these. He is our voice of Dane's reports. This is straight from the beast. Uh, Dane, a great friend of the show. Everybody who listens to this should probably know Dane Brugler by now. If you don't, they do. You're, they, this is your first year. And if you're listening to this, I know you know who Dane is. Exactly. So let's listen. This is Dane's report read by Heckma Harrison on, on Yema Uwazarike. Ioma Uwanzarike, defensive lineman, Iowa State, six foot six, three hundred sixteen pounds. Uwanzarike needs to play with more consistent pad level and contact balance to secure run fits, but his blend of length and athleticism allow him to be disruptive from different alignments. He fits even in odd fronts and might be best as a five technique. That goes back to the tweener we were there just talking go. about. Yeah. Like it's like I was reading the Beast. I mean, I got a copy <laughs> of it right here. <laughs> Well, no, that's, you know, and it's, it's funny, and it's great that we have that opportunity to be able to do that and, and to have the little bit of a Danes insight as well. And I think he's absolutely right about the player. We were talking about, you say, the tweener. Maybe yep. he plays a little bit. He could play tackle. He could play a little bit of in right there. But he is a disruptive player. He really, really is. I, I, I do like this guy. Broncos going back to back with defensive players. Damari Mathis, 
And at 115, 116, they go with Wazirike. The Jets are on the clock now, followed by the Browns. Hey, and then the Ravens are back, Brian. What first rounder are they going to take? Hey, yeah, exactly. Gary and Kennard's still on the board, so we can maybe go take him now. Uh, Jets, Browns, Ravens, and then the Commanders are the next four picks. That's the top 120 in this NFL draft. So we're still thinking potential at tight end for the Cowboys at 129. Still got a ways to go until – we get there, and two of their targets have already flown off the board from the tight end spot. Kate Otten was the first pick in, in the fourth round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then you've got Daniel Bellinger, who was the 112 pick to the New York Giants out of San Diego State. So I, I like your thought process, though, on corner, because it goes back yeah. to what you were talking about night one when we were here a year ago. Yeah. We were talking about corner as a must have. Go get JC Horn. Go get Patrick Sertan. A lot of that was positional value where they were picking at 10th in the draft last year. But they haven't necessarily outside of the Kelvin Joseph pick last year done a whole lot in terms of starting caliber players that have been on this roster. Trayvon Diggs took the next step. That helped you out a lot. But that's still technically a need for this Cowboys team as you look to the future on this roster. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's, it depends on, you, know, you never can have enough corners. I mean, this is a team last year in the first round where we're interested in drafting a corner, uh, you know, even though they had all their starters back. I mean, they had Diggs and Brown and Lewis. They had them. They were interested in drafting a corner, but you know, you look with what Witt and what, you know, Quinn and those guys did with the, the secondary. Uh, Al Harris, I, I, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit, but I, I, I think just, and it's not just because of what's going on with Kelvin Joseph. I think you honestly do need corners. I just think that you need to bring them in, compete. If you got, you know, you got five or six on your board, that's what you got to do. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Michael Clemens, defensive end, oh. Texas A&M. Bobby, that hurt them a little bit, didn't it? A&M, uh, the Cowboys, Clements. Turn that on. They liked him. Um, I, I don't know if he would have been in the conversation at this point after they had went and got Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if he had still been hanging around, obviously in the fifth round, or you're talking about depth and, and value and everything there. Um, but no, nah, you know, would have been more in play if they had lost Williams. I think. I think I'm 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 with you. I don't think it's out of the question in the fifth. So just to recap the last couple of picks here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com, your NFL draft coverage rolls on from Ford Center at the Star, as always, brought to you by our friends over at Miller Lite. Last five picks, Percy Butler goes to the Commanders at 113. At 114, Dane Belton, the safety from Iowa, goes to the Falcons. Broncos go back-to-back with defensive players, Damari Mathis, Corner from Pittsburgh at 115, 116. And Yoma Uwazarike from Iowa State. Interior defensive lineman goes to the Broncos at 116. And then at 117, Michael Clemens, edge rusher from Texas A&M. A 30 visit from the Dallas Cowboys taken by the New York Jets. And maybe not a fourth-round prospect like we were talking about, Bobby, but maybe a fifth-round, sixth-round guy if the Cowboys saw him last year. Well, no, I mean, I, I think if Sam Williams had not... If they had not gotten Sam Williams, if they if they took Jalen Tolbert at fifty six, sure. and then they had lost Sam Williams in between, I do think Clemens could have potentially been discussed there in the third round. I just think that 
now that they've addressed defensive end, I don't think even if he had been there in the fourth round, I don't think he would have been a priority for them. Out of but the if he had kept on and they had some of their fifth round darts, they might have then just because it had been like the value is too great. But could have been you, in discussion. How just, do you feel about real quick? Uh, I'm sorry, Bob. I, no, you're good. I, I, you're good. This, I can't get these thoughts out of my head sometimes. Okay, Vikings are on the clock. Well, they're picking now. Let's go to there. The Cleveland Browns have traded the 118th pick to the Minnesota Vikings. With the 118th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select a Caleb Evans. Defense ah. back, Missouri. Ah. Darn Ryan. Can you make that noise again? What was that? <laughs> uh, M-I-Z. There he goes off the board. Mm. Caleb Evans, 30 tackles. He had six pass breakups and a couple forced fumbles in 2021. Another Tulsa former player, but he transferred to Missouri and played there for a couple of years. Six foot two, 197 pounds. He's got some speed. I was underwhelmed by his inconsistencies mm-hmm. at times on tape, Brian, but overall a fourth round, fifth round prospect that you said you yeah. said the Cowboys had you their heard eyes. Some on. whispers about this guy. No, I, I I thought this was going to be a guy. I really did. And that's one of the reasons why I brought the name up. Sure. But I mean this guy he's long and he's rangy and, and he look he's six two, he's one ninety seven. He'll make his share of plays down the field. And I, I think that there's you know, if he needs a little work, it's about getting the eyes around a little quicker. But he can run. And there were some snaps where I felt like that he was like when you watched him go with these uh with these uh these receivers that he was able to to handle that. He's got a, a really his speed, uh the quickness he has. I mean he can mirror guys, he play, like I say he can play vertically with them. The pedal, everything about him, I thought, I, I thought his size plays, it helped him when he played man coverage. So I could see why the Cowboys were kind of, kind of, uh, kind of maybe honing in on him a little bit. But those eyes will need some work as far as turning mm-hmm. and find the ball, but he make his share of play. In terms of the trade there, cause that was the Vikings going up. Maybe they knew Dallas liked him, but the Vikings gave up 156 and a 2023 fourth rounder for 118. Mm. So that is, Kind of the price of a move there. Yeah, you give up a fifth and then fourth in next year's draft. Which what what's the rule? If you're going a year in advance, you dock it around. So yep. a yeah. 2023 fourth is more like getting a fifth this, this year. So two fifths for yep. 118. Yep. By the way, from fifth McKinney, after that Texas, pick. he's he was <laughs> a local a local guy. Yep. Evans. He was from McKinney, so not too far from where we sit right now here at the Star in Frisco. He was at Dallas Day. You got real frisky after a sip of beer last night, Brian. I don't know if I want you sipping on a fifth. No, There's another I, one right here. It's a little lukewarm. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Then. You want me to drive? I'm like, I'm older now. I don't have to do those things like drive. I used to back in the day. <laughs> oh, man. I'm Carl Loftus. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. We'll get there. Hey, the Ravens are that up was, right that now. That was Minnesota's pick, right? It was. was. Minnesota's pick. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure. I got a lot going All on. Right. All right. Let's see who's the top players on your board right now, Brian, because Baltimore's about to pick them. Why Darian would you Kennard. ask me that question? Yep. Darian Kennard's up there for me. I'll give you some time. I'll buy you some time. Thank you. Brandon Smith, linebacker from Penn State, still there. Carson Strong now up there for me, too, Bobby. I know you like him a lot out of Nevada quarterback. Darion Kendrick from Georgia. Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, Jeremy Sawyer, uh, or Jamari Sawyer, excuse me, from Georgia is yeah. there. Lots of, uh, potentials here for the Cowboys. The South Carolina or, me, kid, the Ravens. South Carolina kid hasn't been taken yet, right? 
Which one? In, 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 in Igbari? In Igbari? Yeah. In Igbari. Yeah. Oh, still, still there. Okay, cool. I, sometimes I mess this thing up. Uh, that would be a guy I would, I'd look at. Man, that's my 60th best player on the board right there. That would be, uh, we talked about Woolen from, uh, gonna, where, where do you have Woolen? I have Woolen at 76. Yeah. So, I mean, again, there's, and now you're getting into guys like Marcus Hayes, the guard from Oklahoma, Dominique Robinson from Miami, Ohio. I mean, that, those, those are guys more in the 80s, uh, right now there. So those, I've got, I've got some, I think some pretty good value there with some of those guys. John Ridgeway the third out of Arkansas. All right, keep an eye on him. That's okay. another name. Keep an eye on Ridgeway the Arkansas for the, Dallas specifically. Yes, or? yes, 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 yes. Now, now, I mean, like you say, it was going to be, it was going to be the, uh, the the corner, the tight end, and then also then this uh, defensive tackle. So Th- keep an eye on Ridgeway. Is Darian Beaver still on the board? He is. Has he been? He has not been taken yet. He has not been taken. I wonder if they would consider him as a linebacker option there. Well, it's just I'm I'm looking at top top names on here. Here's the Ravens at 119. Pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Jalen Armour Davis. <laughs> Come on, you did not Alabama. know. I, we do not know. Well, somebody called it on their set. The NFL Network guys knew. Somebody got it. I brought this name up, and uh, I think this has to do because I brought this name up because again the Ozzie Newsom connection. With Alabama, they like a Bama kid. They like an Alabama kid, a Bama man, and a, a Bama man for sure. <laughs> and I'll say this though about this: this cat's a this cat's a pretty good player. I mean, he's a right corner, and the, but the ball always seems to bounce his direction. I mean, he will make his share of interceptions just being at the right place, and it is best when he could take advantage of opponents' mistakes. I was super impressed with his ability to to make plays on the ball. He's physical when he can play press coverage. He does a nice job of fighting, maintaining that inside leverage. He doesn't let his guy get inside on him. Super aggressive approach when it comes to driving on the ball. I like when everything's in front of him because I think he sees it a little bit better. That technique can be a little bit all over the place, but he does a nice job of playing that ball, and he's a really, really good tackler in open field. Led that Bama defense in interceptions. He was also second-team All-SEC this year. Had a knee injury in high school that kind of kept him out for a little bit of time and kind of stunted his growth early in his career. But really, once he took over as a starter, as a, uh, a junior Really worked into that, and now he's a redshirt junior, kind of had that extra COVID year of eligibility. I was a little shocked that he came out. I, I really am. I thought he would stay a year and then be a top day one, day two guy. I'm interested to see how his growth goes because he's got speed, Brian. Four three nine, one five two split. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got that that next level speed. He's got some length to his game. I like this pick for Baltimore, but I think this is a developmental pick for sure moving forward. He's going to be a guy that. To, to think about in a couple of years. So now you look at Baltimore making that selection. The pick is in for the Carolina Panthers, who are back on the board. Got their quarterback, Matt Corral, in the third round. Draft another one. Sam Howell's there. Why not? Just get, you want you want Sam Darnold, Sam Howell, and Matt Corral? I'm, hey, you, you need one. That'd be fun. Two guys that might have been in the, the second Washington are still here. The Washington Commanders have traded the 120th pick to the Carolina Panthers. With the 120th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers keep pounding and select Brandon Smith, linebacker, ah. State. There you go. So another linebacker off the board. 
Saw another one. Actually, that's the first one today that's off the board. That shouldn't be surprising. Like, guys with athleticism like that get drafted maybe higher than their tape suggests they should. Because that was kind of the read on him, right? He's yeah. he's kind of a reckless guy. He's all over the place at times. I mean, he's crazy athletic. He's got a great frame, sideline-to-sideline side ability. But you look at his, his coverage, it's, it's solid. But he plays out of control a lot. I mean, he was yeah. thir- 13 Big Ten. He probably would have been better than that. But, I mean, he gives up big plays. He's not a great tackler, uh, especially in space. I think he really struggles with missed tackles at times. But long, speedy defender. I think you put him in that sub package, that nickel roll, he's going to really take uh, take some next steps at the next level. 6'3", 244 pounds with 34-inch arms. Yeah. And can run a 4-5. Yeah. The New England Patriots select Jack Jones, defensive back, Arizona State. I do not look at Jack Jones, so if anybody wants to do this, go for it. Let me get there. Arizona State, Jack Jones. Kyle's on it. 5'10", 177 pounds. He's out of Long Beach, California. Ran a 4.51, so he's a little bit slow out of the gate. Transfer from Moon Park College is where he started his career. This is really interesting. Started his career at Moore Park College. Then he was out of football in 2018. Went back to school at junior college level and then went to USC before going to Arizona State. He was all over the place. Sound like a much traveled man. Very well traveled. Apparently he, he committed to USC, was academically, uh, academically ineligible. Did never play for the Trojans, but then he goes to Arizona State and he was a two-time honorable bench in all Pac-12. So had nine pass breakups, three interceptions. He made the big plays, but in terms of the traits, he's one of those guys that I think is, is just lacking some of those Next level pro trade. Something that, hey, makes sense for Bill Belichick, I think. He's put him with a good coach. He may, he may be in the right situation here. Former five star recruit got dismissed from USC. He was, um, he's somebody that I just like, I I was looking through names that, and I thought that name sounded familiar. I don't know anything about him other than I, he was not projected to go here at all. Yeah. This This, is, this is pretty early. early. Yep. All right, let's take our break. When we come back, the Cowboys inching closer and closer to their selection at 129. Seven teams sit in front of them. Hope you'll stick with us. The 2022 NFL Draft coverage rolls on from the Star in Frisco on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And here we are, back on the Internet side of things. David Hellman brought me some... Breakfast tacos. Yeah, eat, so a, eat a taco. I'm going to eat a taco I'll while talk we're on for here. You, Kyle. Thanks, Dave. And I was about to say, I sit here every time, and it it goes from like, man, we got a long way to go before the Cowboys pick to, holy crap, Cowboys are, are going to pick really soon in the blink of an eye. And I, I don't feel as much. Um, what's the? I, I don't feel the anticipation here. You know, like I don't. I'm not sweating this. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Is I, that because? It's day three, or I think they lost Kate Otten, and now they're just like, yeah, there are a few guys we'll like at this spot. I think it's because we lost the obvious crushes, and yeah. we're looking at them picking five times in like the next what fifty, sixty picks or something, and so that's I'm I'm getting tweets from a few people that are like, go up, go up and get your guy. I'm just like, for who, for what? They they talked about. <laughs> Shout out Ricky Waters. Thank you. Uh, no, they. I think they look at this as, like they talked about, this is really deep draft. I think they're content to just stand in, make these five picks, and throw darts where the value is. Which, I, okay, two things. One, 
that would be amazing if they make all nine picks the year after making 11 picks. And I wonder, all 11 of those guys made the roster. There's no way all nine of these guys can make the roster unless they're taking jobs from guys that got drafted last year. I, that sounds like a free-for-all. If they if, if 20 of your roster members are guys that got drafted within the last two years, that would be pretty wild. Lost a lot of free agents. They you did. Lost a lot. And it, not necessarily all starters, but you lost a lot of rotational depth people. We talked through – and the other thing I wanted to say is um, – if there is a name that maybe a lot of people are surprised to still see here, it's probably Darian Kennard. Just is that slow feet? Why? why, why? Yeah, I, yeah I, I think that maybe, you know, the projection was for him to play inside. And there, there are people also tell you that, that, that when you watch him play, when I, I watched him play myself, I, I didn't think they were terrible. But yeah, they, that's probably what people are they're downgrading him on. So as we sit here, still, I mean, seven more picks to make. But, yeah, like I'm, I'm just looking at the options that are available to you. Calvin Austin, I don't think that ever made sense for the Cowboys. Certainly not now that Jalen Tolbert's here. Uh, you could, I mean, Brian, you mentioned, okay, you brought up the Missouri corner. Yeah. Are there any corners that catch your eye even if he's off the board? I wonder... It's easy to draw a line to Tariq Woolen because Dan Quinn yeah, the length. five, six, yeah. five guys last year. But I wonder if they would Two do that kids again. from the state of Texas. You know, I look at Woolen and I look at McCollum are the two guys I would look at there. I mean, I've got third round grades on those guys. Yeah. So Bryant went already. Mathis went already. Uh, Davis, uh, uh, more Davis, you know, uh, he, he's already gone. So I got Woolen and McCollum both sitting there. Yeah, we've uh, had four taken in the first half of the first You know, and round. I, and I wonder, you know, I mean, is there a linebacker you like there? I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, do you like, uh, uh, Doman, the kid from Nebraska? I mean, he, that Jojo Doman. I mean, I, I mentioned Beavers as a name. People are telling me maybe the guy doesn't run very well. I'll be honest. I think, this is what they've done to this. I'm point. looking at. I tell you, I'm getting value. I'm getting value at. I think I'm getting value with Ridgeway, the defensive tackle. You know that from Arkansas. I'm getting value there. Uh, Kohler. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I got a third round grade on him. I'm just. I'm. I got my eye on Charlie Kohler and Jake Ferguson. I feel like they would feel fine drafting either one of those guys, and there's a good bet it, one of them will be available. It's not out of the question to go get a receiving tight end because of what Charlie Kohler can do stretching the field with Dak Prescott and, and just giving him another target to throw the football to. But for the most part, what we've heard about their wants and their needs across the building are the fact that they want a blocking tight end. They want an inline blocker that's going to go downfield, lead the way from the run game, and the Raiders are picking at 122 here. Second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Zamir White. Running back, Georgia. So there's Zamir White off the board. I I, I want to finish my thought though. Is if that's the case, if it's a blocking tight end, Jake Ferguson is the one for me. Yeah, I think that makes. Oh, sorry. Just past noon Central Time here from the Star in Frisco, Fort Center at the Star in the SWBC studios as NFL draft coverage rolls on on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com alongside Bobby Belt. Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us spending your Saturday on day three 
of the NFL draft. We've seen a couple picks off the board since we last left the radio. Jalen Armour Davis, the cornerback out of Alabama, goes to the Baltimore Ravens at 119. 120, the Panthers go get Brandon Smith, linebacker from Penn State. Jack Jones, the corner from Arizona State, goes to the Patriots at 121. And then Samir White, running back from Georgia, off the board. At pick number 122, the Las Vegas Raiders make that selection. So the Cowboys now closing in on their fourth pick in this draft. Six teams remain Chargers, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Patriots. Oh, and the Ravens pick right in front of the Cowboys there as well. That is what they've got to deal oh, no, with not the coming reasons. up. Did any of you guys like the, any running backs on this thing? Oh, uh, my favorite guy. I know we just yesterday. I know we just saw one go, but the Spiller or Algiers or the the we mentioned Haskins last night. Haskins, yeah. Is that too soon for Haskins? I, I have I would say I yes. have Spiller and then the BYU kid. I have the Williams from Notre Dame. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. I, I have those guys. I mean, I've lost some guys along the way here. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe I, Spiller becomes a really good value at some point. I've heard they have Haskins in the fourth. Okay. Interesting. So, it, okay. It, that, I mean, that wouldn't be too early in terms of matching up with their grade. And Isaiah Spiller, you, Brian mentioned value there. Why is he still on the board when all these other running backs have already flown off? I don't know. I mean, again, I think there's there's such a problem now. And I'll say this. When I was scouting, I think running backs were valued. You know, that running backs were an important part of what you do. And you know what I've learned to do? I've learned to try and find the most complete ones because those are the guys that are going to go. The Brian Robinsons and guys like that that can run, block, catch. I mean, it's not always about having to get a 1,000 yards with these guys, but if you could do it, a lot of other things, here are the Chargers. Good morning, Las Vegas. With the 123rd of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> there we go. Running back there he Texas is. A&M. Isaiah Spiller off the board. Back-to-back running backs here in the fourth round. Maybe a little run now. You know, and we keep talking about when there was that tight end run, and maybe that, there's that, not going to be a tight end run. Maybe it's something else. That you know? might be the run. I mean, two guys yeah. going back to two. Two guys that that a lot of people liked going back to back too. I would go. I would throw Brian's top names that he was talking about because they're the two remaining now. Kyron Williams from Notre Dame is my fourth best running back, and then Tyler Algier or Algier. I don't know BYU. At, he's my sixth oh. running back. Where's so. your Where's your pronunciation guide, Brian? It's been a long. Did I say, I sent it? No, to you. No, no, you did. You did. I got. I, I just. I, I wanna, got it too. I just. I, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to do this. I tried to I help you guys. Algier. I'm gonna get it. Don't Tyler worry. Allgaier. Algier. Dang it. Algier. Tyler Algier. Oh well. Look at that, Brian. I when you sent me that, I was like, what are the odds I'm gonna remember to use this thing? Well, there we are. Good job, Dave. Well done. Good job, Brian. Good that's, job, Brian. That's called preparation. You're darn right. So it's the Browns, their picks are in. Then you've got the Dolphins, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Ravens, and then the Cowboys at pick number one twenty nine. What are you thinking here with the Browns, Brian, as we go to their selection at one? I have no idea. <laughs> I love it. I really don't. I mean, Where the hell is Dane Brugler when you need no, him? No, I mean, he's the, like, one, that's he's the one guy that understands the Browns. But oh, uh, They're not going to have to wait very long. No. Here we go. Cade York, kicker. No! Oh! 
in the fourth round, Katie LSU kicker off the board. Damn it! I'm doing my best Brian impression right now. Everybody in their car just turned down their speakers. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Cade York off the board, 15 of 19 field goals from 50-plus yards in his career, the most in the Bayou Bengals history, one of the best kickers that program has ever seen, second-team All-SEC selection this year, and just as clutch as they come, Brian. Yeah, and this guy's outstanding. And, and Dave, we could talk about this guy because he, he made a kick at the Swamp in basically in the worst conditions, seven yards. It was crazy. In fifty-seven yards in a pea soup fog. It, I mean, you could. You, there's no way he could even see the goalpost when he let that ball go at off the his end foot. of just a craptastic season. The, yeah. the kid's got a leg, man. And on top of that, he's a. I mean, he's. Uh, it sounds silly to say he's a highly recruited kicker. I know they're not the sexiest recruits, but he was a big time recruit. True freshman on that 2019 LSU team that won the national title, and he made some big kicks for them that year. I mean, he came in as an 18-year-old and was reliable in some clutch situations. Here's the Dolphins pick at 125. Fans NFL, aqui é o Felipe Luiz, lateral do Flamengo, diretamente do Cristo Redentor, no Brasil, mais novo mercado para o Miami Dolphins. Contamos com o apoio de vocês. Felipe Luiz from Flamengo, here at the Christ, the Redeemer statue in Brazil. The newest market for the Miami Dolphins. With the 125th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Eric Ezukama, wide receiver from Texas Tech. Fees up. Eric Ezukama from Texas Tech. Six foot one, nearly six foot two, 210 pounds, second team all Big 12. Tell me more guy too, right, Dave? It is. Yes, sir. Led the team in receiving yards. Mm -hmm. I will say, I, just, I wonder, uh, we, I mean, we don't have to spend a ton of time on a kicker, especially since he's not a cowboy, but, uh, what? Pick, pick 124 is pretty high for a kicker. Uh, and rookie kickers have had some success in the state of Ohio recently. They certainly have. Evan McPherson was a big time piece of that Bengals team, but I, that's, that's a hell of a spotlight to put on a kicker. So, uh, you know, I, I have all the faith that Cade York will live up to it, but I have a feeling he's going to have a lot of attention on him, uh, going in there as a rookie. Izakima, by the way, Fort Worth, Texas native. He was a Dallas Day invite. Led the team in receiving. Brian, kind of boomer bust throughout his career. Yeah. Seven games that he had less than 60 yards in 2021, I I read. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, to me, when you watch him play, there were a lot of times where he was just wide open. I mean, and you're thinking like, oh my God, there's so many busts in the second. But I think that's what, what that tech offense will do to you. He's really interesting because he plays really big on tape. I mean, you want, he's one of those, when the ball goes in the air, he's going to get, he's got super strong hands. He's got the ability to catch in it. He makes his share of huge plays in the game. It doesn't matter if he's covered or not. He finds a way to come down with the ball. I've seen him defeat double teams in red zones by just going up and taking the ball away. But yeah, he's got the body control, the balance. Uh, he's aware on the sidelines and stuff like that. I, I just thought that here's a guy that could really extend to go get that football. Let's hear, uh, let's hear Dane's report on Mr. Ezukama, or I'm already messing it up again. I had it right the first time. Let's hear it from Dane's The Beast. Eric Ezukama, wide receiver, Texas Tech, six foot one, two hundred nine pounds. Ezukama is a predictable route runner with only average speed, but he is a natural ball tracker with toughness and talent down the field. He projects as a WR4, WR5, who could see opportunities and move up the depth chart in the right situation. So Dane has him as a 
wide receiver four or five. Yeah. I, I think That's you and I both have right now. higher. That's yeah. interesting to think uh, you spend a fourth round pick on a receiver like that. No, I mean, a little he, high. Yeah, no, he, I was, I was impressed. I really was. I, you know, maybe there's, maybe it's the tech offense or what, because there were just a lot of times where he was just wide open. And I'm like, man, they busted here, but he, he makes plays. And the impressive thing, like I wrote in my notes that I read was you watch him in the red zone. He's going up and getting the ball. That, that's the thing I think that was super impressive that he's going up with the attitude that that's my ball. I'm going to go get it. If they had lost Jalen Tolbert and didn't get a receiver last night, I think he could have been in play here for them. Yeah. If they had gone tight end at 88 and came into the fourth round, I think Azukama could have been a target for them. Anybody else you're looking at in that kind of realm, Bobby, as guys that the Cowboys could be targeting here? We've got three picks till they select, and the Raiders are on the clock. They switched with the Vikings. Then you've got the Patriots and the Ravens, and then it's right there to the Cowboys. I wonder, can we get a look into the war room if we could? Chris Beam in the back, Kevin Timmons doing a great job, Tim Collins with us again from the fan side of things. I mean, the Cowboys getting closer here. Would love a chance to see inside that war room and and kind of see what the activity yeah, is like. Yeah, they they haven't been on camera this, yet today, have they? Uh, for a brief second, they were. Okay. By the way, the Raiders just selected Neil Farrell Jr. out of LSU. Mm. Boys going off the board. Yeah, a couple there you go. Of them. Defensive tackle. You got anything on him, Brian? Off the top? Yeah, yeah. This is a guy when you watch him play. Super. I mean, he is a big man, and he is really hard to move and. I think that, that, you know, that you kind of say, well, does he get down the line? Is he able to make those, those, you know, long plays and stuff like that? I think, you know, yeah, that might be a little bit of a problem, but there's so much initial quickness. And, you know, there's times when you watch a play, he won't come off the field. He doesn't look like he gets tired down as the game wears on. He plays in a rotating system, which helps a little bit. He doesn't have many pass first moves. He's going to rely on strength and power to get pressure. He could push the pocket when coming off the ball. Uh, you know, I mean, there, he throws a hand up every once in a while to tip a ball, knock it down and stuff like that. But he anchors down and will hold that ground. Could kind of be a hard guy to move at that 6'4 and 330 pounds. So the Patriots are on the clock now. The Ravens follow, then it's the Cowboys. So we were talking about Neil Farrell Jr. Would love to go back to the war room. We saw a quick snippet of it a second ago. There it is down in the right-hand corner for those of you watching. I know if you're on the fan, you can't necessarily see. We're going to outline it for you as as soon as we can really Basically see. Basically like ten people sitting around a horseshoe-shaped table. That's it's a really nice horseshoe-shaped table. I painted a very clear picture for you there. It's very nice. There's a navy blue star. I think you've probably seen it a couple times up on the wall behind them. Um, there's a helmet in front of them. And they're having active conversation. Looks like Jerry Jones talking with Will McClay at the moment. I like to I like to do this. So okay, so on the bottom left we got Mitch Lapointe, uh, who is one of is he is he a national scout? National now? scout, one yeah. Of national no, 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 no. Assistant director, assistant director, assistant director, director. Yeah, yeah. I knew he had a new title. Uh, Jerry Jones Jr. next to him, obviously the big man Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones. Uh, that would be Charlotte uh, Jones's son, Shy. Charlotte sitting next to him. Then there's Will McClay. Chris Hall, uh, director of college scouting, I believe. That's he's a coordinator. Of coordinator college. Yeah, they of all have different scouting. titles That's, now. There's like 18 word, like coordinator and a, a, a executive and vice and all sorts of words that I get misplaced all the time. By the way, Pierre Strong Jr., running back from South Dakota State, now gone. As the Patriots select him at 127, we've gotten to the point in the draft where they don't necessarily announce every pick. Instead, the Blue Man Group is showering 
the NFL Network crew with uh, with ribbons. It looks like on the national broadcast. But we are one pick away from the Cowboys. The Ravens are on the clock at the moment. After Pierre Strong Jr. goes off the clock, what are we thinking here, Bobby? Are you thinking tight end still? Are you going back to corner, maybe linebacker? I, I mean, if we're sticking to picking their needs that they say are not their needs, then, yeah, I would say you'd go tight end here. Kohler would make some sense. Again, maybe it's too early for Isaiah Likely, but Jake Ferguson, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, those could be names. If you're not going to go tight end here, I think they're just going to – a lot of these picks today I think are just going to be about what does our board say, where's our value, we got a bunch of darts, we, we'll cover positions today. Dave, you were saying you didn't feel antsy earlier. Do you feel antsy yet? No, I don't. Uh, yeah, maybe Pick us I in. Think, Cowboys are on the clock. I think Bobby's right. Maybe uh, maybe it's just because like the, the quote-unquote crush guys got taken. But I feel good about a tight end that they would take here. I feel good about a Everybody's clapping. cornerback I would take here. Is there a linebacker I would like here? Well, there's Beavers. Uh, I know on my board, but there's like yeah. some too whispers that he can't really run. Too early for our guy. Baltimore just. Oh, jeez. Oh. Hey, hey, hold, hey. hold up, hold up, hold up. That, that's Lunda Wells coming in and fist bumping people. Oh, so tight end. Coach. Tight end. That's not Charlie Kohler because he just some, got taken. Let's read some tea leaves then. He just got taken by the Baltimore Ravens. So this is probably Ferguson. This is Jake maybe? Ferguson, right? Uh, yeah, that's. It's got to be. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. We'll see. They're, they're to, passing yes. the phone around. They got the phones fixed today. Thank God we got that. Done. We could get that secret audio back yeah, in. I don't go. think it was their fault. I think I'm Sam had a crappy reception. Days. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Hey, they got the cell phone working. They got the AT and T working out there. They're happy. And Jerry is still on the phone with whoever the newest Dallas Cowboy is. It's not Charlie Kohler. The Ravens making another good pick there, by the way, Brian. Oh, no, absolutely. That that was my last tight end in that group of that pocket of third-round guys. So yeah. now we're going to get into the Fergusons and guys like that here. So it was, That's really cool of Lunda Wells to come in and tip the pick for us. We, do, I mean, that, <laughs> it, that, used to be, that used to happen like every year, and it really hasn't been a thing since Mike McCarthy took over. So. I think if, if you wouldn't have seen Wells walk in right there, we would have been maybe talking – Everything else. Oh my God! What are you? What's doing? happening? What's going to happen? But now we we kind of understand. All right, let's. Uh, I don't know if they're going to announce this pick or not. The pick is in on the broadcast. Let's let's go ahead and go there just to just to be safe. Whether or not the Cowboys are going to have their pick announced here on NFL Network. Thank you guys. There you go. Blue Man I don't think we're going to do that. I think Charlie Kohler. They're just now I don't announcing think they're, him. I don't think they're doing announcements right now. Like the last like six picks haven't had the whole podium spiel. Yeah, they're outlining Charlie Kohler, but it looks like the Cowboys could still be taking a tight end here. So I mean, I think it's Jake Ferguson, but I, Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah Likely's still there. No, it's Ferguson. Yeah, I think it's so gonna be too. Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you know, and, and again, the pick the pick will come official here. Hopefully, the pick is in. But so I, we can go ahead and talk about him a little bit, right? Yeah, is that okay? Uh, when you when you watch this young man play, and it's so funny because Todd Archer and I were talking about Todd Archer about four weeks ago said Jake Ferguson's going to be their pick. Watch it, it, one of those prediction things, and he was right. Six five two fifty, outstanding soft hands for a receiver. He catches the ball really easily. He didn't fight it at all. 
He'll free himself down the field with an arm over move. You see him use it two or three times a game. He does a really good job of working himself open. He'll line up at various spots. I feel his best work is when he can line up in the slot and has a feel for how to get open in the red zone. His height, his length give him an advantage when he's in that area. Some nifty moves as well. He does a good job on the boots and the waggles. That's one of those things when you watch the Cowboys play. That's what they do. Boots, waggles. He's get to get the flow, and has the flow to be able to find that open spot. He'll come off well as a blocker or work to finish. I wouldn't call it his strongest suit. He had to block in the Penn State game where he came out the ball and really punished his man. Yep. So that was the one time that maybe gave you a little hope. There's some snaps where he'll catch the ball and then go to the ground. I wasn't really sure his balance at first, but it improved the more I watched him. Uh, he'll make a share of tough catches in order to convert third down. So he's kind of a slim-built guy when you watch him on tape. Uh, that uh, at that Jake Ferguson apparently his grandfather is Barry Alvarez, so he has the some AD lineage, yeah, th- there to work with, and uh, just in talking with him at the the Senior Bowl and then following th- through the combine, very uh, very well spoken. He's a he's a smart player. It looks like he he has everything from an intangible side of things. Reliable as a pass catcher is the first thing I have on there. He's reliable. Doesn't mean he's he's going to jump off the charts as a pass catcher, but his real strength is blocking. I think he'll get the job done. He can be a safety blanket for an offense. Uh, he's somebody that I think the, the spotlight was always on him in Madison. He was one of their highest tight end recruits in the history of that program. And the fact that he is uh, ultimately one of those guys. And by the way, the pick is in. It has been announced. Tight end Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin is the pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Round number four, pick 129. As it is official, we had kind of read the tea leaves like Dave said earlier. Lunda Wells jumping in, tight ends coach into the war room cam as the celebration ensued. And then bring with, on, let the coaches come in on day three. Yep. Give us the 10 minute head start on what to expect. We pretty much knew it was going to be between him and Charlie Kohler. Yeah. Kohler goes a pick before to the Ravens at 128, but Ferguson is the selection moving in. We said last night that they wanted to find a tight end. They were talking about it when they got off the clock last night. I think Kate Otten was their pipe dream. Like if, you know, if he, if he had slipped a handful of spots in the fourth, if he'd been there at pick 111, 112, maybe you try to use some capital to go get him, but he was the first guy taken. Uh, they didn't go up that high and then they said, all right, well, somebody else will hang out. And that's exactly what happened. And I just tweeted this. I just, if you, if you play offensive line or tight end or even running back at Wisconsin, like I just, there's a, there's a pedigree there that, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but I just trust that you can come in and figure out how to help out and, and develop into a useful player. So I, I, at pick 129, I feel totally fine with it. Now, in terms of scouts and the way that this, this worked out, this isn't a Kubiak because he's Midwest, right? So who would this be under from a scouting this, standpoint? Bobby, this would be, is this our guy Eric? So I, this is tough because again, it's it's the way they split things That's, up can be yeah, a little weird sometimes. So this Chris is Klein. Just told this Chris, is is this, this Klein? This could be Klein, Klein Kubiak, Eric Ellingworth, or Brett Maxey. Okay, this and he, could be any. And, of them. and then the other thing is the other two have cross-checked him too. That's Chris. Chris cracked me up when he was like, "Yeah, well, I'm the Southeast guy, but Mississippi belongs to somebody else." I was like, "Yeah, Sam carries it all the way over to Mississippi, and he picks up Alabama across and up the coast, I believe." Well, well, like. Klein, I think, has had Tulsa, but up until this year, Sam Garza still was Oklahoma. I think this might be an accident. So, like, that's the same state, and 
I think this could be a Brett Maxey guy, but I'm not sure about that. Maybe yeah, I'm not can, certain. Maybe we can figure that out as we go. By the way, before we go to break, I just thought I would notice the first punter is off the board, everybody. Jordan Stout from Penn State and selected by not. the Ravens. It's not the San Diego State kid. Nope. No. Punt it God. is not. It is Jordan Stout. Hey, we've got punter B-roll here on the, the internet side. I've actually, you know what? I can actually, I can throw you something on this because of some people that I've talked to. And I mean, the Cowboys need a kicker, so I've talked to some people that know this stuff. Love it. The league, I'm sure he's going to get drafted, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if the league loves, what's the punt god's name? Ariza? Matt Ariza. I don't know, you know if the it's league... Funny. He kicks old footballs. Have you ever noticed that? No. He kicks like beat up old footballs. I was watching him kick drills. Uh-huh. He, it's funny. It's like the, the, the footballs he punts and, you know, he plays a couple of games at altitude as well. When you look at with Air Force or Colorado State, yeah. stuff like that. But no, he, the guy's got a strong leg. Don't get me wrong, but I, I see a guy kicking really old footballs. Beat up. I've also, yeah. I've heard from people that are like, yeah, he can kick the hell out of the ball. It, can he, like, does it have hang time? Like yeah. he's out kicking his coverage a lot. And, and that's Jordan, one of the reasons why he's not off the board. And Jordan Stout is the first punter taken here in the draft. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue breaking down the Cowboys' fourth-round selection. Jake Ferguson, tight end from Wisconsin. Cowboys continue to address their needs in the 2022 NFL Draft here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And we're back on the Internet side of things. Sorry, I didn't want to cut off your, your punter talk. I, I love it when we talk punters. Oh, no, you're totally fine. I mean, but, I, I, I made my point. I, and like I said, I think Matt Arise is going to – he'll be fine. He's going to get drafted. But some people question the accuracy, the hang time, and yeah. it's like, yeah, cool, he can punt the ball 80 yards. Can he help his coverage out? So uh, maybe the league isn't as surprised as some people are that he's not the first punter taken. So everybody – now that we've gotten a couple picks to kind of let this sink in a little bit, everybody happy with Jake Ferguson? Yeah, I think they, they, you know, we came in, they, we came in, maybe in the pre-draft, we should have been saying they're going to draft every need they have is what we probably should have said. Yeah, this, yeah, this is not, doing. this is not, and, and they'll tell us the board fell to them in a certain way, but they took the players they wanted to take. I'd be interested to see the Kohler situation. You know, because again, with, with Kellen Moore going up there, you know, Dan Quinn went and did a workout. So you would think, man, it's Kellen Moore going up there to look at the quarterback. Was he going to look at the running back? It just so happened the tight end was there, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I want to believe that Otten was probably their first guy, but then as they worked their way down, this was the second guy and they were very comfortable with that. Oh, that one I think hurts the Cowboys right there. Ooh, mm-hmm. Hassan Haskins off the board, running back from Michigan, goes to the Titans at 131. Or doesn't hurt them, but I think they would have been interested in him as a value pick in the fifth round if he had gotten there. By the way, 23 picks now until the Cowboys are back on the board again. And then, I'm gonna say, then gentlemen, it gets fun. We're going to, my God. I'm going to ask you guys a question wacky. here. <laughs> oh, boy. In the fifth round, would you take a flyer? On Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. As a backup? Yeah, and just say, you know what, we're going to bring him in and let him compete with Cooper Rush and the heck with, yes. with yes. Greer and yes. Ben DiNucci and all those. Yeah. Quarterbacks are lottery tickets, and the further down the board you go, the, I mean, again. They're still there. That's, and I, I, at the end of the day, I don't care that much. Like, the fifth round picks, you, you hope for the best. And if you, 
hit gold at the most important position in sports, it's well worth it. Yeah, I would do it. I'd be cool with Sam Howell. I'd, I'd honestly be great with, with Carson Strong, Bobby's guy too, if you wanted to take a flyer on the, the knee, if you feel like the <laughs> knee could be an issue, he's he's your backup. It's not like it's a, a big-time thing there. Yeah, I have no idea if he's on their board. Because I, I know he's not on a lot of people's boards. Yeah, we are officially. Oh, Dowds goes, huh? Does yeah. that name Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. Yeah, yeah, from Nevada, wide receiver off the board to the Packers. They got two receivers now. Went and got a guy in the second round that was a Christian Watson, mm-hmm. with pick number thirty-four, and then now they select Romeo Dobbs. They like their uh, their small school wide receivers. Who I played guess. at the Senior Bowl. I'll tell you what he. I thought he was. You know, when you watch Nevada tape, because you're watching their quarterback throw. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and every ball that he throws. This kid was a converted wide receiver, by the way. Uh, and I, I was like, I was pretty impressed with the way he he looks the part. I mean, physically, there's a lot going on for him. He's got length. He's got height. Uh, he wins at the line of scrimmage. He's got initial quickness. I mean, you got to love. There's a lot of things he catches a ton of balls when dealing in traffic too. And we probably need to talk about Haskins a little bit again because that's a big guy. I, I, this to me, he was never going to run away from people. No, but he was always going to be the guy when you get down to the goal line. He was going to score. There's so many times where they hand him the ball and he just powers his way in. He's like two, uh, 226 pounds, I believe. So big time physical runner there. Good pass protector too. I know they like that about him. He was going to block. He yeah, was, he, know, was, he exactly. He could Com- help them. Complete back type of type of skills. Bobby's absolutely right about that. Then Dobbs taken by the Packers. What, what does this do for that offense now that you've got a couple guys? We'll answer that coming back. Twenty twenty two NFL draft coverage rolls on on one oh five three the fan and Dallas dot com. Glad you're with us. Day three, we are at pick number one thirty three overall in the fourth round. Another punter off the board, Jake Carmata or Cam Arda from uh, Georgia. I've never heard of this punter's name, honestly, and he is off the board at one thirty three out of the Georgia Bulldogs. Third special teams. Player taken here in this. How much punting did this guy really do? That's what I was about to say. That (laughs) Georgia team scored a whole lot. He wasn't necessarily needed. Yeah. We're taking a look at Romeo Dobbs, by the way. He was just elected to the Green Bay Packers at pick number 132. Prior to that, it was Hassan Haskins from, uh, from Michigan, the running back at 131 to the Titans. The last couple picks for the fourth round of action here on day three. And the Cowboys, of course, most recently selecting Jake Ferguson, tight end from Wisconsin. Brian, since we're looking at highlights, continue on with Romeo Dobbs, if you could. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, I, I just, when you're watching that quarterback play, you know, you see it. You, you see, I mean, he's catching every single ball. And there were a couple times where he body caught the ball and juggled it, but he came down with it. You know, you can use him on screens. He's explosive. He's a change of direction guy. I mean, he's got, you know, the hands, I mean, they translate into like, he doesn't drop many balls at all. But this guy, I tell you what, he's ranked six in the, uh, in the FBS in uh, yards per punt return. He's 14.2 and he finished career average with 11.9. So 
this could be one of those guys that the Packers are saying, okay, we start him off at wide receiver, but he's also like your primary returner. He's got some dual threat to his game. And unfortunately, we weren't able to see his speed. He was supposed to be pretty quick in his timings, yeah. but he had a uh, knee injury that sidelined him for the mm-hmm. combine in his pro day, so he never got to actually run. But eight touchdowns in a single game in high school. He broke a high school record in terms of scoring eight times in one game. That would be fun. I haven't scored that much in my entire career. So Hmm. how about that? All right, we're getting closer to the end of the fourth round. Just a couple of picks remaining. About ten or so left in the fourth round. The 49ers are on the clock at the moment. And we have got some secret audio to go to. By the way, the 49ers pick Spencer Burford, offensive tackle, out of UTSA. But we're going to go to the Cowboys' most recent pick. Jake Ferguson, secret audio here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Jake, how's it going? Hey, Jake. Well, how's it going? Sir? Good talking to you. It's hard to hear. Got a lot of fans in this room, but this is Jerry Jones with the Cowboys, and uh, we've turned your name in and uh, want to put a star on that helmet. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Well, congratulations, first of all, on really distinguishing you. yourself with your time in college. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you're coming into a situation where it's a good opportunity for you. You can, yes, you can step in here and play right off the bat. But uh, it's going to take some work. Yes, sir. Well, Let's okay. do it. Let's go to work. All right, Jake. Okay, buddy. Congratulations on being a Dallas yes. Cowboy. We all yes, envy. We you. all envy you. We all would love to be in your shoes and be out there yes, and have what's ahead of you. So, so listen, I want you. Uh, this is our coach, Mike McCarthy. He's going to get on the phone. Jake, Mike McCarthy, congratulations. How's it going, coach? You having any fun right now? Yes, sir. All yes, right. sir. Better now that I got a got a star on my helmet. That's right. Hey, well, obviously you've been working at this your whole life. Enjoy this time with your family. Uh, we're thrilled to death to have you part of it here. So I know you'll be a great fit for our locker room, and I remember your words in your interview, so I'm going to hold you to it. You just come in here, kick yes, ass, sir. and be yourself, okay? Yes, sir. Let's do it. So a couple nuggets there. First off, Jerry Jones is envious of these prospects. He wants to be in their shoes. The second one. To be young again. Yeah, right. <laughs> We talked about that last night with Will McClay a little <laughs> sure bit in the did. press conference. Sure did. Uh, and then he also, uh, Mark, Mike McCarthy, saying that he remembers his words in his interview. So yeah. there has been plenty of contact with Jake Ferguson throughout. But uh, how much do you take stock in that and the fact that, hey, he made an impression on this team when sure. they first had a contact? No, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's the whole thing. And, you know, I'm sure that if they would have drafted Otten, we'd have had the same kind of conversation. Hey, I really remember what you said about, you know, when you came in here and uh, and we're happy that, you know, but yeah, I mean, Ferguson, this guy is a productive player and, you know, Mike McCarthy, I mean, he knows his all his years living in Wisconsin, he understands those people. He understands what the, the lifestyle is and, you know, how they are, the toughness that they have and what they endure. And, 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 you know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of prideful people. And so, yeah, I'm sure that Mike's happy to have, uh, that type of guy that he understands, uh, you know, their backgrounds and, and what they're able to bring. Maybe this goes without saying, but I thought it was interesting that Jerry Jones said, you've got a great opportunity to play right away. Yeah. I mean, you think about the fourth round picks last year, Josh Ball and Jabril Cox didn't have that. Even before they got hurt, they were going to have their work cut out for them to have a, a steady role on game day. But if Jake Ferguson has a great, off season and training camp. I mean, there's nothing saying he couldn't be the second tight end on this team by the end of training camp if he handles his business and and they evaluated the pick the right way. 
Bobby, could you see that not only being a possibility, but even maybe a likelihood, the fact that he could be that number two tight end pretty quickly here? Uh, I mean, they they took him here in the fourth round. They, I'm sure they had other people up there that, that they liked, and the fact that they took him means there's – there, there's some sort of plan for him, and I, I mean, I don't think Jerry's just saying that. I think it's a little interesting just because I mean, you have Schultz right now, and they, I know they've liked Sean McEwen. They do, and so it's and they re-signed Jeremy Sprinkle. Yeah, and so I mean, that's a little interesting to me. That, but I mean, that that tells you what they think of him. I think not a ton of. Uh... Not a ton of tight ends on this roster at the moment. And Mike McCarthy, even talking about it just in passing at the Combine, says he loves having those guys on your roster because it helps out for special teams, too. Not sure how much Jake Ferguson's going to make an impact on special teams. He could. But. I mean, fourth round is – that's right where that starts. Like, yeah. I mean, Jabril Cox, again, had a chance on special teams before he got hurt. Uh, to He played kickoff team. And, that I mean, God, coaches – Coaches are such football dorks. Like, coaches love tight ends for that very reason. Like, they block. They can play special teams. Like, they they can do a little bit of everything. And coaches love nothing more than a guy that can just do about six jobs on a game day. Can't have enough six foot four, two 250-pound guys on your football team is ultimately what they like. And uh, that's what they got in Jake Ferguson. Most recently, the picks flying off the board. Spencer Burford, offensive tackle, offensive guard from UTSA, goes to the 49ers to pick 134. Then the Chiefs at 135 select Joshua Williams out of Fayetteville State yeah, th- corner. This, yeah, this is an interesting pick right here. And again, you're, you're really kind of, you know, projecting this kid. Tell me, this kid was a senior bowl. Did he, he get an opportunity? Okay, so yep. good. He got that competition there. This guy's a tall, rangy corner. He'll play either side of the field. Actually, I watched Lincoln University play against him and Bowie, uh, Bowie State with the two. I say, I wouldn't say that he has great time speed, but good enough to cover receivers that he had to deal with. He's got the ability to, to carry his man all over the field. Good job of playing the ball, especially inside on those breaking in, in, inside breaking routes. He's got a knack for staying off the receiver when coverage allows him to play. You know, with that off hand, the pedal, the redirection's good. Really didn't face that stiff a competition with him when it comes to the routes, but I thought he was a good ag- aggressive tackler. He's quick to read the routes, quick to come forward. He tends to go the ball tends to go to his direction, especially when it comes to those turnovers, because he puts himself in position to make those plays. He didn't give up a touchdown on a he did give a touchdown on a back shoulder fed I saw during uh, against Boy. Played with some bouncy houses in the end zone and yep. a fun player to watch on tape. All right. Another fun player to watch on tape, Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin. The Cowboys selection at 129 now joins us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Jake, first off, congratulations. Welcome to Cowboys Nation. Can you describe this feeling right now? It's hard. Well, one, thanks for having me, but it's hard to put it into words. But, um, you know, I'm just really excited to uh, get to work, get down to Dallas, and get the star on my helmet. What was that first contact like with this team? Uh, Mike McCarthy said it on your initial phone call that you made an impression during the interview process. What was your conversation with the, the staff like throughout this process? So I really had a, a formal interview. That's where you just go in and meet the coaching staff at the Combine with Dallas. And meeting Coach Wells and Coach McCarthy and just being able to talk with them a little bit um, about life, about football, about everything really. Um, it was a really easy, re- really easy connection, and um, I felt like there was a connection there as well. So, getting that call today was something really special, and um, I'm excited. 
Hey, Jake, congratulations, man. Uh, it, it's weird to say, but it just it feels like yesterday that Dalton Schultz was was actually a you know a rookie fourth round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys, and here we are a few years later, and, and you're coming into a room where he's coming off back to back really great seasons. I'm just curious what uh, what your impressions of or of him, and and maybe just kind of give us a snapshot of of what your strengths are as a player as well. Yeah, I'm I'm extremely excited to be under uh, to learn from him and kind of see how he goes about his business. Being able to kind of pick apart his game and watch his film while I was in college was something that I I really like to do just because he's that that all around tight end. And I think um, whether it's in the trenches or in the passing game, I mean he's always that guy who's making plays. So um, just kind of trying to model my game a little bit after him and continue to just um, kind of bring that high high level energy. So you being a lifelong Wisconsin guy, I'm curious. I, I mean, surreal at all uh, to be coming to, to play under Mike McCarthy, who I'm sure you're familiar with from his time in Green Bay. And also, um, if you have any, I assume, being old teammates with Tyler Biotish, if you have any type of relationship with him from Wisconsin. Yeah, for sure. Being a Wisconsin guy uh, with Tyler was something that was really special. And getting a couple years to play with him and block with him was awesome. And just knowing that I'm going to uh, be on the same team as him again is, is is really cool. And I'll definitely be giving the, giving him a call here in probably the next couple of hours and uh, juice him up a little bit and talk about talk about what the future holds. Well, Jake, one thing I've learned: I, I was a former scout, and I worked in Green Bay, and I worked in Dallas as a scout. So you're probably not going to have too many people up there in Wisconsin who are pretty happy about you playing in for the Cowboys. <laughs> I'm just going to give you a little idea on that. But, you know, and again, I, I live five years of my life up there in Wisconsin. You folks are different people, and I mean that in a respectful way, that you're tough, you're tough-minded, you're hard-going, you know, there's – is that is that what we're getting with you? I mean, I, I love scouting Wisconsin players because it's just like what I just described, that type of demeanor. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think it starts – we always talk about the three words that we live by at Wisconsin, that's smart, tough, dependable, and I – in the last five years of college football, I've been trying to base my life on and off the field off of off of those three words. So, I, like I said, I'm I'm excited to get it going, and I guess uh, I'm excited also to get out of the cold weather. <laughs> there we you got go. You covered on that. Part. Yeah, get ready for some heat and humidity. You'll be you'll be just fine there. <laughs> Yeah, you got rookie mini camp outside a little bit here in a couple of uh, months at the, at the same time. So you've got some heat on the way. Uh, since this is really your introduction to, to Cowboys Nation, we, we've seen the scouting reports. We've seen your film. You, you have great highlights along the way. But you yourself, what do you see as your biggest strength that you're bringing to this NFL franchise? I think just my knowledge of the game, going to Wisconsin and being able to learn a ton of different schemes, our offense as a whole, and um, – at Wisconsin, we run a pretty pro-style offense, so being able to translate that pretty early and learn new stuff is something that I, I pride myself on. And I also think that I'm just one of those guys who brings high energy all the time, whether it's on the field off the field. Um, but when it's time to do business, it's business. So um, I think I think I'm a lot of my a lot of my stuff comes from off the field, but that also plays into what I'm able to do um, in the field of play. I kind of get that sense that you are a, a business first sort of mentality. This is this is a uh, this is a next step for you. We wish you all the luck. Congratulations. Enjoy this moment. And we look forward to seeing you in the star soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
There he goes, Jake Ferguson, the newest Dallas Cowboy. We need to take a break. And when we come back, there is a potential for a Cowboys trade-up. They're having some conversations. I want to talk about that potential. When we come back on the other side of the break, it's the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Back here for the Internet. Glad you're with us, DallasCowboys.com fam. David Hellman, Brian Broaddus, Bobby Belt. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Okay, you've got four fifth-round picks. You interested in popping up here if you have somebody you like? I think they probably are. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, Jerry did his best to telegraph that he felt antsy about having all that ammunition last night. That's exactly what and I'm thinking. Kate Otten was maybe a name to know. Uh, and that's, I don't, I don't, I don't know who they might do it for. At least not yet. Maybe we can, maybe we can do some work and get to the bottom of that. Well, but yeah, okay, I mean, we'll just, oh, like, we'll just start picking off needs. Yeah. Just, I mean, <laughs> well, that's that, what they're doing. Yeah, so. that, no, that's what I'm saying. It, it, you know, we, we're, we're, we're kind of, as you see the war room there in the corner again on the radio. Sorry about that. But if you're watching along, you got the war room on, on the, on the bottom right corner there. You know, I, I, I just kind of, we were mentioned Bobby was talking about running backs, you know, Haskins and stuff. Well, we're starting to see the running backs come off the board. Yeah. You know, is it like, Hey, we can't sit here and wait and hope, you know, and, and I know it drives people nuts. I mentioned I mentioned Ridgeway, the defensive tackle from Arkansas was mm-hmm. another guy. I don't know if that's a small move to, you know, give a fifth round pick to do this, but you know, you know, that might be something that we think about cornerback, another spot. Maybe these corners are starting to fall off the board too quickly for them. Who's left on the visit list? Um, wonderful question. That might be the place to start. The place to go with it. Jalen Weidemeyer, Marquise Bell. Uh, Weidemeyer, Texas A&M tight end. Bell's safety from Florida A&M. Bell is a guy that I think was going to go higher than uh, – like there was a lot of chat. Like I think most of the media was starting to settle in, and a lot of the simulators had him as like 6th, 7th. I mean, Bell was one of the names I heard early on last fall Yeah, about like a, a, a good sleeper, like mid-round guy. So I always kind of got the vibe he was supposed to be like 4th, 5th round pick. So maybe the, maybe him, maybe your future J-Ron curse. Mm. Anybody else, Kyle? Yep, Luigi Villain from Wake Forest. He's an edge rusher. Uh, Dawson Deaton, tech, uh, Texas yeah, Tech. He's a little center. bit more of a later guy, I thought. I kind of thought he was sixth, seventh round kind of guy there. David yeah. Anini, edge rusher from Houston. A lot of people liked him. I actually liked his tape a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have him as one of my highest non-combine invites, and I liked talking to him, too. Let's run down some of the recent picks. I know you're pointing at the screen there. No, I know. Who did, did New England just take Zappy? They, they did. did. Okay. So some of the most recent picks, we, we talked about Joshua Williams, corner from Fayetteville State, going to the Chiefs at 135. 136, the Cincinnati Bengals selected Cordell Volson, offensive tackle from North Dakota State. And then the Patriots at 137 selected Bailey Zappi, quarterback from Western Kentucky, transfer from Houston Baptist. And just an absolute stat god. If you look at some of the numbers he put up, they were just mind-boggling. He put up 6,000 yards nearly of offense in one season at Western Kentucky. Wow. I'll tell you who. Oh, passing yards, by the way. Yeah, I'm telling you I'm feeling sorry for right now. Darian Kennard? No. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of... Medical. Ah, okay. Is it? An artist medical. Okay. Well, then that you may hear what it is specifically. No. Okay. I don't know. I, I just followed up, but it's medical. Dang. Okay. Well, then that makes a lot of sense. It does because I've had that happen to me before. Um, uh, who do I feel sorry for? No. How? Sam. Oh. How? Did yeah. anybody start off with the the hype of Heisman Trophy guy? Maybe a top three or four pick. 
in the draft, the quarter, maybe the best quarterback in the in the draft preseason and all that. Good point. And then he went from having he went from being a team. He was a quarterback that was playing in the Orange Bowl to a team that was trying to get to five hundred. And I don't think a lot of it was his fault, you know. But yeah. man, I'll tell you what, Zappy's a nice player. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather have Hal myself. Ooh. Hal is an athlete. Hal's a tough guy. What are you saying, Uba? Uh, that's a good pick, Calvin Austin. Oh, Calvin Austin? To Calvin Steelers. Austin the third to Pittsburgh at 138. God, he's my height. He's, he, I'm serious. <laughs> well, and we, and we say this, the Cowboys weren't going to take that guy, right? No. No, take but he's, he's fun. No, no, he's absolutely he's fun. very fun. Yeah. I'll give you a scouting report on Mr. Austin here in a second. Memphis, redshirt senior, five foot seven, 170 pounds. He is a lightning in a bottle because he can pretty much fit into a bottle because he's tiny. Uh, first team All American Athletic Conference. He has actually returned a punt for a touchdown in each of the last two seasons. He is tough to bring down, and for a guy at five foot seven, he actually plays against contact exceptionally well. I think he he takes that that absorbed hit. He goes up. He can make the contested catch. Uh, I mean, he was in a, a track events. Back in 2018 and 2019 in the American Athletic Conference, he is a speedster at the every sense of the word. But the biggest thing, biggest knock, is that he is just really, really small. Back here from the Star in Frisco, Fort Center at the Star. NFL draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan, DallasCowboys.com. The Cowboys at the moment... Their next selection coming up in 16 picks as they have pick number 155 in the fifth round. The first of four fifth-round picks that they have at the moment. Let's run through some of the most recent picks off of the board here in the NFL draft. We'll start at pick 135. The Chiefs selected Joshua Williams, corner from Fayetteville State. The Bengals at 136. Cordell Volson, a offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Bailey Zappi, quarterback from Western Kentucky, goes to the Patriots at 137. An interesting selection there. Steelers get a wide receiver. Calvin Austin the third, wide receiver out of Memphis, goes at 138. And then Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina, picked at 139. So those are the most recent selections in the NFL draft. Glad you're with us. Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Who, excuse me, who did Baltimore just take? Isaiah Likely. Isaiah I was Likely. waiting for oh, your reaction to that. I'm sorry. I was doing book work there while I was – okay. I like Baltimore's yeah, draft. Yeah, good job. Lot, yeah. It goes without saying. Though, I so. think – I mean, and again, like this <laughs> – said it all last night. Yeah. This does not mean that they're right. But yeah. I, no, but I think every pick they've made – has been the guy that's at the top of the best available list in a lot of cases. I'll tell you what, it makes me feel better when you have the guys in the spot and the Ravens do take them because that, that's that, that's makes the, you feel smart. Well, yeah, it makes me it gives me a little justification like, oh, well, these guys draft pretty well, you know. I'm so. going to I'm gonna, I, I want to see their. I mean, just going back to yeah, I mean Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, yeah. Offensive tackle Zach Tom from Wake Forest goes to Smith. the I mean, Packers at 140. Got their misses too, but who doesn't? Say Zach Tom. I mean that that's not a. I mean, okay, here we go. You went to the Packers. Yep. See, that's that's the thing where they they that's an undersized kind of guy that needs a little bit more strength. Could play tackle. Could probably play guard. I mean, you watch him, the footwork and the the balance, the body control. And he was pretty impressive with, uh, with what I watched him handling those edges. You see right here, good job of beaming those guys having it on the, 
Look at that, man. It's kind of a guy holds the edge right there. Boom, getting down the second level. That's a really good athlete. He he doesn't have a lot of strength. So the Packers, David Bakhtiari, whoever else you want to throw at the Packers for the offensive lineman, they've got a they've got a pretty good understanding of these guys. I think he might have been he might have been a guy the Cowboys would have been interested in. He is extra athletic. Yes. I mean, he was at the top of the class in his ten yard split, his vertical, his broad jump, his shuttle, and his three cone. Yep. They were top three in all of those in terms of offensive tackles, and it was all combine numbers, not pro day numbers. And he also played 3,100 snaps in his career. Out of those 3,100 snaps, Brian, yep. he gave up two sacks. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He is going to need some strength work, but his athletic ability is, is off the charts. And, and not just the numbers, but just the way he moves. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, they run the football, they run behind him. He, he's always in position. He's not on the ground. So, I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a quality pick right there by the Packers. Ravens on the clock at 141, 142, the Rams, and then the Titans, the final three selections here in the fourth round. Then we go right back into the fifth round. Now, I will say you look at a potential trade up here. We don't necessarily know who. All those names, and Bobby, you brought up a fantastic point. You, you start at the visit list, and then you go down of names. I don't see any that we saw in terms of the visit list. Maybe Marquise Bell that would fit in a spot like this. Safety from Florida A&M. That's probably the most when, likely. One of those long corners left. Tyreek Woolen, maybe. McCollum, Woolen. Kennard was a, a combine meet. It wasn't a, a visit. Damone Clark was also a combine meet. You can maybe have those. Those are both formals there. But outside of that, Rashid Walker, offensive They're tackle. Go, what State. about that Arizona State lineman they brought in? Deesh? Deesh? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Oh, I thought you were talking about Donovan West. That's what I was They're thinking, They're both too. still available. But, yeah, okay. Isn't Deesh higher, though? I would take Deesh. I would take – I have him clearly in the fourth round. That that guy's an I – mean, he's a – that's an interesting player, too. When you watch him handle the edges and stuff that, that in the Pac-12 that he had to deal with, I, 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 a lot of people mocked him. You know, early in those mock drafts, they kept mocking him and mocking him and mocking him. And I, and I hadn't worked on him. And I'm like, what the hell are these people doing? And then all of a sudden, I went and watched him. I'm like, damn, these people know this player better than me. He's a Texas A&M transfer, right? Yeah. So came, came I, over from there. I, I tell you, I, I was super, super impressed with how he played. This is a good group of guys. I mean, I, I don't know Volson. I don't know him, but Zappy, Austin, Likely, and Tom. I mean, those are, those are all good picks right there for those teams. This is the meat of the draft. I think that value with Zach Tom there is absolutely phenomenal for Green Bay. I, I he don't, played a tackle and center. Like, how do you have the athleticism to play at center and then the strength to pop out the tackle? That's yeah. pretty impressive. No, he's, he's, he's a good player. And like, I keep saying this. Those guys lack strength, and I say they lack strength. Keep an eye on them. They're probably going to end up be really good players. But I, he he is a good player. I mean, because he's he's really light footed, and he's just you know he's just going to whoop work guys past the quarterback, no problem at all. You know, that's just I love how scarred you are from saying players lack strength. Yeah, Bobby tried to let you off the hook. That's what you no. said about Connor Williams. Uh-uh. You were right. Yeah. You're right in that regard. Well, but the thing about it is, it's the tackles. It's the ta- if I tell you a tackle lacks strength, he's going to be an all pro. Just mark it. it it's just it's 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 it's, it's you hate is, you hate to lose so much more than you like to win. Like you, you no, I mean yeah. seriously, I just it's true. I just I I, I like to be honest, and it, the problem I have but nowadays the stuff, the stuff that you're wrong about bothers you so much more than the things that you're right about makes you happy. Like 
you were right about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and you bring it up sometimes, but you tell me this damn David Bakhtiari story like five times per draft. Like, it just eats at you. Yeah, because he's a damn you. good player. That's an all-pro player. So is Patrick Mahomes. I know. <laughs> but being right about that doesn't mean anything to you. But, no, it, it uh, you remember the ones you miss more than the ones you make. That's what make. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But no, all scouts do that. I'm sure if we, we asked, you know, Chris and Klein and those guys about, you know, hey, they, they, I asked them a question about, hey, you get excited or do you get a little satisfaction when you write the fill in the name and stuff like that? I think that you do. You're like, if the room is against you, you know, and uh, okay, let me give you an example, Dave. I'm fighting against David Bakhtiari because he's not strong enough. And three other scouts say that, no, this guy's going to be a great player. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like we don't get him, but you watch him play. Those three scouts are like, hold a grudge. Come on, Brian. Yeah. Well, last, I, uh, well damn, Brian, the last time you said that the guy didn't have strength, that he was an all-pro. I'm going to say, be, being right gets you a pat on the back, and being wrong gets you fired. So being, that's not that, great. If you're wrong enough, yeah. 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 One, of, one of my favorite things about Brian is when just Baltimore a, just takes somebody. I'm sorry. Yeah, Marion, well, Williams. Okay, go. Well, I'm sorry. Go is ahead. when he just randomly will remember something from his scouting background that still makes him sick. Yeah, I remember one time somebody was just talking about how difficult Irvin was to guard, and Brian goes, "Terrell Buckley had problems with him. We picked him in the top five. He was too small. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Should have took." Should have took Troy Vincent. Well, it Bobby, just, there's a reason had, I'm a failed scout. It had nothing to do. Buckley was it, it just Irvin's name came up, and he's like, yeah, I remember Buckley couldn't cover him. We shouldn't have taken couldn't, him. He couldn't cover Harper. That's why, it. It's bad. Also, why Brian likes the draft is because the, sta- the stakes are lower. It's the game. It takes me back to a dark place. <laughs> uh, now who did Baltimore us. take? He took Demarion Williams, cornerback from uh, Houston. Hmm. You like that pick, or you? I just didn't know. No, I, 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 I got I didn't come off the top of my head. Yeah, so. deep safety as a box or in the box as a junior. He kind of was very versatile. Then they moved him to corner as a senior. Honorable mention, all A's, A or All American Athletic Conference in 2020, uh, and he was actually top five in the conference in 2021 in terms of pass breakups. He had ten pass deflections mm. throughout his final season, so he he's over the all over the field. That's why I went because mm, I didn't know the player. Yeah, yeah. but Demarion Williams, I there are a couple of Houston guys on the board still that I I liked. Of course, we saw Logan Hall go off. We talked about David Wollen. and Minnie. That was a pretty good defense. Marcus Jones, you liked him a lot. This I did. I love corner. I love Marcus Jones. Yeah. The other oh, and here we're at the beach house drafting for the Rams. It's glad to see these guys sobered up to make a pick today. God, they're they're the best, man. It doesn't look like they're. They don't care. No, they, they don't care. They won. They, the and they won the Super Bowl. They Why do they care? Their picks and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They don't care. It's like they have the neighbors coming over, like uh, Bill and Phil are over in the and back here helping potato salad. Yeah, I think I think McVeigh and Snead enjoy rubbing it in, in everyone's face that they like took off on yeah. this alternate path and are well, kicking everyone. They, they're ass. they're rubbing it in our nose that you don't have to do it right. your way. No. Your way, your, my crusty Brian Broadus right. way, you don't have to sit in a room that it's like you're being on a submarine for three days, you know? <laughs> and this one actually has a selection, so let's go to the podium. The Rams at 142. With the 142nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams, select the Kobe Durant, DB South Carolina State. Another... FCS or is this D2? What is South Carolina State? They're FCS, I believe. I believe they're FCS. I didn't want to speak out of turn, but Durant 
another small school guy. That'll be a safe way to do it. Mm-hmm. Five foot nine, hundred and ninety pounds. Transfer from, excuse me, looking at the wrong line on my sheet. Actually, he's not a transfer. He played there all four years. First Bulldog to win Defensive Player of the Year in his conference. Listen to this. Javon Hargrave and Darius Leonard. There you go. Those are two good names to be along there. He was first team all MEAC at South Carolina State. I don't know off the top of my head their classification, but I know that they've put some decent players in the NFL over the time that I've been doing this. That's for sure. He had 15 pass breakups this past year, Brian. Three yeah. interceptions. Over his career, he had 44 PBUs and 12 interceptions. So It's amazing. I mean, it, it just shows you what the draft is, though, because you know we, we rank guys, like we said, Woolen, big, long, tall guy. Here they go draft a guy that's 5'9", no, 5'10", 180 pounds. Just shows you about the draft. Everybody's different. Yeah. You know, everybody's different the way that they evaluate. And I will say this about the Rams and all the craziness they have right now. They do hit on their picks. They're the, the, the pick, the picks they do make. Look at Cooper Cup. Are, are pretty amazing. Even I argue with people all the time, like, for all they've the, had a lot of picks. No, for all the crazy stuff they do with their big picks, they amass day three picks and they do good things with them. Like, they find. Starters and role players with fourth, fifth, sixth round picks all the time. Yeah, that's kind of the myth about the Rams and the whole, oh, F them picks and like, oh, yeah. we just did it the whole trade. It's like your two best players on both sides of the ball were draft picks. Yeah. Donald and Cup. Well, I've, I mean, no, for sure. Um, I, I've looked this up before. Um, but I think, I think Donald was drafted before they kind of adopted this. Got into that aggressive mentality. Yeah. But even, I mean, Right off the like, who's who's the? I bring up Jordan Fuller all the time. Like he's, I mean, he's a solid player. He's a sixth round pick. Van Jefferson's good. Van, Van Jefferson. Jefferson's really good. The, Second uh, round pick, the, right? The D tackle that so. I think they just lost him. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. Yep. Let's take a break. The Titans are on the clock. Tighten up. Final pick of the fourth round. Then it's on to the fifth round as the Cowboys pick at 155. Just 12 selections until their next selection. One of four. In the fifth round. We'll be right back with more NFL draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And while we're waiting on this uh, this Titans pick, I would love to hear one of the scouting reports. If we have the, the Kobe Durant cornerback from okay. South Carolina State, I would love to hear this from Dane's Beast uh, draft guide. Kobe Durant, cornerback, South Carolina State, five foot nine, one hundred eighty pounds. Durant needs to improve his anticipation and can be outmuscled by size at the catch point. But he has the mirroring athleticism and innate ball skills that are NFL worthy. He creates flashbacks of Buster Scrine as a prospect and owns the talent to carve out a similar NFL career. I like Buster Cr- uh, Scrine. Yeah, good player. Good player. Good, good comparison there too. As soon as they said his name, I was like, get the Dane report ready. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into that. Oh, here's the Maryland tight end went to Chigoza Mokonkwo. I like this. To the Titans. They've had a pretty decent draft so uh, far, the, too. The, the Titans are, they're, the Titans do a good job. I think their, I think their coaching staff has an idea of how they want to, uh, work these. You know, they, 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 their roster too, look at, but this is an interesting player from Maryland. And that this, they use him, the staff use him all over the place. He plays inline, slot, wing. Yeah. You can see him lead the way on sweeps and the next play with backside 
cutoffs and stuff like that. There's some really raw traits to his game, but he's got a feel for how to get open. I felt like he catches the ball well. He's natural doing it. Impressive run after the catch with some nifty moves. He had a touchdown run against Michigan State where he took a screen and was able to jump over a tackler and get into the end zone. He does a good job of getting up the field in order to complete the route. He's big on crossing routes and drags. He finished, he could find spaces and sit down and make those plays. So, uh, quarterback tends to have a little bit happy feet. He's always trying to find space, but this guy does a good job of, uh, like I say, quarterback kind of moving around and he finds space for his quarterback and he can make some contested catches. I, I, I like this kid. I think they did a good job. Yeah. If, if the Cowboys didn't select Jake Ferguson in the fourth round, I'm not saying they would have taken Oconquo in the fifth, but I would have really liked that selection. He's not a blocker. Don't get me wrong. No, he can block well, I did sometimes. See, yeah, but I did see like I, I saw him do something Dalton Schultz can't do. What's that? Backside cutoff. Yeah, you know, and he's like they were on the goal line, and he literally he sticks his head all the way across the defensive end's body and then turns back. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Dalton Schultz not be able to get the backside cutoff, and all of a sudden it's a gain of one or minus one because he can't make that block. This this kid's got that kind of ability, though. Four five forty, thirty five and a half inch vertical. I mean, he is athletic as they come. He's a good receiver. I would say that right now. You said it. Yeah. They used him in the slot. They yep. pushed him out wide. They put him in line. He could do a whole lot of things, and I, I like him as a fit there in Tennessee. All right, that brings the fourth round to a close, and now we head into the fifth round. This, this is, is where the things, Cowboys round, right? This is where things could get really interesting. Some really notable picks as of late out of the fifth round. George Kittle back in 2017, 2015, Stefan Diggs. Here's the Commanders kicking off the fifth round. 144th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Washington Commanders select Sam Howell, quarterback. <laughs> Wow. All right. There we go. How about that right off the board to start? Sam Howell, tell me about him. Brian, he's finally ended his slide. Yeah, he is. And you know what? I mean, I was kind of with Dallas. I was thinking, man, is there going to be some value with this quarterback spot? But how he, he was really highly decorated coming into the season and it just didn't go very well for him. He's one of the toughest quarterbacks I've seen in the draft. Him and Matt Corral. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, he, they, they take a beating and that, you know, the team had some bad losses in the season and people will blame him for it. I don't think that's right. I love the way this guy competes. He never gives up on a play, especially with the ball in his hands. He's going to throw his bodies around. He's going to bounce off tacklers. He's going to work his way to the goal line. He's, there's an impressive spirit about the way that he plays. I'm channeling my inner Jason Garrett on that one. <laughs> but, you know, he makes some accurate throws along the way. He'll put the ball right on the money to receivers. You know, some guys have to do uh, you know, have to do a great job of getting open. You know, he, he has that overhand throwing motion off his toes because he, he's six one, but it kind of felt like I got a little Drew Brees vibe where he has to kind of move to kind of get that ball uh, to the to the point. But he can whip that ball into some tight spots. I didn't see many missed deep passes. Ball was kind of where it uh, needed to be, but uh, the majority of the snaps were played in a shotgun where he's faking first. And then uh, making a throw. He had a bad interception against Notre Dame where the game where he's trying to bring his team back. So some, some bad luck along the way for this guy. Now, he's, oh, he's, he's just a gamer. I think, I think he's got underrated athleticism. Honestly, not so much the way they play, but just like his profile as a player kind of reminds me of the guy that's already there, Heineke. Yeah. Just in turn, like deceptive athleticism and stuff like that. We'll continue this quarterback conversation.
From Fort Center at the Star in Frisco, it's the 2022 NFL Draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. You heard it there. David Hellman, Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. couple picks to catch you up on over the last couple of moments. The Kobe Durant, corner out of South Carolina State, goes to the Rams at 142. The final pick in the fourth round, 143. The Titans select Chikoso Mokonkwo, tight end from Maryland. And then the Washington Commanders with the first pick in the fifth round take Sam Howell, quarterback out of North Carolina. Now, Brian, you gave this accounting report on the Internet side, but on the radio side, I want to ask you this question. One of the biggest knocks against Sam Howell was there was hype in 2019. You mentioned it. Top five player sort of hype. Heisman sort of hype. He never really reached that. He never got to that point. Is there any question mark, at least in terms of the slide that you saw going from a first, second round potential into the fifth round because he may have hit his ceiling too early? Maybe what Man, it is. I, I, these quarterbacks are so hard to evaluate, and I, I, I've missed on some. I, the, the guys like, you know, the guys like the Mahomes and the Allens and those guys, you're just looking, give me the guy that's got toughness. Give me the guy that doesn't quit. Give me the guy, I mean, look at Mahomes at Tech. Hell, he could put up 70 points in a game and still lose, you know, and he just he keeps playing. <laughs> Josh Allen, he's, at, he's throwing to pharmacists and cattle ranchers at Wyoming, you know, and he's just, you know, he's still battling, you know. I, I think there's a certain level with these quarterbacks. It takes tough. Look what Dak Prescott's done going into seven years. You probably say Dak's not the most talented guy. But, man, the toughness, the leadership, all those things about him, the ability to make plays when he has to. I think those are why, you know, a guy like Hal, I, I, I kind of, I don't know what that ceiling and floor crap yeah. all means, but I do know though, when you see a guy, when you, when you, it, it, when you see a guy like this, you kind of like, man, he, he, he gives it everything he has. You want to hear another eye roll? Here it goes. Here we go again, sort of moment. The Kansas City Chiefs at pick number 145 select Darian Kennard, offensive lineman out of Kentucky. A top 50 player for yeah. a lot of people on the board. Bobby, you said it was a medical. Yep. Which they did that last year, two years Trey ago with Smith. Trey Smith. Yep. I was yeah. about to say that. Worked out for him there. How about Darian Kennard? And now he is off the board. Kansas City with a fantastic draft so far. You look at some of the guys that they've selected. George Karloftis, Trick McDuffie, Darian Kennard, Leo Chanel, Brian Cook, Sky Moore, and Joshua Williams in terms of their selections that they've had. To this point, Brian, tell me about Kennard out of Kentucky. A big, hefty mover, but he's also, it takes a little bit to get him moving too. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, again, when you, there's people will say that he's a little bit of a slow-footed guy. And then Bobby did a great job of running down the injury, the problems there that there's the medical, but, he started at right tackle for Kentucky, and I think, like I say, he's projecting inside because of the lack of foot quickness. You could see someone leaving him at tackle, but I think it's just be, like, likely due to his size. He's a massive player. He can hold his own on the edge. He doesn't get away from the line exceptionally quick. He tends to drift and float back and then engage with his guy. He'll play tall out of his stance. So there's really not much knee bend to his game. He works to control his man with his size and his length. When defenders rush him down the middle, he has a better chance of taking the man out of the play, but he can get a little overextended, a little off balance as a blocker. When his head goes down, you see him kind of stumble a little bit. So, I mean, the power's impressive, getting into his guy. He can create holes in the running game. There's some finish to his game, but the balance is a problem at times. I apologize if you said his size, but six foot five, three hundred and twenty two pounds. pounds yeah. I mean, 
significant amount of time at both guard and tackle. Sometimes they did it on the same series. I mean, he was that versatile. They would put him at guard for one play, and then two plays later he would be at tackle. They would swing him out on a couple of different occasions. Super strong. I mean, powerful from head to toe is one of the first lines on my scouting report. He's so versatile. And and some of the most entertaining film was with him and Zachary Carter. I know we weren't super high on Carter out Mm -hmm. of Florida, but, I mean, those two guys both – categorized as tweeners. They battled it out, and they had some really fun tape whenever they played against Florida. I mean, he was the number three tackle out of 481 tackles in the history, or not even the history, but in the the past season of pro football focuses run grades. He was third. I mean, he had fantastic run-blocking ability, and if he injury-wise checks out, he could be a starter within a couple years on that Kansas City offensive line and somebody blocking for Patrick Mahomes in the future. I really like Darian Kennard. I think it's unfortunate that there was a medical issue there because, I mean, I thought he was a, a, a top player. He's the, he was the last player in my top 60 to go off the board. So, um, well, I mean, that's the annoying thing is it's, it's a medical issue. It's not, yeah. you know, I don't think he fell all this way because he's a bad player. No. Well, this is where you're going to start now. Maybe the fourth round where I used to talk about the criminal medical round. Maybe now we're in the fifth. That that's where you start I mean, to take, you know. That's where you start to look where you know maybe. The, and there's probably four or five other guys on this board that have medical issues that we're going to learn about. It's the you know they're going to say, well, what about this guy? And then we've done this all long enough that we all realize that you know what, it, there's something going on here. Yeah. And he he was clearly that that was there was something going on there. Him. Nicobe Dean, guys like that, you just knew something was going on there. Winfrey, yeah, was Winfrey, another one that yeah, fell. Exactly, exactly. Sam Win- Howell fell, but mainly because of quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, and Winfrey, like I said, that sounded more like interviews, more yeah. than medical. Now that we're nine picks away from the Cowboys selecting again at one fifty-five, Bobby, are you? Hearing anything in terms of potential targets here, what they could be looking at? No, I was just now looking around and I was about to text again because the other one that I'm sitting here wondering why are they falling seemingly is because Jamari Sawyer still has not gone, right? No. Right, he has not. And that was another can, one that. Yeah. You can watch him play against Michigan and he's blocking both those guys. We've you know, talked in the about playoff that. game. You're like going, oh, Hutchinson's not really getting. And they move Hutchinson to the other side and then, uh, you know, Ojabo goes the other side and it's like, he's not getting anywhere. He's not getting anywhere and you're going, Ah, okay. Well, maybe I need to like this guy a little bit at Georgia. This, you know, uh, I, I was I was a big fan of him, and then I was also a big fan of of Schaefer, the the left tackle left guard combination there for Georgia. I thought was pretty good. Giants at one forty six. They must have really liked what the Cowboys did last year in the first round. Of Who did I miss and, on the Jets? Going and picking uh, uh, Giants. They, they had Giants. Giants. Back back, Micah McFadden. Oh, it's Giants. Yeah, I was trying to get I to saw the joke. The, I saw what you were coming. trying to do. Yeah, Brian doesn't care. It. I'm Brian sorry. Trying to draft. It's okay. Who's, Micah out of the Big Ten, but it was Micah McFadden from Indiana. Okay. By the uh, pick by the Giants at one forty six. Man, I was loading up. That's okay. Here's the Giants selection in 147. The New York Giants select DJ Davidson, defensive tackle, Arizona State. Oh, this is the next one because they have two in a row. Yeah, back-to-back. So DJ Davidson out of Arizona State. Got me on this one. Defensive tackle. Do we have a DJ Davidson scouting report? I would love to hear about Mr. Defensive Tackle for the Giants. We'll talk about Micah McFadden there as well a little bit too, but... McFadden was a position, I'm sorry, on that Linebacker. One? Linebacker. Okay, Linebacker. my bad. Arizona State, second team Pac-12. He had 31 defensive stops 
on run defense. He was actually second in the FBS behind Cincy's Curtis Brooks in that stat. So he had a ton of stops on defense, and he had a late start in football. Didn't start playing football until his junior year in high school, did DJ Davidson. Wow. Six foot three, three twenty seven. Here's his scouting report from Dane Brugler. DJ Davis, defensive line, Arizona State, six foot three, three hundred twenty-seven pounds. Davison will never be known for his pass rush prowess, but he has a stout anchor and a nose for the ball and a steady flowing run defender. He will appeal to multiple schemes as a rotational nose. Rotational okay. nose tackle for the New go. York Giants. There you go. I kind of think like, you know, I got a guy like Ridgeway from Arkansas on that board to do something like that. You know, big, big body guy as well. Why is he still sticking around? I, there's something there. There's he, some... I don't know if it is a medical. Again, he's another one that I know throughout training was always banged up though. Really? So he, he struggles with that then too. Yeah. I mean, he, I know when he came back from senior bowl, he wasn't able to work out a lot because he was having some issues with, uh, I don't remember. That what, might be. Yeah. And, and the, it, it, these guys know these Arkansas players here. You know, I mean, Stephen Jones' son is a quarterback there. The, the the Jones family alums, donors, they know what's going on with these players. I I kind of heard that maybe Ridgeway was a guy that they they maybe had talked about, but maybe they got these all these that would be multiple a, picks. It'd be was, ironic if you know they were so heavily tied to Traylon Burks, and it, it would have been the first time they've drafted an Arkansas guy. They haven't even used a disposable pick on an Arkansas guy yeah. in in ever. I think yeah, Felix Jones Felix, is right? the only one ever, and so it would be funny if they missed on Burks. I'm wondering what's wrong with I'm wondering what's wrong with Woolen maybe a little bit and McCollum. I get it. They, this is traits now for Tyreek Woolen here. Yeah. So there there's got it. This would be and the Gabare, perfect spot. Yeah. Bills select Khalil Shakir out of Boise State, the wide receiver, as another wide receiver off the board. They are flying. He was my top one remaining. Five foot eleven, hundred ninety six pounds. Brian, do you have a scouting report? I do. If you want to go ahead and talk about it, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you some time. First team, Mountain West, one hundred and twenty one all purpose yards per game during the last two seasons, which was top in the conference. Three year starter, and he played that H X or excuse me H receiver for Tim Plo over at Boise State. Had over eleven hundred yards and seven touchdowns. He was smaller guy, however, still a big impact from a production standpoint. Yeah, I, I think you got the guy right there. I mean, with me, this is a impressive run after catch guy because he takes the ball on the move and it's a great finisher. He makes a ton of plays on the move. He's tall and he's long, but he doesn't play like a slight guy. You know, I mean, again, he's a hundred and he looks like six foot. He's one hundred and ninety seven pounds. But man, I mean, outstanding concentration, balance when playing. He'll make his share of circus catches. A harder, the harder the reception, the more likely he is to come down with it. He'll run routes at all levels on the field. Some of his best work is dragging across the field underneath. I don't think he has a fear for dealing with the traffic. He was used on quick screens. He was a Wildcat quarterback some, too. I saw, I uh, got Fresno and BYU in those games. He's got some toughness to him. They outstanding, outstanding time speed, but, uh, man, you don't always see him just run away from defenders, but more likely to try and run through guys as they're trying to tackle him. So he is selected at pick number 148 for the Bills. I wonder how Kellen Moore fears, feels about Khalil Shakir. I told you last, I tried to ask him, and he was like, ah, nobody wants to hear how I feel about a about Boise, Boise guy. State, He's like, of course I like him, but... I mean, you could ask Kellen how the weather was, and he would be like, oh, no, I can't really talk yeah, about it. I, mean, you know? I never could ask him what he wanted on his salad. He, he was always in front of me in the salad line, and he, like, I'm like, well, what kind of dressing you like? Oh, you know, whatever they have is kind of good. You know? Very nice guy, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> very nice guy. Very much doesn't want to 
give any detail about anything. No, he didn't, really didn't want to give anything up for sure. The only guy that I have left that's on the board available that was in my final mock was Asesi Otomewo from uh, Minnesota, edge rusher opposite of Boye Mafe. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the like fierce passing attack that they have. Everybody else has been taken. Tyquan Thornton, Dane Belton, Logan Bruss, Spencer Burford, Kate Otten. Everybody else is gone. I'm by getting. This point. I'm getting annoyed. I'm annoyed because um, I don't. I don't feel like I have a read right now. I have I've, zero read. They've they've checked all of these need boxes. I mean, we 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 kind of we Cole Turner just went, huh? They did exactly what we thought to they Washington, were going to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, on, in terms of doing exactly what we thought they were going to do, didn't we think pretty likely they do what they did the first two days, then target tight end now, and then weren't we kind of like? Probably whatever, just whatever's whatever the value. Yeah, this that's a the, good point. This is the whatever. Side. So I mean, this is so unless we just know exactly where their board stands at the time they pick, I think we're not going to have a good read on it. What about double dipping? Oh, well, actually, let's start with linebacker. Why not start with linebacker? My top guy, and yes, I know we talked about him, Damone Clark. He's on the board there. Darian Beavers, JoJo Doman, yeah, Jesse t- Lucetta. Yeah, they'll tell you Beavers can't run. That's that's. I mean, I, I had him in the fourth we, round, and I I. But I I think he can. I, I you know got him in the fourth too. So you're not alone. But we yeah. talk about four the, seven nearly. That's tight. Yeah, I think we did this at the top of the show. Like at pick one fifty five, if they like him, I think you're, trade. Oh oh, I thought it was, Texans on the clock. If they like Damone Clark, then this is a range where it makes sense to. I mean, he's. A Would top. it make sense to try and, and hit it at the last pick in the fifth, or is it the classic thing, Brian? Because you're not like, going to have him for a year, right? I don't know that for sure. Six I months just, is what we were talking six about. Six month earlier. timeline. So what's what's five plus six? So yeah, I mean, he could conceivably be ready for like the last month of the season. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you're probably not going to have him as a rookie. It doesn't seem likely. Yeah. So, but but again, you're talking about a, you're in the fifth round now. What are you really counting on from your fifth rounders as rookies? Mm. There's five guys left in Dane's top hundred. Who are those guys? Sawyer, Enigbari, Dominic Robinson, Tariq Woolen, and Marquis Haynes or Marquis Hayes. He's the guard from Oklahoma, Robinson. right? Forgot about Robinson still being there. Yeah, you liked him at the Senior Bowl, Miami, Ohio. I, you know like what? If you're going to tell me if I'm going to take a flyer on a guy, if I'm going to take a hurt guy or whatever, I'm going to go draft Woolen. I'm going to go take. I'm going to take a. I'm going to take a chance on that long. I mean, now maybe they're thinking, ah, oh, well, you know. I mean, he, he's he's crazy. He's wild ass to watch play sometimes. But I mean, that th- you're talking about traits. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm missing out some, but man, he he's pretty impressive when you watch him run and 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 and. Go with those receivers. Let's go ahead and take our break here because the Cowboys are on the clock in six selections. The Texans right now, followed by the Falcons and the Seahawks and the Broncos. We'll be right back with more NFL draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Here we are, Internet side of things. Glad you're with us. Can they look at a safety? Is there any safeties you guys are interested in? kind of have decided Verone. they could be looking at whatever they want. Oh, here we go, Texans. Texans selection at 150. 50th pick to the Houston Texans. With the 150th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, my Houston Texans select Thomas Booker, defensive tackle from Stanford. Welcome to H-Town. I think he could have been of interest to the Cowboys at some point in the fifth. Yeah. You know anything? If you guys got him, go for it. 
Career high, 59 tackles as a defensive tackle. He had five tackles for loss in 2021. Uh, second team, all Pac-12. He was twice named a uh, team captain. He also was great on special teams. He blocked three separate PATs in uh, the last three seasons. So, I mean, he's uh, active hands at the line of scrimmage. He's one of those guys that... He's not a people mover. He's more of a finesse defensive tackle, that Mm -hmm. perfect three technique, a little bit of speed in his game. I I would love to hear what Dane has to say on on Thomas Booker, if he's got a deeper scouting report. Here's Dane Brugler's report. Thomas Booker, defensive lineman, Stanford, six foot three, three hundred one pound. Booker is a unique prospect with his intelligence, physical traits, and mature makeup. But he needs to get an early advantage, or he struggles to be a factor. He has the tools to be a rotational three technique. With some teams curious about his transition to the offensive line. So that makes me Whoa. go back to the strength, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, the fact that he even that teams might move him to the to a offensive line. offensive line position that's interesting in itself. Uh, the thing you hear Booker's one of those names that I occasionally you'll hear a day three name that I've just got random information on. He's one of them that it's just you hear super smart oh. culture guy. Like I've just heard people rave about the intangibles with him. Did Atlanta just take a runner? Yes, yeah. they did. Ta- Tyler. All gear, all jeer. I don't all remember jeer. what it was. It was jeer. I, I knew it because it was, I wanted to say all guyer, but it wasn't. It's Tyler Algier from BYU running back off the board to the Falcons at 151. Brian, you really liked this guy. I did, and and I I I'm, I need to do a better job of getting over there quick and getting it done. But yeah, let's see if I could pull him up right off there because he's right at the top of the page. Uh, yeah, this kid when I watched him at BYU, he's thick built. He's yeah. like five eleven. He's two twenty four. He's a physical runner that doesn't have much speed or quickness, and he's not always going to make be able to create on his own. He's just going to rely on brute force when he runs. He's a straight ahead runner for the most part. He's going to go low. He's going to lower his shoulder. He's just going to run through tacklers. He's always going forward with the ball. I did not see him get knocked back or stopped at the line. He's going to punish tacklers. He's the type of back that's going to wear you down the more he carries the ball. And so I'm, uh, it's really going to be, uh, it's not going to be nifty like or fancy or anything like that. But, you know, when you, when you watched it, when you watch him, I think he's got the toughness as a pass blocker. He's got the stoutness in order to take defenders on. There's nothing special about his game other than his toughness, his desires, and he's solid with the ball in his hands. Broncos on the clock now, followed by the Seahawks and then the hated Philadelphia Eagles picking right before the Cowboys at 155. Dave, I know you ran to the restroom. You weren't going to check on, like, who they're picking or not, yeah, right? You just throw me under the bus. Sorry, I got a small bladder, man. I was just asking if you were running. You could have been having a conversation. I don't no, know. No, I just had to pee. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. I'm probably right behind I mean, you. In 2022, if I'm going to get any intel, it's going to be via text anyway. That's a good point. Can I, we take a look at the war room when we get a chance, I was about to say, like, if they saw me within 30 feet of the war room door, they, like... Shut the blinds. I would, shut the no, door. They would be like... Somebody go escort him escort out of here. Him what out. the hell is going on? Somebody's what, in there having doing? a conversation. Will is, Will is standing up. Will's, is Will being animated right now? Will? No, it's just standing up. Will wearing a, a bright color today. Everybody else is great. in like dark shades. Way to go, Will. Delarian Turner Yell, Oklahoma safety, is off the board to the Broncos at 152.
Just a couple selections away from the Cowboys' first pick of four in the fifth round. The Cowboys picking at 155. Let's run down some of the most recent names that are off the board, and then we're going to set up what the Cowboys could do in what will be their fifth selection in this year's NFL draft. The last five selections, Bills take Khalil Shakir, wide receiver from Boise State at 148. Cole Turner goes to the Commanders at 149. He's a tight end from Nevada. Good pick. Thomas Booker, defensive tackle from Stanford. Maybe even a chance to move him to offensive line for the Texans at 150. Tyler Algier, from running back from BYU, goes to the Falcons at 151. And then Delarin Turner-Yell, safety from Oklahoma to the Broncos at 153. The pick is in for Seattle. Then it's the Eagles, and then the Cowboys at 155. We're taking a look inside the war room at the moment. Also, Pete Carroll literally has his shirt off in the the war room. You're kidding? Oh, this is a commercial. It, oh, it, it, it was, oh. That's when he met. That's when he met. Uh, <laughs> oh, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was happening again. And they took Tyreek Woolen from UTSA. The Seattle Seahawks did. There you go. Good pick from Seattle. John Snyder. John's rallying a little bit. All right, my draft. man. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk bad about him next year. No, I can't. Uh, I, I Dave can't because he hates his running back. I think he's. I think I don't he. Hate his running back. I hate the thought process that brought him there, though. Okay, that's fair. I, I like the I like the player. I had him in third round myself, but you know, I that, too. That's what maybe John maybe John and I were on the same page on that one. No, that's a good thank, one. Thank goodness. Finally, yeah. took yeah. about fifty years. Not really that long. <laughs> I know. All right, two picks for the Cowboys coming up. Eagles here, followed by Dallas. What are you thinking here, Brian? Wow, it's hard. I know I'm putting. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, you know, like I say, Will standing up. Okay, if if I'm looking at War Room Cam the right way, Will stand up. He's presenting an argument for a guy. Well, he's sitting now. Well, he, earlier he was, and now he's now he's sitting down like he is. He's grabbing the phone like, what the hell? Okay, he looks upset. No, I think he's okay, but I, you know, you're talking about when 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 usually the director stands up, he's making a plea. For some, and maybe he's trying to figure out like they maybe they've got a couple of players right there they're trying to think about because they've got to navigate this round. You know they've got the multiple picks in the round. I do think so. They're trying to put in order who they want to take. So it's kind of hard to say. Oh, they're going to take this guy. This guy. No, he's trying to map it out. Like, all right, the pro guys are telling him these are the needs between you. These are the guys that could go. These are the guys that you know likely could be there. So I think he stood up just to remind the room how they want to navigate this thing uh, off their board. It is fun for us, too. I mean, we just said we don't have a great read on this pick, but whoever they do pick, the guy that they opt not to take has a good shot to be available. They're going to pick three more times in the next you know 20-whatever selections. Plenty of opportunities here. Yeah. Should we run through names that we know they've had connections with just to maybe throw some names out there? Bobby, you got anything on – I mean, the, I've got the same names, the, the, the you know, Sailor, Hayes, Ingabare. Yeah, those are, those, are, the those mean, are all my top guys. McCollum. I, I mean, I, I'm sure there's somebody on that board I'm there's not – There's the visitor, Deesh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, He's a fourth-round top. I, I, I really liked him. I really, really liked him, you know, as far as – you know, where, matter of fact, I mean, I had Tyler Smith, I had him in the third, and I had this guy at the top of the fourth. So they were kind of a similar, uh, type of, uh, you know, where you pick them in the round. I, I, I kind of felt like that those were, those were the guys. I will say, this is just, this specifically, like day two is a whole different beast, but like this is where 
things can Jacksonville go. on the clock for Philly now. This is where things okay. can go sideways, and you just start hearing names that you hadn't heard anything about. I mean they they needed to ad- they've addressed like, what they needed to address, right. and so that was the that's the whole thing is that it's like who are we gonna like. Um, Josh, Josh Ball is a great example. I don't remember saying a word about no, Josh Ball last either. year. No. Um, who else did they tell? Uh, Israel Mukwamu. I think maybe we talked about him. Sean Wright. I mean, that was third Sean Wright came absolutely out of nowhere that, for same sure. Same thing, though. So, yeah, I mean, you do your best to read the tea leaves, but the later you get into some of these traits picks, it's like, okay. So, what the hell was well, Because some of the ones you that? get whispered about, too, like, or that I've already mentioned, like Haskins. Well, Hassan Haskins has already been taken. Gone. You know, they've addressed tight end, so any tight end names we've heard, those are probably out the door. I'm going to just start naming some guys that I know they've had connections with. Rasheed Walker from Penn State, Cade Mays from Tennessee. Going down the list, Rashad White's done. Sorry, I didn't have him marked off. Dominique Robinson. Um Someone's phone's ringing. Well, let's go. It like it. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to resolve that without saying it, yeah. but yeah, somebody's phone. I don't know who's Cowboys ringing. phone's ringing. They're talking to somebody. Yeah, they're having a go. call. Uh, Matt Walletsko from North Dakota is there. Ontario Brumman from Ole Miss. They Sorry. met with Cade Mays at the combine. Yeah. Um, mm. Could you see a double dip there? Is that possible? Maybe the value's no offensive there. line. If the value's there. I like Cade Mays more than can most. never have enough offensive linemen. That's a position I would that's take Desch, in the NFL. If that's Dash, I would take him over Cade Mays. Arizona State, tell me about yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, to me, this guy, and hopefully uh, they get the opportunity. Let me pull up my notes on the tackle. But I mean, he's he's one of those guys that I, me- I mentioned. He, I got mocked to me a ton, and I'm like, all right, stop, folks. I get it. So I started watching. Him. He's six seven. He's three oh three. He's the left tackle for at Arizona State. You know, he's one of those guys that the Pac-12 tackles that always, like I say, looks super light on tape, but plays really, really well. And his foot movement and the way he plays in space will catch your attention. Uh, he runs and he moves well. Getting away from the line, he plays with knee bend. He's got balance. There isn't much labor or struggle to his game in that regard. Where he does have a little bit of problem is the, the, that power. But he will work his hands inside and he'll try and hold the defender in place. So, I mean, I like this guy. I, I really, really did. It's offensive line. Philbin's in there. Yep. Joe Philbin just walked yes, into the room. Yes, the coaches are tipping the picks. All Let's right. go. So we may be double dipping at offensive line here. Uh, maybe. Walker. Maybe. No, 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 no. I was going to say, no, they are. I mean, if Philbin's oh, wandering around. Rasheed Walker's my top offensive lineman left. Matt was was that the oh gosh, I well, let's go. Well, let's go. Yes, almost Mar- like will let's go, but it's wool. Marquise Hayes, Braxton Jones, Cade Mays. I'm gonna laugh. I'm gonna. Well, let's go. Played at North Dakota. Yeah, not even North Dakota State. No, like, that's, just in D. That's a Division two school. Yeah, that would be. I mean, and it's out of character. Not saying it's impossible, but that would be such a departure from what we're used to seeing from the scouting staff. I think this does show that they're just whatever the value is. Go get it. Go get your guys. I don't. I, that's fine. Yeah, with that's me. fine. Jamari Sawyer, Dylan Parham. Oh no, he's gone. Sorry. Don West refused to be. I refuse to ever be worked up about a fifth round pick. I you just can't. I'm worked up. No, no way. Unless, well, worked up in a good way because it's like a pet cat. That's fine. But like, if you're mad about a fifth round pick, just take take several deep breaths. Hmm. All right, we're all we're looking just, at now. Phones we're, stuff now like, we're just waiting. Everybody's working the phones in here. the The pick has been in for the Jags for like twenty minutes now. now. Who they trade up for? 
that's a good question. I haven't seen, with the Eagles. I, it says it's in, but I don't know. They haven't announced it yet. They were having a concert. Well, let's go stage. went to school where because see he's he, I did not do him, so I was hunting my notes and stuff like that. I, I did only 190 players, and he was not one of my guys. Who is this? Well, let's go. Is well, that, let's go to North Dakota. The, so who, wait, who are the visitor offensive linemen left? West and Deaton. That's it. Deaton yeah. was a visitor. Oh yeah, Deaton. Deaton was a visitor. They met with well, let's go at the combine. I know okay, Paul's walking around the room. I, sure, I don't. I haven't watched a minute of them. I didn't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, watched, I've, I've, I mean, I, I was, tape. I did only. I was managed to do 190 guys. So if he's the pick, somebody better come with some notes. Nicholas Zakel from Fordham is still available. If we wanted to talk small school guys, Myron Cunningham from Arkansas, Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. I, that's what I I'm saying. God, he's. The I got, I got Desh. I got Walker. I got Braxton Jones. Those are all like fourth round guys on my board. I'm actually shocked, Braxton. Jones is not there. Ah, me I don't too. Know why Rosenthal, Low, Jacksonville I mean, picked our bulldozer running back Snoop Connor. Okay, Ole Miss. He's a bulldozer man, which Snoop means that da- I mean, in reality, the Cowboys have obviously made the pick, but they're on the clock on TV. So, yeah. and we won't get it announced. We'll have to announce it ourselves. And of course, stick around with us because we will have secret audio and we'll have an interview with the newest Cowboy, whoever they select here at pick. Number 155. They so have we, not traded any of these fifth-round picks. We feel good that it's offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, we said Deaton and Deesh were visitors. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Well, let's go as a combine. Mays well, was a go. combine. Uh, I mean, Jamari Salyer, something. Rasheed Walker was a combine. Here's here's Dallas's pick. They say it's in. Let's see if they get the announcement on it. It's just pick fifth-round 155, by the way. It mm-hmm. sure is. Showing the different areas. It looks like we're announcing this in London, England. Uh oh, is this a fourth pick in the 2000? Snoop Connor, running back, Mississippi. Matt, well, let's go. Dallas. The official pick is in. We just heard Jacksonville's there, but the Cowboys pick is tackle Matt Walletsko from North Dakota. Not to be confused with North Dakota State. Six foot seven, five eighths, three hundred and twelve pounds. Brian, he is a D two mauler with the best of the terms. Yeah, like I said, he, I did one hundred ninety player, one hundred ninety, and that's him. Yeah, right here we go. And you watch me as a left tackle. It looks like to me getting out in space. That's oh hard gosh. for a big guy like that to get out there. I mean, you know, tall guys usually can't move. Uh, very well, but this guy looks like when you got him out in space a little bit, here's that, that angle block right there, able to kind of secure his guy. So yeah, I mean, being that tall, 312 pounds, but running right at almost five flat, you have to be pretty impressive with that. Looks like to me, the ball going behind him, uh, a couple of different times here. So, you know, good job. I mean, it, it's so unusual to see these guys that are that tall, hard for him to move. But man, it looks like getting away from the line of scrimmage pretty well there, able to, to kind of wall this guy off and, uh, and make, uh, you know, the, the footwork is kind of what you need right there. Cowboys make their selection at 155. We will hear plenty more about Matt. Well, let's go. Plus the Cowboys have three more selections here in this fifth round. We've got a busy couple minutes. Let's take a break. More NFL draft coverage coming your way on 1053 the fan and DallasCowboys.com. And I assume we're back on the internet side of things. Second team All-American at the FCS level. Third fewest sacks in the FCS was his offensive line in 2021. He did miss the final game of the season due to a shoulder injury. Let's hear Dame Brugler's report on the newest Dallas Cowboy, Matt Well, let's go. 
Matt Walesco, offensive tackle, North Dakota, six foot seven, three hundred twelve pounds. Walesco has length that cannot be coached along with functional foot body quickness, but he must continue developing his strength and stature before he is ready for live NFL reps. He has legitimate NFL upside, but he will require patience. Matt, well, let's go yeah. NFL upside. Well, let's you go in the fifth round. We're talking about the traits, you know, and and they've got a lot of picks. I, I mean, personally, I mean, I I would have I, I would have gone another, but this this draft has been about them, and it ain't about been about me, you know. <laughs> I'm learning that, and I've learned that these uh, last three days, and that's okay, you know. And and, and you know, we had Joe Philbin in earlier, you know. I, I it's it's really it's it's when you see these guys that are six seven. Guy looked like he moved. That was really my first exposure at him right there. Brian's I mean, going to go watch very this top heavy. tape tonight. Oh, I, I have to. I mean, I absolutely have to. I mean, I I, there's only so many players you can get through. But, yeah, th- this kid, you know, you listen to Dane talk about the traits, but it's going to take some time there. So, But they, they did it with ball. We'll see. They, they You know, Joe Philbin talked about, we were asking him about ball and Farniak and those guys, and he's like, man, we, we had to kick him out of the building and all that. So, Maybe this is a kid that's going to be kind of the same way. Senior Bowl guy, huh? Is that what we got there, right there? Senior Bowl stuff? Yeah. I mean, he was at the Senior Bowl, yeah. I, I know Dane had a seventh on him. I was just texting around. Consensus around the league is this guy was a fourth-round player. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's so what I heard. Media low. Yeah, so that sounds like, sounds like teams, it sounds like teams viewed him more as a fourth-round type of player. That's interesting. You'd have to think the traits are probably what's behind that. Man, that 86 inch wingspan. Yeah. It's massive. That's good. I mean, you know, like the second same. longest arms at the combine. Wow. It, it's, it's, you know, the, 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 these tackles, you, you take them and, you know, they, they really, they're like the older they are, the better they are. But, you know, he's going to need to get some experience and you know, I'm sure that they'll work with him and, you know, cause you, 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 you can't be 312 pounds and run five flat. I mean, that, that, that right there is, I think that's pretty rare. Uh, when you start to talk about, uh, players and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, uh, the, the, at least the highlights that I've been able to see here so far, he looks, uh, pretty productive getting into his blocks. I just love, and I know, I know that this and how they think about it, but we're just constantly chasing after what they might do. And for so many years, we've been like, well, power five, power five. That's what they do. They draft these guys from these big schools and, we were in that wrong this year. I mean, they are poking holes in that this year. Uh, I mean, I, I've said it more times than I can count. You got, like, you, I'm like, why are we talking about an FCS guy? Well, yeah. that's why. That's why we are. FCS guy just went off the board, by the way. Zion McCollum, 157 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Drafted my guy Jalen Darden last year, so they like their small school. Who did Minnesota take? I'm sorry guys. about that. Uh, Jerome, Jerome Ford. Ford. Okay. Out of Cincinnati running back. Okay. He's actually a, another combine meet with the Cowboys. Maybe a late running back potential there. Um, maybe one of these fifth-round picks could have been Jerome Ford, but ultimately he goes to the Vikings at 156. So now we uh, now we continue to look ahead. Nine picks away from the Cowboys' next selection, and then it gets quicker. It's eight picks to their next selection, and then from that one they only they get two picks and, and three tries. So Tyreek Smith, edge rusher off the board here for Ohio State as he goes to Seattle at 158. You know that guy? Can we make fun of John Snyder here or no? No, I, 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 John's doing a fine job. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, just, yeah. I wanted to give you the opportunity. Here nah, we're good. We had an opportunity. We're, we're good. We we're good with that one. Um, I've got a list here of just some of the people that I know they talked to at Combine. Okay. 
Um, and I don't know how many of these guys. Haskins are left. did go too. I'm, 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 he did. Okay. Yes. Hassan I'm Haskins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is uh, Keontae Ingram still on the board? Yes. yes. USC. They talked to him. They talked to Abram Smith, the running back from Baylor. Uh, Abram that Smith would be, would be fun. He would be a fun pick. Let's just because what he could do on special teams. Connor Hayward, Michigan State, which he's kind of an H back. Mm-hmm. He, he's he, he was a tight end, but I mean he's probably fullback. He's short. Um, buh, 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 buh. Who else Dominic Robinson from Miami, Ohio, like we talked about with Dave earlier. Chasen Hines, Cade wow. Mays. Oh, you're just reading off the list. I was going to say like you're stumping for an LSU guy. No, I'm, no, I'm telling know. you people I, I know just from having been out in. Indian, I would be shocked if they let. Damone Clark fall past this fifth round. I really do. I, the, from what I'm hearing about the fact that they like him, even with the neck injury, they feel yeah. like he has a chance to be okay from a, a medical standpoint. Welcome back to NFL draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. We are in the middle of the fifth round. The Cowboys have made five selections in this year's NFL draft. Let's run through them while we got an opportunity. Cowboys have three more picks here in the fifth round. They pick in eight selections. Tyler Smith, offensive guard out of Tulsa with the opening pick in the draft. Sam Williams at pick number 56, edge rusher from Ole Miss. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver from South Alabama at 88. Jake Ferguson, they go get their tight end at 129 in the fourth round. And then Matt, well, let's go. A offensive tackle from North Dakota picked here in the fifth round, and that is where we stand at the moment. David Hellman, Brian Broaddus, Bobby Belt. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. We are looking at the Colts on the clock now. They just made their selection. Missouri State defensive tackle Eric Johnson selected by Indianapolis here. But we really are. We're we're closing in on another pick for the Cowboys. We're going to have a run here where, I mean, they come up in seven picks, and then they'll pick three times in the last, what is that, like, you know, 12 12 to 15 spots of the draft because they go 167, 176, and then again at 178. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hectic for a little bit, I would guess. Some of their targets that at least we thought going off the board early in this this fifth round potentially, uh, Tyreek Woolen, corner from UTSA, that one hurt a little bit for both Brian and I. I know we were both big on him. Jerome Ford, running back from Cincinnati. Zion McCollum, cornerback from Sam Houston, goes to the Buccaneers at 157. Tyreek Smith goes 158 to the Seahawks. He's an edge rusher from Ohio State. And then I just mentioned Eric Johnson from Missouri State, and he goes to the Colts at 159. Chargers are on the clock now. Cowboys pick here in seven selections. I like the way Bobby's thinking, though. Go look at look. Let's look at the breadcrumbs that we've got. That's really all we've got a chance to do right now. Because with it being so close together, all these picks jumbled up, it, it really doesn't allow a great read. It's it's basically just whoever they want to pull up in the room and whoever they feel best about it amongst a group of players, right, Brian? No, that I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, it's uh, you're looking for the traits. You know, again, the tackle that they just took six seven three twelve runs about five flat. You know, that, that's the kind of stuff. Length, you don't, that's something you don't really, you don't get to teach that. So you feel like, well, hey, we have, we have a high enough grade. We, you know, the line coach, obviously he was on board. He was happy about that. The scouts, the cross checkers, all that. 
you know, it, it, that that the, his tape to me, just watching that little bit I got to see, it's pretty impressive for a guy that big, that 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 size to be able to move the way he does. So maybe they can work with that. Check this out. His his relative athletic score is going around Twitter right now, and I know that doesn't mean everything, but it's it's, it's something. An, it's an indicator of how athletic you are. Yeah. He's at a nine point nine six out of ten. Yeah. He's at out of twelve hundred tackles that they've that have ranked since nineteen eighty seven. He's sixth on the list. So uh, he's athletic. <laughs> I'm 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 fine taking a gamble on a guy with traits like that in the fifth. Yeah, round. I, I wish totally I would fun. have taken a, a chance to to take a peek at him you know, with those numbers and stuff like that. But like I say, the little clips I got to see of him right there, you know, was was pretty impressive. So. Now that we're looking at some of these players left on the board, the the Chargers take Otito Ogbonia from UCLA. Yeah, player. he is a really I, I liked him as you know, you're talking about a guy that like that one technique uh, a player. You know, I mean this this draft actually has some of those guys that you know we we've been able to to talk about. He's initially, I mean, he's very, as a one take, super active. He does a really good job with the quickness off the snap. There's several plays where you see him playing on the offensive side of the ball. He could be hard to handle with that first surge. He's got the power to beat up on centers that aren't ready for him. So he could be disruptive for his size. He can get to the outside. He can clean up plays. I was watching the, L- the LSU game. He was running all the way to the edge to make a tackle my, out on the uh, sidelines. So. My initial impression of Zion Johnson was not positive because at the Senior Bowl, you and Jeff were oh, like, yeah. you and Jeff were like, get eyes on this Zion Johnson guy. He yeah. seems like a, a dude. And yeah. I was like, this D tackle from UCLA is kicking his ass. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. Yeah. He was, I mean, he, I was surprised to see he weighs 324 pounds and on tape he doesn't look that big. And so you're like, oh, okay. Moving around that size at 324, I think is pretty impressive. I actually, if you look at some of the tape that he had with Osa Digizua. I mean, yeah. he played a, a season with Osa Digizua. I would like to, I, I mean, one of the things that I talked about was his run defense. I kind of liked him as a late round fit for the Cowboys. I'm kind of on Brian's train now about the the Ridgeway because Ugbunny is off the board. If he would have lasted to one of these picks, I would have loved to see him reunited with Osuigizua because I think he's good against the run. He gets off his blocks uh, for the most part. He doesn't move people. He doesn't fill multiple gaps. He's more of just a let me get there guy, and, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the way he's done it as a nose tackle. And that's I think that's why he fell because his strength isn't there as some of the top nose tackles in this draft, like uh, Travis Jones from UConn and guys like that up at the top of the class. But still, somebody that I think could could provide a, an impact in a rotation. So now we've got Ogboni off the board. It's the Saints, the Broncos, the Titans, the Raiders, Vikings. I appreciate Bears, you enunciating Cowboys. that T there. Titans. Titans, tighten up, baby. I just wind up saying Titans all the time. I do too, but like also my uh, dad. My dad gives me. He'll be. He's like, it's a boat. You pronounce the T. Titans. I'm like, no, man, it's a boat. <laughs> Boat. Sorry, I, sorry. Your dad's a doctor and you're a writer. Good point. This is so disappointed uh, me. This is kind of. I was just looking at Matt. Well, let's go. My dad that was so me. sad. No, he's not. My dad is very proud of me. I was just looking at Matt. I have a story about that real quick. Oh God, it's not about your dad. Uh, Do we have time? We Come, oh, here we go. My gosh, the hey, Saints. Oh, All right, that that hurts. Dave. That's a that's a pet cat for sure. You yeah. got a get a report on him. No, I don't write reports. Y'all write reports. I got a report on him. I just say literally the way I do this is say. 
Oh, yeah, I like that guy. Or, uh, I don't know if I like that guy so much. Well, you talked about uh, Zion Johnson getting blown up by Otito Ogbonia throughout the Senior Bowl. DeMarco Jackson was blowing up anybody that he came, that came his way. Coming off of that second level, some of the most fierce fight intensity, tenacity that you have off the off the second level. He was that guy. Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Only player in the FBS with twenty or 200 tackles and 25 tackles for loss over the last two years. Only player. Talk about getting to the football. He did that. DeMarco Jackson out of Appalachian State to 161 and a New Orleans Saints. I want to hear your report on him here in a second, Brian. But yeah. we have secret audio from... Our newest Dallas Cowboy, Matt was let's go from North Dakota. Here he is on the line. Hey, Matt, this is Jerry Jones with the Dallas Cowboys, and we want to put a star on that helmet. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I'm uh, sitting around a room here, and you've had a lot of uh, great uh, observation, a lot of great evaluation. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I, I uh, we all love football in here, so I envy you to think about uh, the player you can be and getting to take off on this journey in the NFL. And Boy, if you'll work, which they say you will, you could have a heck of a career here, so we're excited about having you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Well, listen, I want to hand the phone over here to Mike McCarthy, your coach, and then we'll let you talk to Coach Philbin, your position coach. But here's Mike. Matt, how you doing? Mike McCarthy. Good. How you doing, Coach? Hey, congratulations. This is awesome. Can't tell you how excited we are to have you part of our football team, and obviously you're coming to a great organization. So, are you are you home with family, or what's where are you right now? Yeah, I'm back home with all my family and friends. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, you can hear the excitement for you. So, yeah, uh, you're you're a great add to our O line room and to our locker room. So, congrats, and I'll see you when you get down here, my friend. Okay. Thank you so much, Coach. You bet. You bet. Here, I'm going to put uh, Coach Joe Philbin on here. Congrats. Matt, Joe Philbin, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Coach? Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who would have thought? I remember last Saturday I told you I might be calling you in a week. And, uh, man, I'm excited about this. This is awesome. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. Yeah, you with your family? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, the journey's just about to begin, but there's no better place to be a professional football player than uh, Dallas, Texas, with the Dallas Cowboys. It's an incredible organization. Uh, can't wait to get started working with you. And uh, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, I can't wait, Coach. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Step one. We're going to start at step one. We're going to go to step 99, and we're not going to skip any steps. And uh, the whole way, we're going to be right there together. And uh, man. Uh, that you're available at this point in time. You got some traits that are rare, exceptional. And now we got to put it all together. You follow me? You're not yes, going yes, to be sir. perfect day one, but we're going to get better every day and uh, enjoy the journey. And uh, man, I'm excited as hell. So, congratulations to you and your family. Enjoy this time together. And uh, you get down there, get ready to tighten up your uh, cleats and buckle up your chin strap and get to work. Yes, sir. I can't wait, Coach. Thank you so much. There's the secret audio. Matt Willetsko from North Dakota selected in the fifth round of this year's NFL draft. Emotional on the phone. It was a fun phone call with him, Jerry Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Joe Philbin. And now we get to have a phone call with him here on the draft show and 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Matt, first off, congratulations. Welcome to Cowboys Nation. You sounded like you were a little emotional on the phone. Describe the emotions of this moment for you. Yeah, you know, I definitely was, um, you know, just because, 
um, you know, it's a childhood dream come true. And, you know, just being able to play for, um, you know, America's team, it's just, it's such an honor. And just, you know, to be able to be picked by such prestigious organizations, it's, it's unbelievable. Congratulations, Matt. Uh, I'm just curious. You know, we heard uh, we heard Coach Philbin talking to you on that call as well. He mentioned that that he talked to you last week about how he was hoping he'd be calling you again. If I'm not mistaken, they talked to you at the combine. I'm just kind of curious what your um, what your contact with the Cowboys has looked like during this pre draft process and what they've been talking to you about. Yeah, actually, they were one of my um, formal interviews. Um, at the combine, so I ended up meeting Coach McCarthy and um, the assistant line coach there. Um, so yeah, and then from there on, I talked to you know Philbin last week, Coach Philbin, and yeah, it's just been great. Matt, it, you know, we're kind of studying. They're, they're playing the highlights of you, uh, you know, of your college stuff and like that. You appear to have, for a very tall guy, a very nasty mean streak. I, I see a, a big time finisher in uh, on my tape here. Is that something you really pride yourself on? Yeah, I love. I mean, I'm really big on you know playing nasty, especially at the line position, and just you know being able to finish guys. I think that's what this position is all about. And yeah, I definitely, definitely take pride in that. When you first had contact with the Cowboys, was that something that they had really? alluded to you that they liked the way that, that you're built and some of the, the projection that you could have at the NFL level? Yeah, I mean, even talking with Coach Philbin and um, some of the other coaches, they just love, like, my traits that I have, like my athleticism, my long arms, and um, they believe in me that I'll, you know, play in this league for a long time, and, yeah, I'm just going to be more thankful. Now, uh, are you with family? You you having a party? What's what's the whole situation like up there? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with family and some close friends. Um, so yeah, just having a little little party and just celebrate now. Well, congratulations! Have fun, enjoy this moment. We look forward to seeing you in Cowboys Nation very soon. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. There he goes. Matt, well, let's go. North Dakota offensive tackle and newest Dallas Cowboy. But not the newest Dallas Cowboy for long because they're on the clock in three picks. We just had a trade. The Rams are on the clock now at 164. Then it's the Vikings and the Bears. Got a text from somebody. Uh-oh. Said they're stunned. Well, let's go. Was there in the fifth. That that's just consensus. People are. Like, I feel bad. Is, I didn't. People, I didn't people, look at him. Yeah. League apparently just from what I'm getting the sense, the league thinks this was really good value for them in the fifth. That's yeah, fun. Good. Good deal. I think. No, I mean, it, it, seriously, can... just a little bit. You watch him. A guy that big. You know, six seven. The weight. You know, three hundred twelve pounds. Running five flat. Moving the way he does. Gets on the outside. I'm watching him finish. I'm watching him get to second level. You know, there, there's there's guys that have far far less traits. As Joe was talking about, Coach Philbin, then this guy. And, you know, that, that's the great thing about it. If you can go out and find guys that you feel like that, hey, I can work with you, I can make this. They felt like they got something with Smith, you know, the, the you know, with him. I mean, they, 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 there's, there's traits. That's size. That's length. That's mass. That's all that stuff. I mean, they, think about the linemen they've added to this thing. You know, I mean, those are like two big guys. I mean, you talk about big guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Got is it. that a shift for them with the offensive line? To because we talk about steel, 
and the Smith pick, and and we see this one just to go so heavy in the direction of, of like traits, guys, with the, with the last few offensive linemen they've brought in here. I don't know. I don't know if it's a shift. I I think that they realized for eight games last year they weren't very good moving the football, you know, and and running the ball, and and you know maybe it's a little bit more about getting a little bit nastier up front. I, I think you it, know a little I bit think, more of an edge. I think it's also interesting, and Joe Philbin kind of really briefly touched on it when we were talking to him. But the idea of clean slates, raw guys that you can come in here and you can bring them up the way you want to be. And I think they, I think they thought there was value in that with Terrence Steele. And, and I think yeah. they've seen how that has gone. And, you know, it makes sense that they're, you know, trying to go like, Hey, let's find these guys with traits and just turn them into players. It's funny to think about, like, Brian, you brought it up when Joe was in here. I mean, everybody was way down on Terrence Steele. No, I give him credit for that. Which, I really do. So now he's got. Oh my God! I mean, everybody in that O line room, other than Zach and Tyron, are young, young players. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how well they develop those guys. Hmm. What about some of those defensive tackles, Brian? A couple of them are still sticking around. Yeah, John there's Ridgeway from Arkansas, yeah, I, Haskell I mean, Garrett, Ohio State. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing about it is, you know, they're okay. Now let's think about this. They're hunting traits. You know, we're in the we're in the we're in the you know we're, we're looking at. Guys that are long, guys that are six, seven, guys that are you know, three, you know, run five flat. I mean, if you want to talk about looking at profiles, and the Rams just took our running back from Notre Dame, Kyron Williams, Kyron off the Williams. Board. But yeah, the the thing I think right now that they're 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 trying to get maybe a little bit bigger team. You know, when you look at you look at the you know situation. I'm not talking about the tight end. I mean, the tight end's a a good sized guy, but a better you know athletes. I mean, they're they're talking about athletic guys. Is what they're looking at in their draft so far. So I mean, we they talked last year about how they weren't fat. They didn't have enough team speed. Yeah, and they went. I mean, they got Mike Parsons, which not everybody's Mike Parsons, but it does wonders for your team speed when you put a guy like that on the field. A couple guys that had some team speed relative to their position that they brought in for thirty visits: Devin Harper from Oklahoma State, four four nine forty. He had a one four or one five nine split, which is both of which in the top. Percentile, not the top percentile, but a top part of the class. Deron Bland from Fresno State, cornerback, uh, six foot, 197 pounds. He ran a 446 and had a 155 10 yard split. Good vertical, good cone. Shuttle was okay, I guess you could say. But overall, those are some guys that you can maybe keep your eye on here. I like Ridgeway, Dawson. Deaton. I don't know if you would triple dip it. I, I thought he was more of a sixth round guy Late. myself. Yeah, he was yeah. a little bit. You know, I mean, they brought him in. I mean, he, he's an athlete. There's no question about that. But I kind of felt like that was a little bit of a. That would be a little bit. If you picked him now, I man with some others on the board again. It's their board, not my board. Yeah, but I, I would I would say that would be a little early for me. The one thing about Dawson Deaton is you may be able to get him as an undrafted free agent because yeah. he's from Frisco. He sure. lives in Frisco. I mean, that may be a, a talking point there. And they they will use those visits to set up recruiting yeah, they for sure undrafted will. free agents. Hey so, Brian, yes sir. What would happen if you? I spent like I'm talking day three. I'm talking here in the in the. Less important rounds. What would happen if you, the guy you were drafting didn't pick up the phone? What would you do? It happened. It happened to me one time. Um, we were in Green Bay, and uh, who's my guy? Jeez, uh, from Virginia Tech, oh, uh, Freeman, uh, and Antonio. Antonio Freeman. He went to the movies, and this is before cell phones. So we were like 
we drafted him not knowing if he was even alive. <laughs> let's let's take a break before this pick. We got to get it in. Okay. We got to talk about it. The Cowboys coming up in a couple selections. We'll be right back on 1053 the fan at dallascowboys.com. You took that to back here on the internet yeah, side. We're, we're still here. We don't ever go anywhere. You, <laughs> you took that to a really dark place, Kyle Shanahan. No, that's You're just but like, it's, oh, it's, he could have been dead. No, it's true. But you know, we this is before like in when when Duck was taken. We uh, it was one of those things where you're like, you know, the the player wasn't picking up, and they give you like two or three phone, you know, landlines to call and. You know, he he wasn't. We didn't have cell phones. We and he went to the movies. But y'all turned the card in. We anyway. turned the card in anyway. And so, then when we got done with the movies, he found out he got drafted by the Packers. And this is that. I guess that's my question. Is like, this is it's it's just customary and nice to call the guy, right? Like if you yeah. didn't answer the phone, you'd still turn the card. Yeah. In. Well, yeah. I mean, and as long so as Sam Williams said he was alive. Sam Williams said yesterday that Dan Quinn was texting, him going, "Answer your phone." <laughs> Because oh, they and he's like, I'm sitting right right here. My phone didn't do that. That would happen to me. I get the y'all have all called me at home at some point in time. Yeah. I get the worst reception at home. Like yep. I would be so screwed if that happened to me. We need a, another coach to tip the pick here. Can we get War Room Cam? Because we're getting close. <laughs> I need to see what coach is going to waddle. Trying in there. to figure it out. <laughs> had the coaches figured out to get to get on camera though to, to help us out there. Thank I, you, I like Walk into the middle of the room. Asezi Otomewo, by the way, defensive end, potential target for the Cowboys off the board at 165. That's my final mock draft guy. I got both guys yesterday, nobody today, unfortunately, but that's okay. Defensive end off the board, and then you've got the Bears on the clock at the moment, then it's followed by the Cowboys. Bears have had a pretty good draft for not having a first-round pick, I believe. Yeah, well dialing. That first round pick is Justin Fields. Who's in the back stretching there? Like it's that's shy. Yeah, oh, okay. Shy. <laughs> Will's got his hand ready to dial. You think it was Coach? <laughs> it's like what's going on back there? Uh, oh, we got a trade. Cowboys Bengals. The, the Bengals popped up there. Oh, what are they going to the do? Ravens. Your Bengals. My Bengals. What are they doing? The Bengals never traded. What are we doing? <laughs> what do you? Can't believe it. <laughs> oh, this is good. I still, man, there's like a lot of great players still on that board. Look at Dan, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah's board is, I mean, he, it, those are, those are some quality names on that board, but. Beavers, Smith, Casper yeah. Fields. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the Cowboys do here. I really, it's, it's going to be interesting. We're going to get it on the radio side, but the Cowboys are officially on the clock and we'll talk about it right after this. Jerry Jones is on the phone as the Cowboys are making their fifth-round selection at pick number 167 in the 2022 NFL Draft. Glad you're with us on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Cincinnati has had their pick selected, and we are awaiting the announcement of the Bengals pick, but the Cowboys are officially on the clock, and Jerry Jones on the phone. They look pretty happy here. We're trying to figure out who this could be. There's a bunch of really good names. There are some value players that are slipping. Plus, the Cowboys have three picks, well, in the span of 12 selections. Oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. Tyson Anderson, safety from Toledo to the Bengals at 166. Nice and player. Now it's the Cowboys selection. They've double dipped at offensive line already. They feel like they have great value. Bobby Belt reported that a moment ago. 
good value with Matt Willetsko. Well, the league, the league believes that. that. That's from multiple teams. So even better. Just throw some darts. Now who do they go? I wonder, I, I wonder if this is, I wonder if this is the Arkansas guy. They're all, everybody's kind of happy about what's going on. With, oh, maybe, maybe like joking little, around. Little yeah, they're town. like, yeah, pig uh. suey, woo, Razorback. You know, they, they're doing that number maybe in there. We'll see. I, I think that was basically just live footage right there. That was, that was hacking into the, to the I'm surprised microphone. nobody has the plastic Ar- Arkansas helmet on, you know? How about the, uh, foam oh, Dan, Dan, Dan Quinn's going to jump on this phone. bad boy. Yeah. So defensive player, think about it. Could be D line then too. Could be Ridgeway. Be John Ridgeway the third. Are we going back to a, a defense? South Ca- I tell you that South Carolina kid's still on the board though too. I oh, mean, yeah. I don't know if there's something going on there, uh, you know, with uh, with that. But uh, they're all clapping. And this is this is probably a, this is probably this is probably the defensive tackle from Arkansas. That'd be my if guess. it is, it has been so long since the Cowboys have selected an Arkansas back, right? back. It was Felix Jones. Felix Jones. Even Britt Brown giving some handshakes. Oh, look, it, you know, it, when Jerry's getting a handshake and Steven, those are the Arkansas alums. Oh, Jerry man. Jr. with the SMU, so he's like, like patting him on the back. <laughs> they finally drafted a guy. I don't they finally drafted this. an Arkansas guy. Yeah, here we go. This is what this is all about. Get all right, ready. here's oh. the selection at pick 167. Is this West Coast, though? In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Darren Bland. That's that's West Coast. If we would have had 30 more seconds. That was just when the West Coast got walked out there. I was like, oh, no, wait, this is is on the West. All right. (laughs) Deron Bland, Fresno State cornerback out of Modesto, California. I read the hog. I read the room wrong there for sure. Hey, we were talking about team speed, Brian. We were. And I brought up Bland as a 30 visit guy who brings team speed. 44640. He has good cones. He has good shuttle. Transfer from Sacramento State, first team all big sky, competed in track and field, finished fifth in the 60-meter dash in 2019, and he started nine games for the Bulldogs. And what did we talk about about small schools, David Hellman? Guys, did you get one right? I got two right. I forgot that I mocked Ferguson the other day. Go me. Get up there. What did you like about the guy? I'm not a total idiot. What did I like about the guy? Why did you mock him? Because they liked him. Oh, you knew that? If you do your job the right way, you can oh, know okay. some names. You're like, oh, okay, they, they like this uh, this West Coast kid. I don't know anything about him as a player. I just know that they like him. <laughs> let's let's hear Dane's report really quickly before we get to Bobby here in a second. This is what Dane had to say about the newest Dallas Cowboy, Deron Bland, cornerback from Fresno State. Deron Bland, cornerback, Fresno State, six foot, one hundred ninety-seven pounds. Bland has only average hips and will lose his feel for the route at times, but his length, speed, and toughness are desirable traits for the NFL to develop. His traits, yeah, that, that's, that's what it. it is. You know, the guy's over six foot. He's one hundred and ninety-seven pounds. You know, the four, 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 five speed right there. I mean, that to me, you know, that's you, you mentioned the, the kid gets his hands on the ball and stuff like that. I, I, I like the ball skills with this kid. I like the way he's covered. I like his size. To be honest with you, though, I'm super, super, uh, you know, don't, don't give me the, the shorter, even though my, my short guy, the Marcus Jones kind of guy who went a lot earlier. If you're going to do that, go for some guys with trades. This guy's got the ideal, uh, height and weight to play corner, plus that speed at 446, uh, will give you a lot. First Cowboys selection that was not a combine invite. Were you going to say something prior to the scouting report there, Bobby? 
Uh, I was just going to say that, like, before Bland popped up as a visitor, it, like, his name had come up. Like, like, just I know that, like, and not just here with Dallas, just in general, like, teams talking about, like, hey, this guy's intriguing. Like, like the traits are there. He's, he's like, he's really, really interesting. So, you know, I, I just think that there's been buzz about him around league circles and scouting circles before he even popped up as a visitor. Interesting to think about because of the traits, because so of the selection. We're going traits heavy as all. Yeah, now. we are really are right now. And yes, with no regard as to the school, too. By the way, it's yeah, I, 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 again, I know Will McClay is not worried about making my life more difficult, but he is because I love to just write certain schools off. Not so much Fresno State, uh, no. but certainly North Dakota. Now I'm just like, well. Guess I can't well, they rule they busted out. all those myths. No, that's what know. I'm saying. Yeah, They're but those kids need to it. come in and play. You yeah. know, they need to come in and play. And and you know, we'll see. That's that's the thing when you get into this draft. You know, they they have a great advantage of you know bringing these kids in, talking to them, visiting with them, getting an idea. You know about Joe Philbin again. We had a coach come in and talk about meeting with Smith and all that, and how that all plays out. So. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's the great thing. I, I seriously, I thought the Arkansas kid was going to get taken there. <laughs> the so way too. everybody was reacting Everybody looked really like happy like about yeah, it. Jerry and Steven were kind of like I thought, man, they got their Arkansas guy right there. But hey, that's that's reading room. But good job for Bland coming in here. Like I say, he is uh, he's a good looking kid physically, no question. We're usually pretty good at reading the the war room cam. We can usually hit it. Pretty I, well, okay, spot but on. I don't think we're crazy for thinking Ridgeway is in play here and. Again, the fun thing about this is they'll be on the clock again in like 15 minutes. No, it was funny because Dan Quinn talking to him specifically. It's not He's just so it's the coordinator. But, oh, you're the D line Yeah. Guy. Like I said, it, it was tough because just as soon as they come to the mic, it's like, oh, you see the West Coast scout coming. It's like, oh, that's, rat. So, Ross Winchie, their West Ross Coast Winchie's, scout, walked into yeah. the frame. And I was like, oh, that's the tip off. that We could have known if he walked in just seconds. a little bit earlier. Gosh. We would have, we probably would have looked at our West Bland, like Bland probably would have popped up. <laughs> Which going back to, going back to what Klein was telling us at the beginning of the show, I lo- like, I love that thought of you're just sort of sitting there waiting to hear something and then the big wigs are like, get down here. We're taking your guy. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> you think it almost feels like for them, like the process of the players walking out of the green room? Like the, oh, okay, my yes. name. And I like, got it with like, you get the call. Like, oh, here those I go. Guys, We're getting my guy. Those guys like to play it cool, but it's got to be a thrilling feeling when a guy that you've been on for months, uh, winds up being the pick. I actually, uh, I think, I think Cheeto Awuzie was one of Ross's guys as well. Uh, Midwest, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, when they when the organization spends a big pick on on a guy that you like, it's it's a big deal for sure. And you think about Nation Wright last year as well, top one hundred pick, for yeah, Oregon State. I mean, yep. that's a West Coast guy as well. Here's the Bears selection at one sixty eight on the clock. Bowl winning Chicago Bears select Braxton Jones, <laughs> Jones tackle Southern Utah Bear down. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Finally, Braxton Jones is off the board. I really liked him out of Southern Utah. I did too. And uh, let me write his name down. I'll give you a little scouting report. He was a heads up guy for me back last summer. That was one of the names. Yeah, that was like when I've talked about like reaching out and trying to find out about names. Like, hey, who's somebody? That was just named like, oh, here's a here's a guy you can keep an eye on. I liked him. I called the Tarleton 
Texans game against Southern Utah at Globe Life Park. And, mm-hmm. I mean, going into it, yeah. having the conversation with that coaching staff, I, forgive me, I can't remember the coach's name from Southern Utah, but he was all over Braxton Jones. He is yeah. one of the best players they've ever had in their program's history. I mean, he was the best player in the big sky. If they could give a player of the year award to an offensive tackle, he would probably have won it, but they yeah. ultimately didn't do that. I bet you didn't know the Southern, uh, Southern Utah, they're named the Eagles. By the Thunderbirds. Way. I was about to say, yeah. y'all, y'all are all wonderful. Like, you like him. You've been on him. You were on him last summer. I didn't know Southern Utah was a school. I, mean, I didn't yeah, watch him. I just was they're told. The, they're the Thunderbirds, <laughs> though, Brian. I thought they said the, oh, maybe I tied the Eagles. What are looking at? I thought, oh, I think Thunderbirds. Okay. I, I was named for the previous guy. I was like, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, he's a, he's, he's a different built guy. I would call him high cut, which means he's got a short upper body and real long legs. So that would be high cut in scouting world. He plays in a two point stance. He tends to catch blocks, especially when it comes to his pass blocking. The rushers will get right on top of him and he'll do his best to sit down, but it doesn't always happen. Uh, would be a little concerned about his technique if the NFL with rushers might get underneath him and walk him back into the quarterback, but he tends to get away with this in that big sky. So uh, keep an eye on that in the pros. Movement is uh, is good away from the line, not great. He doesn't have initial quickness or snap to that game, but he gets really close as a run blocker and does a good job of getting his hands inside to get that push in the running game, keeps his feet moving. And uh, I, I kind of see him as a wall and shield guy uh, when you watch him play. Vikings select Ty Chandler out of North Carolina, running back at pick number 169. <sighs> Another running back off the board. Still no Isaiah Spiller. Oh no, he oh, did. He, he did I was in. like, that I'm would sorry. be yeah. absurd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My bad. I still am catching up on a lot of my names. It happens when you get in this draft. You start losing track of who's there and who's not. Cowboys. This is where we get. This is where it gets fun. Everybody. We've got six picks till the Cowboys select twice in three different tries. They go 176, and then the Lions at 177, and then back to the Cowboys at 178. Now I'm like, so now I started the draft. I was like, second round's way too high for Damone Clark. There's no way you would do that. Then I was like, mm, fourth still feels a little rich to me. Then they've taken some interesting traits, guys. And now I'm sitting here like, take him. Damone Clark's a hell of a player and would be a second or fourth or third round pick if he was healthy. And if he's still hanging around with one of those picks, I would draft him. That's what I would do. I think I'm with you. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. Bobby just doesn't like me. No, he went to LSU. Yeah. <laughs> player 238 on your board or whatever it was, right? Uh, I think it was like 292 something. something yeah, like that's that. what yeah. it was. Let's hear the secret audio from the most recent Cowboys draft pick to Ron Bland out of Fresno State, who was on the line with Jerry Jones in the Cowboys front office. I'm Jerry Jones. How are you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing great. And, uh, of course, uh, how's it feel to put that star on that helmet? <laughs> Good. Well, I'll tell you what. I want to congratulate you. Uh, really proud for you. And uh, you've got a lot of support in this room. And uh, so I want to let you know that. But uh, main thing is, congratulations. You're in the NFL, and you're a Dallas Cowboy. Thank you. Okay. Hey, here's yeah, your coach. Do. Here's your coach, Mike McCarthy. Here's your coach. Deron, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Appreciate it, Coach. Hey, where are you right now? <laughs> um, I'm back home. Okay, awesome. Well, obviously, we had a great visit with you. And um, just can't, I can't tell you how excited everybody is to, to have you part of this. So uh, enjoy this moment. This is a special moment. And you know what we're all about here. We you know, had the time to visit. So 
Uh, once again, give us a call if you need anything. Congrats. Thank you. There it is, the Ron Bland corner from Fresno State. Let's take a break. The Cowboys pick looming. Not only just one Cowboys pick, but a couple will have it when we come back on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Who did the Texans take? Tegan Quin- Quitoriano. Oh. Quitoriano, tight end from Oregon State. Okay. That's a new one. I had him earlier than this. Did you? No, I have no idea. Who I was about to say Bobby's full of crap. But <laughs> to say this is where we get into troll territory. You know, I was not. I was not totally prepared to jump on day three until last week. So I agree. <laughs> Honestly, I think you've done a fantastic job. That's I'm not an trying. easy thing to do. I'm. I'm going to be like I said. I'm going to be trying to cover more. What does the league think? <laughs> I love that. That's something we we haven't necessarily gotten the chance. I mean, Dane of course did that, but of course with Dane not here, we we Dane need that. A, He's inhuman. He's just he's, he's phenomenal. He starts the after the Memorial Day. So <laughs> here we go. Luke Wattenberg. He's is great. Great job. Luke Wattenberg from Washington goes to the Broncos at one seventy one. Let me recap the picks following Deron Bland real quickly. The yeah. Cowboys take him at one sixty seven. Braxton Jones, offensive tackle from Southern Utah, goes to the Bears at one sixty eight. Vikings take Ty Chandler, running back from North Carolina. Tegan. Catoriano from Oregon State, tight end, goes to the Texans at 170. And then the Broncos at 171 take Luke Wattenberg, center from Washington. UW Huskies represented. It's interesting. I mean, I, man, I, there's, there's all these, these names on this board again. And I, this, this is where you get the point in time in the draft where you're like, you're like, okay, you're missing something, but, is there, if you are missing something, if it's medical, is it the time to like grab one of these guys? You mentioned, I think the fans out there would be totally okay if they took the LSU linebacker yeah, right now. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I, I would get be ecstatic vibe. with it. Yeah. I really would. I know you guys player. have your reserves. Well, I no, I mean, no, is he going to no, play? I mean, that's the thing about it. My only it. reserve with him is, is that he's not healthy. I think yeah. he's a fantastic player. Yeah. But 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 also, I mean, I'm in the business of drafting healthy players right now. You know, I'm in the That's business. Point in the fifth round. I'm in, yes. We're not we're not getting. Well, look, but here's here's the deal. Looking for day one contributors. No, right but uh, but I mean, if the cowboy, I think the Cowboys really think so far today they're getting value above where they're picking. And so, I mean, if you're getting value like that, are you wanting to use up any of them on, you know? Injury concerns. If if you've got guys that you're, oh well, we've got a fourth round player sitting here. I don't necessarily want to get a medical red shirt guy. It's the fifth round. Like we're not. It's not Jalen Smith. All right, Dave. We're well, not. Screw me. Okay. We're not talking about. We're just not talking about that type of. Pick. I know. I'm just, just we're relax. talking about just a relax. guy. I know. But like we're talking about guys that even if healthy, might not get a jersey on game day. Simi Fehoko was 179 last year, just for reference. And then two years ago, 179 was Bradley and I. And look how that those last two turned out. I would rather Bradley and I was a great pick. At least we thought so. If I'm drafting a guy who might not play this year, give me the guy with the upside to be way better than where he was drafted. I'm fine with that. Samuel Womack from Toledo. Corner goes to the 49ers at 172. Now we are three selections away. It's the Giants on the clock, followed by the Bears and the Raiders, followed by your Dallas Cowboys. Position of Womack played, I'm sorry? Corner. Cornerback. Yes, sir. From where again? Toledo. Thank you.
Let's reset the board a little bit. The Cowboys have three selections in between them and 176, and then they pick again at 178. So two Dallas Cowboys picks on the horizon here in the fifth round as we finish up the fifth round of coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Ty Chandler, running back from North Carolina, goes at 169 to the Vikings. The Texans take the tight end out of Oregon State. Tegan Quitoriano, then Luke Wattenberg, offensive lineman from Washington, goes to the Broncos at 171. And then Samuel Walmack, corner from Toledo to the San Francisco 49ers. It's the Giants, Bears, Raiders, Dallas Cowboys at 176. Glad you're with us. Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And, David, on the Internet side of things, you were talking about Damone Clark as a possibility here of somebody they would take. John Ridgway III is still there as well from Arkansas. We thought maybe he was the selection at 167. We got juked out by the uh, the War Room cam. If you had a preference, are you going Damone Clark or are you going John Ridgway? You may end up with both guys because you picked twice. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Once you make this pick at 170, what is it? It's 176. You only got to wait one more pick, and then you get another one. So it, it maybe it's those two guys, but regardless, whoever you don't pick – you got a great shot of him falling that that one more spot to you. Uh, but, I, yeah, I was saying, and I know I catch flack for this because of where the guy went to school, but Damone Clark, Ugh. second team All-America. Uh, he's he's a big. Not he, to slug you, Bobby. He's a big, <laughs> he's a big athletic linebacker. Dave might take it, but I'm not. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. You're close enough to punch him. So. Second team All-American. He's big athletic, not like freaky athletic, but athletic. He had six sacks last year. Uh, he should, he was, maybe even if he falls like the way Jabril Cox did, he's still a fourth round pick at worst, but probably better. Like, I think he's probably a top 100 pick if he's healthy. I had him in, in I had him top. in the second round, yeah. but I didn't put him on my board. When, when I found out the medical, there were two guys I took off the board. Is I took him and then I took the the Michigan guy off the board because I didn't know. I mean, what you, yeah, I didn't want to be one of those things like you put him in there in your top and then it throws off your order of sure. your stack no, and I stuff like that because I figured they're not going to play this year. And there's there's some risk. He had surgery on his spine. Yeah. Uh, but when you're talking about late in the fifth round, I mean, even if healthy, some of these guys are going to have a hard time having roles as rookies and. If that's the case, give me the guy with the highest upside. If this is the traits draft, which which it seems like it's really sure starting to like be the traitsiest guy that sticks out to me right now is that Virginia Tech edge rusher Amari Barno. Yeah, that, I wonder. I was, I, I, was, I, was about to, I was just about to ask Gosh, about but that. His film is rough. But he's it. But man, you, are there. Yeah, it's you, there. you look, I mean, he <laughs> is long. Like, no, no, serious. no, seriously. I mean, you, you do, you, you would watch the tape and you go, is that the same player? Yeah. I mean, and, but, but man, Bobby's not wrong. I mean, the guy <laughs> can run, he's, being... he's long. I, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe, maybe he I'm gets sur- talked about. See, that's the problem is people look at the tape and they're going, there's no way that guy plays that way. Like, like I mean, look, like six, four and a half. Oh, I know. Thirty-four inch arms, like that's that's gonna fit Quinn's measurables. Uh-huh. I would rather go four, get... three, six, forty, thirty-seven vertical, ten, eleven broad. Give me Dominique Robinson's traits over Amari Barno, though, in terms of what he could bring to the table. I I know Barno a four, three, six, forty is nuts for a guy like that. I understand, but man, I just basically what Micah did. It is about the same weight, about the same speed. Micah had good tape, though. No, I know. I'm just saying it's about the same traits, though, in terms of like. 
athletically. Kingsley Enagbare is still there too. Uh, South why, why? I know I, that's got to be injury. I've got a. I just I, his his tag is just like blinking at me right now, and I'm like I don't even want to look at it anymore. It's disgusting, you, know? you. Well, no, it is because you know th- that's the problem you have. You put these guys in order that you think how they play on tape, and then something knocks them out. Oh, he's got a midfoot problem, or he's oh he he doesn't have a. He doesn't have a bone in his shin or, you know, and you're like, you know, that just kills you for these when you're trying to stack this the right way for everybody out there. You're like saying, Hey, who should they take? There's Dominique Robinson right there. There you go. So now I don't have to worry about it. Taken by the Bears. Edge rusher out of Miami, Ohio at pick number 174. Dave liked him too. I wasn't alone on that one. That was the first thing I said. We, when we interviewed, uh, you know, we got to do interviews with the, the front office guys at the senior bowl and, it was like after the first day of practice, and I, <laughs> I went up to Will, and I was like, I like this uh, Miami, Ohio kid. And, I mean, Will's not going to give anything to me anyway, but he basically was like, yeah, okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really? I mean, he, he was like, he was like, we're going to do this interview. He, like, he just doesn't. He didn't like, want to. Oh. He didn't, he, he didn't have time for you? No, he doesn't have time over. for me. Okay, hey, <laughs> the, the thing about it is that, you know, he, he, this guy will play. I mean, he'll play with his hand down, or he'll play in a two-point stance. And there's some initial quickness off the ball. There's some snap when he's gaining some ground with that first step. And there's other times where he gets a little bogged down. Yeah. I thought he had a little bit better success rushing the passer uh, against Central Michigan than he did against Minnesota. And it might be because those Minnesota guys are huge. He goes, the coaches like to try and put him in, uh, and move him around in order to free him up. I didn't think he had much success really rushing that way. He tended to get stuck attempting to find spots to rush up, but I didn't feel like he had a great feel for that. So I thought he was a little bit of a hit and miss as a player right there. Exceptionally raw, and part of that was because he played a different position in 2020. And not the one that you would think. Nope, he played wide receiver in transition to edge rusher yeah. in 2020. So, I mean, he's he's raw. I'm right there with you. But in terms of kind of going back to what Bobby was talking about, six foot four, 250 pounds, and then the traits, he did not run a great 40, but his vertical was the best in the edge rusher class. His broad jump was second best in the edge rusher class, and so were the shuttle. So, Overall, uh, definitely a, a guy to keep an eye on. Also a guy to keep an eye on, Deron Bland out of Fresno State, cornerback, joins us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Deron, how's it going, man? Uh, explain this moment. Congratulations, you're a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, can't, I can't really explain this moment right now. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's everything to me right now. Uh, yeah, I can't really put this into words. It, you, know, you, you sound like you're just emotional about the situation. What is that weight like? I mean, none of us in this room have experienced the weight that you've had to go through, but you're a talented football player. You kind of go through all the workouts and everything about this. What When you finally get selected, I mean, is the weight, is it just like such a relief? Uh, yeah, it's such a relief. You know, you've been working for this like all your life pretty much. I started playing football since I was like seven years old. I mean, this journey has been a lot, um, especially since like my uncle's not here. One I really dedicate my journey to. Sure. So it's been a lot and it means everything. Congrats, Daron. I'm just curious. We saw um, we saw Dan Quinn on the phone with you there when you were picked. We know from covering the Cowboys, he's a very hands-on coach. He's very involved in this type of process. Uh, how much have you had a chance to get to know him uh, at all during this pre-draft cycle? Uh, what's your relationship like with your new D.C.? 
Uh, it was a good, a good relationship. I met him on uh, my visit. So, I mean, Cowboys was my first visit. So it was a good relationship from the beginning. Um, so, yeah. What kind of player would you describe yourself as? What, what kind of strengths do you bring to the table, and, and what are NFL teams going to have to worry about with you? Um, I said my, my strength is my man coverage, how I'm able to just kind of just stay sticky on my man and everything. Um, also, I, I also love how, like, I think I can play good in man. I mean, in zone coverage, too, and also I like to tackle. So I feel like I, I bring a lot. Well, we're excited to have you, Duran. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. Congratulations. Enjoy this. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There he goes, Deron Bland, corner from Fresno State. The Dallas Cowboys are on the clock as his newest teammate will about to be announced here in a couple of minutes. By the way, brought to you by Miller Lite, the Cowboys being on the clock. Here's the Raiders selection at 175, and then we're going to break down the war room here in a couple of moments. Great English teacher at Brian and Terry Graham Middle School in North Las Vegas. Marshawn is a sports and fitness teacher at Nevada Prep Charter School in Las Vegas and serves as chairman for the Nevada Public Charter School Network Intervention for Black and Latino Males. Kara Brumfield and Marshawn Winters. On behalf of the teachers of the city of Las Vegas... for their wonderful partnership with us through Character Playbook. Thank you so much. I'm about to get out of this. I thought you were trying to get my attention. No, 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 no. I I really don't care about the Raiders selection at 175. I want to talk about the Cowboys here. It's day three. Like, why are we doing a five-minute selection on day three? I'm so excited. I love when the War Room cam comes up. I'm just like, who's going to just appear from the shadows (laughs) and tip it off? We haven't had really any tip at the moment. Jerry Jones is on the phone as the Cowboys have made their pick. Um, what are you thinking here, Brian? I don't I have no idea. I really don't. I mean, I think I, it's between Clark and Ridgeway for get, me. Honestly, I, 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 I thought it was Ridgeway last time, and you know, like I say, I think it's all about the traits. You know, and it, it, Bobby threw something interesting out there about the Virginia Tech kid, Barno. Uh, yeah, I thought. What about, what about that German corner, oh, Marcel Dabo? I think we're getting a Bayou Bengal, fellas. I think we're. Is that your call right here? Putting it in right here. Oh yeah, I think we're going to show off the. the well, that's and moment. if that's the case too. I mean, I, again, I, I thought Ridgeway Clark. I mean, makes a lot of sense. I just couldn't put him on my board. You yeah. know, I mean, initially I had him as a second round grade, and I know I'm an LSU guy, and Quinn. Dan Quinn. So yeah, it's a defensive player, but I had him on my board as a second round grade, and then the injury or the 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 stuff, the information came from the combine, and I was like. Okay, man, he is not going to play. I don't want to put him somewhere and then all of a sudden not have it be accurate where he is. But this guy, I, I think he's got second round ability. If that's the case, I really, really if do. If he recovers well from this injury, I think he'll be a heck of a player. Matthew Butler goes to Tennessee at one seventy five. They finally made their selection. Defensive tackle from Tennessee to Las Vegas. The Cowboys have made their selection. They were on the clock. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Two selections and three picks. So they can't really celebrate. you got to get right back into it here. And they've made the phone call. Now we're just awaiting the announcement here from the star in Frisco. Glad you're with us. He's David Hellman. Brian Broaddus. Bobby Belt. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We're flying through this thing, man. It's rolling. It's only 2.30. 
So you're you you like really? I mean, we've seen the kid play. I I, I mean, I I know. Are we are we thinking about a guy that is is? Oh, is it going to be November before we see? This is something about going forward. I don't know the. I don't know. Uh, but I have heard the prognosis is like six months. He had the surgery earlier this spring. I mean. He was again. He was top 100 on a lot of. No, I, that's boards. what I'm saying. I, mean, I got my own what? board. I, no, I, no, I'm just gonna say. I want to make it clear. I was kidding most of this time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if you look, I think I think no, no, no. I'm kidding. No, because I think if you you know you can go look in that Google Drive, sir. I think that was the very first defensive player I cut up. Yeah, he was, was it? Clark. I think wow. so. Wow. I, I bet a lot of I bet a lot of A and M Aggies remember him from the end of our game this past fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know the. We'll we'll see what happens, but the prognosis is six months. I know the Cowboys. Not saying they didn't consider him at fifty six mm-hmm. and eighty eight, but they were talking about him as early as yesterday. And I think it was a matter of like, when is the value right? And that, this 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 is the value. The value is awesome. I think absolutely good chance they get both of these players. That oh, we're talking sure. about they only got to wait. And Ridgeway. They only got to wait for one team to pick. Yeah. So so unless the Lions want to really mess with the Cowboys, which I don't see necessarily happening, then. Maybe they they, but we kind of figured guys. out though that they waited till the end of the round. That's what we were talking. Instead of knocking it mm-hmm. early, just go ahead and let that thing go. Well, I mean, they 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 sweated it a little bit. But I I don't even know if they sweated it. But they got three guys that they don't have to wait to be ready, and they can still, or excuse me, and they drafted two or three. I mean, I mean, for idiot. what they drafted two, uh, the tackle in the in the corner, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This would be but the third so they, round. They still got. Two third in the round and and waited and they'll still get this guy. In that sense, it really is just the lottery ticket draft then, because it's either traits or it's just let's go ahead. We'll, we'll take the guy with with the medical flag. Yeah, well, it's I, interesting to I, think I, about. Yeah, I think I'm sorry, I, I do. Okay, since we've been talking about this, I think we're talking about the right things. I do think we're talking about the right things. I think when you say go for it with Clark and then. I've been pining for Ridgeway the whole time. And that's the value. That's that, where that's the value where, comes in. You, you could do it either way, but right now I I could I could see this the more the more you really, really dive into things, I I could see this being Clark and then Ridgeway. Or I, one of back either one. Yeah, take your pick. Take your yeah, pick. Take your one pick. one or the other. Yeah. I had Clark over is that their Sam board? Williams on my board? Is that the Ravens the board? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, that happened on oh, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> that happened on Thursday. They've got the entire board up there. Showing the Ravens. It can't be their board board though, because they use the sh- it's there's the pick, Debone Clark. Oh, right there you go. From LSU. Yeah. Bum, 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 Second year bum, in a row. Damone Clark, former teammate school. of Jabril Cox. He was oh, the I really like this guy. Patrick Blair. Queen, Devin White. He was kind of the next in this lineage of big beefy linebackers. If everything checks out from a physical standpoint and a medical standpoint. This could well, be a value pick that from, people look at for years. Okay, I, I, I get icky talking about medicals because I don't know anything about it. I'm not a doctor. But the, the report from, like, the the national people is that he, a full recovery is expected. Like, I don't I don't think this is like a Jalen Smith situation where you're like, oh, he might not ever be the same. I just think it's going to be a lengthy recovery. I'll process. tell you what. I, I'm, I'm proud to read this report because I did. I had him in the get second round. And, and toughness and physicality are a big part of his game. He's a load to deal with as a blocker. See ball, hit ball type of player. 
He takes on blocks well. He's able to get off him quickly. He makes things happen. I think the best thing is when he can play downhill, he's disruptive. He attacks gaps. He attacks holes. He'll finish with a pop. He's a wrap-up tackle. There's some violence to his game for sure. And he can really close down in a hurry. It's not often used in pass coverage. Will generally be near or around the line. Did have an interception in the Florida game where he uh, he had to carry the receiver down the field. Sideline to sideline player who flows well. I don't see him getting caught up in the trash or bodies on the ground. For a large man, he moves really, really well. He moves easily, too. He was a leader on a defense that needed one. Mm. See no reason why that wouldn't carry over to the NFL. That's what I said about this kid. Cowboys are on the clock. The pick has already been announced for the Lions at 177. James Mitchell, the tight end from Virginia Tech, goes to Detroit at 177. The Cowboys on the clock, presented by Miller Lite at 178. Now, I've got a report on on Damone Clark, too, because I had him as a top 100 player. I've got a full report on John Ridgway the third out of Arkansas because I had him as a top 100 player. This is value central for the Cowboys, and one of them because of medical – have we heard anything, Bobby, on Ridgeway on why he fell in the first I, place? I reached out. Somebody, at least one person, told me they're not aware of any injury issues with Ridgeway. He's my top interior defensive lineman. Remaining. Cowboys pick is in number seventy-five on my board. Or I mean, Brian, you like him a lot as well. Yeah, go ahead and read the report if you want. I mean, yeah. I, if I was a guess, I mean, I think it's Ridgeway. I think so too. I, we're going to nail these two. Yeah, we, we're, we're we've doing, been on it from the start of the round. We're honestly. doing our jobs right. We just didn't know it was the last two picks out of four. We I, thought I, it would be man, earlier. I, I'm a big fan of this kid, uh, the Ridge, uh, the Ridgeway, because. I think there's, he plays as a true two gap nose. Yep. You know, I mean, you see him like he, he extends, he looks inside, he looks outside, he finds a ball, he'll line up right on the center and he operates from there. That's what he does. He's a powerful player. He's more capable of holding his man along the line of scrimmage. He does an outstanding job of playing with power. There you go. There Picks in. Pick, pick is in. He extends his hands into the blocker. You, you know, he kind of waits for the ball that discards the man and then he goes and makes the play. Another violent player in the way he plays. He will smash the ball carrier in the ground when he has a chance. Good wrap-up tackler. When he gets his hands on you, you're done. Uh, he doesn't let the ball get inside on him. I really like this player a lot. You talk about a guy who was recruited offensively as an offensive tackle and not only made the switch to the defensive line, but he went from an FCS Illinois State to the SEC and saw zero drop-off in his in his competition level and he saw really more success at the SEC level than he even did at Illinois State. So John Ridgeway the third, the pick for out of Arkansas to the Cowboys to round out the fifth round. Let's take a break. When we come back, we continue to break down two of the most recent picks for the Cowboys. We're on to the sixth round of our NFL draft coverage on 1053 the fan and DallasCowboys.com. Now there's not a whole lot of times where we go out of our way to completely just make it a uh, make it known that the, the the front office and protect the front office. But this is one way I'll say they finally take an Arkansas guy. Don't think this is homerism. This was a fantastic value pick. Oh, this no, this guy this no. This when you this start, is awesome. yeah, when you start to talk about guys that are hard to move. And, you know, and, and plays with the violence. I mean, the last two guys I've, I've talked about that Dan Quinn, anybody that Dan Quinn, I feel like that they're going to draft. I kind of feel like that they're going to take. It's, it's, it's so weird. No, it's weird. No, it's but just, it's true. I mean, I have more, I have more faith that like if somebody has traits, if somebody is mean, if somebody is tough, 
if somebody you know has a bill that these coaches on defense will get the best out of them. It's not weird. It's you're trusting what you've seen on the field. Yeah, that's. We used to like get this bad feeling in our stomachs when they would do these defensive when they would really go all in on a defensive guy. Tristan Hill's a great example. I think a lot of people weren't convinced on that. Yep. Uh and 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 it's borne out unfortunately. And now but you look here and you're like, "Man, look what Dan Quinn did with what he had here in his sure. first year." Like, "Yeah, I'll take my chances that he can get something out of him." Absolutely, uh, I will. Back to to Clark a little bit. Um I know because LSU, the 18 is like a big deal there, it right? Is. And yeah. so, I mean, again, when we talk about like they're looking for – oh, there goes Anagbari finally. Oh, wow. Packers? Yep. yep. Um, mm. Just when you look at it again, when you talk about like they needed juice, they needed leadership, like this is this draft it felt like was as much about the talent they were acquiring as much as the type of culture they were wanting to build. Which, you know, I know most people don't want to hear me just go all – LSU and talk about my alma mater. I want you to do it. My bet's over. Go ahead. No, I, but <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you know, most players that come Better into LSU. Up, <laughs> I said Derek Stingley was player 293. Y'all thought I was serious. No. Most players that come into LSU are really talented. I mean, he he was highly touted as a recruit. And through the first couple years, it, it was a lot like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, to be honest with you, where I was like, man, is this guy as good as they told me he was? Like He, he was fine and he was there. But then... 2021, he's like one of the best players on a piss-poor LSU He was. Team. He, mean, they, they needed him bad. They, they got their coach fired. Yeah. And, and I'm, but he just evolved into a monster. I mean, he made 130 tackles, 15 for loss, and six sacks. And, yeah, I mean, he even had a pick. Um, he was all over the damn place. And, for again, this is a team two years removed from winning a, t- a title – not to throw shade at Derek Stingley, but it would be easy to be like, you know what, I'm going to focus on the draft. And Damone Clark was did the He opposite. came back and played. He's like, I'm going to play every damn game and fly yeah. around like my hair's on fire. Mm-hmm. I love the guy. Going to be fun to watch. I'll continue with – or I'll say I'll, – I didn't get to give a report on Damone Clark. Do it. Uh, rich tradition of LSU linebackers, Patrick Queens, of course, Jabril Cox. They will now be reunited Brady on James. the second level. Brady James. <laughs> Uh, two-year starter, played alongside Cox in 2020, really shined as the, the main man on that second level, like Dave just said, on a bad LSU team, unfortunately. Sorry, Dave. We suck. Uh, we were bad. Great athleticism, unbelievable motor. I mean, those are two things that really stand out for, for Damone Clark. And then you also look at a perfect build for a downhill linebacker as long as the neck stands up. That's part of the, the things that I've had here. I watched the Auburn game. Ole Miss, UCLA, and I mean, I was I was blown away on on what he could do from an athleticism and a motor standpoint. So I'm I'm excited he's in this locker room. I think him and Jabril Cox could have some fun together. Now, I will say, as we're done with the the fifth round, we go to the sixth round, and we've got 13 picks till the Cowboys select again. The Buffalo Bills are on the clock at 180. Their pick is in to start the sixth. I don't know if we could really nail this just because it's one of those, all right, what do you want to do next sort of deals. Here's the Bills selection to get us underway in the sixth round. We're going to talk about Cowboys options here in a second. For this opportunity, with the 180th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Matt Ariza, Hunter, <laughs> San Diego State, go Bills! Let me tell you something. All right, Matt Ariza. Punt God. Punt God is what they call it. Went later than I thought. 
Oh, yeah. I think So he's the third punter off the board, right? Yeah. Went a lot later than I thought. and uh, But I, I was just watching him punt. That guy kicks old footballs. Yep. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see. And it, what's... And here's a guy, too, man, that plays in conditions in Buffalo, too, with the wind and stuff. Heck, the way he drives the ball, that might be good. I mean, they might need somebody that, that can, that can, you know, maybe it's not about the hang time. Maybe it's about getting through some of those bad conditions and stuff that, that those, those, that they play there in, in Buffalo. But I, I did notice that, man, there's some wore out footballs that guy kicks. Maybe they're worn out because he beats the hell out of them. I, you know, in college football, insane. they allow you to kind of have your own football out there. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little, little nervous. Keep an eye on it. Mm. So I, Buffalo's so, in a position where they can draft a punter in the sixth round. Somebody they've got a team. I mean, well, hey, they're a good drafting team though too. Well, now let's if, not be if the, wrong if about that. If a dude is good, a, a great punter is worth a decent pick. I mean, the guy up in Seattle is a stud. Um, but yeah, I, I like I said earlier, like I just. I heard some tidbits that maybe people who evaluate specialists weren't as smitten with this guy as the media was. The media. I will say we're getting a lot of uh, special teams questions on Twitter. Dicker the kicker, maybe? Could you maybe use this sixth-round pick to go get your guy? We'll answer that on the other side of this. Back here on 105.3 The Fan at DallasCowboys.com. Our 2022 NFL draft coverage rolls on from the star in Frisco. Ford Center at the star. Cowboys rounding out their fifth round. They've made all four selections in their final two. Very good value out of the SEC. Damone Clark, linebacker from LSU. And John Ridgway the third out of Arkansas, the back-to-back newest Cowboys. Here's Damone Clark on the phone with us now, linebacker from LSU. First off, Damone, congratulations. Welcome to the Dallas Cowboys. I want to let you know there are four people in the studio right now, two of which went to LSU. So you have some Tigers in company once you get to the building. But congratulations. What's this moment like for you? I mean, it's a surreal moment. Um, you know, just... Since growing up playing football, I want to make it to the uh, to the league, man. You know, my opportunity presents itself, and I just gotta give God all the glory. Hey, Damone, congratulations, man! I'm big, big fan following your career from when you got down to Baton Rouge, and I just, you know, obviously it goes without saying that it's 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 so unfortunate for you with this surgery that I mean, you should have heard your name called much earlier than this, and I'm just, I'm curious how you've kind of adapted to this change in your draft cycle, what teams have been telling you. And um, unfortunately, you had to wait as long as you did, but it, it seems like you found a really great landing spot here in Dallas. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, everything happened for a reason. You know, you just got to you know all I need is opportunity. You know, my opportunity presents itself. So, you know, once I you know get back from my injury, you know, get back on the field, do what I love to do, everything else take care of itself. I think I, obviously people that follow the draft are, are familiar with your situation, but can you give us any kind of update on uh, where things stand with your recovery and kind of what your expectation is of of where you go from a health standpoint now that now that you've been drafted? I mean, I'm on I'm on schedule with uh, the road to recovery. Um, you know, it's just one day at a time. I'm not I mean, I'm not rushing the injury. You know, I'm just gonna you know, take it one day at a time. Like I said. 
You know, and we, we, it's like David was saying, and I, I'm the second LSU guy in the room, so we, I can't tell you how happy we are to have you here. I mean, we absolutely can't wait to be in a crawfish boil with you, to be honest with you. But, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, I mean, and I know I'm a former scout myself. I had second-round grades on you and stuff like that. I thought you are a hell of a football player. You know, it seems like to me your attitude about this is you've got faith that you're going to get through this and you're going to be a better forward and a better player. Is those are the types of things that's kind of carrying you through uh, to uh, as you begin this journey? I mean, yeah. I mean, I have a daughter, too, you know, so sure. I want to be able to provide for my daughter. So, I mean, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. You know, my name got called. It don't matter where I went. You know, everybody still got to go on the field and play football at the end of the day. Hey, Damone, I'm just curious. Um, we saw Dan Quinn talking to you when you did get selected. Uh, have you had much contact with him? What's your relationship like with him at all? Uh, or really just your, I guess, the amount of contact that you've had with the Cowboys during this process and they decided to I mean, I, uh, I met with him. I met with him at the, uh, I met with him at the, at the combine. You know, I, I met him at the combine. I had a really good meeting with him at the combine. And I'm actually, when I, um, when I was, going to the combine, we actually all got on the same flight with each other, so that's a coincidence that I was talking to him uh, as we were getting on the flight. That's awesome. Now, who have you had the most contact with out of the staff throughout your, your draft process to, to getting to this point? I mean, it was it was all, you know, I all talked to them the same. You know, the only time I really had any contact with them is when, you know, I did my, uh, I had a formal interview with them at the combine. Damone Clark on the line, LSU linebacker selected in the fifth round by the Dallas Cowboys. Damone, thank you so yeah. much for taking some time. Congratulations. We'll talk to you again. Go Tigers, man. Go hey, Tigers. <laughs> there he goes, Damone Clark, joining us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. There's a traits guy. Kyron Johnson goes. Oh, you, you wanted him in the mock guy. draft, right? I did. Yeah. Tell me about him. Why would you like him so much? I mean, with him, it was just, again, you're talking about traits there. He's You're going to have to project him because he played edge. He was a really undersized edge at Kansas. But, like, everything about him is the perfect dart to throw in the sixth round. Toughness, uh, motor, the athleticism, it's all there. He could contribute to special teams immediately. And the traits are there for you to develop a really good linebacker. He was a combine invite. And, it, I mean, he's got some he of was the, not. the speed. I thought he was. No, he was not. Okay, well then I will take that back. He was not a combine invite, but he ran four four in his pro day. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got Dal- it. He was a Dallas Day guy. Yep, I've messed up my rankings at some point, but I'll tell you what though, Bobby's right though. There were, t- I mean, I couldn't believe there were times to let this guy just run. I mean, they, it's like teams are like, oh well, let's not block him, and he <laughs> runs and makes it. Or it's like, oh, let's not let's not block him while he's blitzing, and he'll run and make the. I mean, he is a really really good player. He's six foot. You know, like two hundred thirty something pounds. I mean, he could really motor. He could run, but you're you're talking about it. Traits player, traits pick. He might be a little bit of a shorter guy, but the guy can run. The guy can finish. I enjoyed watching him on tape. Those traits starting to fly off the board. Who else is out there from a traits standpoint? Bobby's guy from it? Virginia Tech. For if we're looking for Dallas, yeah, anybody really. Um, there goes Darian Beavers. By the way, to the Giants. Wow, that was a late fall. Um. So some of the guys that stand out as athletes, uh, Amari Barno, yeah. who we mentioned, I was thinking Kyron Johnson, uh, th- that guy we talked about from Germany, uh, Marcel uh, Dabo. 
That's another one where he's uh, uh, Beavers just went off the line here with the yeah. Giants. Um, because that's that's a guy who was like vertical of forty. What, what's wrong with him? I'm, just, I'm never going to hear the end of it if if he's the the Cowboys pick. Why? Because I've just been hearing so much stuff about it from from our buddy. Uh, well, I'm just uh, he's he's a freak. Yeah, athletically, he's yeah. a freak. Um, so that's one of the ones. Um, I mean, who else do we have that really stands out? Uh, you know, I know they, I know they at least were intrigued by the, uh, I think they interviewed him on the fan and he was a physical freak. The, uh, Oklahoma State linebacker too. Harper? Yeah, Devin Harper. Yep. I mentioned him, uh, when we were talking about, like, speed guys. So yeah, if you're talking traits, there's some names. Yeah. Amari Barno, uh, Marcel Debo, uh, Dabo Debo, I don't know how he says it. I don't know how they would pronounce it there with the German name, but, uh, Devin Harper. Um, who are some other guys we're looking at here? Rasheed Walker, edge rusher, or no, offensive tackle from Penn State. I don't think they would triple dip an offensive line. They could. Don't count I mean, that they're out. They're throwing darts. <laughs> Cade, Cade Mays, they've had contact with on multiple occasions, senior bowl combine. I think. Um, yeah, you, did you say Oklahoma State linebacker? I was thinking Rodriguez. Malcolm, Malcolm Rodriguez. Rodriguez is who I was thinking. I mean, if, we're talk, if we're talking traits, though, like we're, well, he's like, five. I mean, yeah, but he yeah, makes I mean, every single tackle. Shoot. He's five eleven. He's yeah. two thirty two. I mean, I mean, Harper. Harper was six feet two thirty four. He ran four four nine. He had a forty inch vertical and a ten foot broad. So I mean, he was he was uh, and his three cone was six eight. Yeah, he was he was blazing fast. They're both. Right so if we're there, talking about the safeties, you mean like any safeties on this board? I, How about I a like guy from I like about McKinley? Ver- yeah, I, I like Verone McKinley. I've just been worried Verone might fall out because of the size. The size? Let's yeah, the size-speed combo. Get out of here. Let's go ahead and take him. I'm cool with it. It's tough. Size-speed combo, man. Bring him home. Never. Bama man. Bama man. <laughs> Hello, Black Betty. There hasn't been a ton of safeties taken in this draft. They've really kind of been sparse. Kevin Harris, running back, South Carolina. 13 total safeties. Been more Kevin Harris, huh? Taken. Kevin Harris. Sounds like South an accountant. <laughs> Let's recap the, the last couple picks because I feel like we've probably let that slip a little bit now that we're talking. But the Bills started the round with Matariza, the punter from San Diego State. Kyron Johnson, edge rusher from Kansas, goes to the Eagles at 181. Darian Beavers ends his slide. Yeah. Linebacker from Cincinnati to the Giants. And then you've got Kevin Harris running back from South Carolina to the Texans at 183. Patriots on the clock at 184. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's a shame because the whole thing with uh, Darian Beavers is that, you know, the speed. But, I mean, I kind of, again, I talked to him about, like, him and Chennault. It was those throw time Throwback linebackers, the size from guys from another era. I like to say he, he's. I think he's got range though. He's really good when the but he's really good when the ball goes right at him and the size and the strength to take on blockers, make play. He has a physical wrap up tackler that the the Giants are going to get right there. Uh, many of his coverage uh, snaps aren't the one on one types, but more those where he drops and he's handle. You know, things coming forward. He's not afraid to drive and, and, and hit the ball out of, you know, knock the ball loose. Uh, uses a blitzer in certain situations as well. So we've got about, uh, nine picks or so till the Cowboys are on the clock. We are waiting to hear from John Ridgeway the third. Because of that, we're going to take our break a little bit early here. We'll get you to the top of the hour. Coverage rolling on from Sports Center at the Star in Frisco and the 2022 NFL Draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com.
There we go. And by the way, I want to correct myself. Kevin Harris, running back from South Carolina, went to the Patriots. I, yeah. I mixed it up. Vikings on the clock now, followed by the Bills, the Bears, 49ers, and then nine picks from now, the Dallas Cowboys at 193. Brian, if we're looking, I mean, we, uh, of course we were looking for traits. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, but I, I, say, wanted... I say I never know what they're going to pick because this has been a, kind of, in a way, a good draft for them. I mean, it's, it's great that they're doing the boards for me. I'm trying, I really haven't got a gauge of which yeah. way, but now, I mean, I thought, I thought earlier they were picking around ahead. You know, and then I think things kind of stabilize for him a little bit. I do love the pick with Ridgeway, though, with what they were able yeah. to do. You know, yeah. getting a chance to study him. I'm super fascinated by the big offensive tackle. That's, and I, that's the one I need to go back and and take. And and here's a tackle. Speaking of that, from uh, Illinois. Low. Yeah, that is a really like everything about that pick is very interesting. From taking FCS that early, which is off brand for them, and just the fact that the guy's a super freak. Now, I just want you to reset your board for me, Brian. Who is on your board that's still up there at the top? Because we've seen a couple names, Ridgeway, Beavers, fly off recently that were top guys. Probably nothing that's going to be helped because I've got those two guards. Saylor is involved. Hayes from Oklahoma. Those are my two top players right now. I've got two guards. Dish, the tackle from uh, from Arizona State. Strong, the quarterback from Nevada. Killing Davis, uh, killing Davis from, uh, from, uh, uh, Central Florida, defensive tackle. I had McKinley up there myself. I like the way he plays. Uh, you know, th- that's kind of where I'm at right now with those guys. If you look in the fifth round, it's that, you know, the guys like Barno, West, Stuber, the tackle. I don't think they're going to go offensive line. It seems like to me, my offensive line are the kind of the guys that are hanging out more on my board than anything else there. And yeah, Benford just went Villanova to the, what was that one to the Bills? Bills at 186 yep. or 185? Uh, yeah, 185. 185. Okay. Christian Benford, corner from Villanova. Can I admit something to y'all? Yes. This whole time, I just sort of assumed something would happen. That I didn't think that they were going to pick at 193 and then be done for the day. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Like maybe you trade out of a fifth round pick, or maybe you trade up back old picks, kind of like the Xavier Woods trade. I guess they still could, but I just I get the impression that they're going to pick it. I think they're going to pick done. Yeah. Well, what they'll probably do is they'll probably pick. And then they'll turn around and start into like trying to recruit free agents, even though the draft. Yeah, but be... that doesn't do anything for our coverage. No, no, it, no, no, <laughs> it, no, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, that, you're exactly right. But I mean, for them, it might be a situation sure. where oh, they they got probably... the you know they 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 might say okay, there's a couple of free agent guys. They really can't do it that much. I mean, they can organize. Yeah, they can organize like Stephen Jones could tell them like okay, now here we go. These are the positions we've all kind of knocked in our needs. Uh, maybe we need to add one or two other players here, and uh, you know th- there might not be. We'll we'll see how much extensive uh, free agency uh, post draft that they really really do. Bears on the clock at the moment at one eighty six. Cowboys selection is seven picks away. Uh, Bobby Carson Strong just off of too many teams' boards, maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's just too many people. The knee, the, the, the knee's the, not the great. Tape, the tape gets the tape gets him drafted. Yeah, the, I mean, the arm talent gets him drafted. The, 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 the knee is he's got a he's got a disease that it, it's I think it's hard to pronounce. Then again, I'm an idiot because I can't pronounce anything to begin with. <laughs> I've but, had a rough day too. Don't worry. But but you know, and you're a professional broadcaster. I know that's uh, even you know. But yeah, he's you know. Th- I, I'm going to say this about the kid. 
this is my first line, is one of those quarterbacks that old, crusty scouts fall in love with. Tall, sturdy in the pocket. Ball comes out of his hand quickly. Does a nice job of moving around, but he's not going to do anything extra as a runner. You know? But see, that's what I'm saying. He, 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 he was wearing a knee brace, and then at the senior bowl, he wears on his right knee during games, but he didn't wear it at practice in the senior bowl. He has a medical condition that's called, and it's this long thing, this, you know, it's, it's called, it's the separation of cartilage from the bone. So that's what he's dealing with. He's dealing with this long disease that means separation from cartilage from bone. That's what you're dealing with. Yeah, that doesn't really bode well, does it? No. No. Hell no, it doesn't. I mean, I can see why teams are like, Bobby's right. The tape, he could throw the ball from far hash to the sidelines. Yeah. But he has a condition where his cartilage doesn't. Hang on to his bone. I'm not. I'm certainly not laughing. You're not laughing at the kid, but you're laughing at me describing it, right? Yeah. I wish I could describe what it's called. He's master of the YOLO ball, though. He will. He'll throw it into some tight areas. Just like "Ah, I got this. He's he's got some guts throwing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looking at some of the other names. What about Jamari Sawyer from Georgia? Holy crap! What happened to him? Yeah. Yeah. That that. I mean, I don't know because you can watch. Seriously, you can watch really good games of him playing against quality defensive ends. And he's doing a good job, and I, I'm, I'm surprised. I, that's again. There's a couple of those. There's a couple of those guys. Him and the kid from Oklahoma that I had there in that in that in that third round that you know didn't get picked. I thought Marianne that Winfrey. Be, uh, no, Hayes. Uh, Hayes. Oh, Hayes. okay. Hayes. Winfrey has already been gone. But. Oh, I thought you were talking about him lasting though. Sorry. No, no. Those are the only two guys left in Dane's 100. Yeah. Hayes and Sawyer. Yeah. So it's, that's tough. Dane having a good year again, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyreek Castro-Fields out of Penn State. Yeah. Uh, Mario Goodrich from Clemson. Corn- Job, cornerbacks. Job from Alabama is another good player there. I mean, th- there's some corners if you want to double dip on those on those corners. Did the Nebraska linebacker ever go? Uh, no, Do- he's still – no, no, Joe Doman. Doman. Yeah. Domain, Doman. Doman. Yeah. Zachary Thomas went to the Bears. James Cook went like a long time ago, right? Yeah, like fourth round. I just, I was like, I know he's not still on there, but I didn't, draft, have him cro- I didn't have him crossed <laughs> off. <laughs> Keep up, bum. Control F. <laughs> Control F, idiot. <laughs> oh, we are into the three o'clock hour. Can I get this from... water bottle open? That's a question. No, Fort you Center at the Star in Frisco. <laughs> They're melted on here, man. Uh-oh. Here we go. We're on the back half of the sixth round, or the, we've started the sixth round. We're getting into the the delusional side of things on our coverage. No, man, we're good. 105.3 The Fan at DallasCowboys.com. Glad is, you're with us. It is funny. Like I keep thinking, man, this is really flying by. And then you just said it's the 3 o'clock hour, which means we've been on for five hours. Fourth yep. round took like two hours. My and God. Thanks, thank God again for Roxy helping us with that. Roxanne that, that, Medina. With the first, uh, with the first thank you. hour of the show with all the guests that she booked. That was clutch. Great. Yeah, I believe this is going to be archived somewhere. Go back and watch it. it even mm. if you don't get anything about the draft in this, it was so insightful and in just yeah. how this whole process works. Chris Vaughn, uh, Klein Kubiak both joined us from the scouting department then from the coaching staff. Uh, wide receivers coach uh, Pierce in studio. And then we had uh, Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin, offensive I, line coach. I said, in as well. it, I said it earlier, but I just I love behind the scenes stuff like that. Like if me... Or Kyle wanted. Oh, they laugh at us. Well, if we wanted Joe Philbin, we would have to take it to PR 
and PR would be like, well, you know, he's he's pretty busy. It's the draft. He's doing this. He's doing that. Maybe like maybe between like eleven fifteen and eleven eighteen, he could maybe do something for you. <laughs> and Rox has just been here forever and is the most. She's got great person. relationships. Yeah, and she just walks right over there and is like, "Come here now. I yeah. need you. You're going to talk to the guys. Yeah. They and were we it appreciate was it. Fantastic. And PR does a lot of stuff for us. As I well. know. Don't, I'm sorry. Don't give Cowboys them too PR much. Here Scotch. They do a really good job. They do a great job. Uh, but Rox is a little more effective at booking podcasts. <laughs> it's more of just a go-getter mentality. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But we are at pick number 186 here in the sixth round. Let's recap some of the most recent selections. Kevin Harris, running back from South Carolina, goes to the Patriots at 183. The Vikings at 184 take Viridian Low or Vidarian Low. Offensive tackle from Illinois. Christian Benford, corner from Villanova, goes to the Bills at 185. And then the Bears take Zachary Thomas, offensive tackle, out of San Diego State. Yeah, I just if you want to give you a little quick sky report on low. Yeah. Uh, he is the left tackle for the Illini. He looks shorter on tape. I was surprised that he's 6'5", but he's a physical player. He does a really good job of getting away from the line in his pass set and the position to take his man. He tends to catch the blocks more than he strikes. I'd call him a push-shove blocker, and but he'll extend his hands uh, and, and and make that happen. Good footwork, good balance. He'll get some movement in the running game, keeps his feet moving with a wide enough base. I really kind of like this guy's, you know, he, like his athletic ability, but I didn't always see him adjust great to the target when he was in space. So that might be something that he has to work on when the when he gets in the league. He's got to be careful a little bit of his pass set not to go too wide because he got beat inside a couple different times against Virginia when I watched that game. So kind of like the player a little bit. 6'5", 314 pounds, and he was selected by the uh, Minnesota Vikings, I believe. Yeah, a couple selections ago. Just like the Cowboys selected John Ridgway as their most recent draft pick, they did so at pick number 178 in the fifth round, and he is now on the line with us. On 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. John, congratulations. Arkansas to Texas. It's not a long trip for you, but it's still a a, a huge step forward and a dream come true, I'm sure. Yeah, it sure is. I'm excited for the next chapter of my life and to be able to play at the highest level of football. Hey, John, we, we got it tipped off that everybody was there. You're going to get picked because everybody had their plastic hog hats on in the war room. Is that, is that, did you send those ahead to everybody? I mean, you know, to start the day? I mean, Jerry and I mean, Steven, they all had their, these plastic hog hats on. What the heck was that all about? We're some diehard hogs. I mean, what can you say? Well, they're going to be, no they, were, they, they, they were calling the hogs when you were picked. Trust me on that, man. But congratulations. My, I was a scout for a long time in this league. You're like an old school, like hard nosed slugger inside defensive tackle. I love to watch the way you play, the way you kind of beat up on centers and guards. I, I hope you come to the NFL and do the same damn thing you did at Arkansas. Well, I don't plan on getting no back seat in the NFL. I plan on getting in that driver's seat and taking off. There you go. Like that, and you can see that on your film. I mean, you are a a next level. You kind of play with an edge, and that's something that we've talked about with this draft class. Yeah, you thought I played with the edge then. Wait till I get in the league. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I love this already. You're already one of my favorite calls of the week. (laughs) So, tell me where that edge comes from. Why? Why do you play with such a a gritty mentality, and how are you going to bring that to the league? Just because I know what I'm capable of, and I know there's a lot of people out there that. You know, voices carry over mine. I like to talk about the negative aspects of my game. But I just try to focus on what I can 
control and that's tackling people, you know, making plays. And that's what I want to do. I'd rather that speak than me go out on the internet or Twitter and start talking crap, you know. <laughs> you got anything for him, Dave? Well, should, I mean, geez, then I, I'll tell you what, man, like, You're I... are speechless now, Dave. I, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, no, I'm blown away. Like, this is this is a really fun interview, man. I appreciate your, your confidence. Um, these guys have seen more of you play than I have. I'll be completely honest with you, but... And I'm, I mean, I gathered the edge is a big part of it, but just what... What do you enjoy the most about football? Like, if a Cowboy fan is turning on your YouTube highlights right now to see what you're all about, uh, what are you most proud of that they're going to see? But definitely, I'm going to try and break someone's neck when I get out there. But if I can't, then I'm just going to tackle someone really hard and try and make a big play, make the crowd go crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's perfect. I appreciate it. Now, uh, John, you tran- – or not transfer, or you did get to, to – Arkansas from Illinois State. You, you went through that journey, but not only that, but you switched over from being an offensive tackle. What went into that decision to go from the offensive line to, to being on the defensive line, and how did that uh, transition help you out in your career? Well, I was a redshirt freshman. I haven't played yet. Uh, Brock's back at Illinois State decided to move me to D-tackle since he wanted to pick up an offensive lineman from U of I. So I was like, you know what, what's best for the team is what's best for me. So I got on the defensive line room and just took off. It's like, it's no excuse why I can't get on the field. If they moved me, they moved me for a reason. So that's just been my whole mentality about it. Well, your mentality is cutthroat, to say the least, and we love that. <laughs> hey, Have fun. You you, you you got a fan here, man. I'm, I'm on board. I can't wait to watch you play. Thank you. I appreciate it. I can't wait to get down there. There you go. We'll see you soon. That's John Ridgway joining us here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Wow. Breaking necks. <laughs> oh, he, he's a Let's get like, after it. Like, like, it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing coming from a guy who's like 6'6", 320. Yeah, intimidating. <laughs> Seriously, but he tackles. He is violent. He is a violent player. He's not lying about that, man. He and really is I kind of, uh, I, I mean, I pulled that from the fly, but the, <laughs> we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet. But edge again. We're talking about guys with an edge. Yeah. Early in this draft, he is one of those guys that's going to bring that to the table. It mattered to them. It mattered to him a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, we t- that whole thing about maybe thinking that you got bullied and you're trying to fix that. <laughs> oh my god, it's... that guy sounds like the bounce. Like you know how the big dude in the black t-shirt at the bar <laughs> you don't want to mess with. Like holy crap. <laughs> How many times have you messed with those guys, Dave? Uh, I try to keep a wide berth of anybody. Dave, Dave tries to be friends with those gentlemen. Yes, he tries, <laughs> exactly. to, tries to get it out of the Kill way. Kill them with kindness and humor, man. Uh, Somebody tell me who San Francisco yep. took so at, I'm, at 187. I'm going to run was. through it right now. 187, it was Nick Sakel from Fordham, the offensive okay. tackle. Oh, okay. Uh, going to the 49ers at 187. The Detroit Lions took Malcolm Rodriguez, your linebacker from Oklahoma State, Brian, that you liked. Yeah. Going to Detroit at 188. Then at 189, the Carolina Panthers took Amari Barno. There we go. Virginia Tech, your edge rusher, Bobby. Well, that's just, that's one of the, like, I th- I think your last pick, you're just going to go traits again. They've done it so much today, so he seemed to be one that would make some sense. But, so I think he could have at least been in play for him. I'm trying to think of even who would be there. <laughs> I just can't get over that interview. <laughs> I'm going I'm to break somebody's neck. <laughs> My dude's a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Let's go. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. That was phenomenal, uh, Dave. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I thought you no. said you wanted. Oh to ask no, a I, I like I I didn't watch John Ridgeway, so I was yeah. trying to say like like I don't have anything, but I'm glad I'm glad you threw it to me anyway because that's when he told us he was going to break somebody's <laughs> neck. With as good of an interview as that was, I am so excited to pitch to this audio because we have the secret audio from John Ridgeway as well. Oh. And if the interview oh, was what it was there, <laughs> let's listen to the secret audio. I want to hear what he has to say here. Hello, may I speak to Big John, please? Yeah, this is John. Uh, this is a cowboy with a suey pig suey call for you. I got somebody who wants to talk to you. John Ridgeway? Hey, listen, Hi. you uh, old Razorback, I want to put a star on that helmet. Alongside Sounds that good to me. I'm with it. I'm with it for sure. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm proud for you. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate it. i tell you one thing. I would hope that joining the Cowboys as a Razorback was as good to you and as it has been for this Razorback to have been with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm ready for sure. Hey, it this works. Ready to win a Super Bowl, man. We ain't, we ain't getting no. That's what we're winning, man. That's it. I'll tell you what. You put these pigs with the Cowboys, you can tear their ass up. Sounds good to me. I'm definitely up the ass. Hey, well, we're fixing to turn your card in and make you a Dallas Cowboy. Sounds good. I appreciate it. John, okay, I want you to talk to Mike McCarthy. He's getting ready to take the phone. wants to welcome you to the Cowboys. Hey, John, congratulations. Mike McCarthy. Hey, how's it going? You have you having a little Pretty fun? good, man. Yeah. yeah, I've been waiting. I've been I'm excited. Yeah, well, sorry I'm for to get back in the ballast. Absolutely. Well, hey, sorry for the long wait. Uh, obviously, a f- phenomenal moment for you and your family. So enjoy it, and uh, we look forward to getting you down here. And once again, I think you're a great fit for not only as a player but for our locker room and our D line room. So, congrats. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm ready for sure. Oh man. <laughs> this guy's. This, I mean, look. I love. With all due respect to Damone Clark, this is like my new favorite graphic. <laughs> he he already uh, like right after he got picked, he tweeted a picture of him and Jerry, and said Dallas Cowboy baby. It's Jerry raising a fist at AT and T Stadium. Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. That's did he awesome. say when Jerry said we want to put a star on that helmet? Did he say come with it? Yeah, yeah That's he did. <laughs> you think he knew it was Jerry? I don't know. I don't think Because <laughs> Jerry never identified people, himself. How many people have ever said, come with it to Jerry Jones? <laughs> Jerry Jones. <laughs> come with it. Okay, we do have the Cowboys on the clock because the Colts are at 192. The pick is in for Indianapolis. The Cowboys have their selection being made. If we could take a look into that war room. I mean, you're thinking traits here. Traits. I'm going to say we're it's going. It's somebody that they probably don't want to fight for in free agency. I, I know there's a seventh round. Seventh still, round, usually. Then, yeah. Then we're this going. Is last pick. Yeah. Marcel Dabo, the German corner, or we'll say Devin Harper, the Oklahoma State linebacker. I think I'm with you on Harper. There was some, there was some smoke with that moving into today. I don't know if that's. Anything that I have no idea. I'm just throwing, I'm just throwing traits against the win. those are the two that stand out to me that are still on the board. I would have had Barno go, in here too. You could go back to edge rusher. I don't know. Sam Williams kind of stirs you up pretty well at that spot. Well, what's Will's on the other side of the room? Yeah, he must be standing at the board. He's okay. Well, Will, he's, uh, he's by the phone. He's with, with Steven. Steven. Okay. What Will's trying to do is he? I guess he's trying to maybe talk about guys that they don't want to fight for in free agency. They're like, okay, because they don't have a seventh-round pick. Devin Harper. Okay, Devin Harper. There you go. There it is. Linebacker Devin Harper out of Oklahoma State. The selection for the Cowboys. I didn't even realize that Dallas was on the clock. I I mean, that just means you were not listening to us talking for the last two minutes. No, I mean, I (laughs) I heard you talking about the players. I just didn't realize how close we were to the pick. 
They, they probably have already done their phone calls and everything. Now they're looking at probably free agency is what they're doing. Okay. Yep. De- Devin Harper. We got to him late, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Devin Harper, Oklahoma State is the selection. Who did the Indy take ahead of them? I'm sorry, just real quick. Some tight end, uh, Andrew Ogletree. Okay, thank State. you very much. Let's talk about Devin Harper a little bit here. You got him. I do. 30-visit guy, six foot, 235 pounds, high school legend at running back and linebacker before making the full-time switch in Stillwater Back to back to linebacker. Played through a broken hand in 2019. The mm-hmm. entire season, he was a special team stud. Had 96 tackles, 11 of which were tackles for loss. Also six sacks. So maybe he brings a little bit off the edge here. Something to keep in mind for him moving into it. If we have Devin Harper's uh, scouting report, I would love to hear what Dame Brugler has to say on this about Devin Harper and what he brings to the table. He was not a combine invite. So he may not have the scouting report on Devin Harper. 44940. Oh, we do have it. Of course we have it because it's Dane Brugler. Let's listen to it here. Devin Harper, linebacker, Oklahoma State, six foot, 234 pounds. Harper's coverage lapses on tapes are bothersome, but he shows the downhill speed and demeanor to be a nickel defender and special team standout. Special team stud. What yeah, we talked about. Well, the can, traits. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll see. You know, I could say, will you know the the thing with the coverage and all that. It, it, as long as I could say, as long as the ability to run, the ability to finish stuff like that, that's really really going to be. You know, that's the key for these guys right now. And you know, they're, they we they they've kind of addressed the linebacker situation again. You know, our LSU kid won't likely be available for a long time, but. You know, they have to find a way to, to kind of mix in with the guys that they currently have. And, and I think a lot of these guys can run and they can finish. So that's why the, that's why you do something like this. So the Saints are on the clock at pick number 194. At the moment, it looks like the Cowboys draft may be coming to a close. They may be looking ahead to undrafted free agents, but don't worry. We're still right here up until the very end. Pick 262 is when we will be done as we've got a long way to go. More reaction to the Dallas Cowboys draft pick of Devin Harper, Oklahoma State linebacker, when we come back on the other side of the break on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. And now that we're on the internet side, I'm going to toss this to you guys, and I'm going to go run real quickly. However, you want to just talk about the draft class as a whole right now because... I mean, that's kind of what it looks like, right? Yeah, at I mean, this point, or or people we want to fall more and get yeah. to you in free agency. It's, yeah, I'd love Verone McKinley to fall out. I mean, I'd hate it for him, but I'd hate love it for it. it. Well, I, I, you're getting to the point of the draft now where a lot of guys would probably rather fall. You know? Yeah. Because, like your job security is not a whole lot better, and you at least get to choose your landing spot. Some guys, though, you talk to some guys, they just take it as a point of pride, though. Yeah, I mean, getting drafted me. is a big deal, yeah. and also, and your signing bonus will be bigger. Yeah, and you'll get a six. You get a six-figure signing bonus as a sixth-round draft pick. I should know the answer to that. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Man, I got. A, I still got a lot of really good players in my board. I think, and you know, that's the thing. It, it, I'm interested to see how this uh, this draft kind of plays out at the end, and and who is who will be available. But I, if you talk about the Cowboys overall, you know, it was one of those drafts where it. Like I said earlier, I felt like it, it started off, maybe they went around earlier on some guys I like. I think it stabilized for them. I think they found some really, I, I love the picks of guys like this Ridgeway. I'm not just talking about because he's, you know, because he's a, you know, but the, how the interview went. 
I mean, that's a legitimately mean, tough guy. And, and this football team has needed some of that. Bobby, you brought it up earlier. You know, this team's needed a little bit of some edge when it comes to, and they, and, you know, with these, with, you know, with the drafting of Smith, you know, in the yeah. first round, stuff like that. You know, they need some toughness. Well, they I mean, need- yeah, let, let's look. Tyler Smith, you, you see grit on the film. You, you heard him talking about playing with a chip on his shoulder. Sam Williams plays the same way. Yeah. We see it with Tolbert. There's a theme here. I mean, I don't know about Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, you know, Damone Clark was, even if he's not an edge guy, he's, eight, he's 18. A, he's Ferguson, a leader. He's yeah. a culture guy. Yeah. yeah. Ridgeway's a guy with an edge. Yeah. Ferguson's also went, played at Wisconsin, which yeah. is just, I That's mean, a demeanor we talk yeah. about with, and we, I mean, I asked him about that. Nobody's yeah. ever come out of Wisconsin with like a non nose to the grindstone <laughs> attitude, you know? That's for sure. Well, and he comes from a big football family because Barry Alvarez is his grandfather. His brother played really? at Wisconsin. His dad played at Nebraska. So he's a football guy. Yeah, that's some pedigree right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they can say whatever they want. I don't to. feel like it's one of those things where you're going, "Wow, wow!" You know, like we we do that no. with the Ravens and people like that and all. But with this team, I mean, I'm the once I know this on 105.3 The Fan when we talk about it on a on a daily basis. As we talk about this team, one of the strengths it really has is its ability to draft. You know, yeah. I mean, and, it, and it, not all the players, but for the most part, when they they make the choice that they, this is important to them, you know, and I, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them that. I'm going to give them the, you know, I I understand what they did with Sam Williams. I understand what they did with Tolbert. I mean, I think they've added some some legitimate players. It might not be the wow players, yeah. but it might be those players when we look back on this thing two three years from now that we're like. You know, remember that day. Remember when we were sitting in the fifth round and John Ridgway was on that board. You tell know, me, and, and tell me how you feel about this. I mean, this is going to sound silly because every team identifies players that it wants to come away with. But like, I feel like, for instance, you know, they they didn't think they had a shot at Ceedee Lamb. No, and then he falls, and they they were like, "Well, we can't." And pass we cheer this up. for that because, sure. my God, they picked CD Lamb. I feel like, for better or for worse, they had a game plan in mind of who they wanted to come out of this draft with. Yeah, and I I don't think they were going to be swayed off of that. No, it was almost like a again. These are the culture fits. These are the traits, guys. These are the big nasty SOBs that we think can really revitalize our program, and we're going to go get them. And clearly, there's. Plenty of disagreement about the value they got. Like some some yeah. of these picks are some good value. Some people view some of these picks as bad value. Uh, of course, they don't care. We say that all the time. Uh, yeah. But it just seems like I don't. It, it just seems like they they had a predestined strategy for a group of guys that they thought uh, could be the culture shot that they need, and they did it. Uh, we'll see how about. Uh, we will see how many of them they are right about. That's kind of how I feel. Like I, I don't think this was a bad draft. I'm not. No, convinced. I mean, you, you, no, but I, I don't think it was bad. I'm not convinced it was amazing. I, I don't um, necessarily feel. I don't feel great about it, of course, but I feel better about it at this point in time than I did at this point in time last year about that class. Currently at pick number 165 here in the sixth round of the 2022 NFL Draft. Glad you're with us. 
Was it, did I say 165? It's been five hours. You're allowed. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of oh. numbers flying around. Uh, sixth round, 195. I flipped it. Chargers are on the clock. The Cowboys have made all nine of their selections. We said this going into the draft that we would be shocked if they made all nine selections after making all 11 selections last year. They have not traded a single pick in the last two seasons. I guess the first round pick last year. Yeah, but it was a trade back, spot but trade back. Yeah. Outside of that, really nothing. 20 draft picks over the last two years. Yeah. I mean, that's almost half of a of an active regular season roster. And uh, we talked about this. All 11 made the team last year. That's so now you got another big draft class. I mean, something's got to give there. It would be shocking if all 20 of these draft picks made the team. You think that? Oh, here's the sailor just went. For, yeah, Jamari yeah. Sawyer finally. Sawyer, yeah. To but the Chargers at 195. I wonder what the deal was there. Did you hear anything about that, Bob? I never heard back on that one. Interesting. Man, that I, he's my top offensive lineman. Still, I really, I really liked him a lot. I, I mean, and it, seriously, it, it, it was just that tape. It was a tape that, you know, you you watch you watch him play at you know against those those quality, uh, those rush those edges in the SEC that you know the guys he had to face you know in the playoff games, and I mean. This this is a guy that he'll surprise you with his athletic ability. Six three, three hundred twenty one pounds. I only saw one snap where Hutchinson used an arm over on a move to get around him. That was it. I mean, you know, he was beaten kind of quickly on the play, but man, he gets movement in the running game. He's gonna be he's gonna overpower defenders when he comes off the ball. He can really lean into his man and get pushed. He could be a problem to deal with when he's playing that type of game. So I, I, I saw a guy that did a good job of getting away from the line of scrimmage on his pass set. He didn't get overextended or end up on the ground, you know. But I, I, I just saw every time I watched him against good competition, he was up to the task. Surprising, he's lasted this long. Yeah, there must be something that I honestly don't know about. I'm looking at a lot of names here, like, and, and we've talked about the depth of this draft on multiple occasions. I'm looking at a lot of names I really do like that are still on the board. And, I mean, to the point where most of them will most likely be there after we're done in the seventh round. I've heard that teams believe that there will be players they have graded in the fourth round out there in free agency. Is that because of the pandemic boards? It's just just loaded with day three type of talent. Yeah. It's just the number of guys that went back. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe maybe we'll get your guy Verone. I would love that. Are you kidding? Be nice. Me? Maybe Dan Quinn. Would is that is that a is that a definite though for the Cowboys? I mean, is, I don't know that it's a definite for the. I don't know that a that the. I don't know that a the Cowboys would totally be interested. I don't know that. Okay. Um, and I don't know that that would be where Verone would want to go if he was a free agent. Yeah. Um, I would think he'd be interested in being here, and I would think that a lot of the things that make Verone McKinley a good football player, the things that they would be interested in. I mean, DeMonte KZ is not a giant at safety. And, True. That's and a good Dan point. Quinn had him. He, so. did, he had prior history with him. But he did. He drafted him. That's what him I mean. Yeah, yeah. He drafted him. He, he, so yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't afraid. But also, I mean, KZ was probably faster. KZ probably hits harder. Yeah. We have secret audio that we still need to get to from Damone Clark. Let's go ahead and listen in on what that selection was like. The Cowboys... Picking the LSU linebacker at pick number 176 in the fifth round. Hey, Damone, it's Jerry Jones. How you doing? I'm doing just fine, and we want to put a star on your helmet, buddy. Yes, sir. 
listen, uh, we sh- first of all, it's great to talk to you. You're a competitor and uh, man alive. You're a football player, and we know it. Uh, but you're going to have to work hard to get in here. And uh, we're going to work with you as uh, we get into this year as far as bringing you along so that uh, we can get yeah. ready to play quick. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, that's good. I mean, I've been working my whole life. It's good. Hey, Damone, it's a pleasure to have you on the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Appreciate that. I want us to hand you to our coach, Mike McCarthy. All right, buddy. Gotcha. Damone, congratulations. Yes, sir. Hey, man, I know this has been a long couple of days for you, but uh, we are thrilled to death uh, just to have you part of it and, and obviously work you back and, uh, you know, get you back here in midseason and, and get rolling. So, yeah. Where are you right now? I'm in Baton Rouge with my family. Okay, awesome. Well, hey, this is a special, special moment, and uh, enjoy it, and we'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Congratulations. Yeah, appreciate it. We've also got secret audio from the newest Dallas Cowboy, Devin Harper, another linebacker. They go two linebackers late here to try and fill that room up a little bit out of Oklahoma State. He was picked at 193. Here's his phone call. Devin, Jerry Jones with the Cowboys. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, and uh, uh, I think we're both doing fine. We want to put a star on that helmet and have you continue continue being a Cowboy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Well, congr- Thank you, Jerry. congratulations. And uh, uh, first of all, congratulations on your career there in college. But uh, uh, just as important, we're excited about uh, what your opportunities are here. And yes, sir. If you'll, if you'll work as hard as I know you did and uh, what they've uh, re- uh, valued you as, if you work that hard up here, you'll have a great career. And uh, yes, sir. I want you to have it here with the Cowboys. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you a lot. Well, we're very excited, and uh, we're turning your card in, so we're drafting you right now. And I want to hand you over to uh, Mike McCarthy, your head coach. Yes, sir. Devin, Mike McCarthy, hey, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, man. Well, Oklahoma State right down to Dallas. I just cruise on down 35 and get going. <laughs> Yes, I know, right? Close. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, this is awesome. So, hey, we're, we're ecstatic to have you here. Uh, you're a great fit, and, and I can't tell you, you know, we're, we're very, very fortunate that you're still around at this point in the draft. So enjoy it. You, 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 are you with family and friends? Yes, sir, I am. I'm with my family right now. Awesome. <laughs> Well, great moment, obviously, and uh, just so proud of what you've accomplished, but really excited about where you're going. Okay. Yes, Thank you. That was Devin Harper's secret audio and the phone call that he had with the front office. And now he gets to have a phone call with us here from the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Devin Harper, newest Oklahoma State or newest Dallas Cowboy. He was an Oklahoma State Cowboy at linebacker. Got to keep the nickname around. Devin, congratulations. Welcome to Cowboys Nation. What's this feeling like for you? That's a dream come true, man. I just. A lot of hard work put in and finally become a reality, and it's just a, it's a lot to take in, and it's just a blessing. You're in a situation where, like you say, you, as you're waiting for your your name to be called and all that, and you know, I've always I'm always fascinated by that with with these players. Though, it, what do you, what were you doing? Were you just kind of like were you, you just kind of following along with the draft, or were you just did you go out and take a walk, go hit golf balls, go do something <laughs> else other than than watch the draft? I'm not going to lie, 
chewing on stuff like the whole time. And I <laughs> going through a bag of a whole bag of just kind of wait my time and just wait for my name to be called. There you go. So what was that moment like for you? Who was around you? Uh, what was going through your head when you saw that, that phone number pop up? I mean, when I, as soon as I seen the star, I, I kind of already knew. And then, I mean, I was around my son, my mom, my brother, and a couple family members. And, like, I just had to tell everybody, be quiet, be quiet. And as soon as, like, they called and my son started kind of screaming a little bit. So it was kind of one of those situations. But, I mean, it was worth it. Every bit of it was worth it. Congratulations, man. I'm really pumped for you. I'm just, I'm curious. Um, we heard Mike McCarthy talking a little bit. Um, and obviously you're right up the road, like he mentioned. What's been your degree of, of contact with the Cowboys? Uh, did you kind of have an inkling that they were interested in you? Um, that sort of thing, or, or did this come completely out of left field for you? I mean, I've been in contact with the Cowboys since the end of the season. I already had a 30 visit before I before I didn't get a combine invite. So, I mean, I kind of already kind of was familiar with the staff, and I had a 30, 30 visit there as well. So I was I already knew they kind of had an interest in me, just a matter of them picking me. I'm guessing just, I mean, looking at your athleticism alone, I, I feel like this staff loves the idea of you being able to fly around on special teams. Have you talked about what, what they envisioned for you as a rookie and, and what you might be able to do right away? Uh, not really. We really didn't get much into it, but I mean, just wherever they want to put me, I'll play it. Like, I'm a versatile player. I mean, I, whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do it. When, when the camp comes around, we'll find out there. Well, camp's coming up. I mean, you've got rookie minicamp before that. you got some work to do coming up soon. We're excited to have you, and, and congratulations again, and we look forward to seeing you soon, Devin. Yes, sir. Thank you. There he goes. Devin Harper, newest Dallas Cowboy, picked in the fifth round, or excuse me, the sixth round of the NFL draft. We are now in the back half of the sixth round. Let's catch you up on some picks as of late. So following the Harper pick, Jordan Jackson, defensive tackle from Arkansas, or excuse me, from Air Force goes to the Saints. Uh, Jamari Sawyer, offensive lineman, Georgia, finally off the board to the Chargers at 195. Tyler Batty, the running back from Missouri, Goes to the Ravens at 196. Gregory Jr. How about Wachita Baptist making a... I actually a watched tape on him. Cornerback from Jacksonville, or going to Jacksonville. I want you to tell yeah. me about him. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It was funny because it was it was so strange because he was a... They were talking about him as a possible senior bowl guy. Did I he go down? He was a senior bowl guy. Yeah, that's okay. What I was about See, to and say. that's, and, and then we were going to do a draft show and this was right when we started. Like we were, you know, I'm thinking, yep. okay, give me some names, senior bowl guy. And I was thinking like, okay, who's this obscure guy that I could find? Gregory Jr. was that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, watch John Baptist. He'll jury line up at the right corner, but he did some traveling in the, in the, how about this? He traveled in the Henderson game. He looks a little small on tape height wise, but he's easy to locate with his long hair. It appears that he's able to run well. He's got some quickness to his game. He played with a burst. He, you know, he, he had to chase the ball across the field. You know, he was fine with that. They used him on this blitz. The back pedal looked relaxed and smooth. I would say it's more to his, do it to his ability and skill. I mean, he appears to be very natural with the way he moves and reacts, the off coverage and stuff. I thought he did a little bit of some freelance in a bit, but sometimes at that level, you can get away with that when you're so much better. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, I think that, you know, he initially wasn't very highly thought of. 
by the two scouting services that cover, that's Ballisto and National, but I bet you he could draw more interest in Mobile. And that's what I said in the last thing in my my report right there. Yeah, he definitely did. By the way, you mentioned Henderson. Yeah. I've waited for the day to be able to talk about my favorite rivalry, Henderson State Athletics. Yeah. Henderson State and Wachita Baptist hate yeah. each other. Do they really? They absolutely well, I watched the right game, man. It's the only thing I had. <laughs> absolutely hate each other. You want to know how close their football stadiums are? How close? You could throw a football from one stadium to the other stadium. They were literally right across the street. Did not know that. But do they oh. have a bounce house? Uh, actually, yeah, they do. Oh, sweet. Bounce house. Henderson State <laughs> does. Wachita Baptist has a nice stadium. Uh, I had a best, one of my best friends. He went to both, actually. He went, went, went to Wachita Baptist to start, then he transferred. And, like, I went up there, and I could not believe how close it was. I mean, Ford Center to the practice fields out here between wow. the two stadiums. Absolutely uh, insane. So uh, congratulations to Gregory Jr. out of Watchtop Baptist. He was uh, selected at 197 of the Jags. Then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles, Grant Calatera, uh, Calcaterra from uh Concussions SMU. will be the question there, man. Yep, tight end from the, SMU. He's a heck of a player. He's going to the hated Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. So he goes from Dallas to Philadelphia. Then Cade Mays off the board to the Panthers at 199. I liked Cade Mays a lot from uh, the time I got to talk to him at the Senior Bowl. I thought he was very underrated in this draft process. The fact that he fell isn't surprising. I was more high on him than most. I like his strong hands. He's got a little extra punch. Uh, when things go to plan and if they're scripted, he's nearly perfect. I mean, you look at the Senior Bowl one-on-ones. He was he was very active. He was uh, fundamental. Had some good footing, good balance. But he's not a great mover when he has to uh, when he has to kind of freelance a little bit. It gets tough on him moving, and sometimes he labors a little bit. I think he's better at a guard spot whenever uh, whenever he gets that chance. So I think uh, this is a good value pick for the Carolina Panthers at 199, and the Patriots are on the clock at 200. Let's take a break. When we come back, the Dallas Cowboys front office is going to have their presser from uh, about 15 minutes from now. So it looks like they're done not yep. going to get back into the seventh round. We'll have that live for you on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com when we come back. There we go. Back here on the internet side. They shut it down, didn't they? They were. I mean, what? Done. What are you gonna like? You gonna nah. give something up to get into the seventh round? Whatever. No, they're doing. They're doing their work now. They're making calls. They're calling yeah. guys that, saying, no, that's, hey, we love you. Yeah, this is. We when, know we didn't spend any of our nine when, picks on you, but we yeah, love hey, you. If there was a seventh round, oh wait, <laughs> yeah. If there was a seventh round, we had pick this in this seventh pick. round pick. Come on, Verone. This is when Sean Payton is selling Tony Romo on uh, to come to the Dallas Cowboys at this yeah, time, yeah. right? Sam Roberts selected by the Patriots here at two hundred. That name sounds familiar. Where did I know him from? Has he won I the know. Cliff Harris Award? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Northwest Missouri State, right? I think so. The best or one of the what is it? Given to the nation's small college defensive player of the year. Hasn't every year Dane has had at least like one guy that got picked that wasn't in his book? No, I last wanna... year he got it right. He did. He got it last yeah. year. Okay, I was going to say well, no. Dane didn't have Jeff Swaim, and I could be wrong, but like he took that as a personal attack. 
and has gone out of his way to make sure it never happened again. But well, with a guy like Swain, but he's he's. I remember he always used to say he'd say there's always like one guy that gets picked in like the seventh that I didn't have. I think Bobby's just, right. Yeah, I think and he hates it every year. And that so it he had a long snap for I, one year, right? I, I think the one that's scare, uh, that'll be concerning for him this year is that German corner. Because he didn't have what him in there. there. And I, t- I was texting him about it the other day. He's like, yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> I love no. it. Like, Dane, Dane's like Brian. Like, he'll have a report on 1,200 guys, but the one he doesn't get is the one that eats at him. You look at Sam Roberts at 200, six and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss. Cliff Harris, award winner. He actually was up here at the star. What I school mean, is this? Northwest Missouri State. Is that that's not it's where it's not where Zerline went, is it? He went to somewhere Missouri State. It might have just been Missouri State. I don't know. There are several directional schools per yeah. state. Oh, I've seen this logo before. I feel like this is a very recognizable logo. It's got like the bear claw. Buddy, I ain't never bear seen cat. that in my life. You've never seen that logo? We're no. bear catty in Cincinnati. That. What? That's their slogan they say up there. Is We're bear really? catty in Cincinnati, yeah. I think you're. I think you're trolling. I uh, my dad is from Cincinnati. I promise that's what they say. I don't care. I I, I want to. I, I don't could, care about you, Dave. I could guzzle a pot of coffee right now. <laughs> I could drink the whole thing. You want the Mountain Dew? Are, are you not going to drink that? I was going to. No, I'm no, 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 no. Okay, I'll I'll handle it. Oh man, what are we? Do you doing? want a Red Bull? Keontae Ingram, you Red Bull? USC. I don't. Are yeah, they running back? You are. A, you're a piece of work. So. <laughs> Work isn't what you want to do. No, say. I didn't. <laughs> We're on the internet side, but I don't want to hear it. You don't want to do it. Should I go on a Raven rant to get everybody going again? Yes. Oh, yeah. Get, get, no. get mad, Brian. Bobby, I, by the way, everybody, everybody that, that, by the way, if you're listening and you tweeted at us last night, you made my night at 1.20 in the morning when I was sitting there. <laughs> I was listening to that driving home like on a loop. The Proud Brian picture, though, is so bad. I, I, I feel honored with the Proud hey. Brian. Oh, look at my man, Andy Reid. That's what I've got. The Hawaiian shirt on. My man Andy, you talk about. I used to make red beans and rice up there in Green Bay. My man could eat the whole pot of the red beans and rice. (laughs) (laughs) He loved it, man. He is legendary. I I tell you what, I love Andy. I really do. He was my neighbor, Green Bay. Michael Woods gets taken. Speaking of, this is a pick from. This is the Amari Cooper pick, by the way. Oh, is it really? Yeah, this is Amari Cooper pick. From wow. from Dallas, who did Dallas take with the Cooper? Pick? They took another Oklahoma. Uh, they took an Oklahoma guy there. Oh, by the no, way, who did Dallas take with Dallas? The that was the that was fifty five. Whichever one, the first one in the fifth round, one fifty five. Yeah, uh, whichever guy that was. Who was that? I got it. It was, uh, it was uh, it was a uh, the Matt, well. Let's go. Well, let's go. Yeah, yep. well, let's go. I'm I'm, Which I'm they looking feel good about. I'm looking forward to studying him though. Yeah, I'm gonna need to because go get I, you some tape. Yeah, I need. I to. already checked the database. Did you need to get some? All right, well, I'll get some today. I, there's there's sometimes we could do this and sometimes we can't. So no, we'll, we'll get this one. I know you will. I can I, get it. I, just, not, I know. Have to go yeah, like, like, like you don't have seventy five other things to do. The reason we even have access to a lot of the tape we do is because Bobby pulls magic strings to get it for us. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> Very well done. People are they're like, what what website do you yeah. use to watch the college tape? I'm like, I don't. Built.com. I, I rely on my shady friends to send it to me. And the website just... is drive.google.com. <laughs> <laughs> and now now you've just given the entire draft to internet a new avenue. And yeah, they're like, Bobby, give me, give me the goods. <laughs> Uh, also, if I don't, if if y'all said this, I'm sorry, but Keontae Ingram also went. He's gone. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Sorry. Yeah, Keontae Ingram, running back USC, went to the Cardinals at 201, 202. Michael Woods, the second wide receiver from Oklahoma, and the Bears pick is in at 203. Now, <laughs> Brian, you were talking about making your night last yeah. night with, yeah. with some of the Twitter memes. Yeah, and stuff folks were super nice, but that's funny, man. Oh, man. I'm getting you that the shirt. One... Get out of here. I'm getting it. That hey, is so good. <laughs> you're, you are literally half the man you were from the proud Brian photo. So. He's a Bama man. I'll tell you, you know why I was half the man? You and I punished so much food in the press box that day. Yeah, we did. Remember that chicken and waffles and carving station? And I looked down your plate. I'm like, where did you get that? It's like, man, they have it around the corner over there. I'm like, no, no, this is St. Louis. The Edward wow. Jones Dome in St. Louis. Their they, team was what? bad, and they got great food in usually, the press box. They put usually a press box will put out. You just get one meal. You, they make something, and it's usually good. It's like going to Waffle House. This place, the the Edward Jones Dome, cycled out. They had chicken and waffles when we got there at yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah, and then like 40 minutes later, they had like a brisket station, <laughs> and then right before kickoff, they had something else. Yeah, like, prime rib, and I'm like, going, what? the hell? That was back when you still traveled before you were like, no. Scared? I'm done with this. (laughs) I told Derek I'm done. (laughs) Derek was nice not to let me have him and Nick. Who was was the quarterback that day for the Rams? Was it Austin Davis? Might have been Austin Davis. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Des made a huge play in that game. Remember, it was it was kind of, we were kind of like there. Janoris Jenkins out of his shoes, I think. Yeah, they were kind of, we were in trouble. Oh, Tristan. Ebner? Baylor guy? Yep, Tristan Ebner. Ahead of Abram Smith. You go before Abram Smith? He did. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting the fact that he went before Smith. Abram was the guy who lost his his starting spot to Abram Smith. I mean, he was a Big Twelve Special Teams Player of the Year, fantastic returner. This is the second guy they've taken as a returner though, because they took Velas Jones earlier in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good. That's what I said Velas. I said Velas. I said Velas. You said Velas. Go back and look at it. I said Velas. It sounded like Velas. <laughs> I thought I said Velas. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby loves this guy the way. I know. He's, yeah. No, but it's just I'm, I thought I'm, I said Valus. No, I, I, I just I know it's Valus. That's all. I even have it written down as Valus, and I I still thought I said it that way. Uh, first team All Big Twelve kick returner, and then he also, I mean, they used him as a receiver and as a running back. They kind of put him out wide a little bit back and forth when Aranda got there because Matt Rule used him as a true running back, and then not so much with Abram Smith. Cowboys press conference coming up here in just a couple of minutes on 105.3 The Fan, DallasCowboys.com. Keontae Ingram, running back from USC, off the board, 201 to the Cardinals. Michael Woods, the second, goes to the Browns at 202. He was a wide receiver from Oklahoma. And then Baylor product, Tristan Ebner, running back, goes to the Bears at 203. Interesting enough, he goes in front of Abram Smith, his running back counterpart, with the Bears in that backfield who had 1,600 yards in his first or first and only full season as a running back. I really like Abram Smith. Not like – I'm not saying he's like going to be this great NFL running back, but the fact that he played linebacker for as long as he did, he just sounds like the type of guy that a coach would love to draft because, again, like how do you get a guy a jersey? Well, if he can tackle and run down and do all this stuff that linebackers do Special and teams. be your third or fourth running back, yeah, why not? I would draft him. I was standing up just to stand up. That's when things got crazy yesterday was when Brian stood up. You're not mad at the chair today? No, the chair actually changed it out. The chair is a lot better. Oh, yeah. We are are a $7 billion company here. We get a better chair, Derek, if you're listening. 
The chairs with the little bitty backs are no fun. No fun. I, I, I forgot to finish my thought on the Internet side of things because of Ebner getting drafted there. But we were talking about things in the memes of, of your rant last night with yeah. the, either the I'm Carl Loftus or the, the Baltimore rant that <laughs> mm-hmm. you went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a meme today from our, our friend K-Mess on, on Twitter, <laughs> and it was it was the bus – on the railroad tracks and it says breaking down players and then it has a train <laughs> just barreling through it and it says I'm Carl Loftus and all like all caps. It yeah. Was, it was hilarious. I felt I, sorry for that poor kid. That kid that couldn't, you know, he's like, David he, Bell? Yeah, he's like, he's thinking. <laughs> I don't run very well inside. I don't, he's like, he's <laughs> like, you hey, hey, Carl Loftus, I really don't have time for this, brother. I mean, seriously, I don't run well enough and you're going to ask me to run in like 28 degree weather? I'm Carl Loftus. We're going to run outside. Stick our shirts on. I'll carry you on my back. <laughs> I'm Carl Loftus. <laughs> I'll run with you on my back and I'll, I'll have a good time. Better than what you run. <laughs> how, are, how are we getting back into this? Here we go again. How will firemen carry you across? <laughs> I'll do the three cone with you on my back. <laughs> it just gets to it like when Brian gets like this, he could say anything and it would make him laugh. It doesn't really matter what we're talking about. Uh, we're having fun. Draft, oh, draft. There was a time where like, like I would never seriously. I had a sip of alcohol last night in a draft room. Picks are done. You should drink both. No, those. no, yeah, no. I like, might just shotgun one. Him out <laughs> yeah, that there's only one guy I would probably have drank that beer for was Michaud. Yeah, yeah, John listening. Hey, appreciate you did that. it. You did it. Yeah, thank you. Should we take a look at Baltimore's draft while we're talking about oh, Carl no, Loftus and all these different no, guys? It's okay. It's you don't good. want to look at it? No, nah, Baltimore's good. Who else has stuck out from an, a draft standpoint? You know who? Uh, Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you look at it. That's Carl well, That's who took Carl Loftus. Yeah. Check, check this one what out. What about Houston? Let's look at team. I'm, I'm just going to go team I, by I'm team. A big fan. I'm a big fan of what Green Bay has done, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Going up to get Watson? I mean, okay, the trade, your the trade maybe is rich, but just adding the player and then on top of oh, Deckless went getting the two Georgia guys. You know, Atlanta has done well. Drake London, they yeah. got Ebikiti, they got Troy Anderson. Then they waited. They didn't jump for Ritter. They waited yeah. until seventy three to get Ritter. They got D'Angelo Malone. I'm proud of all these teams for just hanging out and letting the quarterback. Justin Schaefer in the sixth round. Sort Atlanta had a good out. draft. Uh, Theo Jackson, safety from Tennessee, goes to the Titans at 204. And then you said Austin Deckelis? Yes, Deckelis. And I was saying Houston had a good draft. But Deckelis, that my man played about 70 games at LSU, right, Dave? Offensive tackle. For a reason, Brian. Yeah. You keep playing games in college if you're like, I don't know about all this. Seriously, I think he's 31 years old. No, seriously. But he played a lot of snaps. He did. A lot of snaps. He was on the national championship team. And then the offensive line had a lot of problems along the way the last couple years. And... You know, he, he, he was of the, of the, of the group, of the national championship group, he was probably the one that was the one that struggled the most. And then all of a sudden it became all of them struggled. Kind of, well, yeah. because, he just well, turned 23, so he's not like. No, I seriously, but no, how many but games he, he played? Been, he's he played been playing forever. Like 50 games in his life? I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. Uh, started at both tackle and guard, missed the final three games of the year due what? to injury. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, there, I don't have anything on games though. I'm excited to hear Dave's. Thought process. I'm trying to. Oh, I'm just yeah. trying to look at North Dakota's schedule and figure out which games I want to try and get. <laughs> well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything stick out to you? The, the, the opponent: Idaho State, Utah State, Drake, North Dakota State, South. Probably North Dakota State, just because North they Dakota have State would be a good one. And yeah, Utah State, Western yeah. Illinois, Missouri Austin, State. Bro, 
Bro. Hey, Austin Deculus. Hey, we're going to have to wait on this. I'm sorry. The press conference starting now upstairs. The front office with their wrap-up of the press conference right now. Well, it's good to see you smiling today. I was a little worried about you. You look like you're... Your fantasy draft didn't go very well yesterday. Really. Some of those questions you were asking. Good. A lot of talking in that draft room goes on about you guys. <laughs> okay, I think um, uh, what do is grass, uh, Stephen. Uh, you take any questions and go down through them a little bit. And, then Coach, you do the same thing. And, uh, Will, to the extent uh, they do, you do the same, same thing on your own or ask any questions. I think that's better. Not a lot to uh, talk about before we get into the players. So why don't you start it off? Um, I mean, you want to take questions or do you want to? Or just uh, – uh, what we ought to I do, think I think, questions. or I think we ought to just go down through each player and uh, give uh, uh, a thought about. It. Take questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see how our day went today. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Get me a drink. <laughs> so, Steve, if you go ahead and pick my pick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, guys, let's do it. We'll okay, just questions. take questions. Jake, yeah, Jake Ferguson, obviously, we, you know, had a chance to visit him at the Combine and uh, they had really good grades on him. I think his uh, versatility, you know, both on the ball, off the ball, tough guy, you know, grew up in it. Um, so, uh, you know, really liked his attitude and his demeanor. Uh, I think he's a excellent fit for our guys. Those tight ends at Wisconsin considered like linemen, like, you know, they obviously block well there. Is he one of those guys that can block on the line? Yeah, I think he can play both on the line and off the line. You know, I think he's, he'll be good in the insert schemes, um, you know, makes competitive catches, plays with uh, some tenacity. Um, like I said, I was real excited to, you know, based on where we had him ranked and everything. So to have him available there was was excellent. His football background with Alvarez, man, his granddad. Coach Alvarez. Grew up with it. How much did you talk to him, Mike, during that process? I don't know if you called him on the phone or uh, me personally, just had a chance to had a chance to meet him at the combine. He was one of our you know, one of our interviews here. So um, yeah, so it was you know, obviously spent a lot of time at the at the University of Wisconsin and and was always in the locker room and uh, obviously had a lot of good positive feedback about him. And well do you know his grandfather? Uh, you know, cordially. Yeah, I've had a chance to uh, be around uh, Coach Alvarez a number of times, and and obviously, you know, what he means to the University of Wisconsin, and uh, you know, hey, he's got a stature in front of the stadium. I think that says it all. You're, Mike, I know you were saying going into this draft that you consider this a huge class from the standpoint of just the the roster integrity that that kind of you know the last couple of years. What? Can you talk about that a little bit more? And did you accomplish what you hope to accomplish? In this uh, definitely. I mean, I think every every prospect speaks for himself. But you know, what they bring as a class is, uh, to me, you know, this this business is about stacking success. And we and we, you know, and, and from my perspective, uh, this is three draft classes now that we've stacked together that I think really holds the future bright for us. Uh, draft and develop is 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 the you know blood you know bloodline lifeline of, of how you want to build your 
your football team inside and out. Obviously, we were able to hit positions of need, and um, but I, I really like the way you know everything came together as far as putting the board together. And and frankly, we we were, we were very disciplined and patient and, and stuck to our board. Stephen, do you feel like you guys might have drafted a little bit more for need this year than you maybe have the last two years? Not at all. And, and I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of the outside look at the way the first few picks and things like that. Just throughout the entire draft, you felt like you guys just took the top player that was there. Absolutely. I mean, that's you know that's part of. I mean, you look at it, and there's obviously you know positions here where it helps, but that was across the board. I mean, yeah, we didn't get a quarterback, we didn't get a running back, but those are you know positions of strength for us. We uh, obviously signed our three safeties back, and you know, position of strength, but I wouldn't necessarily say there were those positions that were doing that to us, uh, you know, when we were picking other players. I think it was just sorting through, you know, when was the best time, uh, you know, to get these players, whether you, you know, who's, you know, if it's the best guy right off the bat's the lineman, then take him. If it would have been the pass rusher, then take him. Uh, but, you know, I think we uh, did a really good job there of, of, of working through our board. I think starting this morning, uh, all the picks uh, until Ridgeway came from our fourth round. And uh, so, uh, you know, we just worked through it and uh, made good decisions. Actually, uh, uh, Clark was actually a third rounder, but because of his injury, there was, you know, there was reason uh, why we didn't jump on him right away because of the, uh, you know, with his injury that he went through this year, then, you know, he's going to be a guy who's going to be a pup guy, and we'll see how, uh, you know, see how he responds as to what part of the season he can join us. So all the picks were rated as fourth-rounders except for Ridgeway? All the way through Ridgeway, and Clark was actually a third-rounder. You were saying last night when we were coming down, you, you had a discussion about whether or not to move up and use some of your capital to do that. Did you determine not to do that? Did you still try to move up today? And just in general, with the four picks in the fifth round, what your approach was? We never tried to move up. We just felt like, uh, you know, we had, you know, a big group of uh, uh, players in that fourth round there that we really liked. I mean, I think we were, you know, been saying that for two weeks now, that uh, that we felt like the weight of our draft board was really weighted toward, you know, the fourth and fifth round. And, you know, felt like there was going to be a, a, a big group of players there that we could uh, really improve our football team with. I assume that the call was rained from the other team today. Are you kind of surprised that you didn't make a trade to move up or move down at all? It was ringing, but it's, uh, you know, not anything that really enticed us. I mean, when the time came for us to take a pick, you know, we had, you know, s- several calls, you know, a couple times where, hey, do you want to move back? But usually it was too far back for us to really uh, have interest in it. But, uh, you know, I think those four fives really, uh, really paid dividends for us. I think we're going to have a really good group of players out of those four uh, fifth round picks. Clark's injury. Can you just talk about that and the expectations of him? Well, I, I think we've got a good feel for it uh, in terms of uh, what we're looking at with him. I mean, he's definitely going to, at a minimum, be a PUP guy, and uh, so he'll miss, uh, you know, six months from his time of surgery and. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who works, 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 and uh, football is very important to him, uh, very committed to getting back, and, uh, you know, is going to work through his injuries. And, you know, if anything, he's going to be one of those guys that's ahead of schedule. So uh, It's not a red shirt here. He, he could have a chance to play this year. Absolutely. The senior Bowl seemed to be a pretty important 
event on your guys' calendar it is every year, but a lot of picks from Mobile. Can you maybe go into what you guys saw there, how instrumental that event was to formate the draft? Uh, for me, I think the Senior Bowl gives you an opportunity to see those players live and in a different environment. You get to have your hands on them. You get to see them compete against the better guys. Uh, and so that does add to it, but that's not the end-all to be-all. That's just a piece of the puzzle. Uh, we do like to see them in that environment, see if it matches with the information we get. Then you go to Combine, you do all those other things to add to it. But it is an, a, a good exposure to those guys at the Senior Bowl. For a guy like Will Let's Go, though, who's moving up in a level, is it more important than it is for some other guys? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very valid point. Okay, we're talking coming from that conference, and then you just want to see them against better players, and then you see how the physical skill set matched against the big college players, and you showed that he belonged, and then he just continued to grow from that point, um, you know, in our eyes with how he did at the interview, uh, at the combine, and everything else we've done with him. You talk a little bit more about him, just what you see and how you project him, just where he is in his development and kind of what he to do. Well, what he is is a football player that plays the game the right way. He's got prototypical NFL uh, tackle size. He can play either side, and he plays the game nasty um, and physical. And then, you know, it's kind of the tempo that coach wants to set and we want from our linemen. Um, so he has a, he has that skill set, and then he has growth from that. Uh, he had an injury a couple of years ago with his knee, and he wasn't able to rehab that. It was during the COVID year, uh, and but he found a way to do that in Minnesota through the snow and everything else to get ready to play. And so the sky is the limit for him, and still there's opportunity to grow from that and get stronger. What, Mike, the roster as it sits now as you head to OTAs and then maybe even on into camp, if you like all the pieces are there. Is there anything else you might like to see before that time hits? Well, I mean, we're obviously just getting started on the you know potential rookie free agency you know process. So that that'll be another uh, add. I think we'll probably have close to 19 players there that that'll be added to this class. But yeah, definitely. Uh, I think like anything, I've always looked at the the collection of talent as the starting line. Uh, the connection of the of the talent among your football team is is where the real money's at, and that's where we're focused on. Steve, when a guy like Clark, do you, when you go through the medicals with him, is it, hey, have the Cowboys had a guy like this has had this injury come back from it so you feel more comfortable about it? Yeah, I mean, you kind of hate to get in talking about other people's injuries this day and time you get yourself in trouble. But we do have, you know, we were able to compare Clark to player to a player on our team that uh, very similar. So feel good about it and uh, feel good about this guy and how he's going to go about his business and how much he loves the game. Uh, so, uh, you know, I really think we got our hands around this. And, you know, this guy's one hell of a football player when he's healthy. So uh, and think he'll be healthy, uh, you know, like I said, in time maybe even to, you know, really help us this year at, at some point. You added some linebacker depth. How much? How important is that when Micah maybe can move around and the more depth you have there, more versatile he can be on defense. I mean, it's very important. And, that, you know, that those are conversations that are ongoing. I mean, it's obviously Mike is a featured player on our defense and as much uh, flexibility that we can put around him to, to really take advantage of his flexibility. And, and every time his name comes up, I always go back to, you know, from an offensive perspective. I mean, he's someone that every, every week is going to be targeted uh, as far as how, uh, you know, the offense is going to try to help whether it's in protection or so forth. So, yeah, definitely uh, player flex and our defensive front has has definitely been a priority the last two years, and, and I think it was a big part of our success last year. You guys like in uh, Bland. You guys like in Bland. 
big, long, athletic corner. Um, and it fits, again, the, the, the prototype of what we're looking for when you build your defense. You want big outside corners that can, we call it vertical control, can stop the vertical routes, uh, be able to run with those guys and then make plays on the football and then the athleticism that he has. So you're adding another young, big, athletic, uh, you know, corner to the mix. Jerry, do you remember your conversation with Ridgeway after the A&M game? <laughs> the, uh, uh, let me tell you this. Um, we got that trophy. We, you notice I say we, the pigs, got that trophy sitting out there at AT&T Stadium. And uh, the picture of him and several of the others when I presented them the uh, trophy as a keepsake. And, yes, I remember him well. And... Uh, uh, then, of course, uh, we've gotten to see him play here over the years. And it was real rewarding for me to see uh, Dan and see the uh, uh, coaches as well as uh, uh, see us all uh, see how he could help us and come in here and help us as a, as a big man. As Mike said, uh, I said, boy, we've got our boy Bo Hannon from Kentucky. He said, we need two of these big guys. They need to alternate some plays. So I'm proud for him. Uh, He's a unique pick for us relative to most of the years we picked with the Dallas Cowboys because we've usually had less or size and more quickness. And so uh, Bo Hannon has that, uh, of course, along with the size. So I'm really uh, good uh, because uh, I've always, uh, on a running, on a defense against a running game, have always held my breath on getting big boy in there. And so this is a, this is a, a, a real statement in my mind uh, with uh, Dan and with Mike as to how we're going to address the run game when we get into the playoffs, which we're sure to have. And Mike was sitting there all day going, playoffs, playoffs, just remember the playoffs, remember the playoffs. So that really is uh, not only a great pick, he's a, he's a, a, a hell of a competitor. He really is. Uh, but it's also a philosophical thing that feels good. Here we've got two of those big guys. Uh, while I'm at it here, I want to say that from the standpoint of how these guys were were uh, drafted in the order they were drafted, and this is one of the most unique drafts that I've been a, a part of. And I'm going to call it, just spare with me a second, when we got to Sam Williams, we really were uh, really looking at Tobert as well. And so that was uh, a lot of time we spent how and who to pick to get both. How could we get both? And then it doesn't make any difference, which was the third or fourth pick, as long as you did get the both. And the facts are that those two guys were sitting there. Uh, when we got to those tight ends, when we came in this morning, and uh, we got to those tight ends, at which the, they were there, and a group of them were there, as many as five, certainly four. Well, the idea was where we were, could we wait without bumping uh, our four up could we wait and get one of those tight ends with a fifth-round pick? We felt that there were attributes of all the players that made them all there together, so could we wait and get that done? Uh, we successfully did that without give, having to give up one of those fives to bump the four because we really did know 
one of the four or five tight ends we wanted to get, get down to uh, Bland, Clark, and Ridgeway. We almost from the get-go today had that as, boy, we want to get one of those guys with those fifth picks. How can we come out of that fifth round? Dare say, could we get three out of four or five of our top fifth-round picks? Well, you can't do that if you get nervous and give up another pick to go to go get it. So unbelievably, we sat down with that fifth pick, and when we got in that deal right there, those were the guys. Those were the four guys. And the question was, could we wait and which one to take first? Uh, certainly we knew that uh, because of the uh, injury situation, we uh, were excited about all of that group there. The way this draft went, it, we were really fortunate because the Sam Williams-Tolbert thing was a product of a pod concept and uh, which one would be there, which one it wouldn't. And uh, we had a very interesting time today talking about the sequence of how those guys were drafted because we had them all in the same kind of thought there. And I know we're talking about different positions, but uh, we're also talking about how the round failed. And that was quite a participation. I wish all of you could have been in there to see it. Now, you want to find out who makes the pick when you go through that. If you'd been a fly on the wall to see that, you don't know today, and I don't know who made those picks when we got through it. It was that kind of participation, that kind of collaboration. Exactly. That is that is the word. But not necessarily really where it was on the board as much as which one because they were close enough. There weren't three points worth of difference on all of them on these decisions. Same thing on uh, the uh, Tolbert situation. So the trick is which one would last the longest when you're going down the, the draft. And so uh, that's the best I've ever seen us working in a draft room with a combination of how we ended up with these players that if you'd walked in here and started this morning, this is what we'd like to come up with. We knew we were going to get at least two or three of them, surely. But could we fix it to where we could get each one of them in a group of five or six, get five of them? We did. How much improved this team after the draft, talent-wise? You're asking, you're looking at me, and I guess you're asking me very well. Uh, I think uh, uh, as much as we improve the team. So just so all of our listeners on the radio can hear this, we are going to break, but you can join the rest of the press conference on DallasCowboys.com. We'll be back in a minute. I'm sure they probably won't be wrapped up by then. But our NFL draft coverage continues on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Where you were in this draft, that wasn't really possible being at the end of each round. But, but so you feel it is comparable to that. It's not more of a blue collar kind of fill the fill the spaces. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, we one of the questions that I kept asking uh, Mike and Dan and and if you will, Will and Stephen. One of the questions I kept asking. Is there a pick here that would give us a big compliment to what Micah is? Is there a pick here that would make him have more uh, pressure, pass pressure, or let us use him more flexibly behind the line of scrimmage, get more blitz out of him, or get that? Where's the complimentary aspect to it? And we really address that good. And I think that when you look at Damian Clark and you look at Harper, I think that, and then when you step over and look at Sam Williams, I think we have really upped what Micah 
what the the options that we have with Micah to get that done. That was in the forefront of our thinking there. And so we really, I think, built off of the good fortune that we had to get in Micah Parsons last year. Your primary offensive groupings are 11 and 12. What did you feel like those back-to-back picks in the third round, Tolbert and then the tight end in Ferguson, did to get better as an offense in that regard? I mean, definitely. I mean, you'll just play with three tight ends, or excuse me, three three receivers and two tight ends. So, I mean, flexibility is something we talked about. We talked a lot about, you know, one back offense versus two back offense versus no back offense, obviously, as an auxiliary um, approach. But the ability to to be in 12 personnel with two, per, with, uh, two tight ends and play the same as you do in, in, in 11 personnel, but also get into more of the eight-gap run game, more two-back downhill, more action. I think we can do things in first and second down to make it a little easier on Dak. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that, that when we talk about how, how will we use these players, you know, what the importance of having, um, you know, quality backups all through your 11 personnel focus and your 12 you know, personnel focuses was all part of that. So yeah, definitely. I mean, we you know we drafted nine players. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We got we got a lot better here the last three days. So uh, it's very important. And these guys will, I think they're you know obviously very talented, but they're all very good fits for how we want to play. You talk about your comfort level at the center position and just uh, if you get a chance to maybe get the best one in the draft, but is it, you just got a lot of confidence in Biotis and. and you feel like you didn't want to get anybody that could maybe uh, stop any kind of progress there? I wouldn't say that was the approach. I, I, I think like anything, you want as much as much competition throughout your roster. I mean, it's to me, the healthiest roster is, is the most competitive. Um, I think last year was a great example. You know, I, I think with what the NFL's done with the, the roster flexibility, you know, learning from the pandemic and having that many people, you know, the, the opportunity to have that many players in the building is huge. Uh, I think it's great for the game of football. I think it's definitely uh, benefits us, uh, us us here for how we want to function. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say we just stayed away from it. So and, and I think Steven says it every time we talk about player acquisition, it's an ongoing process. So I mean, you're always trying to make things as competitive as possible. I just started a little bit, but do you feel with with Smith in the first and then Ferguson that, that you did improve the run game and, and how much was finding some guys to help you in the run game an emphasis this all season? Yeah, definitely. You want to be big, athletic, and long up front. And, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you even take it further, you, you, you're trying to hit the target on how many tackles you want, you know, on your 90-man roster and so forth. So to have, to have two young tackles, you know, to our offensive line, I thought was huge for us. Stephen, you, you often tell us you take snapshots of the cap two, three years down the road and things like that. When you look at having the picks you had today, does that play a part in that? Because you know what's coming salary cap-wise with the big money guys you have and then what you may have with Trayvon and Micah and CD? It's always on your mind. I mean, that's why we do take snapshots two and three years out. You know, it's not just who's going to be here for this year. It's, you know, you, you can project out a little bit and know there's going to be some holes uh, two years from now and three years from now. So, uh, you know, that's why and it's just like Nick said, he's wondering, you say we drafted for need, but yet he said we didn't address a need. So <laughs> I, mean, uh, I think that's part of it. I mean, it all depends on, I think all teams, you know, would like to have more comp. I mean, I think every spot on your roster uh, can be a need when you're getting into those type of things, competitiveness, compete uh, for a roster spot. I would add Farniak, you know, as a guy that we really like a lot uh, that's going to push somebody. And, uh 
you know, we're going to be playing him at center, correct, Mike? And, uh, you know, he's going to push. And he was a guy we drafted last year, and he's done nothing but come in here and do everything the right way. But uh, I think all these guys you, you look at, uh, when you look at taking tackles like that and we got ball, uh, you know, what's what's this roster going to look like two and three years from now in terms of, uh, you know, who will be on it? And, uh, you know, we weren't against. We looked at a couple of running backs because, you know, Pollard's going to be free next year. Rico's going to be restricted. Uh, you know, Zeke's making a lot of money. Uh, you know, all those things come into play. This thing's fluid, especially as you start to look at two years from now, three years from now. It's hard for me personally to take a center that gets can get knocked back. Now, I understand reach, and I understand going to the second level, and I understand the importance of the center to call. This is just me. But it's real hard. If that center can't interchangeable and be a good guard, which does take a lot of base, then it's hard for me to go with just that with the makeup of our team right now. And so that when uh, uh, it obviously a, a prospect that could be both center guard appeals to me more. And so someone asked the question here earlier, why did you pass on that center uh, when you uh, are sitting there with center? Uh, uh, we've got that. We've got a big base guy here. And so uh, we and obviously we had alternatives when we got it done. I was just wondering who the best center was. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Just kidding. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Jerry makes a huge point, especially in today's NFL. It's pertinent to how defenses are playing, especially more in first and second time, more than ever. Your center's covered up. And if you've ever had a small center, undersized center, uh, which which I, I have, and you deal with it, and then you line up on Sunday, and the first thing you look for is, you know, how many times are going to leave your center uncovered? So, I mean, uh, your center's not uncovered very often right now. So we call five-man spacing when they cover both your center and guards and, and, and get to it, you know, m- many different ways, no different how we get to it with Micah. So uh, that's that, that's important right now. and to, that's, that's definitely a trend you have to pay attention to. How strongly did you consider using a pick on a kicker, or was it that's the first thing we address after the draft and – they're going to want to come here because they know there's a spot. Well, I would have uh, uh, used a pick on a kicker if I hadn't wanted to use it on something I thought was better than a kicker. What it was in there, seriously. I've, uh, I uh, uh, think it. Um, I watched the success that they had this year with the big uh, with the draft pick on the kicker. So I went into this thing thinking we might could use a pick on a kicker, but uh, we uh, we had a better choice. Matt Walesko, uh, we've talked about him, but can you maybe just detail whoever would like it, kind of what you see in terms of his traits that you have to work with and what it looks like from a developmental standpoint? We'll also just kind of wrap that in with there are a lot of young offensive linemen on this roster that you guys are kind of developing, you know, with Tyron and Zach in the building and what that could mean for the future of that room. Well, I won't coach to answer that, but I will tell you, uh, he sure took the spot of a veteran swing guy out here in free agency. We won't be seeing one of those. So, coach. Yeah, and definitely. And that was part of the conversation. But, yeah, yeah Matt, I uh, really like his length. I, I think we all have comparables of, of players we, you know, we have, uh, you know, worked with in the past. And, and one, 
you know, 36-inch arms. You know, John Alt was the first, you know, left tackle that I was around in the league back in the 90s, and I just always had such great respect for him. And, and John was pretending, you know, was ridiculously long that way. So, I mean, Matt Matt has that kind of ability. Obviously, his, his, his athletic ability has uh, the ability to play both left and right tackle. So uh, I thought he was an excellent choice, particularly at that time. And, and it's someone that, uh, you know, we had our eye on and was, was talking about for a while.
they were they figured out what order made best sense for them and how that worked out. And I, you know, again, if 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 you can go through a draft and plan out of how you want to navigate this thing. I think that's the, I, I don't think you could ask for anything better for that. Again, uh, hey, we all might disagree on the players, but that's their job. You know, we, we're here to evaluate and stuff like that. Jerry made a quip that he talks about the media and the, the war room. I'm sure they do. It's okay. <laughs> but that's, you know, but that's, that's what you have to, that's what you have to appreciate about it, that they set the board. They had a plan and, you know, their plan worked out well for them. Now we'll see. We'll see how the players play. That's that's really the evaluations going forward. We, yeah, part of that, too. We talked about them having a plan and kind of having guys identified. I think one of the things that stood out to me was Jerry, which, again, like Jerry probably says more than Mike McCarthy wants him to. But <laughs> When he went uh, into that ex- explanation with all that, you could see Mike kind of go, man, we really don't have to do this, bro. Yeah, yep. exactly. But yeah. Jerry, you know, telling the story about how, like, throughout the day and throughout the weekend, McCarthy was like playoffs. We're thinking about playoffs. We're thinking about like tough, physical, potentially depending on the location, cold weather I football. Saw, saw his last his team play the last eight weeks of the season. They, they, yeah, yeah. I like. I think the Cowboys know that they kind of got pushed around in the second half of the year and in the playoffs as well. Cons- I, something consistently we've talked about. I don't know if these. I don't know if these guys will fix those issues, but that's the goal. Ridgeway will. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't wait to meet that Dude, guy. That sounds so fun. I'm even getting tagged. Apparently, he like challenged Roman Reigns at one point, like straight up called him out, and like I'm I mean, he's that kind of like, guy. Break a beer bottle over my head, bro. Let's go. <laughs> I would love to ask him that to do that as well. I would love to see him break a beer bottle I over. I got your a head. Miller Light. I need a bottle. This is a pint. Yeah, man, it's probably not going to work break as well. He can still hit you in the head with it, but it True. might not feel as good. True. All right, let's take our break. James Houston, the edge rusher from Jackson State, off the board at 217 to the Lions. We'll try and catch you up a little bit as well on the other side of it. NFL draft coverage rolling on here on 105.3 The Fan and on DallasCowboys.com. And here we are, back again on the Internet side. This is getting to the point, Dave, that you say this on a yearly basis. But if you're still watching, especially now that the Cowboys don't even have a draft pick left, uh, we we consider you close friends. You're my people. If yep. you're if you're listening to this, the Cowboys don't have a pick. Uh, the draft is over. The press conference is over. There's no reason for you to be listening to this other than you just love talking draft and talking Cowboys slash NFL football. And I appreciate the hell out of you. Actually, I forgot to do this earlier this year, but if you're listening somewhere outside of America, tweet me. Yes. Let me know where you're tweet at. Tweet us all. Put I us wanna, all on there. I want to I want to shout you out. I appreciate I just love how devoted the listenership of this program is. Uh, I mean, all all of our listeners and viewers are are great, but like I feel a special connection to you draft sickos. I love you very much. <laughs> Uh, do we want to take calls at some point? Is that a possibility? Are we hooked Are we up okay to with that? that? Like, do we have the capability? I mean, draft picks have called us, right? Oh, that's, that's a I good mean, point. You've been on the phone. Kind of you better, phone you better ask somebody that's about to screen those calls if they want to do that. That's, that, that, I, I'm okay. Talk. I'm okay with that. I'm out here trying to create work for yeah, people. I'm about to say, to man. I mean, I'm trying to make our jobs easier by just, Answering I was going to say, we make the seventh round go a lot faster. Well, were we wrong about Marquise Hayes, or is he – He's. I wonder if he's medical. I have. I asked somebody about him. I have not heard. Yeah, hmm. I, I don't I, I don't know that either. I need to probably reach out on that one as well. But, 
No, if we get rocks to get an hour's more worth of guests and stuff, that'd be great. Hey, we just know. bring the whole front office in. Here <laughs> no, make, she, she did, we I mean, book again, in. did a heck of a job there, really, really. Hey, Will McClay, come on down. Let's talk about this draft. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jerry, him Jerry on come on. Let's get Jerry. <laughs> we could we could all go take restroom breaks if Jerry got down here. Mm-hmm. We could have that whole conversation. It'd be great. Um, so the Titans on the clock at 219. Anybody else on your board, Bobby? You, you mentioned Hayes. Uh, is, is anybody else kind of sticking around? I didn't stack that deep just because we, like I said, yeah, I was unaware I was doing day three yeah, you until late, late. But uh, just looking at some of the names that stand out that are still, if I, unless I've missed, if I've missed somebody uh, that went, uh, some of the highest left for Dane, Marquise Hayes, Oklahoma, um, Rashid Walker, Penn State, uh, Christopher Allen, Alabama. Did, has he gone? No, he has not. He has not. Castro Fields, Penn State. He is not either. Uh, Kellen Deesh, Arizona State. That one's interesting because nope. Brian, you were talking about him. Yeah, that's the, the, these names that Dane's talking about. The, my highest rated guy is Hayes from Oklahoma, the guard. He's still, I told you all these offensive linemen, I probably have a rounder. Maybe they're all undraftable guys, but Hayes was, uh, on my board. Deesh was on my board. Walker from Penn State. Those two guys were fourth round guys on my board. Ben, has Ben Brown from Ole Miss gone? Uh, Ben Brown has not gone. And then, Strong, we talked about him though. He, but he's dealing with the cartilage, not on the bone. Josh Job, Verone McKinley. Yeah. These are some of the names you're looking at. I think, uh, yes. as we look to them starting to make some, some phone calls, I feel like, uh, who did Tennessee take? They took just now. Yeah. Chance Campbell, linebacker from Ole Miss. Okay. Well, then how did I miss? Okay. The Rams. Uh, at the, 218, it was the yeah. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Who did the Buccaneers take? I'm sorry. Co-Keeft. K-O-K-I-E-F-T. Tight end from Minnesota. Co-Chief Keeft. <laughs> That's an interesting yeah, reference. That's his there. nickname. Is it really? Uh-huh. Wow. I thought you were just making a reference. I, I am. Like, that was you fell good. for that hook, line, Dang and sinker. Jeez. Come on. It happens oh. to me all the time, man. <laughs> See, Dave doesn't even blink. So Dave, no, Dave knew better than to even look over and think that was a real thing. Uh, he also honest, wasn't listening. He's also say, not uh, listening I'm, at I'm all. collecting. Look, dude, we're getting we're getting shout outs. We got people. Listening. Oh, here's a guy. Hawaii, Scotland, uh, freaking Beaumont, Texas. Shout out, hey, Beaumont. Yeah, that's an international. Four oh nine, Mexico. Um, Sorry, I'm doing a bad job of keeping all of this in check, but we. Dave sounds like he's ordering at a drive-through. Can I? Can I have a Whataburger? Uh, oh man, I had late night Whataburger right, last night. So it was fantastic. I'll tell you this though. They, the Sam- about, wait, sorry, Brian. How about this? I will shout you out, sir. Stationed in Germany and has listened to all three days of coverage, even the ones that have started after midnight. Love it. Let's go. I love how much y'all love this. It's great. Sorry, Brian, go ahead. No, I was just – I actually uh, – the 49ers just took a guy in. Yep, there's Castro Fields. Yeah. Did they have back-to-back? Yes, they did. Okay, okay so, yeah, there's there's two guys right there so off the Davis board. Davis from UCF. Yeah, it's funny. Castro in my Fields. stack, I had uh, Davis tackle from Central Florida. He was 116 on my board. And then the next guy they took was at 117 nice. on the board. So the uh, Castro Fields, the the cornerback there. So you want to tell us about Castro Fields? We could do some scouting reports this late. Yeah, right? Do some scouting reports. I've got one. Do you want me to start on you? Go ahead. Quick and compact corner has some good length despite six foot size, uh, right leverage and depth 
to the corner uh, or to cover multiple route stems is what I have down. Good ball skills, not a ton of interceptions throughout his collegiate career. Smaller, compact, but he plays bigger than his size. Has the speed to keep up step for step with most of the receivers in the Big Ten. Also, uh, interesting note here, held Chris Olave to two receptions on six yards when he was covering him. So, I mean, he has some decent tape. I had him as a top 80 player. He was the final top 80 player on my board to go. I'm wondering if there's something there. Uh, of course, I haven't heard anything. I would love if we could hear Bobby, if you hear of anybody medical, or maybe he's just terrible and I have him way higher. So maybe that's I hadn't asked about him. I can ask. Tyreek Castro Fields. We are into the seventh round of the NFL draft as the Jacksonville Jaguars are finally on the clock to begin the final round here. On 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. So glad you've elected to join us here on this Saturday afternoon, just uh, just nearly to 4.30 p.m. Central Time. Now, with the Jaguars on the clock, the final pick of the sixth round, uh, Brian, you were talking about a moment ago on the Internet side, Tariq Castro-Fields, corner from Penn State. Good player yeah, overall. No, I thought you had him right. I want to talk about the guy before him, if I okay. could. Yeah, Davis, Davis from Central Florida. That's a defensive tackle. This guy's got really good initial quick. And the reason I'm bringing this up is this was players 116 and 117 out of my 190 that I did. But really good initial quickness off the snap. He gets across the line in a hurry. Fires his man. I think he'll struggle a little bit to finish. But he can't be disruptive in the way he plays. There's uh, plenty of snaps where he's into the opponent's backfield. I, you know, I, I was impressed with how quickly he's able to get off the snap. He's got a really good sense of timing and anticipation. There's some pop and power to his game. There were several snaps where the Boise offensive lineman was knocked back or surprised of how quickly that he got into them. He's got some chances to make some stops at or behind the line of scrimmage just because, you know, he's got that quickness. The lateral agility was just a tick off, but he did cl- get close enough to when he make a play, he could finish right there. Uh, if you can get around how he physically looks, he's a pretty good player in a rotating system for the Knights. And then Monteric Brown, cornerback from Arkansas, the first pick here in the final round of the NFL draft. And you want to go to Tyreek Fields there as well? No, you, you got it. You had him right. You had him right. Okay, good, good, good. So I just I didn't know if you were if you did both. I was looking. No, I did, but I did both. But oh, I, my I mean, bad. but I kind of felt like you, I'll do it. We got, we got what we got a whole another round to That's do. True. Right, we got an entire hour here. Okay, so. let's kill it. We go. We're on a we're on a pow, the power play. <laughs> um, Fields. Uh, that would be he'll line up at either cornerback spot. He's got excellent time speed that four three eight, and there's snaps where you see him use it. He can really drive on the ball when he sees it. Uh, he's had some seasons where he's had more pass breakups than he did in in twenty twenty one. He's got some bounce to his game when you watch him move. He does a nice job avoiding blocks. He's got a chance to make a play. He moves with body control, foot quickness to pedal. I mean, he can collect himself. Boom, he is gone. He's got that that makeup speed that you absolutely love. I mean, aggressive when you know he he could fight through that. When they target at him, he fights through those screens and stuff. He fights through and is able to make plays on that. And you know, I I, I kind of liked how the willingness that he was to drive on balls, how physical he was. You know, you watch the senior bowl, uh, the coverage, and he kind of had some, a little bit of grabbiness to him in that stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, this guy's a pretty good player. I, I like what San Francisco did here. Back to back picks of, of solid players at the back end of the sixth round. 
that'll do you some good for your value. Now, speaking of value, and we talked about this a little bit early on with with the Cowboys and, and going for traits, going for these players at, at specific spots along the way. Do you feel better about this draft this year, Dave, than you did when we were at this point last year? I, you said that earlier, and it's a great question. Um, and it's funny because I I had like an uneasy feeling about Micah Parsons when they drafted him. I was like, I was like, this guy could be great. And I think I even said I thought it was a boomer bust pick. Like I thought it would be really, really great, or maybe a disaster. And it's been really, really great. Like it's hard to even imagine that I felt that way. Um, I think. Wow, that's weird. That's really. It's. I'm processing all of this live, and I'm sorry, but like I think I feel more confident in what they have from this class right now than I did last year. And mainly that was the first two. Yeah. Like Parsons and Joseph, you're just like, "Uh, I don't know. And Parsons has been amazing. Joseph, that's kind of come to fruition in a bad way. So, you know, maybe that wasn't the wrong way to feel. Um, And then, yeah, like, I mean, you know, Josh Ball came with some concerns. We didn't know a lot about Nashawn Wright. Um, So, yeah, I think I think I feel better here as the picks are happening about this class in totality. Uh, although I would be – I don't I don't think there's a player here with the upside of Micah. Maybe I could be wrong, but that's how I feel. So, let, yeah, like this is a meandering answer, but I think right now my baseline feeling about this class as a whole is better. Am I crazy for feeling that way? No. No, no I don't think so. And, uh, you know, the thing that I'm hopeful for is – the thing I'm hopeful for is he mentioned – you know, Jerry, Jerry was talking about – you know, our guy, the, the, the North Dakota, the offensive tackle that, no, we're not going to see a veteran swing tackle. What does that say about ball? You know, mm-hmm. was he not thinking about ball? Whereas Joe Philbin was telling us about ball and Farn- ball and Farniak are killing the game. Yeah. That, and that, you know, their line coach and maybe, and then, you know, Jerry's, maybe he knows something like that. I, I like to believe that some of these guys, maybe this draft is not going to be the one that, Maybe one or two guys is going, are going to be at it that are going to be helpful, but then maybe it's last year's draft. Those guys that were kind of you know you, you know let's see what happens with Golston. Let's see what happens with Bohanna. Let's see what happens with. I'm kind of thinking about that's that's the draft I want to see. I am I am guilty of I overlook Semi Fehoko on a regular basis just because yeah. I didn't see him do anything last yeah. year. But they see, that's that's what I, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. I want to see the guys that have been here for a year that kind of were redshirted. I, I'm interested in seeing Jabril Cox. You know, I'm interested in seeing those guys play. Now, if some of these guys can plug, let's see what happens at left guard because if that's the 16th best player on their board, yeah. He should be plug and play. Let's go. You yes, know there should will. there shouldn't be competition over there. That's you know if they if they want to move on from you know McGovern and stuff like that. That I mean I'm I'm okay if that if you if you guys feel that strongly about that man. Let's go, Brian. You know over the years we've gone to like OTAs and training camp, and there there's always not always but there have been rookies where you're like I don't know man. Yeah. I felt that way about Ball last year. Yeah, the yeah. OTAs and mini camps. I watched him. I didn't see a very strong guy again. Here, here's my phobia about strong offensive tackles. But then it, it happened in it happened in minicamp, and then it happened in OTAs. And I'm like, man, this guy needs to this guy needs to to get stronger. He needs to be redshirted. He doesn't need to play. He needs to be in the weight room every single day working on this stuff. 
So I think that's where I'm going to focus. I think there's some guys in this class that can clearly help you. No question. But I also kind of feel like, though, I'm kind of fascinated to see the guys, like we say, Bohana, Golston, Ball. Where, where are these guys? Cause if those guys, if those guys can come through and play and be those, those capable backups, then that takes a lot of less, it takes pressure off some of these other guys to have to step in and play. I mean, the linebacker here, that's going to play, replace Luke Gifford and people like that, right? Yeah. And that, you know, they're yeah. you know, talking the, about Devin Harper. Yeah. The yeah. Devin Harpers and stuff like that. That's going to replace those, those, maybe those guys that, you know, two, three years ago when you draft them or sign them as free agents or whatever that you're like, oh, we've kept them around for a couple years, but they're not good enough. I'm rooting. I feel like I'm, I find myself rooting harder for Tyler Smith than a first round pick that I can remember. Uh, and it's mainly, I'll be honest, it's mainly because he was such an engaging personality yesterday mm-hmm. and it's, it's a cool story. And I also think we're, I'm not not necessarily his career. You can't you can't call a career after even one year, let alone like one training camp. But I feel like we'll know pretty quickly with him when he gets out there. Like, oh, this guy's a beast and he's ready to maul from the get. Or, mm-hmm. oh, this guy is going to take some work. Like, I feel like we'll know that pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, even even if you see it as there's clearly a learning curve or whatever, I think we'll we'll know pretty quick. Like. If the flashes are there to like be able right. to step in and control, it's like you know even last year when people were like how how raw is Mike and stuff like that, you can see the fla- the players see the flashes. It's like remember on Hard Knocks they had that promo the first week where Dak was just like going, whoa he is so good like it's it'll stand out you'll see it and that's it's it's not fair sorry it's not fair but it's gonna happen like there's gonna be. They need you know, Smith. If, they need Smith to be a, a player right off the jump. Yeah, and, and they need to stabilize that left guard spot. He's going to get out there, and he's either going to body slam Neville Gallimore and go viral because of it, or Neville Gallimore is going to make him look silly, and that's going to go viral, and everybody's going to be calling the Cowboys dumb. Or what if they both go viral? You look, get both clips, well, one of each. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that is just chaos. And that'll say that'll say there's the potential, and there's the work that needs to be. What's done? What's your expectations of Tolbert right off? the jump third receiver on this roster. yeah third receiver to me gotta be um yes although i i mean i think james washington will have a role i don't think it's just like i not, think what how many snaps do you play in a season a thousand i bet hmm. jalen tolbert will play like 40 to 50 percent of those you remember uh, probably a role similar to the even though it was not a great receiving core you remember gallup wasn't really yes. a full-time player yeah the Gallup's first caught, exactly the way Gallup caught 30 passes his rookie year so i, I imagine mean, something similar probably similar, but i th- i think right now jalen tolbert's a better player than james washington is though that's just what i think i also think jalen tolbert has an opportunity to play a bigger that. role than Michael Gallup. He doesn't have to, but with Michael Gallup well, being out in the okay. early parts of the year, he's going to fill the Michael Gallup role early on. Since we got the time then, every, they may get the, all the picks in front of them, the list. The Cowboys picks? Yeah. I can. In order? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right here. Let's go with, let's go, let's talk about what you see that role is for that, those particular. Just go down through and say, starter, left guard. Tyler Smith. Starter. Starting left, left guard. guard. Starting left guard. Okay. Sam Williams. Rotational pass rusher, passing yeah. situ- obvious passing down. Pass Could, okay, he can better, play against the run a little bit. Better than yeah. Armstrong. But, but now, are, we, are, like, we, are we talking about right now? Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, about, I'm right talking about now. when we see them. When you know what you your your expectations for 2022 on these guys. 
What's your yeah, expectation? A member of the rotation Rotational who specializes in So a guy that's on the active roster every week. If Sam Williams is not regularly active, that would be a disappointment. Yes, yes okay. I agree with that. Okay. Okay. Uh Jalen Tolbert. You guys said third wide receiver, right? Active every week? Yeah. And active every week in the offense every week. Now, now, with with the one caveat of does the coaching staff do what some coaching staffs do where it's veteran deference, even though, you know, you got the, there's a veteran deference to James. He'll, he'll be as active at the very least. He'll be as active as Gallup was his rookie year. That's what I think. I like this exercise and we've got the graphic up on the board. I want to continue this a little bit more in depth as we continue on, but we got to take a break. Nick Muse, tight end. From South Carolina, most recent pick at 227 to the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be right back with more NFL draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. Just so, just since we're on the the internet side of things here, I want to save that conversation save for the radio sure. listeners. For sure, well, sure. For, the, for um, the radio listeners. Yes, sure. uh, let's run down the picks that we've had in the seventh round. And Brian, stop me if any of these guys stick out to you and you want to talk about them. Two twenty-two, first pick in the round, Monteric Brown, corner from Arkansas, mm-hmm. off the board. Isaiah Thomas, the edge rusher from Oklahoma, goes two twenty-three to Great the Browns. Player. <laughs> Cameron Good, uh, linebacker from California or edge rusher, depending on how you, you classify him, goes to the Dolphins at 224. Mark Robinson, linebacker Ole Miss, goes to the Steelers at 225. Bears at 226, Jatir Carter. Was he a senior bowl guy? Offensive tackle. He was. Southern. He was combine too. Southern Jags. Mm. Too late at two twenty. Met with the Cowboys at Combine. Human jukebox. Yeah, that's what I thought. That that I thought there was a, uh, there was some familiarity with that. Yeah, name. guard tackle. Yeah. yeah. And at twenty, he was my twentieth offensive tackle. So I mean, he's pretty far down there, but it's probably about where he needed to be. Nick Musa is it Musa or Musa? I would guess that's Muse. M U S E. Yeah, not a big fan of. Yeah, not, oh, the, I, not a fan of the band. Not a big fan of prog rock. Well, no, I, I wrote it down as M U S A. I mistyped it on my. Put on band, Knights so. of Sedonia on your drive home. Nick tonight. Muse, tight end, South Carolina, and then Tariq Carpenter, Georgia Tech safety, goes to the Packers at two twenty eight. And I think he was just announced as a – oh, he was – I think they announced him as a linebacker, though. Oh, really? Like, it says safety up there, but I yeah. think it's an, I think he was announced as a linebacker. Oh. He's a strong safety if he's a safety. He's a box guy. Yeah. Little Jamer and Curse action sometimes. Maybe a Keanu Neal action. Ooh, I don't even so. know that – yeah, I don't even know that Car- – Carpenter, I was I was vaguely aware of him last year because there was talk that he might come out. And so I'd seen a little bit of him, talked to some people about him, but no, I, I wouldn't even say – I don't, don't even think he covers tight ends like Curse. He's he's yeah. pretty much just against the run. Gotcha. Carpenter off the board. I'm looking for who's coming up next. So the NFL draft continuing on. I'm not even in the right spot. I write these. I, I I've done this with Brian every year. I, I we print them out. It just it helps me stay organized to like write it down and keep track of everything. Mm-hmm. But. In the seventh round, knowing that the Cowboys don't have another pick, like my motivation is at an all-time low. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna watch I'm just, it on my computer. I'm I don't just think I need to write the rest of these down. No, you're fine. Man, you've made it this far. Seahawks, see, Commanders, see, Bills. See now, right yeah, there. yeah. Because are you on, a quitter? Are you a quitter? Come on, quitter. I mean, you know what? You know what's really sad. And this, and this, real the movie quickly. Pay it forward. No. Oh. I I was moving, and I have draft notes from 1992. That I picked out. There's certain notes I pulled, and others I just threw away. I was carrying around 
since 1992, I had these huge draft books that I carried around. I'm, I'm like, I can't carry these anymore. Was that the Terrell Buckley draft? Yeah. Did you have his report? Yeah. Oh, okay. You kept that one? Yeah. Well, no, no, I didn't keep that report. My gosh. He's coaching in the USFL. What's he? What, what the league is he coaching? He's a head he? coach. XFL. Know. He's like the XFL head coach now. Oh, wow. So anyway, but yeah, I, you, you, all these sheets, Dave, for since 1992, I had them all. Dude. And I just I, I, I said enough. I'm kind of a pack rat. Bo Melton. I've got a Rutgers. lot of that stuff. Yep. I, I kind of want to talk about Bo Mel- Melton a little bit here. I don't have a report on Bo Melton, but if you do, go ahead for it. Uh, I've got a little bit on him. 5'11", 190 pounds. Goes to the Seahawks here at 229. Third in program history in games played. And he led the, the team three consecutive years in receptions and was 10th player ever in their uh in their program to hit over 2,000 receiving yards. He was a 4-3-4 guy at the 40. So, I mean, you go back to burner, slot guy. I mean, he's probably going to be in the slot more so than not. But, I mean, just an absolute speedster. And he showed up at the the combine. He had, like, a big old chain and sunglasses on indoors. He has that swag to him, too. Back here on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. couple picks to keep you up to date. 228, the Packers take Tariq Carpenter, safety slash linebacker out of Georgia Tech. Bo Melton, wide receiver of Rutgers. We've gotten a lot of questions about him potentially going to the Seahawks at 229 as a late wide receiver. We are at 230. The Washington Commanders are on the clock, and we're back here with Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman. I'm Kyle Yeomans, and, and Dave, you had a, a fantastic conversation going about one by one, going all the way through these draft picks and where yes, we should see the Dallas Cowboys draft picks as uh, expectations in year one. We finished the Jalen Tolbert conversation, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin. Where? What do you see his role being? Tight end two? Com- competing with McEwen? No love for Jeremy Sprinkle. No. Yeah, that's fair. No, I think whoever, lo- I think whoever yeah. loses out on tight end two is playing the role of Jeremy Sprinkle next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't like Brian. What do you think? I mean, if he's as good as they think he is, then I think he should be tight end two. But or is the fu- Do they think the future is let's just roll a year with Schultz, and the future is McEwen and Ferguson? I don't know enough about McCune to know the answer to that. I know, I know they, they like they, him. They, they like him a lot. Like him a lot. And yeah. he's shown some things. He caught yeah. a touchdown. I think if they had to move on, and again, this is just me, I think that they moved on, they would move on from, from Sprinkle is yeah. what I would do. I don't, I don't think, I wouldn't let Jeremy Sprinkle get in the way of me, you know, because like I could say, I mean, they, they, it, the tight ends I believe are going to be Dalton Schultz. McEwen and Ferguson. I think those are going to be the three tight ends. I've talked about this on other shows for DallasCowboys.com. I don't think I've talked about it with you, fine gentlemen. What is your current read on whether Dalton Schultz gets a long-term deal here? No. I don't think it happens. No, I don't either. We we talk about it on the radio uh, quite a bit, and and no, it doesn't appear that's the direction. They haven't bothered negotiating an extension. I mean, that... It's the Cowboys. They love to wait until about two days before the deadline anyway. Sure. But, but dead silence, that's yeah. not always the case. No, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. And I just bring that up to say, I don't, I don't really care how good Jake Ferguson is right now, but he needs to be ready to be a player next year if that's the case. Uh, Matt Walletsko. 
They just told you he was basically their swing tackle, didn't they? <laughs> they did say that, and I feel like that's the future expectation. But year one, I feel like that would be steep. Who is the sw- who's the swing tackle? I mean, and Josh Ball and this guy. Jerry's basically said they did Who do they have graded higher? Waletsko was a fourth. I think they had a fourth on Ball. So who they ha- they may think higher of Waletsko as a prospect than they did Ball. From a projection standpoint, I could see that being absolutely the, the case. To Brian's point... Josh Ball got out on the practice field last spring and didn't look like he was ready to play in the NFL. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Which and and Joe Philbin told us today he's been in the he's Here's been in the line. See, that's that, that's my, that's my look that, like kill this poor guy. That's my that's my hope. <laughs> no, that's not that's what I'm trying to do. Accountant right there. That's not what I'm trying. No, to do. I was just saying watch him kill that poor guy oh, up there on oh, the screen. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> he destroyed that I defensive back. I didn't have my face on the TV. Yeah, we were talking about the future accountant up there. I just, I kind of feel like though that me, to me, if this guy, if he's the next one, okay, if they can, Ball is the guy that should be in the pipeline next, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and if Ball busts and they have to go to this guy and he's not right, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the progression here. I'm looking at the, to me, it's a competition between Ball and this guy. As it should be. As, as what I, as what I see. Now, Ball should have the advantage. Right. Because he's been in, he's been here the whole time. He's been in the weight program. He knows everybody in the building. He knows where to go get something to eat. You know, he knows where his locker room is and all that. This is, this is where, you know, this kid's got traits and he look, you know, he's got, and he's got, he looks like he's a bigger guy than what Ball was. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just strong. We'll see. Bobby's got me some, some tape coming here. But that, that's where, that's where I'm, you know, they, they said the, the guy who should be the swing tackle should be Ball because he's been here the longest. They need, by a year. They need Ball to be ready to do that. And if he is, if he's ready to be their swing tackle, then well, let's go. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, man. Well, I then you no redshirt this kid yeah, for I, a year. I have no expectations. You redshirt this I'm okay kid. with that. Yeah. Uh, but if Ball is not ready, then that puts a lot of pressure on this guy. And see, I there th- you go. There was a pick that they used with Ball. A premium was a fourth round pick then yep. last year. Yep. Then we start talking about. Wait a minute now. So can we give this a tidy answer? What do you expect from Matt Willetsko? Uh, yeah, I guess y'all just. I'm my expectation say- is he is the swing tackle over Ball. Especially just hearing the way they're excited about him. My expectation is that he makes the team and competes for the job. Uh, well, I mean, you don't have a, a you. Okay, so you think it's competition, but no obvious leader yet. Yes. I, I mean, how can you I? Just, you, okay, but you, just, you would, would expect him Bobby to makes a good yeah. point. Bobby yeah. really makes a good point that they they really talk about this guy. I mean, they're it, more excited about him than they were about Josh. Paul I agree. Around earlier, last I agree. Year. I agree. I agree. I th- yeah, okay. I mean, he's. I think he makes the team regardless. Ob- I mean, yeah, obviously. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Deron Bland, cornerback, Fresno State. This okay. is where I feel like he's okay, now how many, okay, picks. Yeah, okay, how many of these cornerbacks now? I mean, really, we haven't seen, you know, we need to see what's going to happen with, uh, with our man, uh, with Kelvin. Joseph, with Kelvin Joseph. Okay, what's going to happen with Nishan Wright? You know, what's going to happen, you know? I mean, they, they've got one more year of, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, I think. Yeah. One more year of Anthony Brown, they they can have Jordan for two more. No, games. I know. I'm saying I think they have. That, just, I think they're just rolling one more year with those that guys. That's what saying. I think as well. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying Jordan they could, could play here for another two years. Sure. I, I just think you're rolling into the final year of those two guys, and then it's Usher. And so at that point, if those two are out, then you've got a core of four young corners potentially: Bland, Wright, Joseph. If Joseph have is we here, named anybody as just Dave. a straight starter other than the first pick? No. No. Maybe okay. Sam Williams, maybe no. But I mean, I mean what? My, but I mean, but where did we? Maybe, wh- no. wh- there was only one spot where we went like 
they need a starter right now, yeah. and that was yeah. guard. And they yeah. went and got it with the oh, first pick. D end was a need, but not like a playing today need, like a you know long term right. need. Um, I just, I mean, they it's, they don't cut fifth round picks often. It's a damn good play there by Bland on that highlight reel. <laughs> they don't cut fifth round picks often, but like I, it's hard for me to envision a role for this guy other than as a special teamer. Yeah, I feel like. I write the inactive so, story every okay. week, and I feel like I'll okay. have his name on the list. Half are, the time. are tackles battling the other tackle to see who's out of here? Right? Is this kid Bland b- battling Nation Wright to see if one of those guys is out of here? They kind of fill a different role to a certain extent. I I honestly look at this similarly, or t- maybe as a Kelvin Joseph protection pick. I mean, is that a possibility too? They're they're similar built corners. They have similar skills. Maybe maybe Kelvin Joseph's way more refined than than Deron Bland to a certain extent. That's why he's a second round pick as opposed to a fifth round pick. But Bland and, and Joseph would fill that special teams role that at least Joseph filled last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think part of that is just about making sure you've got another guy in here. Uh, yeah. But the the resource is obviously totally different. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't expect this guy to play significant snaps on defense right away, which I don't think he I wouldn't will. either. Um, I'm mostly I saying still, from a player standpoint on special teams, not even yeah, just yeah, it, yeah. I think it's a defensively cover yourself type of thing. Um, what else? What, what was I going to say? Oh, about Nashawn Wright. Yeah. I, it. I, and to be, I mean, they did. Reggie, third round pick. Reggie Robinson's career ended in very unspectacular fashion. Kind of couldn't figure out where to play him, could they? But. I would need to see them get rid of a top 100 pick in his second year to believe that they would do it. I mean, he would have to be just completely not useful at all for me to believe that they would do that. They just, so you're saying that Wright and Bland are going to be the future of what this team does with think, corners? I, for Wright, for, for, well, I say the future. Yeah. I would bet on both of them being here yeah. in 2022 at the very least. Mm-hmm. You could just tack this guy on the depth chart. Do you think Joseph is out of the woods yet? No. Okay. The NFL does whatever it wants to. In terms yeah. Well, out of the woods in terms of punishment or out of yeah, the woods punishment. in terms of his roster status? Punishment. And you could ask that question as well. I think he's, I think he's here. Oh no no no! Don't don't get me wrong. I think he's here. I just wonder what the league is going to do about that, if anything. They might not here do until the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Damone Clark, he's going to be redshirted for the first year. Yes. Although, pup pup. Although Steven, physically unable to perform. Steven said he didn't. He wasn't going to rule out him being available at some point. Yeah, but they, how many? That's the first six games, right? For sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, yeah, he said pup at, at a minimum. Yeah. I just think that puts you behind the eight ball. And I mean, a super talented player. We saw, we saw Chauncey Golston last year miss all of training camp and come right in without going to pup and play and play well over the first month of the season. I definitely don't want to rule it out, but I just feel like it puts you behind the eight ball as a rookie. He's not going to have OTAs. He's not going to have camp. They're going to take their time. He even said it. Remember when we asked him, he goes, Hey, I'm to take my time. Taking it day by day. Yeah. And I guess I just mean, so I I lean more toward redshirt in the sense of like, yeah, like maybe they'll ease him in over the second half of the season, but it'll be a very gradual process. And we've seen it before. Well, they'll stash guys on pup as well. Tristan Hill this past year, for instance, they, they didn't need him. For the first six, seven weeks of the season, they put him on pup, and then of course, when they did need him later on, they they ushered him in. Maybe you look at that from a, a linebacker standpoint. You don't need him early on. You can go yeah. get by with the guys that you have, and then let this thing heal up. Continue to be safe 
or more on the safe side, more on the conservative side with the injury. And then, hey, halfway through the season, I'll you have getting, a guy go down. Clark's there to, to step in. I'll be getting tweets every day like, you said six months, and it's been six months. Well, he's yeah. still on pup. What the hell's going on with Damone Clark? Yeah, I can see that with vivid yeah. clarity. I can't wait to hear you complain about that upstairs. Uh, John Ridgeway, Arkansas. D-tackle. All right, here's the competition. Day one Ooh. starter. Yeah. You think? everybody. He's going to break some necks. Break your necks. Okay, we mentioned, you know, his competition will be Bohanna, mm-hmm. Carlo, uh, Carlos Watkins, a little bit there, you yep. think? Sure. And Austin Falou, is that, is Falou, is he more of a three or a, I don't, I'm trying to think. Isn't of he a three? He's yeah, he's, he's more of a three. I thought he was like, big guy. doesn't he weigh like 280 or something? Yeah, he's not a very well, big guy. No. But I'm just thinking about – I was just thinking about defensive tackles, though. So – That's going to be interesting because – Because I could say – I mean, they were, they were talking. Coach was talking. You need two. You know, you need you need two of those guys. I'm, I'm saying rotation period, though, because like we've talked about this whole weekend, like they want edge and whatever. That's the most edge you got. Seriously. Today, yeah. the, or this weekend was that guy. And so it's like, all right, if that, if that's a tone you want to set, make sure he's in for a couple snaps. Let's, let's go ahead and take a break here. We're at the top of the hour. When we come back, we'll continue on. We'll get you updated on what's happening in the seventh round of the NFL draft. We continue to go pick by pick on the Cowboys draft class. When we come back with more 105.3, the fan coverage and DallasCowboys.com coverage of the NFL draft. Hello there, DallasCowboys.com. Do we want to wait again and continue this? I was going to tell. I was like, can't we just cram this last guy in? I was kind of hoping. One, there's only one more so, pick. But I, I got a text from Tim. We got to kind of move Sorry, on. Sorry, Tim. That's okay. We got to get We got to get, get to it. But we'll uh, we'll hit Ridgeway on the back end, and then we'll get Devin Harper when we come back, I guess, on the radio side. Okay. What do we do wrong? We just needed to take a break. Got to take oh. a break at oh. the top of the yeah. hour. Hey, oh, I need to go ask a question, so I'll be right back. Go, go for it, Brian. You got it, Brian. Quitter. Is that a euphemism for going to the bathroom? No, I, I gotta ask <laughs> you a gotta question. Gotta really ask a it's question. actual actual question. I gotta go see a man about a horse, <laughs> a Bama man. Oh, uh, should we update what's happening on like the draft that's happening? Oh, it's a bunch of people that you yeah. never heard of. Uh, uh, Chris Paul, I've heard of. <laughs> no, I know you've heard of Chris Paul. You've heard of Balen Specter from yeah. Clemson. Linebacker goes to the Bills. Uh, Fayon Hicks, the cornerback from Wisconsin, goes to Denver. Uh, Derek Young, Lenore Ryan receiver goes hey. to the Seahawks. Kyle jo- Duggar shout out. Jonathan Ford. Ryan. Jonathan Ford goes to the Packers defensive tackle Miami. That is the first hurricane to go in the draft. Yikes. And then, uh, Daniel Hardy defensive end Montana State to the Rams. Hey, Bobby. Is there any Twitter hey, questions out there? You know who's still waiting to hear their first player get his name called? Mm-mm. North Texas. Mm-mm. University of Texas. Texas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Austin. The big boys. I hope Dion Noble sneaks in the back of the seventh round. I guess if you want to claim Keontae Ingram, you can. No. No. That's not allowed. We're just... Uh, Might have beat LSU in 2019 if he catches that pass. How are your... How, what's your thoughts on uh, Dicker the kicker there, Bobby? How do you feel about Dicker? You, go get a kicker in free agency. You don't need to draft a kicker. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, yeah, Brian, were you saying you want to take Twitter questions? I mean, if, if, I don't know if we got, if people got, I haven't even looked at Twitter all day to be honest with you. I'm still, I'm trying to look here. Who, who can I get to priority free agency? Okay. Uh, Verone McKinley. Me. I'd love that if you could make that happen. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, I kind of, the receiver I keep coming back to because he's 
he was a Dallas Day guy, and he's like really tight with CD. Is Charleston Rambo, Miami, who started at OU and then went to Miami. They were like running mates with that Sooners offense. They were, uh, bit, they right? were, they were literal roommates at OU. And they were roommates. Yeah. Oh my gosh, oh they my were roommates. Gosh, they were roommates. What is that? Uh, just we're sick internet people. It sounded like it. it. At least we didn't know who the yo-yo dudes were or whatever. The Froyo bro, no, cheeky boyos. That's the what I said. Boyos. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I feel like you've seen their stuff at some point I, along the way. No, I really I've, do. I've trained my algorithm to keep trash out on TikTok. It's mm, fair. <laughs> you know uh, who I'd like? Aaron Hansford, linebacker A and M. Okay, good special teamer. He'd be, he'd be good in priority free agency if he doesn't get picked. He's a uh, he's really close with uh, Babe Lothberg. Oh, is he? Yeah, he he and. Uh, he and Luke were buddies at A&M together. Mm. And so uh, Babe actually came down to A&M's Pro Day to just support Aaron. Nick Starkle was there, too, and apparently they were close, right? They posted uh, yeah. a picture together. Nick Starkle was at A&M previously, went to Argyle Liberty Christian around here, and then he went to San Jose State and actually tore it up at San Jose State. Good question, or I guess looking at this, there's only been six quarterbacks taken in this entire draft. Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zappi. Is that it? Am I missing uh, anybody? It sounds about right. Mm. Carson Strong hasn't gone. Nope. That's the Jack injury, Cone. Though, nope. Right? Huh? That's the injury. Got to be one hundred percent. Yeah. It, no, his, his cartilage on bone. <laughs> He's got this thing it's, it's where they're ripping it off. Yeah. Cartilage on bone. <laughs> no, it's separating. <laughs> separating on his bone. Sorry, I'm just sound like a bad thing, doesn't it? I'm trying to pick Sounds my own level up. Here. I'm Carl Loftus. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack Cohn is still there, rightfully so. Hey, Chase Lucas out of Arizona nice. State, by the way, taken by the Lions at two thirty-seven. And I missed two picks. Who did the Rams take? They had back-to-back picks. Okay, so two thirty-five. Was it Rams had. or Chargers? Uh, yeah, Rams. Rams, Chargers. Okay. Was it? Yeah, it was Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers. Rams took Daniel Hardy, defensive end, Montana State. Daniel Hardy. Yep. Oh. Defensive end, Montana State. The okay. all, should I solicit Twitter for questions? Yeah, sure. And then the Chargers took, I don't know, D-E-A-N-E. I don't want to say it's Deanne. I think it's Dean. <laughs> I think it's Dean, but okay. Dean Leonard, cornerback, Mississippi. Cornerback? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Chase Lucas went to the Lions, Arizona State corner. Now you've got the and now the, the Raiders, Raiders on the clock. Have the Raiders picked a four-two receiver yet? Um, I don't know. I They're can, about I can to tell you. Let's see who the Ram or the Raiders have picked so far. I'm gonna go all the way down my board. Uh, no, they've only picked Lyman to this point. Dylan Parham, Neil Farrell Jr., and Matthew Butler. So yeah, this could be their receiver. Well, it's who's gotta, the fastest receiver? That's what I'm saying. It's right got to be like the fastest well, possible let's, receiver. Let's not. Oh well, I, I forgot they have. Who do they have? Anybody besides Adams? Like, is Adams their entire receiver core? Not counting Waller, even though that's all you need. Receiver. Ask I mean, Green Bay. Didn't did they trade Renfro? No, they they, oh, they, they have Renfro. They still right. have Renfro. Yeah, Renfro. Kevin Austin, Notre Dame, isn't he on the board? He's a four four three, or he's a four four three guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Edwards, ooh, a draft crush of years past. Brian South Edwards. Carolina, oh, yeah. he was. Yeah, was that two years ago now? Yeah, it was Adams. Yeah, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, Demarcus Robinson, Mac Hollins, original Pet Cats. Yeah. He had an okay second season. He hasn't been great. Yeah. He made a little bit of an impact there. He's been all right. 
Back here on the NFL Draft coverage on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. We are working our way through the seventh round of this NFL Draft. Let's recap the last five selections for you here, starting with the Packers at 234. Jonathan Ford, D-tackle out of Miami, taken by Green Bay. The Rams go 235 with Daniel Handy, edge rusher out of Montana State. Dean Leonard, corner from Ole Miss, goes to the Chargers at 236. The Lions, 237, take Chase Lucas, corner from Arizona. And then the Raiders with some offensive line help. The guard there, Mumford, out of Ohio State, taken at 238. I actually have a report on him, believe let's, it or not. Let's talk about it. Why not? Second team All-American last year. Somebody up the middle. You, I think I want to say him. Uh, and he was one of the early draft show names, right? He was very early. Yeah. He's six, six. He's 328 pounds. He played left tackle in the Utah game, which was the Rose Bowl. And then he played left guard in the Minnesota game. There were some snaps where I thought he was going to be totally out of position and somehow he managed to get back into balance. He plays over the tops of his feet. He'll recover to make the blocks. I wouldn't say he has great technique, but I wouldn't say that he's beaten all that often. Uh, the guy tends to catch blocks. He will try and muscle his man out of the way. The guy has some upper body power, but because of that, that's, that's his technique. That's what it helps him. He gets close to his man and moves his feet as fast as he can in order to get that movement. I, I will say he's, uh, I was pretty impressed with the way he's able to keep his man off the quarterback. Or away from the ball care. I believe he gets away with it due to his initial quickness off the snap for a guy that big. So I believe he's going to be a good player, but uh, it's always not going to be very pretty with him with how he blocks. Would y'all like to take some questions? Sure. Yeah. Getting a lot about Justin Ross, which is understandable. He's a high profile guy. He's, I mean, that, whether it's the injury or the lack of mobility after the injury, he's certainly slipping. And I would guess that's why, right, Bobby? Yeah, injury. I mean, he he runs a three cone in the same time Brian probably would. Um, it's not good, Bobby. No, it's not not, not good at all, that. Brian. Um, no, just it's stiff player injury concerns. Uh, I mean, I think that's mainly what you're looking at there. I like this one from Jake. Put put us all on. Put you on the spot a little bit. I don't. I don't know if I know the answer to this. A loyal draft show listener. Uh, Tyler Smith and Sam Williams is the hall. How would you feel about that compared to Jermaine Johnson and Bernard Raymond if they had gone that route instead? Because they could have had either one of them. I right? would. I'd. I'd rather have what they got. Myself. Raymond was. What was the second one? I'm when, sorry. When was Raymond picked? Was he available? Raymond went yes. in like the third yeah. sometime. Yeah. So so the question was, Brian, would you rather have Jermaine Johnson and Raymond or would you rather have uh what the Cowboys got? Tyler Smith and Sam Williams. My, Raymond my, went at yeah. seventy seven in yeah, the third. So by he the way. would have been almost available at the third pick. Because I had I had the the end both the players they drafted, the Cowboys I had in the third, and then the other two players I had second and third. So Brian so it's a would take bit better. So yeah, I mean, which you were kind of down on Jermaine Johnson, but you still had a. Better I had a second round grade on yeah, him, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I I think that to me, to me that would have been probably the 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 better way to go for me. But I didn't have. But I had a third round grade on on Smith, and I had a third round grade on Williams. So going into the draft, I would have taken Jermaine Johnson and Bernard Ryman. That that would have been my what my ranking said. Yeah. The more I learned about 
Tyler Smith since his selection and the information that kind of goes along with it, I want to say I would rather take Tyler Smith there. I still have I I still have Jermaine Johnson as a higher grade than Sam Williams. I mean, he's a first round player, not a first round grade, maybe a one two in my book. However, I I don't think I would have taken that scenario over what the Cowboys have and what they ended up with. Now that I know the 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 full picture of the thought process behind the Tyler Smith pick at, at 24. See, that's I mean cuz I I mean literally like Johnson was my 25th best player on my board. Yeah. Raymond was 32nd on my I think board. I'm right around so that's, with you. I mean that's better value. Yeah. I mean just if you're looking at my board that you know it's Would funny. you have moved Tyler Smith up your board though now knowing what you know now? Cause no, I, I, I thought, though, I thought, no, I, I, I mean, I, I did not kill the kid. I said he just doesn't have great technique. Sure. That's, I mean, I was trying to compare some other and, you know, I mean, I, I think everybody, the, the holding pillars and stuff like that. I mean, you can clearly see that stuff. It's going to take some work. I mean, I love the, I love the way the kid came in. I love his attitude. I never had a chance to visit with him. Yeah. You know, if you have that opportunity before, you're like, Hey man, this guy's got a good personality. I really, but if you just watch the tape, you know, but they have all that other advantages over us right yeah. now. They get to visit with the kid. They get to put him on the board. They get to have that interaction with him. You know? Yeah, sure. But I mean, if you just said, look at the tape, where would you go? I think if you polled NFL teams and asked them which scenario they wanted, I think most NFL teams would have had the Tyler Smith, Sam Williams draft that they'd rather have. I think I think that's across the league. I think, I think teams had more questions about Sam Williams than they did Tyler Smith. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And the funny I'm not even worried about Sam Williams. Like it's the Tyler it's the Tyler Smith thing for me, which I bet Jermaine I don't know. I wonder if Jermaine Johnson is gonna hit the ground running. Um my guess is that Jermaine Johnson will be a better player right away, but the more I've learned about Tyler Smith, I'm I'm awfully intrigued by his upside. You don't like you think tape is what it is. Everything else it, it gives you it gives you hope. It gives you like man, this guy this kid will do it. This kid's got that ability. He's again, it's not he doesn't have terminal traits. He really doesn't. I mean, he's going to you know, Joe Philbin even says it. He's like, "Hey, Zach Martin's not perfect." Tyron Smith's not perfect. Joe Philbin's not perfect. You know what this? You know, I you mean, know what this reminds me of to a degree. It, like, remember, remember when they drafted Nashawn Wright last year? I do. Everybody freaked out because nobody had good grades on him. Like, it was seen as a massive reach, and still could be. By the way, like, yep. I mean, we don't know that we haven't been proven wrong. No, on that we one have yet. not been proven wrong at all. But then you go watch it, everybody, and you're like, okay, I, I see what you're thinking here, and. Like, it still wasn't encouraging, though. No, but my main point is, like, the the mindset of the league kind of – it can't help but inform your opinion. Like, yeah. you go into the draft thinking, like, well, Jermaine Johnson is this top 15 guy, and then he slides all the way down to the end of the first round, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, was he as good as I thought that he was? And yeah. then, then Tyler Smith goes into the back of the first round, and on top of that you're hearing from – Two, three, four other teams like, oh, yeah. No, Tennessee tried to get wanted. the pick. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So and and that, sudden, that's my hope that. Like, four other teams are like, ooh, yeah. Dallas did something smart yeah. there. Then you're like, okay, well, maybe yeah. they're. They not might be totally stupid. When we go back and look at this, when I, you know, at another day, at two years from now, when you evaluate your board and you're say, because I always look on my board at the end of it like, okay, I'm going to have six or seven names of guys on that board. That are not going to get drafted. Yeah. And now I've got to figure out why. 
And I've got to figure out, okay, why did you put them in position to be drafted? You know, and I, I think with the Cowboys, they, hey, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with what they're doing. They're plan, they have a plan. I mean, that's, I mean, to me, you know, I would, what would drive me nuts if I did this for a living and I'm watching New England draft, you know, and I'm going, God, no, what, did I miss the guy that much? Are they missing this guy? You know, I mean, with the Cowboys, it's, I'm, I'm liking the same range, but hell, I had the, I had the LSU lineman. They're talking about the LSU linebacker in the third round. Yeah. I'm the second round. You know, I thought he was a better player, and it, maybe it's because it's LSU, but. Uh, our buddy Koufax just wants everybody's favorite pick. Tolbert in the third round is. That's I, I really I, love that pick. I think I'm there. I with wanted you. Tolbert in the second. It was so. either him or Ridgeway in the fifth. Those two guys I really like at, at the value that they Say got again, on. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Favorite pick. favorite pick. Any of them. Favorite pick. Yeah. All right, hang on. I, I I tell you what, I like what they did with the defensive tackle. Yeah. I like the Arkansas kid. Yeah, I really do. I mean, because like I said, I kind of felt like the other ones they kind of got, you know, they kind of got them where they were. But Ridgeway on my board, like I said, I okay, just my board. Four of their picks: Tolbert, Smith, Williams, Ridgeway, all in the third round for me. And that, that's that's nice. that's all. I mean, but like I say, we'll see what happens with. With 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 Smith and all that, but the other ones, man, we'll, you know, yeah. I'm I'm just comfortable with where those guys were. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation as the NFL draft continues on. We are in the middle of the seventh round, two forty one on the clock with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about more of the NFL draft on one zero five three The Fan and DallasCowboys dot com next. Finally have a uh, finally have another quarterback off the board, Chris cool. Oladokun. Not, not Carson Strong. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he's, they're both to the the Steelers, by the way. That's the Jackrabbits, eh? Yeah, South Dakota South State. South Dakota State. My word, those Oladokun. medical reports on. Strong must just be brutal. Well, well, you see, the problem is he's having his cartilage. What's, 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 what's the issue? What's the issue? What's the issue again, Brian? Dave's right. <laughs> this guy is cartilage separate from his bones. How do you draft that guy? I don't know. I have him on my board though. Seriously, I mean, I, I you know, I. That's tough. I mean, seriously, that is tough. Have the you, tape, the tapes, the tapes. They like. I mean, I really like the quarterback. The tape, I like off the tape alone. I thought his tape. He's a second round quarterback. I had him in the fourth. I really. I had him in the fourth, and I'm sitting there going, but he played without the brace in the Senior Bowl. He worked out and played without it and stuff. So you're kind of thinking, well, maybe there's something that no, but he's got some. He's got some (laughs) condition I can't even pronounce. But what it equals is (laughs) cartilage off the bone. That's not good. That's not good. Uh, I was in the draft room and said, oh look, there's here we go. We got pictures. Look at this. This guy can throw it, man. Gosh, he Seriously, does. he can sling it. He's running all right there. So <laughs> Maybe the this, cartilage is back on the bone. This is look, just, I mean, he, he will, no, he, he will looks, fit it in some tight spots. He's got, look at this. Oh, look at this. Seriously, this guy, I'm, he's I'm, good. I'm telling you, this he guy does. right here. He's got here, some talent. He's got that like, huge so knee brace on his right knee. Is the issue, like, this is just, it's like not correctable. This is just a thing. It, it's happened. They've tried to correct it and it, it keeps Ron, coming back. Ron Leary type of thing. Yeah, I mean, but. He, he's trying seriously. 
He's going to get to go where maybe someone will sign him just so he can go where he can go. I'd yeah, sign him goes, here. If he goes undrafted, of course he'll sign. I right. mean, you'd have to. The talent alone, he's – yeah, you have to. Talk about your lottery ticket. Yeah. Dane always saying that about the quarterback. Yeah. The uh, way he throws his ball, the ball, I'd give him my leg if he threw it like that for me. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, here, take my leg if it helps us win games, you know? You would. You really would. Um, <laughs> and with your leg, he'd he, run a better three cone than Justin Ross. He, oh, he, wow. he, he, you know what? Bah, bah, bah. The thing about the, the thing about this guy though is like he is, he's like an old school looking, like it's like watching like Drew Bledsoe throw, I mean, that big tall stand in the pocket guy. Oh, no wonder you love him. <laughs> What? I'm just you telling thought, like the bigger I said that and in the, my notes. The guy. I said that in my notes. You didn't listen? I read you the yeah, report. Did. I did read it. I, I read I told to you this guy is like this guy is like a, a throwbacks quarterback. I, I know I say that a lot. I'm sorry I do. How's Carson uh, here, how's here, Paxton Lynch doing? He's not doing very well. <laughs> you know what? How about how's this? How about though? this though? How about this though? He's playing in the USFL, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Does he have cartilage on the bone? He probably does. <laughs> but how about this though? This is what you didn't know about about Paxton Lynch. Denver people. Last in, didn't, first out. Didn't like football. He didn't like football. Yeah. <laughs> you, and, you, you owned the Denver beat on that. that I did. Was one of the best things ever. There's some Dallas Web guy now about yeah, Paxton that's Lynch. What, that's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Curse. I yell at him all the time at the combine. You, <laughs> you should suck, see Chris. me. Yeah. <laughs> nice stand up, you hack. That really happened. <laughs> I yell at him all the time. Hellman's like, dude, Rob Phillips is the best. Rob's like, Brian. I'm like, Rob, it's okay. Watch. Hey, you bum. When are you going to cover this team? We set up, we set up next to the, next to the Jets one year. There are people kept like showing, there are people would show up. Oh, I'm going to get them in trouble. There are people would show up at weird times. Like they would come later in the morning. It was a long time or ago. Or do this or do that. And of course, Brian. And gets to the convention center at like 7 a.m. and stays until they kick him out. And he's like yelling about how not dedicated they are. I'm like, Brian, the Jets are right there. Screaming. Hey, by out. the way, the Chiefs just took a guy I had on my board, Jalen Watson, yeah. uh, Washington State uh, cornerback. Do you have a report on him? Or is it just on your board? Are you kidding me? I have a report go, on this Brian. Guy. In the seventh who round, Dane. Who, who needs got Dane? this? Who needs Dane? Kidding, we love we need Dane. I I love Dane. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need Dane. I ain't going there with y'all. Yeah. By the way, uh, Kalen Barnes, corner from Baylor, goes to his old head coach at Matt Rule in Carolina. The pick prior to Jalen Watson. But tell me more about Jalen Watson from Washington State. Okay, hang on just a second. I'm writing that Jalen Watson name right there. Okay, uh, Jalen Watson. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Sorry about this, folks. One year I'll get better at this. I swear I will. I'll learn how to post let's, my book. Let's do Dane's uh, report on it while we've okay. got an opportunity. Let's yeah, go ahead and play it. Jalen Watson, cornerback, Washington State, six foot two, 197 pounds. Watson has only played 15 games at the FBS level, and it shows at times with his missteps. But his raw traits and instincts are enticing starter traits. He will be appealing to NFL teams that value big press corners. There you go. There you go, Dane. Played both quarter spots for the Cougs, long, rangy. Majority of his snaps, he's playing an off coverage. Ten seconds to stay here on that? So maybe we'll come back with yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, we can yeah, go yeah. back to it. Okay. RG3 apparently ran a 4-3-8. Who, who, did, who did Carolina take? Kalen Barnes.
Running through the last four picks for you as we are closing out the seventh round of the NFL draft at 240. The Washington Commanders selected corner Christian Holmes out of Oklahoma State. Steelers go with another quarterback. They took Kenny Pickett in the first round. They take Chris Oladukin from South Dakota State, the quarterback. Uh, then Kalen Barnes, corner from Baylor, rejoins his former college head coach, Matt Rule, out in Carolina at 242. And then Jalen Watson at 243 goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Brian, you really like that pick this late. I did, man. The Chiefs, they continue to do awesome things. Uh, Jalen Watson's an interesting guy. I think he, you know, when he plays, you watch him play, he's got both corners. He played both spots. He's long rangey. The majority of the snaps he's playing off coverage, and you'll see him bail when he turns inside. He'll adjust to what he sees. He's a, he has solid play strength for the position, the physicality, the reach. I mean, he does a great job of playing press. You, you know, you could you could see in the Senior Bowl drills how he was able to stay with his man. There's some stickiness to his game. He's got a little bit of a long stride, you know, to when he has to open and then run. And, but he stay on top of those, uh, those patterns that go down the field. He finds the football. He looks like a wide receiver with his timing and his high point ability and all that. So I see him like in run support. He'd go run up there, slam himself into the block or ball cares. I would say there's a little bit of a liability as a tackle, but I'd say there's because of the wild technique, but I really do like the way this guy competes. So we've got about five minutes left. We've got a hard out here at 524.18 for those of you in this room. That was just for you to look at. But wrapping up on the radio side, of course, we will continue our coverage on DallasCowboys.com until the final pick has been made. And we've got about, uh, what is that, 20, just under 20 picks remaining. Uh, 18 to be exact. Christian Matthew, cornerback from Vodasta State. Oh, right? here's another guy. Uh, going at Patriots. 244. Which one? Christian Matthew? Yeah. No. What, tell me about Christian Matthew. I don't know a thing. Come, okay, like, there you go. Kyle, <laughs> how are you still following? It's Vodasta State. On the way. State, I associate with like buzzer beaters in March Madness. I don't know any, I didn't even know they had a football team. I'm more trusting than you guys give me, or like, I'm, who did I'm Arizona so take, by the way, real quick? Christian Matthew from Valdosta State. I did, I did think we had gotten Dane here because I typed in Christian Matthew and it was not showing up in his guide, but it's because he hasn't been there as Chris Matthew. Oh. But, but, it, but he's got him deep in his corner rankings. It, it's near the end. Andrew Stuber from Michigan taken by the Patriots at got, pick number 245. Got a report about him. I do too as well. You go, go ahead. First. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, so senior bowl standout and, and one of the guys that actually I had as, um, the top, he was my second best interior offensive lineman still available behind Donovan West of Arizona State. Second team All-American. He was a third team Big Ten. He stood out as a, a competitor. He went up against some of those big, meaty defensive tackles. Andrew yeah. Stuber was the only guy at the Senior Bowl, and I will say this all the way through, the only guy that provided Perrion Winfrey any kind of uh any kind of challenge. Resistance. Yes, any kind of resistance. He stood right up to Perry on Winfrey, who was dominating absolutely everybody, and he was the only one that had some success. Started all 20 games over the last two years. Athletic. He's able to get to the second level. Actually, I'm looking at the wrong thing, but he's big. Six foot six, mm-hmm. 325 pounds. Actually doesn't move very well is the way that I actually have it written yeah. down here. I'm, I was looking at the cons, not the pros, but he doesn't move very well. 
that's one of the biggest knocks against him. But in terms of a guard, somebody that they can move inside, I think he's somebody that you could look at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's interesting because he was a starter at right tackle, and he, you could see yeah. him play some guard as well. I mean, and he does they do a really weird way of pulling. They kind of go along the line of scrimmage flat, and then you know it's not like they open up and pull. They kind of they kind of like do a dance step to get their guys outside. But yeah, I mean, he did pretty good job of I thought of you know getting on the pulls and stuff like that. He's, his punch, I think, is pretty good. I think he can kind of shock his guy. The body control and pass protection to kind of work himself in position. I, you know, I didn't see the guy get fooled at all. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you see twist stunts and things happen. These linemen, this guy understood this man. And you know, when he when he he could drive his lower body to create some surge and get defenders moving. Uh, you know, I I think that the, you know one of these guys that you look at, he's got some flexibility. He could play the guard. He could play the tackle. I think you're right. I think they also he, they say he took some snaps at center at the senior bowl. Yeah, so, you know, trying to do a little bit of everything uh, as you go there. Another offensive lineman that the Cowboys did look at uh, as a potential maybe preferred undrafted free agent, Dawson Deaton, goes off the board at 246. Stings. Just a little bit. That's just a Chris Hall pen throw. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a guy that you try to get in here after the draft for sure if he doesn't Did go. he go to Cleveland? Yes. Okay, I got some about him, too, if you want. I don't the... have enough time on the okay. radio okay. side. Okay. I would like to get to it at some point. Well, the Skyler, closest thing out. Skyler Skyler goodbye. Thompson at 247 with the Miami side. But yeah, that's going to do it for us on the radio side of things. Man, this has been so much fun. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Everybody that, that's listening... On the fan, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for giving us an opportunity. Gavin Spittle, Tim Collins, everybody with the fan that's been working the boards back at the studio across town. You guys are absolutely awesome, um, and, and it is a pleasure. I'm glad we got to do night one with you guys. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun. It Super really was. fun, and, and we were able to really do it the right way this year. Look forward to doing it again next year with you guys. How about that? Can't Sounds good. Wait, man. Any, any final thoughts for you? We do have a minute to kill. I got a little early. You want to talk about? No, Dawson I'll Deaton? close this out. No, but no. I do. I want to say we have a great partnership with 105.3 The Fan and then also with the Dallas Cowboys. I appreciate with Derek Eagleton and sure. him and Gavin have a great relationship. We, I mean, everything that we can do together, it, it makes it a lot more fun. You guys are such pros to do this with. And I know our radio listeners are, are, are learning that about you guys. So I really do appreciate your effort as well. No doubt about it. We love doing it. And by the way, we aren't done yet. So if you are listening on the radio, you can still catch us online at DallasCowboys.com because we will continue our coverage. We've still got about 12 more picks left on the board. Once again, Dawson Deaton followed by Skylar Thompson. The most recent picks, but that does it for us, for David Hellman, for the great Brian Broaddus, for Bobby Belt, Chris Beam, everybody at the 105.3 The Fan Studios. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for the NFL draft coverage here in 2022 on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks, Peyton. Peyton doing a great job back in the studios as we are still live. I hit that right on the Peyton. dot, by the way, just so I know. Good man. Boom. So now we get to, to finish this thing out a little bit the right way, Brian. I'm sorry I didn't get to go no, to Dawson no. Deaton. Yeah, Dawson Deaton. Again, I can see why the Cowboys had this guy in. Oh, LSU, Dave, Anthony, uh, Andre Eaton. Anthony. I didn't even realize Andre Anthony was eligible in this yeah. draft. Oh, good for him. But uh, Dawson Deaton, six six three zero six. He's a Texas Tech. He's a center. He looks really tall and thin on tape. He doesn't have much in the form of bulk or anything that to his game. He's super athletic though in the way he moves around. Excellent position, you know, position blocker. He manages to work his body in a way to keep him the, the defender between him and the ball. He has a knack for working his feet in order to tie up the defender. Can reach wide techniques. 
mistakes in the running game. He ain't going to drive them off the ball. Best he plays for is the stalemate. He's generally going to make that happen. Uh, you see him off balance some at times when the defenders grab him, but you know more chances he has uncovered, the better chances he has for some se- success. He's not going to make a living with a man playing on his nose all day, but he's a super athletic guy. I know that y'all would read reports until your face is turned blue, and I love that about you. But can we maybe brainstorm some guys that might sign here and under? Sure, for you, absolutely. Go ahead. Do we have a lead on anybody yet, Bobby? I don't know if you've I'm got I'm texting any. people. They're all they're, – generally, it's hard to get a beat until, like, the draft ends completely because they're literally fielding calls from everywhere going, like, hey, if you don't go. And, yeah. like, and so it's hard to get a beat on it. But I think just names that make sense to tie to them would be some of the names we've talked about. Verone McKinley. Um, Charleston Rambo. Do you have a Dallas? Do you have a Dallas Day list? That would. Yeah. I mean, if you got that, that that's huge. Give I think a couple least. seconds. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, Rashad Walker. I could read a report there, Dave. Abram Smith. <laughs> Abram Smith still this hasn't is making been me happy. We got these guys. I can actually read reports. Like on. Brian is on cloud nine because he wasn't convinced he would still have reports this late in the day. Donovan yeah. West. It's another one. Donovan West. Yeah, Arizona that's one State. We talked about him. Uh, I think. What was our, what was our Florida running back that they brought in? Uh, uh Davis? Malik Davis. Malik yeah. Davis. He was the starter over Damian Pierce, but didn't have as many carries as Damian Pierce. How about Pierce? our guy Taylor Stewart from the corner from USC? Are we on on that one? You are. Uh, oh, I, I, right. I don't, I don't know that. Oh, that's right. Be... Bobby hates that guy. I forgot. I no. mean, you dislike, you dislike. <laughs> no, I, I like him. You. <laughs> no, you don't. You yeah, said you I hated him. him. I liked him, and then you liked him at first, and then, you remember Dave, we were both positive about him. You remember? And then two days later, Brian went, yeah, I, I talked to some people. I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did, did I talk to somebody? Yeah. And you were just, I pulled a Mike Zimmer on No, you. you were just like, you were just like, I told, you said, yeah, I talked to some people. Christopher <laughs> Allen would be a good player here too. Greg uh, Eisworth. Smoke from, Monday, just cause people want that name. Yeah, that'd be great. He hasn't been picked yet. Eisworth from Iowa State was a Dallas Day guy. Grew up in Grand Prairie. Um, Interesting GP. to think about. Yes. Kyle, SGP. did your guy, um, yeah, no, he didn't. Dontario Drummond's still hanging around. I would you love like him, that. Don't you? I do. I would love that. As Ole Miss wide receiver, somebody that you could maybe put in the, the back half of that depth chart. They, they talked with him at the combine. They had some interest in him early on. I don't know if they were ever really going to draft him though. So this could be the perfect spot to go and do it. Reggie Roberson didn't get drafted, did he? No. Not yet. Not yet. I would pay attention to the draft, Bob. I mean, I would have. <laughs> Trey Sterling from look. Oklahoma that was State. The look I give you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all those LSU comments you've been making. All I know. Widermeyer. Widermeyer does need to be watched as a PFA. Yeah. Yeah, right there with you. I needed him drafted, Bobby. I don't need you to tell we're me you're a PFA. Awfully, we're getting awfully close to the oh. end, and still, um, Cade York's the only kicker, right? So I mean, you could yeah. have your choice of anyone else. Kickers you want? Um, there's. Who is that footage? Louis, uh, what about that uh, Wake Forest edge oh, rusher? Oh, Sterling from Oklahoma State. Use the However visit, you say right? it. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one. So, I mean, it, Luigi Villain. It's kind yep. of the same thing we do during the draft. We're just trying to read tea leaves on guys that we know that they've talked a lot to. Kennedy Brooks running back from Oklahoma. Marquise Bell. I so, would love Kennedy Brooks, And then by the, way. the other thing I would say to keep in mind when you're trying to figure this out is once a guy goes undrafted, he's going to sign yeah. in the most advantageous situation. So, for example... If I'm a running back, is this where I want to be? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Now, running backs have made the back end of this roster a lot, and we're looking at footage of Kennedy Brooks here, Mansfield product, went to Oklahoma, had some injury issues along the way, sat out in all of 2020 because of the COVID-19 opt-out. He could be a guy that they've had contact with 
that they would go out and look at as, hey, he's the back half of the depth chart. You're going to be on the practice squad. Is the kid, You'll be here. Is the kid, is it, same as name is right, E-C? E-S-E from TCU? Ezzy? Ezzy? 6'7", 321? I mean, I had it. You're talking about the Oklahoma. He's a tackle. Yeah, do they they go for that? Goes. I was about to bring. I was just thinking of a local kid here. He wasn't a Dallas Day guy, but he was. He's he's one of the last. He's one of the last guys on my draft board. Is what I was. Offensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah. You remember a few years ago when we were stunned that Colombo convinced Mitch Hyatt and Brandon Knight to come here? Well, I just. I, like, if I was an offensive lineman, I would not want to come to this team. Sure. With the, like, the capital that they've spent on the offensive line in the last two years. And how quickly they'll spend more capital on it along the way as well. Uh, one of the, I don't know, do they want to do the lotto ticket at quarterback? EJ Perry yes. from Brown is still there. There's a lot of people who liked him. Yeah. Um, very athletic. I guess that that, that, well. that uh, Nebraska. I would go. I would go after that Arizona. Maybe something's wrong with that Arizona. Here's EJ Brown, right? Yeah, Britton Brown. No, that's not EJ Brown. <laughs> no, I'm or, just saying. I'm just saying the name Britton. No, EJ no, Perry from Brown. Oh, oh I thought yeah, we, yeah. we were talking about the pick oh. that just went. Oh yeah, no, there is a Brown <laughs> that Beam just went. Is, wow, that's interesting. Beam is unloading it right now on the thing. He's just showing you every well, highlight. He spent he's all this time cutting the B roll, so of course he's going to unload it if he could. He's <laughs> he spent hours and hours Beam in the back. Came of course, so, so prepared for this draft. He wants every like yeah. Beam. I think they had to bring in Larry Allen. Let's see. Who <laughs> <that> <laughs> hey, the year. Uh, Watch, he's going to pull up Larry. Larry's going to be there. A couple seconds. That big old like six eight tight end from Nebraska you liked, Austin Allen. He's still yeah, he hasn't he, gotten drafted. Yeah, but man, you know, he's and he wasn't bad. No, you liked him. I did like him. Do we mock him? We didn't mock him here, did we? No. We, no, we, we just talked about him and tell me more. Oh, okay. Hmm. Get anybody anybody got a kid? Anybody, anybody got a, a, a – do, do any of these coaches have, like, a kid? Oh, we, oh. <laughs> I, I don't think Deuce Vaughn's going to be hanging out. Well, Deuce Vaughn's not going to be a PFA anymore. I know. So. I'm, saying, like, yes. I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I haven't gotten super into his line of work, but – But, like, where's the Larry Allen Jr. like they signed out of oh, Harvard a couple years ago? I forgot about him. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, any they, family connections. They, they didn't even have a PFA <laughs> No. Come on, Bobby. No, Brian knocked that out of the park. He was like, Larry Allen, he, win, he wins. He got his degree from Harvard. Yeah. I mean, he gets Nick to be Starkle, a Dallas Cowboy. Nick Starkle came to Dallas Day. He was there. Babe Offenberg again with that connection. Who knows? I'm not crazy, right? York is the only kicker that's gone. Yes. Yeah. Kicker. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's a couple punters. punters. Yeah, there's yeah. three punters. I'm talking about straight guys. kickers. Yes, kickers. you're right. Uh, da 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 da. Let's see here. And here's Nick Starkle. We said the name. It's popped up on the screen at San Jose State. He put up some really good numbers, honestly. I liked him out of high school, but he never got a chance at A&M. What about, Dave, what about our German corner? Go get him. I'm telling you, Sonny's never going to let me hear the end of it if they draft that guy. Let's see it be. Isaiah Pacheco coming up there at 251 to the Chiefs, running back from Rutgers. Uh, yeah. But sure, I, I, that's the first player the Chiefs drafted. I didn't know who it was. Seriously, he's I mean, a combine guy. Well, Brian, five ten and seven eighths coming out of Rutgers University. I don't know that. Like they've just <laughs> <laughs> trying to throw shots to throw shots, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
gosh, I made it to like pick 251 with these reports. I still got some left. Oh, we don't need Brian, to talk about reports you're, anymore. You're, Let's try and figure out who the Cowboys it. are going to sign after the yeah, draft. I, I, to be, this is, see, I love have the we draft. Got, have we made any progress? I love the draft and I, I love talking about it. I do not care about your report on the guy in the seventh round. Like, I just don't care. I'm going to start talking about what it. What about it when, like, we're watching, like, the games and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we talked about that guy no, during the draft. Sure. Remember and that? I'll, I'll remember. And you, and you, do, what you makes tweet about that. Than everybody else. Dave's Whenever sitting around. Can do that. But I'm not. No, but I'm not. Oh, gonna, they talked about it on the draft. I'm you remember not, that guy. I just love the way Brian just, he just gets, he verbatim, he's like, good hands to, the, we'll cut off the angles at the chase. He's got heavy hands. Not sure about his, and just, like, doesn't ever take a breath. He just reads Here, all 300 words in one in one <laughs> sentence. Here's the thing. I think you're just, I just being like, accepted exceptionally unthoughtful in this regard because Brian spent time watching the tape and making that report. It's, it's the same thing about Beam putting up this B-roll of guys like look, Pacheco, look, look. who got drafted God by the Chiefs He's got Pacheco. He does. Look at this. He's, He's got, got Pacheco. B-roll on the run. On the, on what the, a beast. I'm just saying, if See, he cuts the, if he watches the tape, if he cuts the B-roll, we're going to use does, it. Does he, have, does he have B-roll of Marcel Dabo? This German quarter we've been talking Beam, about? Now that, that would be next level. Do you have that, Beam? If he does that, I will single-handedly bring him a bottle of whiskey tomorrow. I will 100 breathe. Huh? He, oh, he doesn't he, have he, it. Well, that, that, that's because <laughs> he's not in Dane's guide either. Dane Ooh, didn't have him. That's why Bobby wants Dane to is sweating him. it right now, do you think? Oh, I think that was the name Dane was... It's going to be a little concerned about Dane tweet. I think Dane, I mean, Dane tweeted about him the other day, I think to kind of like go like, Hey, just so you guys know, I was not unaware of this guy. (laughs) Should we uh, get Dane on the phone and talk to him about it? See if he gets all the way through. Cause he's not doing any draft coverage right now. First time in a long time. 10 picks left. Almost at the end. Mm. I just you think Rappaport's just like why am I here at round seven? <laughs> Rappaport's been there since like Monday. He's I know ready. he crushes it. He's ready to go home. Tell her how you. hot it is out there. I, I mean, I'm, look, I'm not going to lie. I am ready to go home, <laughs> but so... I'm not, not leaving. I'm going I'm to get not margaritas. <laughs> I oh, that sounds like a great idea. You want to go Kyle. get some margaritas? I'm going Mar- to Rusty Taco in Plano. Ooh. Anybody want to meet me out there? I'll give you a high five. Mm. I have to work again after this. Are you serious? Uh-huh. Till midnight. Terrible. <laughs> Bro. Till midnight? Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Gunter, Coastal Carolina. God bless you. Edge. Got a report on him, Brian. I do not. <laughs> Beam, do we have the Dane report on file? Oh, nice. I love it when that works out. I had twenty five or twenty four of my twenty five top edge rushers gone, and that was the last one. So I got all twenty five of my top edge rushers. Good Did good on edge rushers good this job. year. Here's Dane report yeah, sure. on Gunter. Let's go ahead and put it out there from Coastal Carolina. Jeffrey Gunner, edge rusher, Coastal Carolina, six foot four, two hundred fifty eight pounds. Gunter is tightly wound as a pass rusher, and his inconsistent power could limit his pro ceiling. But he has projectable linear athleticism with the competitive energy that is easy to appreciate. He projects as a sub package rusher with the potential to be more with continued development. That Sounds like sound like Dane. <laughs> it wasn't. Shout out, Heck. I only just realized that. <laughs> really? That's, uh, and here's oh, no, Gunter B-roll. <laughs> He's got him carrying the flag onto the field. Look, this is like a highlight. Oh, no, no. Room no, no. My man Beam just went to YouTube and got his hype video. <laughs> he did. He did. The number Beam. one pick in the draft. <laughs> this is, this is made by Chanticleer698 on what YouTube. What is this? You're right. You're right, Kyle. We spent time, money, and effort putting these resources together. We're going to uh, burn them. Uh, Bobby, just... 
shout out Heckma Harrison. He's the one that recorded the the voiceover. Yeah, shout, I know it was. I was oh, I know, but I, I I wanted to put no, his he name back out there. He deserves. Yes, he does. I wanted to get it back out. He does. There. He Thank read he read two hundred reports of Danes, by the way. So for us to use seven of them, come on. I'm exaggerating. Russ Yeast. No, we spent, we were. I'm just Googling. I'm putting every name into Dane's guide now that gets picked just because I want to see. We Russ is there. Had, he's, we he's probably had there. five different meetings about like, we can't get our pants caught down yeah. with a Cowboys pick because Dane's not here. Yeah. So yeah. we came prepared, okay? We had it all. I want to say everybody with the. <laughs> Dane's report on Yeast. Okay, Beam. Do it. <laughs> Russ Yeast, safety, Kansas State, 5'10", 192 pounds. Yeast has cornerback safety tweener traits, but he is an urgent player with the flow skills and cover awareness to compete for a nickel role in the NFL. The Russ fact, Yeast. The fact that this is what we, we – I'm proud of us, but the fact that this is what we did to replace Dane, who can just do all this off the rip, just lets you know how good that man is at his job. That's true. That's a good point. I'd like to like go hear a replay of the very first draft show we ever did. Oh, the very first oh uh, draft we ever covered, like the back end of it. Just uh, like well, well, the first time we ever did. All we were over in Valley Ranch. It was, it was fifteen, right? Yeah. Because I remember that was the year they got Byron at twenty-seven, and we were convinced Philly was going to take him out from under them. Yeah. And they drafted Nelson Aguilar, and we were like, "Oh, they took Aguilar! <laughs> we got Byron!" Yeah, I would just like to go back and hear how that was, the production and stuff. You know, that was cool. We've come a long way. We have come a long way with the draft, man. Who's Mr. Irrelevant? Oh, no. Is, is Chicago running out of time? Oh, they I had their they clock went, run out. They yeah. had the clock run out. But they had back-to-back picks. Oh. They were both from the Chargers originally, right? Uh, uh, I'm going to... Yeah, that's yes. uh, 254 and 255, yeah. Yeah, give us a... We're, we got to guess Mr. Irrelevant. I'm going to guess our German corner is Mr. Irrelevant. That's a good guess. I bet you the I league bet you goes the, the pick before Mr. Does Irrelevant. Does anybody left on the board need a kicker? Seriously? Like, it's Chicago twice, Arizona twice, Green Bay, Kansas City, Chargers, Rams, Niners. Is Robbie Gold still in San Francisco? He is. I bet he's going to retire eventually, right? I that, guy Carson, Green Bay, that guy in Green Bay is kind of shaky sometimes. I bet Carson I Strong to say is a different Mr. Irrelevant. You think Carson Strong is Mr. Irrelevant? Yeah. Carson Strong, Mr. Irrelevant. Who's Mr. Irrelevant? San Francisco Irrelevant. holds that selection, oh, by the way. God. Um, Just give us a name. Who was that Ole Miss quarterback a couple years ago that was uh, Mr. Irrelevant? Shotgun. Machine, machine, machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> shotgun Kelly. <laughs> shotgun Kelly there. Um, is there a specialist? Is there I bet honor? you the league. I wonder if the league is asking. G- give me a Mr. Irrelevant, Brian. I don't think any of these teams need a kick. Hang on, I'll, I'll get you, Mr. Irrelevant. Just go on just a second here. Uh, who's my guy? Okay, San Francisco has the pick. Yep. yep. It was Marquise Hayes that we've talked about, right? Yep. That's it, one that's still sitting there that hasn't that's fallen. He'll be Mr. Irrelevant. Okay. I just want to state for the record that I hate. Mr. Irrelevant. It's, well, whoa, plot twist, because somebody on Twitter said they anticipated a Mr. Irrelevant rant from me, but it's you. It's, it's rude. Do you hate it's it? It's mean. I don't care. It's mean. You know, wh- whoever that. was Mr. Irrelevant last year, and I can't remember. Got drafted into the it was, uh, it was Houston. It was the guy from Houston. Um, oh, yes. Here, I'll, I'll The linebacker. Two seconds. Whatever his name is. Uh, Grant Stewart. Yeah, Grant Stewart. Grant Stewart got a sponsorship deal out of that for, like, yeah. Hulu for being I, Mr. Irrelevant. I think so, fine. This, I don't. I don't want to go to a parade of people calling me Mr. Irrelevant. Lorenzo Neal, I think, was Mr. Irrelevant one year, wasn't he, Brian? Ryan Suckup um, is probably the best Mr. Irrelevant. Tay Crowder in 2020. Lorenzo Neal, if he was Mr. Irrelevant, he was like a Pro Bowler. Elijah Hicks, by the way, is the pick for 
the Bears at 254. No, he wasn't Mr. Relevant. Who was? I think the best one ever is probably Ryan Suckup. It's not a bad. There was an SMU. What was our? Yeah, the what was our? Yeah, what was our? What was the, 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 uh, the Commanders had a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant, the little slot wide receiver from SMU. Was that him? Who, yeah, uh, Trey. Trey Quinn. Trey yeah, Quinn. That's what, yeah, I mean, he was okay. Let's see here. He was decent for a couple years. Ryan Suckup is Irrelevant. Definitely. They're replaying when they got the guy kicked off. Uh, kicked off the stage. That's Ed Marinero. Yeah, yeah Marinero. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I mean this. The list is not inspiring. No, it's not. I know who Jim Finn is. That's the only other name that really I recognize. Is is Tay Crowder any good? I don't remember. He was okay. He's still on a roster, I think. He's still with the Giants who drafted him. I mean, yeah. it's only been two years. Oh, look, they kicked Rappaport out. No, they, they sent him home. He's He's got to be ready here. to go. Spending a, a week in Vegas, like on the strip, it sounds like a really, really long time. So kudos to you. They did a and good job with the production, though. Anything. No, oh, they, the they, production was really. I mean, I love well the done. work that we do, but yeah, they these guys knock it out of the park. I just, I love the draft, guys. I'm trying to find this Mister Irrelevant. I'm really. I'm You're giving, running out of time, man. You're I'm, gonna. No, I'm giving this some thought. Marquise Hayes. I'm gonna go. Uh, oh, there goes another punter, Trenton Gill. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I wonder if it's a deep snapper. That's what that's what Dane I know is always scared of is the deep snapper. The deep snapper. I'm going to say that Josh Job, cornerback, Alabama, is going to be Mister Irrelevant. I like that. A that's a good Alabama one. on there. Yeah, Alabama. I'm going to say Josh Job, cornerback, Alabama is Mister Irrelevant. So history. Marquise Somebody Hayes. didn't want to fight for this guy. There's. I wonder because I'm trying to think of the top the top guy you don't want to fight for in free agency. You know, if you're one of those teams, like, okay, like, okay, another Alabama guy, Christian, uh, uh, Christopher Allen, edge rusher mm-hmm. from Alabama, another guy, probably wouldn't want to fight for him. You mentioned Carson Strong, right? Yep. How about the, uh, how about the, uh, Arizona State? We keep Dish, the tackles, there's something wrong probably with him. You talk about Arizona State. I think Donovan yeah. West sounds like a perfect Donovan West might be a guy. A yeah. Cause Mr. you're talking, yeah, exactly. You're talking I don't, about- I don't know why Mike Rose is about to go undrafted. The Cowboys have traded up. <laughs> No, they have. I'm sorry. God, how how, how off would that be? Yeah, how how quickly could we get <laughs> they're back going into gear? Okay, another. Obviously, again, I mentioned Marcus uh, Marcus Hayes. Something's you know something's wrong. I mean, I was just trying to think Abram of Smith. Man, yeah, Abram Smith hasn't been picked yet either. Cowboys were interested in him at combine, uh, or spoke with him at combine. Interested is yeah, it's relevant. Generous. It's San Francisco making that pick too. That's, I want it to be a kicker. I just, but they don't need one. What do they need? They're, they're, I mean, what you need is not what you're picking in the seventh round anyway. But I mean, if you're if you're picking a kicker, sure. you expect him to be worth keeping. Trying to look at their roster here real quick. Who's like a return specialist or like a. Uh... Let's have a t- Twitter poll. Tell us who they think Mr. Irrelevant's going to be, if you got one. Yeah, there you go. Just tag us all. Yeah. Smoke Monday. That'd be nice. That'd be Smoke phenomenal. Monday would be great. There's got to be something to it. You know, Wait, San Francisco's going to do a bit. Have you we know they are. pick? Yeah, yeah. I, I did Job. All right, I'm going to put our pick. Brian, yours was Josh Job. Yeah. Bobby, who'd you say? Marcel Dabo or Dabo, however you pronounce it. 
Is that the the German corner? The German, German corner. DABO, right? DABO, yeah. Uh, Kyle? Carson Strong. <laughs> what? Oh! Jim! Oh. 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 from his knee! <laughs> Tore the cartilage <laughs> off his bone! <laughs> I will grind your bones to make my bread. Are you Is John that Karloftis? <laughs> Karloftis, damn it. Uh, Let's all go run shirtless. I swear to God, he messed that poor kid up for sure. Oh, there you go. Cartilage bone. There, there it is. Flipped right off the bone. Right off the bone. Uh, I hope he gets drafted. Oh, gosh. I really do. Oh, man. Could the, okay, okay. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Juan Jennings. Yeah, they took Danny. They took some. They took some. Drafted a couple guys along the way. Guard. Bobby stays a troll until the end. Like, your Mr. Irrelevant pick is just so you can spite Dane. Who's <laughs> 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 like the nicest person in the world? I, lo- by the I, way. Lo- I love Dane. Oh. Dane, is, Dane is great. <laughs> Oh me! But I just I I'm mainly just saying it because I heard there's a real chance he get he gets picked. No, no, okay. no I've heard that too. Okay, has, just, has anybody seen the German guy play? No, no. no. Okay, he, well, but then I mean, what are we tested, doing here? He tested really well, and he apparently did real. Jesse uh, Lukita. Oh, okay. Uh, what's beams uh, so up to something? He he, he, he went and dug up something on the double. German corner. Listen here, listen here. Somebody's on the phone. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Oh, it's Eddie. It's the originator. Ed Cahill joining us hey. on the draft show. How's it going, I just Ed? Wanted to, good, man. I just wanted to call and tell you guys you guys are doing a great job. Uh, just blown away by the amount of coverage you guys do and all day and all three days. It's just nuts. And, uh, just really proud of uh, what the draft show has become and just want to check in and say hey. Hey, Eddie, well, thank you so much for, I mean, I just remember when you had the idea and you walked over and we were all talking, you, Derek, and I at the, at the, uh, at Valley Ranch there and, you know, talking about the way to cover this draft. And I mean, I, I always give you credit for, for this and, you know, it has, it's come a long, long way, but you came up with that idea, man. So, uh, we're all indebted to you for what you, you always were had a creative side of you for things. And, uh, uh, so thank you for that, man. I think the origin story is overblown. I think it was more of a group effort, but it was fun. We saved some new ground. And, um, I always remember that first draft class, like very fondly. And there are like, some of those guys are out of the league and they're like vets now. And it makes me feel really old. Yeah. Uh, but whenever I see those guys pop around, I'm like, Oh, that was the first, the first draft show class. Uh, and I was very fond of that, and uh, Ziggy Ansa and Eddie Lacy sure. battles that we had. It was good times. Oh, yeah. So really good times. Uh, man. I loved it. I miss you guys. I don't want to take up too much of the time. I know you got uh, Mr. Relevant coming up, and you guys are, are closing up the rest of the day. But just want to say hey and congratulations on another good year. And I miss you guys, and, and wish you well. It was good to hear from you, my friend. Thanks, we'll, Eddie. Uh, take care, buddy. Yeah, soon. Thanks. All right, all right, boys. Have take a good care. one. All right, bye. Ed Cahill, what a legend. Yeah, I mean, if you're it, not, Ed's with the Falcons. He's now. with the Falcons he's now. Like, He's up there too. Like he's yeah. got like he's like a Derek type of guy at the yeah. Falcons. He went, wow, he, we're he, still here talking draft prospects. He left us to go do soccer right in yeah, Orlando. In did Orlando did a great a job running. Oh, that so team. that's a new move because he was in Orlando when you and I last talked. Yeah, about him. Uh, no, he he took the Falcons job within the last year or two. Okay, uh, so he's over there killing it. Him. Uh, beautiful family. Yeah, shouts out Ed. Yeah. Really appreciate you coming up with this, man. 
It was because it was it was strange. Like you're thinking, well, anybody want to do watch the whole draft and all that? And you know me, I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah now fast forward, forward when Derek's like, oh, yeah. there, was oh, Marquis, hey, oh. hey. <laughs> Pendro, yes, more face, guys face. getting off the board, yes. That's all I care about now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last of Dane's top 100. Is final, it? Was that the final one? Yeah, that was the last one. Been hanging around. He's got to have some medical problems. Yeah, probably so. Beam's got to guess. He said the one of the California guys because they don't want to play a, pay a plane ticket because he's a 49er. Mm. So you think West Coast? Mm. Think of the West Coast as Mister Irrelevant. Prospects wanna, that are in the Bay Area. They want to. They want to find somebody nearby. I think that is where Marcel Dabo's been. Shut Stop up. it. I'm dead serious because his agent's Doug Hendrickson, who lives over in California. I didn't believe him that time, and now he's telling the truth. I'm de- no, that one I'm dead serious. His agent's Doug Hendrickson, and Hendrickson's in Dang California. It. So you're going to win this by just having inside information? No, yeah, I, I just I, like I, like. that I kind of feel like that's what you just said. I, well, Dave will say I read it off Twitter. So You did. You, know. you probably did. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past you. Bobby's just tipping the pinks. <laughs> going, going back. <laughs> that's Dave. <laughs> going back to, to the conversation y'all <laughs> were having about, about Ed and the, the early parts of this because it's funny uh, going back to it i never got the chance to meet ed and i've told you this on multiple occasions i don't know if i've ever put this on the air though i i when i was in high school and i was getting to college and he said the draft class being out of league makes him feel old i watched you guys as a high schooler and in college i'm not i'm not lying to you (laughs) i'm telling you i used to watch you guys i've got screenshots i found it the other day of the taco charlton pick and jeff's reaction oh. kt's reaction and you guys live reaction because i was watching the coverage and during me, the taco oh, pick so you, you, i was in college you watched time. me try to put a brave face yes. on the pick because 100 percent the yeah. only one that was willing to yeah before oh I is that how you're sure. gonna spin it around yeah, now no that's what happened okay i feel validated just like that. I felt validated. Just by- get me a dude. And that's what I feel they've done. They got a Look, dude. I thought he I've, was. I've seen that 10,000 times. I thought. I remember exactly I how he said it. I thought if Taco was capable of Taco. playing every. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if he was capable of playing every game and, you know, flirting. like Oh, Torrey, another one going off the board. Yes. This is going to sound really stupid. <laughs> if if Taco had had Dorrance Armstrong's career trajectory, I would have been okay with that. It's not a home run pick, but like a guy that you would have been okay with that in the first round. At 28? Mm. At I know tw- you do. At 28? I mean, it's not ideal, but at least it's not a it, it's not a waste of a pick. Is Green Bay throwing slights at Aaron Rodgers? The fact that they just picked their third receiver in this draft, Samari Torrey, out of Nebraska, and now we've got. He's a transfer from uh, Montana. He holds uh, that the, the playoff record for like three hundred something. I mean, it Go was crazy. Grizz. What's that? Go Grizz, right? Go Grizz. Grizz. I, 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 I actually wrote a report about him, but he's yeah. actually a deep threat. Two seventy plus yard receptions, yeah. yeah. fifteen hundred yards in twenty nineteen when he transferred. Twenty twenty was postponed. Then yeah. he comes I mean, back and was a ball. Seriously, it, it was against. I think it was Southwest Louisiana. I was watching that game. I mean, he was he tore them up. But yeah, this guy's a pr- productive player when you want, I mean, the body control, the balance, he catches the ball well on the move. He does a good job around in the red zone too. He's pretty quick at getting in and out of breaks so he can get open, but that's a bad quarterback situation in Nebraska, you know, and he, he made the best of it for when you, sure. When you have a guy of Aaron Rodgers' caliber. This kid will be, will be an all pro probably then. I mean, think of the guys that they've turned into useful players. I mean, Lazard was undrafted, was he not? Or was he a late pick? I think, gosh, why he asked me that? Sorry, sorry, I got it. What's up with all the questions, Dave? I got it. Asking all them questions. Yeah. I, I think he was really slow coming out. 
I think the, I think the Packers. I mean, gosh, I can't remember. I that. don't think Lazard got drafted. I'm almost positive. But he was he was his. I thought his, he got drafted in the seventh. His, undrafted. His his speed. Undrafted. Yeah, his speed was not great. I mean, that's what I remember the most about him coming and watching him. There were a lot of plays at Iowa State where it was down the field, down the field, but it, he just couldn't run away from anybody. I think Twitter's got a good guess on Mr. Relevant too, Leon O'Neill. Oh, A&M. the A and M safety. Mm-hmm. I was looking. I was looking at safeties. I was looking at. I was looking at the uh, San Francisco's roster, Bo, and I kind of felt like though I, I was thinking, oh, who's the safety on this board that they might? Because, like I say, yeah, it's uh, George Odom, you know, Jimmy Ward, I think uh, more Traveris Moore. It might be. They might be looking for. They might be a guy looking for a safety right there for sure. So we got a couple more picks, right? Down to two fifty nine on this thing. Yep. yep. Chiefs, Chargers, Rams, San Francisco. So it's all West Coast toward the end. So we hey, we may get some guys plucked. We may get Mr. Germany plucked before he even gets oh. to Mr. Irrelevant. Let's see if Dane's got him. You know, it's out of Marshall. You yeah, know, if he's it's a Marshall, that should say. There's no way Dane missed a guy from um, a group of five schools. See the thing. Do you think the league is asking, <laughs> dude? He's he's gone way. His like best of the rest used to be like 40 players. I think he's trying to cover now. His best of the rest in each position group is 230 oh, names really now. Long. <laughs> he is, but he still doesn't have Marcel. Bum, bum, bum. See the thing. <laughs> keep reminding. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the league? Okay, the, we're playing in Germany this year, right? Yeah. Didn't we say that, that we determined that Tampa Bay is playing know, over there? Do you guys know something? Who's supposed to play in Germany? Tampa, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Uh, who are they playing though? We do we know? know. We Tampa know. Bay has. Dude, they're going to pick them. Two sixty one. They don't have Mister Relevant. No, Tampa doesn't have two sixty one. They traded it to the Rams. Yeah, they traded. Oh, oh Rams. Right. Okay, okay. Oh, they're going to track. Damn it. Okay, so but what I'm saying is, I'm asking you: Do you think the league is asking them to pick, or maybe he's he's already going to be an international player, right? They were going to do it. Yeah, it's like Alicon. I don't know here. I I don't know that they even need to ask though, because like I said, like people are genuinely like, yeah, like we like I think teams are we're interested in possibly taking him. Okay, that's fine. If the league was going to do it as a publicity stunt, they would have done it earlier, like with that receiver from a few years back. Remember that guy? The Vikings drafted him. His name was he was like German as hell. Yeah, y'all don't remember that? No. Here, I'm gonna Google Vikings. German as hell. I can't wait for this name. I'm gonna Google. It's like Chris Smith. You don't. You don't know. It's his name was Moritz Boringer. Do you say that? Can you do the accents again, please. Moritz Boringer. He's from uh, where's he? he's from Stuttgart. Yeah. Why are you doing the accent, bro? Why can't you just know. say it like you're from like Louisiana? I to put some flair on it. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. say, or say it in Broadus's Karloftis voice. <laughs> you just did. The Vikings. Tra- <laughs> I'm Boringer, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Vikings drafted him in the sixth round in 2016. I think they talked him into doing that. Yeah, the league was like, "Hey, do us the do us solid. a solid." Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if we're doing that because we're playing ball in Germany. I wonder if the league is asking these teams at the end, like, listen, we'll give you, we'll give you something. We'll, we'll, we won't make you, Sneak we won't make you play on, year. we won't make you play on Thanksgiving, you know, that seventh round be. comp in the back yeah. half of next year's draft. I'm going to be mad if it is him just because I feel like Bobby. Bobby's you know, hoping. How about, no, it's so not, bad. No. No, if, if it happens, it's because Bobby knew something. No, if yes. I, no, man, I am, I know. you've been trying I mean, to I, yeah, discredit me exactly. all weekend. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh. oh God! I thought a that was a <laughs> fullback. He's he's on there. Yeah, I think he is. He's definitely on there. All right, <laughs> we're getting close to the end yeah, here. Yeah, he is. He's like his thirty-sixth ranked running back. Ooh, getting nervous now. Yep. 
Now I really you want it. Now, no, no, now I don't want it to be in because Dave's not going to give me credit no, for it anyway. You would get credit for it. No, he would just say you get credit because you knew. You Th- like, that's credit in its own right if you. But knew, I didn't you knew. know. I mean, that's a good point. Bobby's basically Littlefinger if you have ever watched Game of Thrones. Yeah, I haven't. There's dragons and nerdy stuff well, in there. Mud on your face show. <laughs> kind of a mud on the face show. <laughs> He's just got wearing fur, mud on your face. He's got an ear in every corner of every hallway. Yeah, it's eerie. See what I, I try. I, I think yeah, it's just because he's did. plugged in. That's why he's an insider. Yeah, he's a badass. That's oh, he's, all it he's is. Good yeah, at his I try. Job. It doesn't mean I have to respect him. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, Xander Horvath. Come on, Purdue. This is why is did you know he say? started fourteen of his thirty-eight career games, Brian. No, I did not know that. Now you do. Now I do. And knowing is half the battle. It's the Rams at 261 and then the 49ers at 262. The pick is in. Here we go. The Rams are trying to get this thing over and get back to the beach house. right here. No, 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 no. How about the people? How about we're looking up at the screen? There are still people hanging in there at Vegas, man. Yeah, they are. I mean, there are people you know like. It sounds completely unfun and like a waste of time watching the draft in person. Like, I don't get why you would do that. Uh, just to be a part of the mix. Zach Walchuk liked that reference, even though I don't understand it. He said, you are a little finger, LOL. He just See? texted me. Appreciate so. that. Shout out, Zach. I need to go get beers with Zach. Good dude. I, tried, I asked him the other day if he wanted to go get beers, and he rejected me. 7 to 11 on the fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's doing Rangers. <laughs> yeah, no sweet seats and whatnot. <laughs> What are you doing? That's the little hick accent he puts on his promos. Join us, 7 to 11 on the fan. <laughs> Zach's heard me do that impression. I do it to his face all the time. It's our teammate, bro. I do it to his face all the time. I get true. It. If you're willing to say it to their face, it's yeah. not actually trash talk. Yeah. Oh. And and Zach does it. He puts an affected accent on it on purpose. I'm not mocking him. He does it on purpose. Trying to sound more appealing to the. Let me ask you guys: as we let me finish this thing up. Yes, I guess. So. As we finish this thing up, though, was it an interesting draft for you? For I mean, I'm not just talking about for the Cowboys' sake, but just overall. But, yeah. Pro- Post pandemic, not a ton of quarterbacks. You know, was it was it strange? Was I mean, I mean, did we feel like yeah, it was, this was a different? It was draft. like the, the first round was kind of chaos. It's going to be yeah. weird. It's going to be weird for a couple of years because until these guys age out of the COVID year, yeah. like. Bonus year, year that they can take if they want. I think you're going to have weird, like deep classes like this. Yeah, you got one more I year agree. of a deep class, right? Next year will be deep. No, because it's anybody who's a freshman. Yeah, the next two. Oh, and and if you and way. if you're a redshirt freshman, I mean, okay, okay. AJ. Surely, yeah, I'm sure Dana has him. I'll just double check. Michigan State. I know. I just said one. I'm sure. I'm just checking. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's like the disappointment in your voice. Oh, I mean, I, I love Dana. I want Dana to succeed. It's just like. Do you think he's honestly sweating this thing? No, yeah. I, no, I think he feel. I think once he knows he put like literally like two thousand. The only name he'd sweat is Marcel, and I think he's gotten to the point now where it's like, ah, it's probably not going to happen. This is probably the guy's probably gotten into a point where he's just negotiating UDFA deals, and so teams aren't going to pick him. I hate to. I mean, we're going to upstage. I don't want to upstage Mister Irrelevant, but uh, I don't. Odell Beckham is either trolling the world or just broke like a, the biggest story of the offseason. What is that? Odell Beckham Jr. just tweeted, breaking news, Debo Samuel to the Patriots, WTF. I kind of feel like he's just messing with everybody. Yeah, he's just, he's been Odell. Traded. <laughs> the pick I, is in. I kind of feel like he's messing with everybody. Mm. Can we get the sound on this one? 
Because they do announce Mr. Yeah, Relevant on the we'll TV, don't they? It's the daughter yeah. that goes up there and talks about, in Long Beach, we've got a... So you do... Oh, oh. Did I, you already see the name? Sorry. Sorry. I know oh, it is. Oh, man. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, well, That's that reaction okay. wasn't upset enough for me to be right. Yep, so, so that means I was wrong. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dave. Out. We're all wrong. We're all Tom wrong. Pelissero said this is not true. Carry on, oh, by the way. okay. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Is it like... And, I mean, you can look at it here. Is it a quarterback? You'll know the name. Brock Purdy. Can we do a report? That was my second guess if it wasn't Carson uh, You Strong. might be able to do a report. I bet it's Brock, Brock Purdy? Purdy? I bet it's Brock Purdy. That means I didn't win. Wow. That's right. Why didn't I think of Brock Purdy? That's pretty bad if it's him. The hunt for red Brocktober. Is it really Brock Purdy? <laughs> yeah, it's Brock Purdy. Oh, so you ruined it? Sorry. Oh, I, I saw it on my screen. Mr. 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 You are the one who actually tips well, we picks could, off Twitter. We, could, we could close this thing at the top of the hour then if you want. To seven overall, I feel like yeah. I didn't different. tip seven overall. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's the announcement. Please welcome Melanie Salata Fitch of Irrelevant Week. They didn't want to fight for this. They didn't fight for it. They didn't want to fight for a quarterback. Keeping the irrelevant tradition going, I'm here with my daughter Alex, third generation of irrelevance, oh, and we've Mom, saved the best till last. So, so we're gonna put it all on red, 49er red. <laughs> there you go. That's who my dad played for, right? That's all right. <laughs> booing her. So the 47th <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Irrelevant 2022, with the 262nd pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Brock Purdy, a quarterback from Iowa State. Go Niners! There you go, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, and that officially concludes the 2022 NFL Draft. You see, like, I I, I mean, I've watched plenty. And there's some B-roll. Brock Purdy, baby. Big 12. I've watched plenty of Brock Purdy. I feel like people were a lot higher on him last year. They were. Maybe not as like a first-round pick, but a year ago I would have guessed that he would be like a two to five. Yeah, he he didn't end up. He didn't have a great. Well, it's kind of like him and Hal. You know, you look at the, you know, they both started off with this high, you know, Iowa State, so I believe, started off in the top ten. Yeah, they did. And then all of a sudden it just went tumbling down. They had some bad losses along the way. I mean, but this is the kind of kid that he 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 kept him in games. I mean, they've got the runner and stuff like that, and the tight end we've mentioned. But this guy had a heck of a career at Iowa State. He really, really did. And we played in the uh, you know the championship game right a couple years ago, yeah. the Big, Big 12, Twelve championship. championship game. One of four quarterbacks since or in twenty nineteen to have over twenty five passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns, and it was Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and I forgot the other name already. It was up on the screen a second ago, but I mean he's put up fantastic stats throughout his career. But he is Mister Irrelevant, and the NFL draft is over, gentlemen. It's been so much fun. Let's do it again next am, year. Am I the? And I just thought of this on the B roll. I just want to double check. And Dave and Brian, you may know better. Am I the first to, if I referred to those clips as beam roll, would I be the first to say that? <laughs> yes, yeah, and would. I like it. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm taking that then. As somebody who beam prides roll. myself so, on wordplay, sorry, I'm beam. I wish I would have thought of that earlier this weekend. I'll use it next year. <laughs> Shout out Chris Beam. Chris. Jasmine Marshall also Jasmine. cut a lot of that as y'all well. Are, y'all are amazing. We appreciate you. Heckma, thank you for yep. doing those audio reports. Roxanne, Roxanne, thank you for getting the interviews. Roxanne. Matthew Kent. 
Uh, William, Kevin Timmons. William Boykins has been running the stream all weekend. Um, we've been it's team effort. All of Shannon it, Gross's crew upstairs. It takes it takes a lot of people to do this type of thing, and we appreciate all of you. The listeners appreciate all of you, even if they don't know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we love y'all. Yeah, it's it's a group effort. It's not just us in this room. We are uh, we're glad to have everybody along for the ride. And what a, what a ride it's been! It will be a fun one again next year. Drafts in Kansas City next year. And it starts on April 27th, so mark it on your calendars. Make April 27th, 2023, and then we will uh, we'll do it all over again. How about that? Texas barbecue's better. I said mm, it. It is. Yeah, go ahead and get that out of the way. Brian, any final thoughts? No, I always enjoy working with everybody here. Again, the partnership we have with 105.3, the fan, and the Dallas Cowboys is, is so unique and so special in a lot of ways. Thanks to everybody out there that, that follow along the draft show. You know, uh, like we started this thing off in basically in January and you guys wrote it all the way through. Appreciate all the interaction with the fans. Like I say, with the mock draft stuff like that, tell us more. You know, you guys make this, you drive this thing. So yeah. really do appreciate that. It makes it, you know, it makes it a lot easier at night when you're sitting there looking at tape and you really don't want to look at tape. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that we do this every year for three days, I think, is uh, is really unique. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are jealous that we have the ability yeah. to do this and the access we do. But, again, it's all for you guys, and, and thank you for that. I think it really resonates with people like podcasts, whatever, TV shows. Like when you listen to people work together who <clears throat> genuinely enjoy each other's company. Yep. I think it, it shines through in the final product. And okay. I honestly, going all the way back to Ed. Mm-hmm. And when Dane was here and Jeff and every like, KT, I think, all those guys, KT, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's been the case this entire Bucky, time. Bucky, I think, yeah, Bucky, Bucky, Bucky even. Well, I think so. yeah. That's what makes this show so successful. Uh, I love working with y'all. This was another great draft. Bobby, it was awesome bringing you on late. Great it was job. Great. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, people who love the draft, you got to love football to want to get yeah. this deep into the weeds. <laughs> like, you just have to. Uh, so we appreciate y'all. And uh, yeah, cheers to another successful year. Thanks to our friends over at Miller Lite, our friends at Papa John's. Got to thank those guys as well. They do a fantastic job. And everybody that's been involved on the 105.3 The Fan side and DallasCowboys.com. You got anything else to add here? Oh, no, just this was very enjoyable. It went by so much quicker than I would have anticipated. But, like, whenever I watch it, I'm like, man, you guys are sitting there broadcasting for, like, 18 hours over those three days. But then, like, actually doing it, it's like, this actually went by kind of quick. It's fun. All things considered. It was fun. We had fun. We made Karloftis memes. I'm and, Carl uh, Loftus. Yeah. Run outside. And, uh, you know, I love you all. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us. The Draft Show 2022 coming to a close. And the 2022 NFL Draft coming to a close on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. For everybody we just named, for Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus, David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next year on the NFL Draft coverage, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!